Baby, baby, baby. What is that? That is some singing. That is some I singing, baby boy. That would be. I thought you were doing the ooh wah ooh wah, but the baby <laughs> bit was scrolling me baby, up. Baby. Like what the hell is he doing? Welcome to Keep another week going. of the wild, weird world of rebirth, baby boys and girls. I'm American sweetheart Eric Shea, and I am Jim Werner. This is episode number 85 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. It is episode 80, 85, is it? 85. Oh. That's some kind of milestone, right? Oh, no. No. I don't know. Next milestone's 100. All right, fine. So we, can't, we can't go milestone. It is uh, just another bump in the road. Another bump in the road, Eric. We are the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And this is the week of August. 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 Yeah. 2016. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. You can follow us on Twitter at Weird Science DC and like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. You can email us at Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com and we will get to the mail very shortly, right? No nonsense. Very present. I want to get the hell to bed at a decent hour. Hell decent yeah, hour. Sounds awesome. You can follow us on our site at WeirdScienceDCComics.com that I mentioned. Also on Podbean at WeirdScienceDCComics.podbean.com. And wherever our show's available, I don't wherever, Stitch. All of it. It's all good stuff. iTunes, Google Play, Deep, Weird Science, we're everywhere, baby. You can uh, rate and review and subscribe to us. We'd really enjoy that. And, you know, then we win, Eric. I told I like you, I sent winning. you some things, and I thought that maybe we are starting to win. We're pretty close. We're starting to get there, Eric. We're starting to get there, boy. And then we're going to quit completely because you don't yeah. want to. You can't pass that. Then we're at, we no. got reached the like tippy top. It's all over. Also, anytime anybody starts, the more we, you know, it's supposed to be the more love you give, the more you get. I think that was in the Beatles song, "The End." The love that you give is equal to the love you get. Uh, yes. To us, the more love we get. It just spells disaster. The no. harder we fall. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to fall hard. You'll, you'll hear about God it. But, uh, this week, uh, we've got all international, Eric. we got international reviews. We've got five-star reviews from all over the planet. Our man Andrew in Belfast, he gave us a uh, great review on the B, uh, the Great Britain side of things. It's not. Oh. I wanted to hear, like, every time you turn that on, when you used to have your windows and stuff, when you would have all the sounds... Yeah, you. I want the iTunes to say hello, loaf, when it yeah. goes on. When you're on the Great Britain side of things, and also Polly P from the land down under, the land down under. What land is that? What's that? That is Australia, oh. and he is uh, one of the hosts on the Country Geek City Geek podcast, which I listen, nice. which I like. He gave us a good review. Thank you. He might be eating a Vegemite sandwich right now. As we speak, but he's also preparing for a marathon. He sent me a note. He sent both of us a note on Twitter. Said, "Hey guys, I gave you a review. I haven't been able to look at it yet, so I'm pushing this review. He might, it might be a one star review. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm, I'm going to hope that he gave us a pretty good review. And he said he was getting ready to run a marathon. He was preparing for a marathon. I said, do not crap your pants at the end. No, absolutely it not. That's all the, the time." He said he is an avid marathoner and he knows to take a giant dump 
before he goes and runs a marathon. I said, that sounds terrible running like a marathon. What the hell? You always see those people. You hear about it. I don't really want to see it where the no. people are just and I hear evacuating about out of every orifice as they as they finish. Yeah. Then you have that one guy, that photogenic guy that was the meme I told you. The guy gets done running a marathon. The guy looks like he just stepped off a GQ. <laughs> and then you have that lady who did the Boston Marathon, I believe, or the New York Marathon, where she took the subway and then it ended up finishing and it didn't even sweat. She, you know, she record time. That's, that's the other thing. If you're going to fake the funk, don't make it the best ever. You know what I mean? Like if I was going to fake the funk on, uh, I don't know. I make up views. Like I'm going to make up, hey, Eric, we're the best podcast ever. Last week we got this many listens. We got all the listens. Now, here's all. the thing. If I'm going to do that, it probably wouldn't be the best thing for me to claim that we got 7 million. You know what I mean? Yeah. Keep it a number that's reasonable. Man, you know, seven. actually, think of a number reasonable. Go a couple under. Yes, we got right. three seven. Lists, three lessons. And then, you know, then you can work from there. Well, Jim, uh, we, we also... Oh, you got I, more? I was okay. say, we also I have, have one. a fellow on Facebook that yeah. tried to give us a review and Stephen things Keith. went wrong. Who was it? Stephen Keith. Oh, Stephen Keith, was it? Yeah. <laughs> what? And he had a really good review. He had and, a long-ass review. He got done. He really, And then iTunes told him that his name has already been taken and he's not writing it over again. So he sent it to yeah. us on Facebook. And yeah, he sent us a review, said this would have been the review. But God damn it, the, the goddamn iTunes screwed me up, and I'm not going through that trouble again. And me and you both said, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. That was such a good review. You read it to me, what he had sent to you. And I was like, man, that sucks because it, it's so good. But I know myself, if I was on there, there's been times where I have wanted to uh, go, like other sites, and usually this is when I get angry. I'm reading others' reviews, and somebody says something fucking so ridiculous. I'm like, I'm going to have to school this motherfucker. I'm like, and you know, when you said that that Superman on the moon, that he didn't belong there, and he did, did, I'm going down. And then I get to the end, and it's like, please log in using some sort of discus. I'm out. Fuck that. I just wasted all my time. I'm not fucking (laughs) registering. I have done that. And then they give you the whole thing with like, this site, so and so site, uh, will review your. God damn it! Well, I'm never coming Why back. Why can't here. they just be like us? You just put shit up on our site. There is no editing. We don't even look. If there's spam, I'll reply to it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm fucking crazy ass shit. And that's one thing we said right when we started the site: no editing of comments. There's or no emails. editing. There's been a couple times where I've accidentally deleted people's things that weren't even bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like there was stuff good. Or like that one guy who said I was a hipster, Eric. <laughs> a hipster. I think he meant that I was hippie, not hipster. Maybe I'm, just hip? I don't know. People no, still say no. hip is a good he, thing? I think, no, I think he said I had love handles. I, I got to get in better shape. <laughs> this guy's calling me out. Very uh, hippie. Yes, very hippie. But also, I have this up, and I don't even have the Rent and Rave info. But we did have some rent raves, and while Excellent. I'm playing them, I'm going to grab the info because for some reason something didn't print out on my uh, thing. We're very prepared, but we did have two rent raves. Uh, here is the first one, Eric. It will play. It takes a Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. Et bonjour. We are flying. Salut, c'est moi, Pascal. Je vous appelle là de la France pour demander des questions sur. That's it. Worldwide. I do not know what it seems if, like. If, that if anybody speaks Pascal. French out there, let did us know what could happen right there. That, well, did it sound like Pascal? I would say Pascal. Uh, Pascal, yeah. I think I heard France and questions maybe, but the, it, it did remind me of this. My One of my favorite French. Bonjour, Jim. First, we have French 
fries <laughs> and French dressing. French dressing. See, Pascal, he and likes French dressing, right? French bread. French bread. And to drink, ta-da, Peru. <laughs> Peru. Uh, I, I would say that's Pascal. Uh, thank you, Pascal. I think that somehow we've just been initiated into some men's club that right. we might not want to be, or sleeper agents across the nation. He he is now signaled to them to start, and they're coming to get us, Eric. But I did. I'm up rather. Uh, the weird science rant and rave line that Pascal just wrote, uh, sent his message to is now. You ready? This is so easy. Six four one seven one five thirty nine hundred. Enter extension. Four five two three two eight followed by the pound sign, and that will give you the rant and raves. And of course, there is one other rant and rave, and of course, Eric, it's from Mike. Dancing course, Mike is coming. The dancing one. Here we go. Hey, we're not loud. Hi, Jim. Hi, Eric, and hello, Mother. So, on my weekly trip to the Golden Age, nineteen forty, <laughs> lovely Mobile, Tennessee, this week. The owner had pulled the Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number one. Ooh, this guy's uh, just pulling shit for you left and right. I'm getting that for economic reasons. It's a victim of the bi-weekly schedule with all the extra books I'm reading. I am buying now. I just can't afford to buy every one I would like. Yeah. I like Batgirl, like Birds of Prey, but that one just did not make Birds the cut. Are. Birds. Um, apropos of nothing in particular, what do a puppy and a nearsighted gynecologist have in common? It's going to be like after another listener beat me to it last week. I regret that I forgot to inform you guys as I meant to on the pronunciation of Pontchartrain. Pontchartrain. Selling Charybdis was wrapped around your finger by the police. I thought I would enlighten you with a musical reference. I'm sure you both just overlooked the classic 1995 George Strait song, Adelaida. Oh, Adelaida. Adelaida. little Cajun queen. Sweet Dixie flower, the bell of the bayou, you're every young man's dream. Mike is breaking the non-country song. Uh, really I through a hurricane. Why is he not singing, Mike? Stand beside your sweet Adelaida. <laughs> well, he's dancing while he's doing it. Train. Stop this fucking knee. Because like train. I said, I'm sure. Now, I'll stop there. I, I'm saying we have a no-country singing uh thing on our podcast except if it's david allen co with the great song uh don't bite the dick that feeds you honey or something <laughs> fucks you, honey. Said I'm that's true. a classic ever hear that don't bite the dick that you sing it to honey. me every week oh i love that song just an oversight <laughs> as i imagine that song comes up quite frequently oh on yeah both of all your the iPods. time george Strait. i only have one huh. this week batman number five and i would just say that i agree with jim's rating and that i will miss eric because eric said he will leave when he gives that rating and if he doesn't yeah, Mike, he's not giving that rating. He never will. You, you'll hear. He'll he'll like that fucking issue less than fucking Supergirl, and I'll fucking strangle him. I'm I will not. I'm already prepared. Agreed. I like it less than Suicide Squad. I need him around oh. anyhow. Also, my comment on the Batman. By the way, he just said he didn't need you around. Oh. <laughs> he ended with, we were too busy yelling. And number five review on the website is missing the, it's missing the word redacted which I typed in all caps and bracketed with the less than and greater than signs. I was trying to put redacted to keep it from being spoilery and so uh-huh. uh, since it redacted got a fist through the gut and the word didn't show up on the website so it looks like I have a tenuous grasp of the English language <laughs> uh, I just thought he was busy dancing and singing yeah. everything with Mike dancing and singing he goes into the, the what's that this the, the golden age golden age 1942 gonna get my books why'd you give me fucking back girl and huh. then go like, who the fuck is this guy? Somebody call the police. Of course, I previously wrote, 
I know like Bernard Chang. Oh. Yeah, he know like Bernard Chang. He know like it. <laughs> I actually took that as a racial slur to, towards Bernard. I was really upset with him. <laughs> <laughs> Me know like Bernard Chang. You like the barbecue, Rick. So take that as you. Hammerai. Um, last week, there was a little hype piece slash interview with uh, Scott Snyder all about All-Star Batman. And- oh, here he goes. Here he goes. He is not a uh, big thing. And luckily, Mike, there was a five-question uh, interview with Scott Snyder. And I told Eric, because this happened very fast and furious very. Uh, the one day and uh, when we did talk to him. I was going to ask him a question with you involved, Mike. Uh, I was going to ask him, like, what do you say to about people like Dancing Mike? <laughs> like, who the fuck is Dancing Mike? Right here. Well, that's, I, I know this is going to be – I have not listened to this. This is going to be something like he doesn't want us to be fooled by Scott Snyder's black magic. Here we go. In last week's comics in the back. And he talked oh, about – Actually, he's not even talking about our interview. <laughs> he's talking about the one of the books. About things like – um. Oh yeah, there's. Uh, what was it? Let me quote from that. I wanted to write in new ways. Uh, 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 classic villains. I wanted to write in new ways. Ideas about Two Face and Ivy and Killer Moth and a big story that culminated in the most shocking villain revelation of all. I think the shocking villain revelation has something to do with Alfred. I think Alfred being such a jerk in the Batman title and in All Star has something to do with an edict from Scott Snyder because Snyder apparently is very concerned that his story and ideas be in continuity so much that he put it in all caps in interview again i quote from that rule blurb piece uh, uh what if it was all there to explore in continuity all again in caps in continuity i actually talked to people in dc this week and the guy that we talked to uh made sure to point out that anytime i ask them about continuity <laughs> it has to be on all caps that yes is, that's an edict from DC. yes it is uh, because uh, just so everybody knows, the stuff uh, when we coming up uh, later in the podcast, we talk about Supergirl. If you listen to the Spotlight, you would have heard. And me and Eric actually yelled at, at each other for over two hours about continuity. We, I had to edit it down to 50 minutes. You we were actually like, if anybody thinks that us arguing on this podcast and then we get done, kind of like wash our hands and then fucking slap each other on the back. I was at work screaming. I, didn't I call you an idiot at work? I got so you're, you're fucking retarded. Yeah, that's what I said. Or yeah. you're a fucking idiot. It could have been either one, honestly. I think or it was. I, I, you said, man, you were getting mad. And I said, yeah, because you were a fucking idiot. I started screaming at you. <laughs> and then you walked away. Then you came back and I yelled at you again. I said, and you're like, huh? And you kept saying, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to the source. Yeah. I'm freaking messaging like 10 people. Ended up talking to a very, very odd source for me to actually talk to. Yeah. Said that uh, it's a pretzel, Eric. Yes, Continuity it is. is a pretzel. And today you sent me a message about something, and all I wrote back was pretzel. That's all I'm going to say from so now that's on. A, that's a new thing. Pretzel. So, pretzel. Pretzel. Uh, in one crazy series. So he's not content to have his little Snyderverse out there or write any kind of else worlds. If he's gonna, if he's gonna be writing Batman, boy, it's gonna be affecting everyone, and it'll his his writing will be the new canon and the new take on every character. And is Mike making fun of my new best friend? Yes, he is. You, making, you mean an honorary member of the Get Fresh crew? He is an honorary member of the Get Fresh crew now. But yeah, hopefully, uh, well, Mike, I'm sure Mike will be so angry with us uh, when I start talking about Scott Snyder. Like I said, 
I know he might come off as a nice, humble guy, but I think there's a huge conceit and, and there it need is. for validation there. somewhere where he wants to make sure that he leaves his mark and everything is, is Snyderific. Can I, can, I, can I actually tell you my theory about him sure. now? Should I wait? I, we're going to talk about him uh, after this, but I'm telling you, I do not find it be uh, as conceitful. Talking to him and getting messages back and forth, I do think that he is very, very worried about what people think, and he is very worried about his legacy. He's not worried. This isn't a guy to me, and I'm telling you, Eric, you know, I take pride in if I, a person can say three words to me, and I'll tell you, I can get them down pat. It's hard to fool me because I hate everyone, and you have to prove to, you, to me that you're likable. Am I likable, Jim? No, you're a oh. fucking idiot. But uh, I'm telling you that Scott Snyder is very, very concerned about what people think of what he writes. And it's not concerned because of conceit. I do think that he's very worried about what legacy he has. And he is one of those guys that I think is driven by an insecurity uh, that he needs to prove to everyone every single page that he writes. Yeah. I do think that. I think that he is not a guy who sits there. I'm telling you, that we'll get into it. He got a hold of us. We did not get a hold of him. No, scared got the a shit hold out of, of us. Me. And why he got a hold of us, he was very concerned that Eric didn't like All-Star Batman. That, that All-Star Batman number one, Eric gave us seven, and he didn't write to us, hey, guys, that's bullshit. Hey, he didn't even explain himself. No. He said... I'm sorry that you you aren't fully into what I'm doing, but I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm telling you this. And I hope I hope you can get into it. And we were talking, and he said, you know, hey, uh, you know, I hope you get into number two. Now, again, he he kept talking to us. Oh, and he didn't even say like what didn't Eric like or whatever. But we started talking a little about Batman, a little about yeah. comics. This is a guy who supposedly that you know the numbers leaked the day after he was worried about Eric's. Review of All Star Batman. It came out that it sold over three hundred and fifty thousand copies. There is no reason that a guy who is conceited or anything like that would worry at all. He would be sitting on his freaking high fucking horse and think. Beat up on the desk with a cigar in his mouth. Eric Shea gives me a seven. Fuck him. Three hundred fifty thousand. Eye patch wearing motherfucker. And he was not like that. He was not like that at all. And just the. When you read the five questions that we do have up on the site, the interview with him, you'll find out that he likes Cheerios right there. Something's wrong. No, I, I actually think I actually think he is a very, very nice person, and I do think that he's very concerned. If you talk to him and said, hey, you ruined my, my Two-Face, I think that that actually affects him. And yeah. some of these guys that we've talked to uh, basically be like, yeah, fuck them, fuck you, fuck them. And it and seems he really appreciates his yeah, fans. He does. And it's not, and not even that, but appreciates just the whole idea of him being this rock star, uh, comic book writer. Uh, and but loves DC I mean, comics. I, think, I do not think that he was ready, uh, from going from this Batman in the new 52 where really, Everybody loved it. Everybody, you know, we had, we had had our problems, whatever, yeah. even though he even said to me like, Hey, uh, are you guys really fans? You know, he's just talking. I said that I went back and looked my average score for his Batman issues that I wrote. Now I still have problems at some of his deal. It was a nine three. 9.3. It's amazing. Ridiculous. So yeah, I told him I, I am a fan. I just, it's hard work. It's 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 taxing uh, reviewing his books because you think that every page means something. Like, here we go. Mike's going to continue. 
Um, anyway, finally, I just wish to spell any misconception that may be out there that I don't hold Eric Shea in the highest regard. <laughs> I think it's just a misunderstanding of the intent in my lyrics to the male and the news themes. Um, in the male theme, my assertion that we don't need no Eric Shea, it's not a shot at or a slide of Eric. It's just a statement that since Jim usually reads the mail and provides That's most right. of the responses. See, I could just do it. That, um, Eric. Well, actually, Mike, let me point out, uh, last week during the mail, you might have realized during Brandon's <laughs> mail, there was not a lot of Eric Shea going on. So you're right, because Eric went to go to the bathroom. I, I was going to piss my pants. Higher. So when you're listening, there's points where I stop <laughs> to wait for a reaction from Eric and then didn't realize that he wasn't there, but just figured he just wasn't wanting to talk. So I didn't even like push it like, hey, Eric, you want to do anything? I just kept going. Anyway, I was getting bored. I was angry, too. I was going to piss my pants. I'm sorry. Yeah, yep, here we go. He actually, before we started tonight, he said, I'd better go to the bathroom. I'm going to freaking leave during the mail again. <laughs> nope. Thank you much. Just a break during the mail segment if he, if he so chooses. Jason, and in the news theme, I think it's evident when I say, oh, yeah, and I guess Eric's there, too. Yep. It's an expression of delight that Eric is giving <laughs> Jim for analysis and commentary on the news. And I apologize if anything I've said previously has been misconstrued <laughs> as having any negative connotation See, toward Eric. Eric. Until Just next time, the other hand later. they both have a wet nose. They both have a wet nose, Eric. Where is that from? That is, isn't that what they're like, uh, him like following up with what he said about a gynecologist and a dog? Uh, yeah, that is it. They both have a wet nose. That is crazy. That is disgusting. See, I would actually really appreciate what Mike just said. That right is there. inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. Yeah, see that, Mike? That is inappropriate. So you really like that, right? I would really appreciate it if I hadn't read the mail already. Yeah, I know. Well, then he read it, and I sent <laughs> the mail, and he goes against that. But yeah, just uh, back to that, the whole Scott Snyder thing. He did get a hold of us out of nowhere, and it scared the shit out of us. We didn't know what was going on. Usually, we, we think that shit's going to happen. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, one we flying just close to the sun that day, Eric. But yeah, we talked to Scott, and it looks like the uh, thing is going to be that he's going to come on the podcast, Eric. Isn't that crazy? crazy? I know. Come on the podcast. Uh, he wants us to read the Batman uh, All Star Batman number two beforehand, so we're going to get an advanced copy of that. I don't think we're going to necessarily, you know, go through that. It won't even be out at that point. Um, but yeah, he wants to come on, talk a little comics, talk whatever. I'd rather come on and just show you guys that he is indeed a pretty decent guy that I think, unless he's fooled me, put the wool over my eyes. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hard to impress with people. I hate everyone. You know? I hate every single person until they prove that they can be uh, worthy of my friendship and that he, I said, Scott Snyder, weird science, get fresh crew member now. It, it's growing. That friggin' thing's growing. Uh, speaking of which, too, uh, other members are Kev and Chris from the 365 Flicks podcast. Sure are. Forgot last week. I forgot all about it. I was on their podcast, Eric. It was a recorded thing that I did with Rafe, and I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but it did come out last week. And it's a whole episode of them having other people talk about the Suicide Squad movie. So they're giving their reviews, and uh, it's funny. It's smart as hell. Let's get some other people to do the podcast for uh, us. Yeah, uh, but the problem is, is as they're doing the segments – they were getting real drunk <laughs> as they were doing it. So it was like one of these where I think they were doing it in real time as well. Where right. they were like, okay, here's Eric Shea from the Weird Science. And you would go on for 20 minutes. They're just right. pounding beer shots, whatever they're doing. As it's going on, they are slurring. Their they're getting drunk. I was the last one. By then, they're about to pass out. Uh, yeah, they're, 
can't talk. Me and Brave. And I, when I'm listening to it, these people got on, and everybody did a great job. Besides me, I think, because everybody's <laughs> like, they seem real prepared. They're talking things. I, I said to Rafe, I got home because in, during, at that point, I was the only one on this podcast who had watched the movie. Yeah. So, which is crazy. Right. I came home. Still haven't seen Batman v Superman. Yeah. I said, Hey, Rafe, come on. We're going to record. Rafe sat down and I had a lot of other clips that I, I had done with my phone while we were at the movie theater. But unfortunately, the, the audio was terrible where we yeah. were talking about shit. He was talking. Like the previews were playing in the background, so yeah, you couldn't even hear you. You can't even hear me. And then I was going to do like a, an exit interview with people, see if they liked it, but nobody went to see the movie. It was only one other lady in the theater. One other person in the theater and this fucking woman took her shoes off Fuck and that lady. upset Logan. But yeah, where there are all these people like giving their analysis in the movie and there I get on. I start yelling about how uh, freaking England has the worst snacks in the movie theaters. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but yeah. Uh, you go and listen to that at 365 Flicks. You'll hear a lot of uh, good information until you get to me. And it's funny then because Chris, I think it was, uh, said that he wanted to go take a power nap and it, it almost made it seem like he was talking that I was so boring. <laughs> That once my segment comes on, he's going to fall asleep. You take everything so personally. And they said that um, they said that we would get five minutes. Or hey, can you do a five minute review? And I recorded it was like nine minutes, and I felt bad. And then I talked to uh, Kev uh, from the show, and he's like, "Yeah, when we say five minutes for you guys, we thought it was like two hours." <laughs> they even say it right before me. And speaking of which, if you go to the site. And see the five questions with Scott Snyder. It was really great that he did that. And awesome. We try to be light. We goof yeah. And at the end, we're talking. He's writing, and he writes, "Hey, you know, we really appreciate everybody at DC appreciates what you do. You know, we know that you have a regular job and stuff. I got that. I was so angry. Which <laughs> <laughs> like, he's making fun of us. Oh, you got to bring so that up to you, Scott Snyder. He's a big comic guy, and here we are with our day jobs. Oh, I got so angry. I always have to find something to That's get angry. We both took it personally immediately, and then had yep. to laugh about it. Yeah, we were laughing on the fucking cutting cardboard. That son of a bitch <laughs> sitting up there in his highfalutin penthouse. I don't know where he lives, but yeah. Uh, but we're, I do. No. Yeah, you do now. <laughs> Get him, that son of a bitch. But, Eric, it is time for the news. Oh, no. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's up for Jim and the news. And now it's up for Jim and the news. Yeah, and I guess Eric's there too. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a science. break. You're going to take us. There you go. There goes yep, Eric. It's going. Hello, weird science. Oh, Dan. Here we go. We're going to start with the news. The first bit of news is a little bit of uh, Batman news as well. Uh, Sean Murphy announced this week that he is exclusive 
and he's working on a Batman title. Weird thing is, is when I see this, the exclusive is always in quotes. I don't know what's going on here, but artist Sean Murphy announced on Twitter that he had signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics, and that after he's done working with Scott Snyder on All-Star Batman, he'll be writing and drawing a new Elseworlds-style Batman book. That's cool. We have not had an Elseworlds book in a long time. uh, For the next two years, I'm exclusively working with DC on two Batman books, All-Star and one that I'm writing drawing myself, said Murphy. So if you're planning on reading my All-Star run, the finale, pick up Snyder's All-Star books now. So he's giving, you know, a little shit to his buddy. Murphy described his new Batman book as My Dark Knight Returns and Year 100, an Elseworlds-like take on Batman. My attempts at an opus, he explained, planning on using as many of the Bat villains as I can. Uh, Murphy plans to redesign everything and everyone, Eric. So what you do with an Elseworlds. Honestly, that seems really cool. Like, if I was ever able to do that, that's what I want to do. I want to create the Shavers. Okay, would it's you just, something where it was like the Riddler was uh, Robin? Would no, you- I, I told you about this before. Like, I wanted to create like a uh, – what the hell was it? I had this whole thing lined out. I told you about it before where Batman's parents would never kill – What's that? Nothing. Oh, I, I slipped. No, what did you say? Batman was what? Nothing. I'm good. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to get mad. Everybody loves when you get mad. What were you saying? I don't get I mad. Really I get it. depressed. Oh, you get even. <laughs> what were you gonna say? You you had a story. It was Batman as what? Um, I, I don't remember. Now see what happened. Now I see now what happened is I air horned you not remembering. So now you got to get upset that you didn't remember was nonsense. Get back to the story now. See, I've I've twisted you. It's a pretzel, Eric. Continuity is a pretzel. Do you remember or no? No, I don't. Because you actually don't remember. Nope. So the story you started was going nowhere anyway. Yes. Dad, you know what, Eric? Maybe this will this will uh, get it going here. Who else in the level car? Yeah. Say yeah. yeah! Yeah! Come on. Who else wants to hear Eric's freaking Batman story? Say yeah. There was there was a whole DC universe kind of story though. <laughs> was Mister Freeze um, an ice cream truck driver who had a transformer that his ice cream truck transformed into a milk truck? You don't understand how Transformers work. It's nonsense. Have that. You better hit the horn, man. It's nonsense. The most awesome Transformer to me would be a Transformer that starts as a food truck that sells hamburgers, transforms into a food truck that sells hot dogs, Eric. Boy, that would be the best Transformer ever. Yes, that horn is now not nonsense. That is now the awesomeness horn. Anytime I hear awesome stuff, I'm going to hit that horn, Eric. What do you Watch Transformers, goddammit. What's that? No. Watch Transformers. Uh, hey, don't Transformers do that. You know what that sound is? It's awesome, Eric. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Then he says, Batman is the top of the comic book mountain. It's my chance to climb it. That sounds very sexual to me. That sounds sexual. And you know what else? Awesome. Yeah. You see now I've twisted around. Everything is a pretzel. I see what happened. Should I say who says that continuity is a pretzel, Eric? Not you told upset. me not to. <laughs> guy who writes books. Yes. Certain books. Maybe one from tonight. <laughs> Ivan Rice joins Suicide Squad, Eric. <laughs> that is awesome, Eric. Thank you for hitting that. After I, don't, I don't like the awesome noise. What's that? I don't like the awesome noise. You don't like the awesome noise? But it's awesome, Eric. <laughs> That's awesome. After announcing that Jim Lee was scaling back his plans to draw Suicide Squad as originally solicited. I'm not hitting the awesome noise for that. That's a bunch of bullcrap. The publisher has revealed the artist who will be part of Suicide Squad number two, 
which I would think should have been in the can by now. Eric. I would think too. You know, it's, it's really weird. Me off. I had to check this a couple times. Uh, they are really pushing the envelope of getting these things out. Um, at, which makes me think there could be delays coming up. And dude, I really thought that Jason Fabach was going to do all those backups for some reason. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be rotating deal. Yeah, um, it makes sense. Thing that is my, I want to get a hold of Rob Williams and say, you know what, Rob, how much bullshit is this? Because the guy has this this whole thing planned out. He's got everything written now at the drop of a dime because freaking Jim Lee can't hold the schedule worth a fucking shit. He's got to go and rewrite shit. Well, these backups and stuff like I'm that. I'm saying I don't know how it works, but you, well, you would think that he's already been paid for the amount of scripts that he's written. Now that they're extended, does he get paid more? Well, here's or if he has the, to write the backups for it. The, the Jim Lee stuff will still be the same amount of pages. It's just stretched out to different. Uh, you know, the Jim Lee stuff is still, you know, 12 pages. This next issue will be Jim Lee. So pretty much these first two issues would have been number one issue. Yes. Yeah. So I know that they're issue wise. He is. But he right. also ha- he had to write backups it's for him now, too, though. Extended, though. I think that you probably just get paid per issue. I don't know how it goes. He's probably getting screwed is what he's getting. That they, sucks. I would think that because it's Jim Lee, though, they're like, you know, giving him like he walks by and <laughs> like, hey, Rob. And they're like patting him on the thing and putting like a 20 in his fucking pocket. You know, you know how I mean? it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're slipping him a fin. A fin, Eric. And you a know what fin. that would be? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing tonight. You, you get ready. Get ready, Eric. Rice Rice will be illustrating a seven-page backup story in Suicide Squad number two titled Captain Boomerang, Agent of Oz, written by series writer Rob Williams. Now this is what they say. In Captain Boomerang, Agent of Oz, Amanda Waller digs deep into the implausibly impressive origins of the Suicide Squad's most loathsome member to discover the truth the world has been asking for. Just who made Boomerang a captain anyway? That That's awesome. Scheduled for release September 14th. So, like I said, they I don't know how early they have to have the press and all that. Usually these things, like I said, Scott Snyder said that when, when he gets a chance, he's going to send us that number two issue yeah. of All-Star Batman. And so, you know, that's that's already done. He's got it. He's probably got a PDF of it or whatever he's going to do. Um, but, boy, this is really pushing. You're really pushing the gun here, you know. And um, that's the thing that's uh, troublesome for them, I think, because Jim Lee himself – along with Dan DiDio, said the one thing that they're very proud of and one thing they really want to make sure is that none of these books get delayed. They do not want any of these reboots. So hurry up, Ivan. Get a delay. So any other time, I think, if this would have been New 52, they just would have said, you know what, give it another two weeks, another month. Well, you know what I mean. They would have just let this so they could catch up, you know, so they don't have Ivan Rice drawing something fucking a week and a half before the goddamn thing comes out or whatever. But I think that this is, it's, you know, all hands on deck. I'm really happy that they're getting some of the best artists to do this book, though. We have Jim Lee there, and we're going to have these great artists. Like Jason Fabox, my favorite penciler at DC right now, and Ivan Rice is quite close up there. Yep. Uh, The next bit of news, like I said, the issue is scheduled for release September 14th. We'll see if it's maybe the first delay. November Superman number 10 might be the beginnings of the Super Sons is the next story, Eric. And that is pretty goddamn awesome. Sure I, is. I read this. It's funny. I, I saw the solicits. I saw some other sites were kind of just writing up these solicits. I think they released four of the solicits ahead of time. Uh, like when we got the um, the six-pack. 
Remember when right. they released those little things? They didn't think of us for this. No. Scott Snyder says we do good things, Eric, but DC, they... He, he hears we do good stuff. They don't care. <laughs> That's what he said. He hears Eric Shade does good stuff. Uh, and by the way, for the, the whole Scott Snyder story, it does not seem that Scott ever read Batman number 44 review. Thank God. I told him to go right there. He said... Oh, God, don't do that. He actually said, would I get upset if I read some of your old reviews? I'm like, not mine. Just don't go read Eric's number 44. You know, that that important issue of yours. Don't go look at that one. I wouldn't go to... And then I sent him the link. Don't go to this link, Scott. Don't hey, I po- do it. I posted a picture on Twitter today with me having it framed, so... Yeah, you did. That that was your, but then, yeah, I, I'm, don't do it. And then I sent him this. So Who else in the leprechaun? Once, once yeah, he goes yeah, there, yeah. he knows the leprechaun, he gets all happy. And then, you know, that's the last we heard of him. <laughs> this is how it's going good. I'm like a morning zoo. Uh, yeah. Uh, the funny thing is that he said he was going to go read some of our old reviews. We have not heard from him nope. since, Eric. And that makes perfect that, sense. Batman 44. But here it is. It says, DC released a couple of November solicits, and one points to the beginnings of the much-anticipated and now-delayed Super Sons book, which we have been looking forward to. That's one of the books that we really were uh, uh, pumped about. Oh, yeah. We never really decided who was going to review it. I, bet I, I, I thought you called Dib, so... I don't know. I would think I should because every new book that comes out seems to be yours. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Here is the solicit for Superman number 10. In the name of the father, part one, for the first time, the man of tomorrow and the boy of steel. I didn't even think of that. Boy of steel. I like that. The boy of steel team up with super boy. The boy of steel forever. Yeah, but I've been calling them the – we even said it on the podcast. You even said it the one time that it's the Batman and Robin but Superman and John. Right. Why wouldn't we just say it's Superman and the Boy of Steel? Because we're idiots. Uh, They team up with the Cape Crusader and the Boy Wonder in a father-son adventure you won't want to miss. Damian Wayne has been hearing a lot about this mysterious new Superboy, and now's his chance to find out who he is. Hey, I got this Teen Titans going on. You talk to me in a year. You can get on the team there, kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, the issue comes out November 2nd. Now, in the meantime, the – the book Super Sons had been delayed. And I said to you, one of the things that seemed was they were really taking their time with John becoming Superboy. And I thought maybe that was part of the reason. Now, this is their first meeting in November when that Super Sons book to me was going to come out in October. Right. So I do think that that was part of the thing. Now, in the meantime, Super Sons, uh, as far as we could tell, I mean, we don't do research, but it seemed that they never released any sort of creative team. No. And so to us, it's just been delayed. They don't even have a team. So I think that's part of it. But part of it is just, I don't know. They're trying to find a good story. How old do you think John is? John to me is about 13. 13, really? I'm telling you, I was thinking about it because in Convergence, I think he was under one years old and they've been on this planet for five years. Yeah, but no. Maybe six now. That's only a few months. So you can't go by that. You can't go by that. <laughs> no, no. The entire the entire New Fifty Two has been five years. Yeah, but or that, six. I don't even know that. I do. because they had that five years. Yeah. But since then, has been only uh, you know. But then Damien seems to have aged. It's a pretzel, Eric. Pretzel. Doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. That's super. Don't give time. And hear about it later. Yeah. Don't ever give a time in a book to tie things down because it makes no goddamn sense. None at all. But yeah, I think that might be part of the delay is that they have to actually get a story of the meeting. But I can't wait. They uh, back and forth. Yeah, this is and what's really good about this one. We have November where we're going to get a little peek at the Super Sons if it ever comes. We may not ever get that book. It's true. Maybe it won't happen. Mystic like you. That. Yeah, I want. I hope that this. It's part one of this, and I hope that it's like a four part thing, a six part thing where they're together at some point. 
and uh, work together. I'm sure. Take your child to work day. Sure, they're going to hate each other at first. Damien's going to be aloof, and then they're going to play some video games, right? Video games. Was it Cheese Viking? They love, yeah, Cheese Viking. Though that'll be the big thing. They'll both love Cheese Viking. But that is the news, Eric. And you know what comes after the news? What's that? The mail. It's mail with you. Peewee. You miss Peewee. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that, Eric? It's fucking nonsense. I hate oh everything. Oh my god, Eric, that's not nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the boy, it's so funny. At the beginning, it's like all this fucking soundboard. The minute we start talking about the books, I forget all about it. First mail, though, Eric, is from Repairman Jack. He says, what's up, guys? Well, actually, before I go, I I have this big thing on here to read, you know, say the email address. I I didn't, but yeah, (laughs) the email address is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We do read everything uh, tonight. We have, I actually said, we hadn't had a lot of uh, negative emails. We kind of got one tonight, so you'll see. We'll read everything, Eric, everything. Repairman Jack says, what's up, guys? So you went on, so you went on a little rant at the beginning of last week's podcast about the release schedule of these rebirth titles. And I wanted to be able to give you a little bit of a counterpoint. I completely agree that rebirth wasn't near as planned out as DC likes to act like it was, but I do think there's merit in bringing out titles at a staggering pace. I disagree. Now, uh, new 52 burned out pretty quick because of how it decided to release those books. Yes, there's a huge difference between 52 books and what we have with Rebirth, but I think everything starting around the same time is roughly going to cause the same issues regardless with numbers. With Rebirth and Staggering Them, it allows for multiple things to happen. It gets their well-established books out there to set the pace of what they're hoping to do. Hopefully, it gives them some kind of barometer on what people want or like and gives them some insight on what is possibly to bring out next. It also gives decent a chance to gain readers back with each new book they could have possibly lost with every issue already coming out. If everything comes out at once, someone could just pick up what they're interested in and wait for reviews for the rest. Now, I'm just going to stop here. The the thing that I was worried about is, number one, you did come out with the big books. Right now, the biggest books are already out, and we even heard from Mike. Mike earlier, he got Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. The guy put it in. The, Couldn't uh, get it. Uh, yeah, he said, no, I can't get it. I've already invested my money in these. And I think that you might have a thing where some of these books are going to get lost in the shuffle. Now, again, you say that if they came out day one. You, you still might have had that. Yeah, I agree. You're still going to have to pick what you want because you can't afford everything. At least you could everything. have read all the rebirths right away. They all come out. That that first month, you can bite the bullet, get all the rebirth books, and then decide from there on the merit of the book. By the time a uh, Blue Beetle comes out next uh, mo- next week, I mean, yes. uh, if you're already invested, you may not even really think that, say, Green Arrow. You're like, I like it. It's not my favorite, but you're invested in the story already. You're already getting it. You already have it on your pull list. Poor you're like, Jaime. But every time I go and change my pull list, this fat guy at the comic store, he gives me fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You Guardians do. in the Galaxy again. Here's the one thing, though. There is a big thing that I really... Uh, it drives me nuts about Rebirth, that it's not... It didn't happen in New 52 at all, 
because in the new 52, as far as I'm concerned, when they had that Justice League, first book was Justice League, right? Yep. How many other continuing books from the other continuity, the other well, – how many were coming out then? What are you talking now, about the other continuity? I'm saying before, pre, you know, the pre-Flashpoint continuity. The, the way these books of the New 52 – we're talking about Dr. Fate tonight. That would be as if a pre-Flashpoint book just kept going into – Oh, I didn't know what you are talking about first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that we have books continuing. So somebody goes, Dr. Fate. Oh, Dr. Fate there. And because it's so crazy where you might uh, – somebody goes to the store that first month. And they're like, oh, going on. Now all of a sudden Batgirl comes out of nowhere. They don't even know. Now they see Dr. Fate or Earth 2. They're going to just assume, oh, this is another one of those crazy books that didn't come out right away. Everything gets confusing. People get confused, and that just spells disaster. But, yeah, he goes on. With the way it is, people are in a large part picking up everything at this point. They're waiting to check out a lot of what's happening and then dropping them if they're not what they want. With this way, DC is releasing these. They now have a chance to gain those readers back on a new title where they would have probably never even picked it up in the first place. And I disagree. I'm telling you, Blue Beetle next week, uh, if that was in the first two weeks, and I'm just saying, you started off all the rebirth number ones, you know, even the ones that didn't. Batgirl didn't have a rebirth. You give her a rebirth. Just have it so you explain it. It's almost like a preview to the series. Yeah, everything deserves a rebirth in my mind. I, I really like Green Arrow. I like this. I don't know about that. Now, granted, DC themselves doesn't want to put something out with the chance of people reading it and going, no, I don't want it. But you have to have, you know, confidence in your writers. But right now, I just, everybody we hear from already is dropping books and, and already saying, well, I'm, I'm going to dial back to three books, you know, because of this bi-monthly stuff. And a thing like a Blue Beetle just seems like it's destined to fail. How dare you? Big book, it, it, it's going to. That you I don't know. think? You, what, what do you think is going to get canceled first? Blue Beetle or Batman? <laughs> it's not it's fair. Crazy. And uh, yeah, well, it's not fair on anyone. That's what I'm saying. Every book that's come out till now, what is the most niche book that has come out so far? Red Hood. Uh, big book. It's a big book. I'm thinking that, maybe Batgirl, Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Prey. But they're, Maybe. they're bigger than Blue Beetle. I would think you know so, You what I'm yeah. saying? And and here's the problem is you have a Blue Beetle coming out. If Blue Beetle sales are bad, what happens? Hellblazer. What ha- Well, yeah, Hellblazer maybe. What Hellblazer. What happens if sales are bad? It's going to get canceled. Gets canceled. What if sales are bad for Justice League? It's going to keep going. Yeah, they can, they'll just change the creative team. That's the worst thing that can happen. These first books of Batman and all these, they will never get canceled. They just keep going. Uh, and it's just these, these little books that are coming out because they've got the heavy hitters already out and people are going to, like we said, little Eric Shea is going to grab Justice League right away. It should be the biggest bang. He's going to be five. very disappointed. And be disappointed. But uh, when, if that was you and you had that and then you had, you were getting Justice League, Batman, Superman and Green Lanterns. Yes. And you're going to drop Justice League. I don't know that you're not going to just now. Maybe you as little Eric Shea would jump on a new book because then you can start right from the beginning. Yeah. A lot of these people would drop Green Lanterns or I mean uh, Justice League and just grab Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps or Green Arrow. I, I don't know. I, I just worry. We'll see how it pans out. But he says, sure, people are going to get confused and people could already be invested in books, which I just said, have a spending limit. But Marvel and DC has shown people will buy those number ones constantly. And they will. They'll buy the number ones, but most buy them, don't even read them. They put them right in that bag and board air. Off they go. 
If they see number or one, Ravager. something familiar, they're no doubt going to pick those up. And if it's pay, uh, paced out more, they're going to give it more success than bringing them all out at once. I just I don't agree. You had these people that that first month, first two months were fired up. They were ready to buy everything. I think actually right now. Uh, when September hits, say uh, Cyborg comes out, right. and all these, I think that some people are already kind of burned out, or they, you know, they think they've been fooled, and they're like Cyborg. I'm not even going to give that a chance. You I don't know? think Cyborg when it had its initial uh, series in the New Fifty Two. I think the first issue of that didn't sell at all, really either. I, I think because it's a you know the rebirth print, you know thing on it that it's going to sell collector wise. Yeah. I just don't see that because it's coming out in say September. That is going to be like, oh, you know what? Uh, I haven't gotten a new thing. I just people are already settled in. They've already give, they dug the trenches. They they have their books and they're ready. It just it worries me only because we've had people talk to us over and over about what they're dropping and what should I drop and oh, I got to decide between this and that and it's crazy. But it makes it feel less cohesive and leaves books behind that people lose interest in. But by and large, I can't help but think it's better decision all around. I just I, I think it's confusing to people. A lot of people who don't know, they go in and they see all the you know the first and month. I said, there's nothing more intimidating than going and asking someone because yeah, most and I'm saying, first month happens and you see in your comic shop, especially people if they're trying to get people into it. You go in and you see that wall of comics, you're not going to think, oh, well, you know what, five others are going to be coming out uh, later. Now, no. again, you would hope that the comic store guy is a nice enough, or girl, is nice enough to come over and you're like, I don't know. You know what, I really like Damian Wayne. I remember him and, I, and you know, hopefully they'd say, well, you know what, Te- Teen Titans comes out and he's going to be leading the team, but that doesn't come out till that. But most of the time, they're going to push you to buy something that day. Yeah, and, you know, and you know what I hey, mean. I got all these back issues of Robinson of Batman. Here you I go. was going to say they're going to give you a trade, Robinson of Batman. No, no, they have Keep to get rid of all those individual issues they still have because no one bought that book either. It seems. Mm-hmm. Keep it weird. See you in seven or possibly sooner. I haven't listened to the rest of the podcast yet, so there could be more to email or comment about. And, and is there is not Jack. Nope, he did not get back. So everything he heard, he thought was right on the money. Right? That's how I take it. Right. The next one's Matt from Calgary, Eric. Matt, What's up, Matt? from Calgary. We haven't heard from Matt in a while. No. Uh, he says, as you know, uh, he was a fan of Prez. As you guys know, I was a fan of Prez. I know Eric's thinking, how do I know that? <laughs> Don't call me out, motherfucker. I, know, I knew that's what you're. That's what you're thinking, right? Of it, course. Right in your mind, right there, Eric Shea's mind's going. Do I know that? Right? I don't know a lot about anything. And I'm deeply disappointed to hear you guys were right all along about its cancellation. We're always right. That's my secret. I'm always right, Eric. And you said my other secret is I always lie. Yeah, you're also a liar. <laughs> Prez may not have lived up to its full potential in the first six issues, but it's still uh, it was still one of DC's better books. And on that note, after hearing last week's listener mail where the first person was using your podcast to help narrow down their list – I have a message for that listener. The best way to use this podcast to help you decide what books to read is to buy the ones Jim and Eric say are awful, with the exception of Jeff John's Justice League. See, there's an exception, so it's always not, right? Almost all my favorite books have gotten bad reviews from Jim and Eric. Come on, guys. How did you not like Starfire? Do you have a sense of fun? Now, I will point out uh, two things. Number one, neither of us reviewed press, correct? No. No. Uh, I think you might have done one issue. What's that? Did you do one issue? No. Did I, I do one issue? No. Okay. Joel and then I think Reggie might have finished up, but we didn't even finish it. Right. Uh, the next one is Starfire that he mentions. You started reviewing that, correct? I did. 
and then gave it to Reggie, who loved it. Yeah, so Reggie did like really, it. It's and just I it think, was the same thing over and over again, like Harley and, yeah, is. And, and I it, think that he did a majority of it. I think you might have done the first four or five. Uh, I don't know anymore. And we barely talked about it on the podcast because, yeah, it was just the same thing. Now I'm going to say that. I, I love the art in the book. Let's go with Matt now. We're going to talk about Matt's favorite books. Matt says that everything that we hate, he loves. And he likes Prez and Starfire. So I'm going to put Midnighter is definitely on his list. Dr. Fate. Books, right? He would love Midnighter, Dr. Fate. Probably likes the Rebirth Justice League because that is a piece of shit. <laughs> and I would never Back tell. of Burnside. Uh, probably, but here's the thing. I reviewed that and liked it. So, I mean, I probably averaged like a 7.5. It's not, uh-huh. he's saying like the shit that we say is awful. Uh, there's not that much, right? He probably liked Clarion, Catwoman, uh, anything Innocenti. Matt is down. Oh, yes. And, uh, I don't know. He also liked, uh, what else was really bad? <laughs> Here's the thing. If a book was really, really bad, it usually gets canceled. It's not our fault. No. It, it's not like there's a lot of books. Now, Midnight is an exception. It did have its run, and they're going to have that six-issue mini. But most of the times when we're like, this book is awful, uh, people are usually with us, and it doesn't sell, and, and then it goes off to the wayside. Yeah, I see the sales go down every month in each of these books. Yes, it's so bad when Midnighter, because people were like, oh, Jim's an asshole for not liking Midnighter. Every, the minute that those sales came out, I'd run like a freaking little <laughs> girl. Ooh, what does it say, Eric? What is Midnighter? You're like, up, oh, it went down another 2,000. <laughs> I giggled to myself. <laughs> Poor Steve Orlando. <laughs> He's there at this job, and I'm giggling because his fucking work is failing. People loved it, though. I don't yeah. think they bought it, but they loved it. They loved it. Next one is, and thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I, I, Matt, I, I know that uh, we don't like the books you like, but hey, that's what makes everything interesting, right? We're just playing devil's advocate. That's what I heard today is that's the big cop-out. That's the big cop-out to say if people don't agree with you. I'm really? just playing devil's advocate, even if it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't. No. Alex M. Alex M. Sup, Jim and Eric, and the rest of the Weird Science crew. So this week I checked out some Superman, including Jeff Johns and Ramita Jr.'s Men of Tomorrow, which I enjoyed quite a bit. I liked it okay. It just it got delayed a little, and it kind of got a little, you know. And the weird thing is. It's That's very a silver flare, right? Yeah, but it's and uh, Ulysses. Ulysses. Oh, that was his and Superman it, it, 4 in his mind. Yeah, well, and also that, but it, it was very reminiscent as well to me as when uh, Hitch did the JLA. All of a sudden, the JLA came about, and I'm like, this seems a lot like that story. Uh, the ending was sort of obvious, felt a bit of Twilight episode. But, of course, it had that good old Jeff Johns blockbuster feel, I agree, and actually really enjoyed Ramita's art. I, his Superman was always a little off for me. I liked his Ulysses, though. I do not understand why people poo-poo so much. What was your guys' thought on the show? I said, I, I actually liked it enough. We got uh, Mr. Oz. Yeah, I'm sure. I didn't really read a lot of that run. Well, it was it was very obvious. You kind of knew what was going on, but I, I enjoyed it enough. I actually, back to my, my best friend, Scott Snyder, I really did like Superman Unchained when I was reading that. But again, he was changing shit up. Yeah. Getting mad, but I did like that as well. Uh, but no, the Jeff Johns run, I think that I probably averaged, again, like a 7, 5, 8. My biggest problem with it is it introduced the solar flare because I fucking hate that concept. Yeah, I remember uh, the best part was it ended with that change of a costume. Yeah, that nobody that noticed. Just, and that was just thrown away. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tony, I read that issue. Didn't even notice it was a new costume. It looked exactly the same to me. Yeah, and there was the whole thing with Jimmy and the uh, 
the secret identity, and then that only lasts a little bit because the. Oh, tr- it's like Jimmy being a billionaire. When how long did that last? That was great. I, I actually liked that Jimmy billionaire, but uh, when Superman did this big thing that to reveal his identity, and then his identity was revealed to the world, <laughs> which would have been like a week later, yeah. it all went down. All right. Next, I will be reading the Superman Before Truth trade, uh, which for some reason is a goddamn volume one. I don't know why. Now, That's I remember, weird. Right. According to you guys, the truth storyline was straightforward, tied very well all together with the other Superman books, and showed that Superman's greatest strength is his ability to maintain his composure, even when he is all out of power. Can't wait for it. Oh, my goodness. Why would you read that? <laughs> He, he just, he's a completist. He wants to get in there, uh, which he's going to mention actually the next line. But, uh, the thing about that truth, it had, I was really excited about it. I really thought it was going to be the story of, hey, everybody always says that Superman's boring because he's overpowered. He can do anything without his powers. You were going to see that he was still a super man. And we spent freaking weeks at work just thinking about what the storyline's going to yep. be like. Yep. Now that Batman's dead, and like, is he going to use yep. Batman's gadgets to maintain yeah, we actually his Superman? Was that? Yeah. It's going to be the whole thing. No, nope, I didn't. I kind of yeah. hinted at it at one point, but yeah. Now, if I know one thing about comic book fans, is that the majority are completists. Maybe that's too much of a general assumption, but I know I fall yeah. in the category. So this week, I'm proud that I completed the short, an amazing run of Clarion. With issue four. Oh, four issues there. I mean, I'm not sure how amazing the run is. There's only four issues? Read it. Yeah, because I haven't read it, but guess what? Can't wait for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have fun with that. that is a, wait for your buddy bots and the shit crawling hey, out. you like the art. Button. Uh, art was great. And then I, I thought, I think it was Trevor McCarthy. And I believe I that's said, right. Oh, my God, he's on uh, Aquaman. You're so lucky you're taking over Aquaman. And then the art, it just didn't And then I blew my brains out. It didn't translate for that book. I'll give you an update on my thoughts of it when I'm done. Yeah, that yeah, was that yeah, was crazy. This completed run can now join my other completed ones, which I'm proud to say includes some of my favorites among the Weird Science Reviews archive, including Prez Part 1. <laughs> he says Part 2 should be coming any time now. You're right, yeah. G.I. Zombie. Nice. Including the Futures and 3D cover. Oh. All-Star section. I Matt loved G.I. Zombie as well. Maybe. As well as Jim Starlin's uh, Stormwatch run, Charles Soule's Red Lantern run, which I I don't – you can tell me when you read that if Supergirl is still a Red Lantern in this continuity because it didn't seem you know, so. mm. Pretzel. And Tynan's Red Hood run with a Secret Origins Red Hood story. I know I'm just showing off now. All I'm missing now is this Infinity Man and Forever People, and I'll be gold. <laughs> Yeah, I like voodoo. That. Never finished that, but yeah. So that's it for this week. The fruit company is busting my balls, making me do all this quality assurance with each single fruit. Remember, he's not allowed to tell us what that's fruit. right. Good thing I got you guys to get me through my Monday with an eight-hour podcast. Thanks in part to those cosmic treadmill guys. <laughs> Good 50 stuff. Min- Fifty minutes this week. Sugar and spike. Fifty minutes. Oh, and speaking of fruit, <laughs> how about them bat melons. You know what I'm talking about, Jim? Yeah, I know what he's talking. You know what he's talking about? No. The variant cover of Batman, Batman has the biggest boobs I've ever seen in my life. Does he really? Yeah. Where do you see it? Oh, God. You don't even recognize it. Again, it's funny because in that news song, uh, Mike sings about variant covers. I just go right by him. That one I saw, I'm like, what the hell? And then Alex actually private messaged me on Twitter. He's like, hey, I don't know how they let this one get through. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's pretty stacked there. Anyways, looking forward to where the Cosmic Treadmill will be taking us and as well as the rest of the nonsense written letter by Alex M. Yeah, where do you see these? These got big. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, it's got big boobs. 
the variant cover. Thank you, Alex. I'm going to start reading Brian from Arkansas here and then get it and start giggling. Hey, guys, I can't wait to hear a review of Batman number five of mine. (laughs) Yeah, see, I told you. Holy shit. Yeah, I knew it. I should have just waited waited for your reaction. They are huge. (laughs) They're humongous. It's one titty so big it's stretching out the bat symbol. Yeah, it's humongous. Alex was like, how did they let this get through? I don't know. I, guess, I think it's because it's a variant cover. And yeah. they're just like, yeah, whatever. The guy is, uh, you know, that was his uh, artistic vision. Batman with boobs. And he says, right. Batman number five, in my opinion, was the best issue of DC Rebirth yet. David Finch penciled five straight bi-weekly issues of this. How? There's usually a fill-in artist on the monthly title to give the regular guy a break, right? When did Alfred lose his hand? Eric? He lost his hand in Endgame, didn't he? What's no, it? it was Batman Eternal, wasn't it? Uh, Batman Eternal. He got yeah. cut off Endgame. He, had, he didn't have it. And that that was like the big thing also in uh, uh, Robin War. No, he didn't have it. That you would when did he get it back? Was that Batman number 52? Yeah, I think it was. Actually, I think it just popped up. It just like I'm saying, back. there was somebody like, oh, there you go with your new hand again. And I was talking about how it's going to be like Jeff yeah. uh, Fahey with body parts. Yep. yep, we thought it was. When did Alfred lose his hand? How did he get it back? We just said. Has he ever done the Cape and Cow before this week? And that's I will talk about it yeah. in the review. Uh, Reggie said he had a couple issues of like a Silver Age comic where he did it back in comics, but my big thing is it happened all the time in Batman 66, this TV series. Not all the time. Yeah, like four times. Anytime, anytime they'd have Bruce Wayne captured where somebody might be thinking they've captured Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Well, so, or that Alfred or they have Bruce gets, Wayne and they have him hostage so Batman comes. Yeah, so the, but it was always to me, it always seemed to be like they they thought they had solved the mystery and that that was gonna solve it because then when they'd come they'd all be confused. Like, wait a minute. Like yeah, in my mind, uh, it's Frank Gorsham's a riddler yeah. doing something. Well, Alfred would always get that fucking thing on, and he'd ha- he had the skinniest fucking legs. That's all the I remember as a kid. He was decrepit. He'd get out of the Batmobile with Robin, and it would take him forever. <laughs> and you'd just look, you're like, nobody believes that you are Batman ever, but they all believed it. It was always funny. I loved it. Uh, recently, even in the past month, in the Batman 66 digital, the Batman 66. Steed and Mrs. Peel? Eat Steed and Mrs. Peel. They did it there, and Alfred had to climb through a window, <laughs> and he actually had to like tell them to wait a minute. He said, "The, the best is every artist who does it. Uh, they get the whole joke and make his legs so thin. They did. You gotta make you gotta make sure you see the pencil thin mustache, and you gotta have the oh. skinny ass legs. Oh, that's what you have. Suicide Squad issue one was pretty great. Sure was. Right. One of the best things about the series is you have Jim Lee and Jason Fabok working on the same title, which we now heard is not yep. the case there. But I yes, was wrong yes, as well. They're getting big guys. Though. Typing the word title reminds me of an old SNL bit where Sean Connery is on Celebrity Jeopardy and the category he chooses is famous titties. And then Trebek yells titties. The category is famous titles. And he says good, good times. Or it, like continue with the and, and your your wife, Trebek. Pretty freaking, that's good time. She didn't laugh at me. That was a good impersonation. There. I'm sorry, that was nonsense. My uh, my mouth is killing me. I can barely talk. I'm telling you, I am in severe pain right now. I have such a bad toothache. Claire Rowe draws some really great facial expressions on Batman and Birds. Uh, Batgirl in Birds. I like you say the, so. I like the art a lot. Actually, oh, if you told me to rate the art itself in that book, I'd probably give it a 4.5 out of 5. I think that art's awesome. Did I don't you, know what, did you see yeah, that? there's one panel. I could point I, out I, shit. Was, I'm saying there, there, there were goofy as hell throughout, I thought. No, there was weird facial expressions throughout that no, book. No, I liked, I liked the whole thing. I even wrote my notes for that as I love the art. Uh, I'm telling you, I probably like that art 
almost as much as Jason Farbach's in Suicide Squad. Really? It's really good. I like the different style that it is. It has its own unique style and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. Eric, at times during the podcast, you sound like Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers. I looked that up earlier. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I've never heard of the guy, and I, I, I don't see it or hear it, actually. Really? I don't know what that is. I honestly hope I do sound <laughs> yeah. like that because I hate my fucking voice. Okay. Well, hey, Metallica dropped a new song today. It's not bad. Any comments? I didn't look that one up. I saw a bunch of friends on Facebook talking about it, but really? yeah, I have not listened to Metallica in a long time. Friends. Metallica. The freaking walker. Lars gets off of the fucking wheelchair. Gets it behind the drums. Obviously, I want Joel Jones on background. If you guys could pick creators of your favorite title, who would be on what title? Who would be on what titty? He said title, not titty, sorry. Also, I would like to see Gail Simone and Tony Daniel on Suicide Squad. Actually, I don't want anybody else on Suicide Squad. Oh. I Rob Williams, I love it. Well, guys, thanks for the podcast. Good fucking bye. And then to uh, speed things up, who would be your guy? Like, I don't know. It's weird to say. Like, who would you want on Justice League? Since that's the book that we probably both. Uh, well, I, I pick. I picked a series and title and a whole creative creative team. I want for something here. I got the Flash, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jason Fabach, with colors by Andrew Dollhouse. Yeah. I'm telling you, I usually want the Flash to be silly and fun, and if it can't be that, I want it to be serious. No, I said if I'm going to have any sort of if – if we went Scott Snyder, I'd rather have him on Green Arrow. And Flash, I'd probably – I don't know. I don't know who I'd want. I, I wouldn't mind Rob Williams on Flash. That'd I'd, be cool, too. I think he's pretty good. He's a good character guy. Uh, how about Sean Ryan on Suicide Squad again? Because I liked it. That was a good ass run. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I want. I can barely talk. Brian Weston, that is from Conway, Arkansas. Chisanga is the next email. He says, "Hey Jim and Eric, I was surprised that Steve Orlando was able to write Supergirl without pushing dialogue that sounded like it was from a B action movie." If you say so. Yeah, I wasn't too pleased. With it. So I guess he can write other characters that aren't Midnighter. If he it's said. escalating, Jim. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not, you'll, you'll hear. I guess Jasanga didn't hear us do the spotlight, because <laughs> I, I did not like that issue one goddamn bit. Uh, that's my fuck you five for the week, just there a little is. spoiler. You know, I didn't like it. What are your thoughts on Kara having regeneration matrix? You know what I think? It's bullshit, because I'm curious as to where she got the files in the machine. She didn't get the, the files. Orgasm. That's the thing. That's the problem is, they didn't even say that she had them. It's the, you know, the government has them. The DEO had them. Nonsense. Since Clark and Lana couldn't find one in the fortress during Superman Rebirth, Kryptonium Files. P.S. Eric, fuck you. All right. <laughs> I, have a, I have a bunch of question marks. He does not like you all of a sudden, Eric. I, I don't know. He's pissed. He doesn't like you. He's, he's fucking, I don't know. He's mad. Here's the next one, Dancing Mike. Thank oh, no. But yeah, I, I did not like Batgirl, and there's other reasons besides that regeneration matrix. Uh, there, there's, what's that? And you said Batgirl. Oh, Supergirl. Uh, that book to me was a bunch of nonsense. It really was. And it, it got me so angry. And then we talked about it and I yelled at Eric for two hours because I cannot. Told you, there are certain times in my life where I'd go to a movie and I thought it was the worst thing ever. And I thought to myself, anybody laughing from this point on, I lose complete respect for. That's how I felt the other day. I got so angry. I, I think that book is terrible. Fucking I also like Waterboy. Yeah, that's the movie I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Dancing Mike, 
Hi, Jim and all the other bloggers at weirdsciencecomicsblogs.blogspot.com, weirdoutloud.burnvictim.com. Oh, God. So I was getting ready to record my rant rave for this week when all of a sudden I felt a gun to the back of my head and a large man in a ski mask whisper in my ear, greetings from Quakertown, bitch. You better stop busting on my boy. Is that your boy? <laughs> Is that your boy? And I put a piece of paper in front of me and said, read this after whatever nonsense you're going to talk about and make it sound like you mean it, motherfucker. So I gave my rant rave, then read whatever was on the paper, and after I was finished recording, gun hit me in the back of the head. When I woke up, the dude was gone, the piece of paper was gone, and I don't really remember what was on the piece of paper. So whatever I talked about at the end of my rant and rave is probably total bullshit, shouldn't be taken seriously. Aww. So sorry for whatever ridiculous ideas I might have been spouting at the end there. That's anyway, like, late on, 80s, baby. when I got over being too cool for school teenager, I got back to comics. I was a Marvel fan. I subscribed to Captain America, Hulk, and Iron Man, and interestingly enough, I think that the Marvel subscription service was actually quite good. That's the thing. First, I, told, I, told you the years. I told you the story when I had that for uh, Uncanny X-Men, and they stiffed me out of that yeah. fucking Death yeah. of Colossus issue, and I was done with subscriptions after that. So it may be total crap now. I remember at the time in their letter pages and editorials, Marvel would bust on DC all the time because they rebooted all their heroes with the crisis. We wouldn't do anything like that. We have all the heroes in history you know and love, blah, fuck, and blah. So I stopped subscribing to and reading Marvel when they decided to revamp all the heroes I love with the disastrous Heroes Reborn reboot. I got to issue ones of Fantastic Four and I think Captain America of that because it was right after the Onslaught saga went through and I combined all the Marvel heroes. I thought that was badass, but after that, I kind of stopped reading for a while, too. He says, now it looks like Marvel reboots their whole line on a bi-weekly basis with a new number one every month. And I don't have time for that nonsense. So the only Marvel universe I care about is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which seems to be a lot more coherent and organized than their comic line. That being said, I've decided I don't like Marvel Mondays, <laughs> and I have a reason other than that. I have no other reason other than that. I think Marvel Comics are a bunch of nonsense, or he has another reason other than that. Ever since Marvel Mondays was announced, it seems like you guys no longer just have time for just a hell of a podcast. I miss those. Just said. So please stop wasting your time with this Marvel nonsense and give us more nonsense nonsense. <laughs> That's my suggestion, which carries about as much weight as what I'm paying for this uh, podcast. Till next time, keep up the good work, and I shall shed my light over dark evil, for the dark things cannot stand the light. The light of... The Green Lantern, bitches! Well, uh, I actually sent a note back to Mike explaining that Marvel Mondays has nothing to do with just for the whole podcast. If anything is to blame, it is the cosmic treadmill and the weird comics history, in my mind. Also, the uh, the spotlight... But yep. we would all we would never record anything on a Monday. Uh, we would record on a Friday night, and if anything, a lot of times Reggie is busy. We're busy doing our other things. Yeah. Marvel Mondays. I think the last like three weeks, me and you have had like three reviews total. It's because I didn't us. have a book last week. Yeah, it's not anything with that. It takes me a while to share that stuff. Yeah. Monday after work, oh shit, all this stuff is up now, it's time to go home and share things. Yeah, if anything, it just kind of puts a damper on me getting some other reviews up, but uh, yeah, the Marvel stuff does not have anything to do with just the hell of it. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do next, and each of us has a crazy theory. Crazy theory. Reggie has these open-ended, let's just talk about video games in general. I'm like, this is going to be 10 hours. You don't have 10 hours. So we're, we're trying to figure out something. Uh, next one is Taylor. Hey, guys, what's up? It's been a long time since I've been able to listen to it. It probably will be a while before I catch up. I just got my first teaching job, and I've been doing trainings and meetings. Congratulations. And stuff. 
who I haven't been able to read too much. I did, however, want to ask you guys a random question, though. Who are your guys' top five favorite heroes and top five favorite villains, only DC? For him personally, it would be number five, Aquaman, number four, Damian Wayne, number three, Barbara Gordon, number two, Dick Grayson, number one, Hal Jordan. Do you have a list of heroes? I do, and I was trying to put this together. It was really hard for me to try to come up with something like that, but right off the bat, I had Kyle, and this is no particular order, Kyle Rayner, mm-hmm. Robin, and that's any of the Robins we've had so far, Blue Beetle, Superboy, and Batman. Oh, Mine would probably be, and I'm just mad, I didn't write anything. My number one Naya is Dick Grayson, then Flash, then probably, uh, probably Batman, then Superman, and then probably Wonder Woman. So we'll go with that. That's my nice. five. His villains. As he starts from five on down. Mr. Freeze, not the new 52 shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, Reverse Flash. Number three, Black Man. And number two, Atrocitus. Number one, Sinestro. Do you have a list of those? I do. Again, no particular order. Cyborg Superman, Metallo slash Parasite, Scarecrow, the Crime Syndicate in general, and the Joker. Okay. I would probably put Joker in there. I like Black Mana. I... I like Gorilla Grodd. There's yeah. three. I'm just coming up with some. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, Mixelplick and... Uh, you love Mixelplick, huh? Uh, what about Snake, Bizarro? Snakebite. I do love Bizarro. That's funny, though. He's not... He is a hero now, Eric. He is a hero. He's an anti-hero. As always, thanks for all you guys do. Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Right. The next one is from Ben. Congratulations, Taylor. He, now he can't listen to the podcast. He's got nope. too much on his plate. Next one. Taylor, make girl, sure you, the his students girlfriend listen. can listen. His girlfriend can listen. And the students can listen. Yeah, the students were freaking talking and cursing. Manship. Diarrhea. His title was My Gumbo Better Have and Dooley, but not Chevrette in it. I don't even know what that what? means. What? Hey, bros. At least we were What's getting up, a fun Superman book. Just not the one that we all thought it would be. New Superman is kicking ass. Fat Batman's ass. Not only was the first issue a good time, but listening to the trinity of comic reviewers talk about it last week was just as fun. Red Hood segment was great as well. Eric, I'm changing the BUV to BRUV, the Bat Road Utility uh, Vehicle. How awesome would it be to say, hello, bruv? I've always wanted to be a hello, bruv. Like the Quaker Town comic. Hello, bruv. (laughs) That is Lawnmower Manship. Thank you, Manship. Now the last email is from Brandon. Sup, fellas. Wondering about up, the grocery man? store early this well, wandering around the grocery store early this week, I stumbled upon a product that has returned from the dead, Crystal Pepsi. And I did right hear some now, people, hey. I did meet some people uh talking about this as well on Twitter, and I thought they were just talking about like an old bottle they had found. And somebody's you like, No, I found back? Crystal Pepsi. I'm like, I didn't know it was coming back. I did. It was terrible then. It was terrible. I drank a lot of it though. I'm always interested in new products like that. Like I drank a shitload of Pepsi Kona, and that was nonsense. Uh, I had my buddy from West Virginia, the guy who was in my band, came to visit me shortly after I graduated college, and we were the test area in our area for Pepsi Kona. That's probably why it was you everywhere. Remember, you remember the commercial, Sammy Hagar? No. Right for, now, hey, yeah, not, come on. For, not for Pepsi Cola. No, for Pe- Pepsi Cola. Oh, I'm now. saying Crystal Pepsi though. Yeah, no, Pepsi Cola was actually test. Oh, you did tell me that was area. right. And he ended up uh, going back to Pittsburgh with about like 15 cases, and that was <laughs> not Sammy Hagar himself. That was Van Halen era. Uh, it's not just Sammy Hagar. That's a Van Halen hit. Van Hagar. Yeah, that's a hit. Well, out of sheer curiosity, I bought a bottle to jog my memory of what it was like, you know, to relive the 90s for a few moments. It's now almost six or seven days later, and the bottle's still sitting there in my fridge. It's terrible. 
I don't have the willpower craving to drink it. I think I'm remembering subconsciously that it was awful back then because I legit don't remember. I'm mad it will be awful again, so I am just keeping away from it. Hopefully my daughter will sneak in one day out of the fridge and when I'm not paying attention, so it will stop mocking me from the glowing food box every time I open the door. It was terrible. I'm just saying, you keep that in the fridge and you pass it on to your daughter when she graduates high school. It's like in a family heirloom now from the past. I will tell you that Pepsi Kona, I think, was just a little ahead of its time. Because really, at that point, when Pepsi Kona out, I didn't know anybody who drank iced coffee at that point. Yeah. Stuff like that. And the big uh, complaint that I heard from anybody who drank Pepsi Kona was, it tastes like coffee and it's cold. That's bullshit. Really? I, I just thought it tasted yeah. fucking weird. Just tastes like. I coffee. tried a lot of it, though. I'm telling you, I'm Tell always you, interested in new like spinoffs a, of the things. The problem was, it was it was also uh, had carbonated. Carbonation, yeah, but it was like a carbonated iced coffee, and I think it might have done a little better if they would have waited. So you think in like five, um, seven uh, years, we're going to get Pepsi Coda back? We might. Maybe this Crystal Pepsi, and then they'll get all the garbage back. In general, comic book wise and poll list related, basically a rant. I think it was Wheezy who was on to something last week in his email titled Rebirth Overload. He brought up poll list issues and committing to these newer DC titles being released later in this Rebirth relaunch. I have to say I'm kind of on this boat. My poll list lately is fatter than Jim after a Chinese buffet. <laughs> I, that's the promise. I, I go right now. I expel it right away. Unless these new titles are something. He gets a plate for when he's on the can. Wait. Yes, or I ate a shit ton of garlic, I'm full. Let's face it, Cyborg dropping after all the good stuff has already come out in my world of interest anyway isn't going to look at this point. There you go. He's not going to check out. Why would he? The exception is I would consider Trinity when it eventually comes out, and that has gone dark again. I know. Uh, if it ever does at this point, which I agree is also part of the problem because after a big initial advertising push with the great communication, I feel like DC has gone dark. It's funny he says that. (laughs) And that book has disappeared from any mention. Part two of Rant. See what you did, Wheezy. I don't hate the double shipping. I actually quite enjoy it. But, but between that and my Marvel habit in which the latter has a tendency to change out, uh, ch- charge out the S for certain titles and release them all willy-nilly, sometimes twice a month as well, it all adds up quickly. Not I have no idea when Marvel books come out. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, we do this Marvel Monday. One of the books that I do is all new, all different Avengers um, most of the books that I have done, I've had one issue. I think I've had four issues of all new, all different adventures. I've had three it's issues bad. of Deadpool versus Gambit. I have no yeah. idea what's going on. Yeah. Not to mention this goddamn kid. I mean, my beautiful daughter is buying <laughs> a house and this girl I live with wants another kid. Don't do it, Brandon. Or later, and I can only hold her off so long. God damn it. This means tight. That Brandon's going to be like me. I have five kids and I'd be working and people would be like, oh, five kids. What are you, Catholic? I'm like, no, I like a fuck. <laughs> and then they just shake their head and leave because they are Catholic and they thought they were going to bond with me. Nope. This means titles like New Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Flash, which I like, could be on the block to be chopped in the very near future if they don't, don't get rid of that Suicide Squad. This year too. It's uh, he didn't like it. He's going to see it later. But it's funny, like right there, Flash and Wonder Woman, big books. Oh yeah, but they're already on his chopping block. That it's and I'm telling you, if it, right now they'd be on my chopping block too. Yeah, Man. same with Green Lantern. I don't know. Somebody had once said. If they should uh, get Wonder Woman and if they like like the year one story, just get that. So it's just a monthly. But eventually they're going to intersect. And, uh, yeah, who knows how long that's going to last? Yeah. A large reason because most are released twice monthly. I, we like the twice monthly just because we get a, uh, a cliffhanger. We don't have to wait that long. It's true. Now I have to change my reviews instead of saying, holy Jesus, I can't wait a month. I got to change. See you in 30. It's, it's changing up my game. Now I got, it's a roller coaster emotions. I can't wait those two weeks. 
<laughs> Titans would be a consideration to go to, but my rationale, it's only monthly and it's tying tightly into Rebirth's main answers. That would be my rationale, Supposedly. too. So I'm sticking out now. It's not going to. We'll see. You'll see. It won't. It'll right, just, be, especially because it's monthly, it, it is going to fucking drag on for fucking two years. I just Final know the note. two issues I've read of it, I've enjoyed. Even though not, not a lot has happened. Hey, there's just nothing happened. Yeah. Final note rant. So they're, they're doing it. They're really doing it. DC builds up all this goodwill and then slides this upcoming stinker. JLA number nine on us, which is coming out. Huh? I'm still not convinced. It isn't no. solicits. No, it is on the solicits, and most people now are saying that it will be out in two weeks. That's weird. God damn it, Ral. Just go away. You already infected the new Justice League with your nonsense. Seriously. Goddamn Zeus Bolt. Uh, Aquaman <laughs> special trident. Brian Hitch with you while you and get lost from comics forever needs to be said in your best squint voice from Sam. <laughs> squint. That's the thing too. I actually cannot Forever. remember what squint sounds like. Oh, that. For yeah. some reason, I did not put that together when I read this earlier. That's what he wanted. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, wait till you hear my little rundown of uh, Brian Hitch. I'm going to be screaming. Uh, he's ruining a perfectly good Just League Rebirth book. Why couldn't they just pick up right from an aftermath of Dark Side War? There's enough there to explore. God damn it, I'm still so mad I have to drop that book. Yeah, What's dropped- going on with Shazam's powers, Jim? What's going on with Shazam? Seriously. This week's book, Suicide Squad. Well, this book wins disappointment of the week for me. The story is going to be really hard to get into Aww. being told 13 to 15 pages at a time. I think the big thing of us, we really weren't looking forward to that book. You know, we didn't care either way. No. Really. And it's a Reggie book. Because <laughs> of 13 to 15 pages, it really didn't bother me at all. It really didn't. And I really and like the backup. We'll be getting it, you know. We'll keep getting stories and whatever. I'll put them all together. Literally nothing happened this issue. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They assembled, which they did partially last issue. Go to space, then go uh, to the water after Killer Croc pukes. <laughs> the end, you're forgetting a very important part. Boomerang shits himself. That's That's one of the best parts. With Jim Lee totally pussing out, forcing the stories to run short, I really feel bad for my man Rob Williams right now because he's taking a huge shaft where he doesn't deserve it. Just find a new artist and continue Martian Manhunter Volume 2, Rob. Rob, by the time Jim Lee is done with the art for issue 3 and 4 of this, you'll be able to have (laughs) Manhunter finished. I believe that we will probably get the – trying to think now what it would be. I would just guess six issues of Suicide Squad, then Jim Lee will be completely off. They'll have a whole uh, trade. They'll have, and that actually six issues allows you I to get it's, five of the main issues. character backups. What's that? I think it'll be ten issues. You, why do you think ten? Because I think he was supposed to do the first five issues, and now you in my mind, the big think that you actually think that he even got close to finishing those. That's what I I'm think saying. he will I, finish it though. I, I think that the reason why they're doing these backups is because you'll have five or six. You'll have five backups. You'll have uh, Harley, Deadshot, Boomerang, El Diablo, uh, fucking Croc, and then uh, what about Katana? Enchantress. They, they're not going to do it. I don't think they'll do anything with Katana, but they could. If they did, then yeah, Katana, Rick Flagg, Amanda Waller. I just think they're going to do these quick, and the minute that he's done whatever he has done, uh, they're going to bail with him and then just announce it somebody else, especially since, you know, you just had Paul Pellet, uh, not Paul, but Ivan Rice just on this number two. Right. If, if he had all of these things done or in the works, they would have had somebody already. This is, I'm telling you, they do not have much done and they're reaching for straws to get the shit done. I really hope with Ivan Rice being on number two, though, this is giving Jason Fabak time to do uh, number three. Maybe it'll do. I, I think maybe it'll just be a rotating like a great. Maybe. 
Harley Quinn. Okay, so I tried two issues of Harley so far after never really reading her solo time. I have to say I don't get it. This comes from a dude who had a PhD in crass humor. I just find none of the jokes to be funny, and this coming from someone who reads Deadpool on a regular basis. I can't. I won't continue this any longer. The art is good, though. I just prefer Suicide Squad Harley, I guess. Okay. I agree. That's, I agree. I really uh, prefer Suicide Squad Harley. And some of the jokes, I'm telling you, either they hit or they miss. And if they miss too many times, that's why I dropped the book from uh, I gave it okay. to you. Well, and then same thing. And it wasn't even hitting or missing. It just was the same thing. Exactly. Over and over again. Even when it was funny, it was the same thing. So I give it to Reggie. Holy uh, cremoles. Yeah. Superman number five. God damn it, Superman. You get sucked into Eradicator and you don't for one second look for or even give a damn uh, whistle for crypto. I actually I know, went right? back and I thought maybe crypto was there. At some- I, w- I went back and looked too. Between Lois being a horrible mother and Superman's animal amnesia, John is going to grow up with to be a murder victim or murder leaving burned victims in his wake left and right. Yeah, it was oh. it that was the perfect way to have crypto come out. But yeah, thumbs up to Batman and Nightwing. I'm enjoying the hell out of those books. One thing on Nightwing that bugs me though is the constant narration. It's literally like narration overload at points. Is that a Tim Seeley thing? I don't know. I I'm not too hip on that issue actually. I have a big issue with Batgirl. It's a bunch of nonsense. There's no way that the fucking Court God of Owls... stalker would, lady. There's no way that the Court of Owls would, would ever let that go on. Also, there's a point in the issue where uh, Dick whispers to Batgirl what we know and then yells out his plan of what he wants to do. It's the yep. most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He's like, the Court of the Owls wants us to go get this thing. But you know, Barbara, I'm going to get that, and I'm going to kill that guy. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to take it for myself. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. He yells his plan, but whispers what they uh, – and we see that at any point, the Court of the Owls seem to be able to flip a switch and see what's going on. I have no idea what's up with that fucking monitor. Oh. Uh, they would not be uh, – Batgirl – so Batgirl now is doing this, sees all of this stuff and then just goes back to Gotham. They're so pleased. Oh, my God. The the, the gray sun is ours now. Batgirl just goes back and gets Batman, and shit gets real for them. It, it's so ridiculous. She goes back and fucking calls TMZ. The fucking whole thing's exposed. They're worried about a fucking, you know, their maze, their fucking puzzle house. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's just there. She has an eidetic memory. You got a lot of problems with her being in that issue and, and just being able to be there and then them being happy about it. I'm telling you, I really wish we would have held off on that Batgirl thing for a little while longer. What's that? Like, oh, I'm telling her? you, her showing up after Dick le- like uh, left yeah. her on that date. Like, if no, we would have had no Dick doing his thing. here. There was no you, like in four more issues, if she would have shown back up and seen Dick and heard about the things he'd done, I think there would have been yeah. a little bit more no, impact. You know what? Uh, uh, this was going to be part of my going, Brandon. Now you, you let the cat out of the bag. Now I'm angry. Why didn't they do it where freaking Barbara shows up? Fucking he knows the court of the owls and he's trying to like pretend like, uh, why are you here? I told you to get the hell out of my That's the thing. life. It's like bitch. showing a, like an animal way to go back into the woods or something like that. You know, like in Harry and the Hendersons or some nonsense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she, he shows up and he's like, now he's got to pretend to hate baby doll. Yeah, and she's like, Oh my God, you, I told you, I told you pilgrim. It's like, <laughs> listen, bitch, I told you, I didn't want any parts of you and that Batman anymore. I've changed. You ginger I'm a badass fuck. now. And then he just, like, put, and you have Raptor there, like, oh, yeah, you know what? He is badass or whatever. I fucking no. Barbara's in full out. And within a page or two, it, Raptor and Barbara are having these in-jokes going on. I'm like, the one point when Raptor's like, oh, so you do admit that you're wrong sometimes. What do you mean sometimes? You just met her. You've known her now for three minutes. 
Sometimes you oh, so angry that at the two things that angered me the most this week besides just the Justice League book in general was that barber being there and that stupid goddamn panel in Doctor Fate that you had to point out where uh, Khalid's parents are fucking talking but they're not. It's just these random dudes in line and this one thing I'm telling you if you get that book uh, we'll point it out later. The fucking worst mistake I've ever I'm seen. You, I have it pointed out in my review. I have question marks over the parents' heads. And they're even like looking at each other like with a, a shrug and a, oh my, <laughs> it's so bad. They, and also, the worst part is, is the one uh, balloon calls out Muhammad by name. I know. That's why I realized, what the hell's and going on? And you know what's here? even funnier too is before that, there's a stressed part or either before or after, but I think it's before where they even stress where the dad mentions his name again so that you remember that it's Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's like, doctor, yeah, no, that, call me Muhammad. Yeah. And then that's like two pages later. Dr. Nassar, no, my name's Muhammad. Dr. And the guys that are father. talking, their mouths aren't even open. The one guy's just standing there. I'm saying it's supposed to be a husband and wife. It's two guys, one's in a hoodie. Yeah, one's in a hoodie, like f- almost facing the opposite way. Yeah. It's the worst. Okay, he goes, man, that was negative. I talked to Jim too much this week. It rubbed off on me. Yeah. I dudes, go Bills. Him and his Bills. Bills. Sending us shit on Twitter today about the Bills. Yep. Yeah, because uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, freaking scored. So he's on with his shady. Shady McCoy. You keep shady. He freaking get me. He's going to be in jail soon. What do you think of that? He got in some trouble. They they dropped the charges. They, there's no way. All these sport guys, they do shit. The charges are dropped, and then it goes on and on. It escalates, Eric. It escalates like that Supergirl. And the next thing you know, they murder somebody, and then they're all surprised when they get fucking arrested. And I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, Eric. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but if Brandon is going to go on, and thanks, Brandon. He's going to go on with his Marvel Minute where he's going to talk about the Ultimates number 10. Speaking of uh, Marvel... There for Dancing Mike. This is dedicated to both Rob Lewis and Dancing Mike. They <laughs> love that Marvel. They love Marvel stuff, Eric. But yeah, this is Brandon, and we'll be back with the meat and cheese, which is the books. How we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon coming back at you with another Marvel Minute. Uh, this week, we're going to do the Ultimates issue number 10. We got the writer on that issue of Al Ewing. Uh, we have art by Kenneth Rockefort and DeGibral Morissette. Uh, color artist is Dan Brown on the issue. Um, we got the Ultimates currently tied up in a lot of this Civil War nonsense going on right now. So we're going to pick up this issue uh, with a quick kind of reminder um, that they still have Anti-Man uh, and Thanos uh, in custody at the Triskelion. Um, and that Thanos is kind of uh, getting in the, the brain of Anti-Man. He's using... Um, some sort of telepathic powers uh, that have either laid dormant or he's just developed to kind of influence Anti-Man and let, and kind of get in his head, repeating to him that, that the Ultimates don't care, that they just have him custody, uh, not to help him, but to keep him from harming other people. Again, he's, he's just trying to manipulate Anti-Man to his whims. So we move from that scene to basically the meat of the issue. And, and this is going to basically retread old ground that was covered in either issue three or four of Civil War main main story sees Captain Marvel um, and the rest of the team confront the lady who is coming out of some Wall Street building uh, with a briefcase. And Ulysses has let Captain Marvel know that, that there's something important in this briefcase 
uh, and that it's going to screw up the economy big time. Again, this isn't a spoiler because it happened about a month ago, but this issue is just coming out now. Long story short, once they open that briefcase, they find there's nothing in it. So Ulysses' vision was 100% not true, and some of the Ultimates did not enjoy the way that Captain Marvel handled the scene and the way that the S.H.I.E.L.D. police agents were kind of manhandling uh, the woman in question. So so basically, we, we kind of have the team split down the middle. middle. At this point, you have Blue Marvel, Miss America Chavez on the side, basically against Captain Marvel. You have Captain Marvel and Spectrum basically on her side, which is pro-using Ulysses to stop these situations from happening. And then there's Black Panther, who is just refusing to choose a side. He's just keeps repeating it throughout this issue. He's waiting to see how things play out. After that scene, we, we get a flashback, and basically it's uh, Miss America Chavez. She's talking to the government liaisons responsible for watching over the, the Ultimates. And she basically is a mole and reports back to the government and lets the government know what the Ultimates are doing and you know how, the, how they're basically behaving and if they're staying in line. And she's kind of letting them know there's, there's a rift forming in the team. So we get back to the Triskelion, and the team debates the extremes of the actions Captain Marvel has done. Basically, uh, we have Miss America, again, who's just sick and tired of, of Captain Marvel's shit. And in Miss America's defense, Captain, Mar- or Captain Marvel is acting like a total bitch throughout this entire event. So she really has no ground to stand on. Miss America gets so sick of her, her garbage and, and what she keeps saying that she goes WWE on her ass. And, and hits her with a chair right over the back. While she's recovering from that, she, she puts Miss Marvel through a table, all nasty boy style. And then this, of course, uh, causes a fight. So even though Blue Marvel is against Captain Marvel, uh, he, he kind of comes to her defense to try to, you know, break up the fight. We, we have Spectrum who goes on the attack against Miss America Chavez, but she, she has these powers that allow her to kind of, uh, to basically teleport to different realities. So, as Spectrum attacks her, she, she sends her through a portal to a different reality, so she's out of the picture. And then, of course, you again have Black Panther literally standing in the middle of the room, not choosing a side, while the people are literally fighting. Uh, so we get towards the end of the issue here, and we see Thanos. Uh, he's still screwing around and, uh, and effing with Anti-Man. He basically cons Anti-Man into using his powers, which are, they, they have Anti-Man built up to be more powerful than Thanos at this point. So he cons him into using his powers to burst free of his jail cell because they use so much power to, to keep Anti-Man in that cell. It basically blows the breakers to the Triskelion, and then our cliffhanger is basically Thanos using this opportunity to bust himself out of his cell that he's being held in, and that's how our issue ends. So you guys know how I do things for you. I tell you to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it altogether, and unfortunately, uh, one of my favorite books, The Ultimates, since it's been wrapped up in this Civil War crap, has taken a huge nosedive, and this is going to be in either borrow or forget it altogether territory. Mostly for the reason that this issue, literally half of it, covers ground that we have already seen played out about a month ago in Civil War. So uh, you're really not getting anything new in this issue as far as that goes. Um, the art varies from killer to subpar. So uh, obviously there were two different artists on this title. You got Kenneth Rockefeller, who usually handles the art duties. His stuff is top-notch. And then you have the obvious Civil War tie-in stuff, which was done 
by somebody else. And, and what this book feels like is is that civil civil war stuff was literally stapled into the middle of an ultimate story. So so it's just not done well. It's not put together well. But the art shifts are jarring and, and do not complement each other in any way, shape, or form. And then just as far as story goes, uh, the, the whole debating about civil war just needs to stop. They either need to fight it out or just end Ulysses, kill that dude, because this this is boring comic book and it is really making me drop a lot of Marvel titles lately. Uh, so we got that going. Uh, if you guys are looking for something to buy this week, because when I do a borrower, forget it, I like to give you something to, to look forward to. Um, either Gwenpool, number five, or uh, Gen X uh, by Valiant would both be buys. Gen X is coming out this Wednesday. I'll have a review up on Sunday for it. So check that out. Uh, but that's all I got for you guys this week. I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric. You got anything to say to me? Or you got a suggestion for something for me to do a, a quick Marvel Minute on? You can find me on Twitter at Beamer3660. And I'll talk to you guys next week. All right, and we're back, Eric. Yes, we, we are. are. Back. Little Beastie Boys for you. Uh, I like being able to hear the music when we. So do I. Right? Makes me, it pumps me good. up right there, right before. Yeah, gets, I was actually thinking, what can I pump Eric up with? I wasn't going to pick that first. I was actually going to go a little Rage Against the Machine. I thought that would get you too pumped up. You might want to punch. A lot me. of the times with the music we have, I dance. That one, I was a shrugging back and forth. I'm like, yeah. Doing uh. a little shrugging. Well, we're going to shrug into the books part of the podcast, Eric. This is the meat and cheese. What else is it? It's everything. This is your. Your sunshine, your morning. My only sunshine? Uh, your only sunshine, you know, because Eric. This is how we yeah. do it. I could always help. It's always good. This is how we do it. Right? Come on. You dancing right dancing now? Dancing for it right now. You dancing for it right now? All right. I don't have uh, Let's Get Retarded, but. Go to the Cabbage Patch again. <laughs> hey, that's still a dance, right? But we are Should at be. the. Books part of the podcast, The Meat and Cheese, and if you want to read all of our flowery reviews. And this week, my reviews in general were down, even though the book that we're going to start out with is one of my favorites. But yeah, you go to our site at weirdsciencedccomics.com. Uh, during the week, we actually talk to each other about the books. Well, that's all we do, right? Yeah. We talk about that, and Scott Snyder is all worried that he's going to ditch Oh, us. God, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what work is for us. We punch in. Punch in, punch out, whatever. We talk comics. And then you have the a podcast. Touch me? Yeah, then it's Saturday. Yeah, really. Then on Saturday, we have a podcast where we talk eight hours about these comics. It's like it never ends. And actually, at some point. We need a hobby. Yeah. At some points, I'm not complaining, but at some points, it almost is like there has to be like two days in a row of, of being off. You know what I mean? At yeah. some point, I, I don't see that ever happening. I don't. Uh, speaking of which, I didn't even say we haven't talked about it. In a couple of weeks, we may have Scott Snyder on, which we did talk about, but you won't be here. In I will weeks. not. And that's the thing. I actually think in my mind, I'm going to have to spell it out. I'm going to call, not call, I'm going to message Scott and say, hey, uh, you know, you want to go on this week, that week. And I'm going to tell him Eric isn't going to be on this one week. I don't think he's going to want to come on that week. I think he w wants to come on. And here, just in general, back to Scott Snyder. At one point, he said, 
hey, I'd love to be on the podcast. And I said, oh, my God, we, we'd love to have you. And to, we are nervous, fellas. I started and, having a heart attack right there. Well, I talk to you a lot. This is why we do have an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Like at some point, I'm going to ask J- uh, James Bonney to be on. He, yeah. He's a great guy. We talked to him. I am such a nervous fellow, though, that I don't know that I could talk to somebody I don't know. I'm really – me and you talk on Social and on. Social retards, us a while. I believe they call yeah, it. And it, it took us a while to even talk to Reggie. Yeah. I don't even know that guy's name. <laughs> Reggie. Uh, <laughs> Reggie the Reckless. But, yeah, Reggie the Reckless. And But it, it's tough. But then when Scott Snyder kind of like asked us to be on, you, you kind of have to, you know – I don't know. Bite the bullet and have Scotty, more. I don't know. Uh, We're um, very cool. awkward guys. I don't think yeah, we want to do this. We are, but uh, I have a feeling that if I said, hey, you know, come on on, and then he comes on, hey, uh, hey, Jim, you know, nice to meet you. Where's Eric? Oh, he's not on this week. <laughs> I think he might get upset. I think I'd be like, too. oh, man, and he would think that you just don't want to talk anything positive. Like, you hate him, no. and you've decided not to be on. But no, that's not the case. I, honestly, I would just chicken out. Yeah, well, you aren't going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. It's going to be another one of those with me and Reggie. It ends up being a pretty. I think it's the decent- September fourth. Uh, yes, it's podcast. it's the weekend of uh, Labor Lake- Day. Yeah. Labor Day weekend. You will not be on, but it is actually uh, turns out to be one of those annual weeks. We have one Good of those to be off. guys, you know. So we have like four books. One of them supposedly JLA number nine. <laughs> I don't know that we'll even be talking about that because I know I don't think Reggie's read it. Up until then, I don't remember anything from it. Jesus Christ. You couldn't remember it because it was so goddamn right. delayed. Oh, I don't know. I think we're getting a little bit bits and pieces in this Justice League that we'll be talking <laughs> about in a little bit. So maybe it'll all meld together. Uh, really, if it does come out, I, I, we get the book sent to us for free. I, I might wipe my ass with it. I really might. I just it, That book is nonsense. It's been delayed now for, I think, seven years. I think one of my kids wasn't even born when that book stopped, right? He's graduating that was part of now. The, that wasn't even that was part of the golden age that book and uh, but you know we'll get to that but yeah in general what I was getting at is at one point we were talking and we both said that we did not have great weeks with books with True. our books. and uh, it's funny I think I'm a little more positive with your book so that kind of brought me up I have a book that I think is one of the best since Rebirth uh, my others are a little down but then we talked about Reggie's books that you'll hear later Reggie is not on the podcast tonight he is actually in uh, Virginia. Or Bethlehem. He's a lover. He's a lover, Eric. Is that a thing and, for Virginia? Uh, so we talked his books, and we actually, you know, Aquaman, Harley, and Suicide Squad. And we liked Aquaman. We liked Harley a little more. And then we love Suicide Squad. So Brandon, who did not like Suicide Squad, I think that – I really do. I said during Brandon's mail, just so we can kind of talk about it because I don't think we talk about it later. Um, right. Just the fact that people had probably ordered that. With Jim Lee's art in mind. You know what I mean? That I was a slap yeah. to the face. They, they wanted that. We didn't have any investment in that. We didn't care either way. And because to me, I actually, before I read it, I do mention this later, I messaged Reggie and said, boy, I wish Jason Fabok did the whole goddamn book. It looks awesome, that, that backup. But I, I had a, that was probably if I had to give a fun factor rating of my favorite book fun wise, that easily. Definitely. Easily at Suicide Squad. That was just fun. It was a lot of fun. But we're going to start. I had a lot of fun on... talking to you about it. Yeah. Yeah, really. Where do you hear how giddy we get? We are <laughs> giggling with each other. At one point, if you, I don't really laugh out loud a lot on the podcast. You know, Me I like, either. Yeah, you do a lot of, tss, you know what I mean? And then no, you'll, I laugh you'll, all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm trying to pull up your deal. You don't laugh, Eric. <laughs> or, or. <laughs> 
<laughs> or <laughs> there you are the laughing all the time. But really, when do you hear me like laugh so much that I couldn't get my breath? And at one point we were talking about the diarrhea sweats that Boomerang's having. And I, I couldn't even talk. I was laughing so hard. But uh, this next book is one of my favorite books. Not a laugh riot, though. Eric. No. I tell you, it's not a laugh riot. I really, really like it. And if, if you give it, I was thinking as we were getting ready or I, I was getting ready for this. As I was getting ready, I'm thinking, if he gives this book, which is Batman number five, if he gives it less of a score than that Supergirl, it's over. I am turning off the podcast. I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to take that, Eric. I'd be so you angry. Can we get the night off now? If I to say that? Yeah. Yeah, you say that this is a, a below seven. Now, I'm I'm getting ready for this, and I'm paging. I'm like, who is that sex? Oh, my God, it's Batman. It's like you and the chat, chatterbait. You're there, and you're like, who is this sexy chick? And then the pants go off. big a, old penis. And you're like, who is this sexy chick? Who is this sexy dude? <laughs> I'm telling you, it just ups the ante. But, yeah, this first book is going to be Batman number five, written by Tom King, art by David Finch, Sandra Hope, Matt Banning, Scott Hanna, Jordi Beller, and John Workman. I have enjoyed Tom King's Batman so far and just love this issue. Love it, Eric. I'm in love with it. I'm an American. Everything comes to a head with Gotham, but it also shows us a lot about Batman and those around him. Gotham Girl ends up being the hero of the story, but at what cost, Eric? At what cost? At what cost, Jimmy Boy? Really bold. At what cost? I knew you would. This issue was a great combination of comedy and tragedy. It's like a Greek play, this thing, Eric. Oh, my God. Get off his stick, man. Holy. Holy cow. And I can truly say... That Tom King has now given me nightmares and dreams, Eric. <laughs> nightmares and he's dreams. He's so West Craven. Come on now. Nightmares and dreams. All right. Here All we right. Go. We start off. I'm going to get down to business, down to brass tacks. First off, let, let me mention, Batman has one of the best-looking set of boobs I've ever seen in my life. And the best part of it is, on that cover, what is Gotham doing? Looking at his tits? Yeah. He's looking at them. He is excited. He's like, holy shit, I'm into this. And you don't see his backside. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, it starts off. Gotham, when we left off, we know what happened. Or I'll tell you what happened. Gotham pretty much bitch slapped Batman and flew off saying he's going to destroy Gotham. So at this point, Batman is and it's still probably getting himself picked up out of that rubble. You're damn right. And uh, Gotham is downtown. So he gets a hold of Alfred, says, listen, and he explains the whole thing. Uh, Psycho Pirates broke him. He's out of control. He's going to destroy Gotham. Uh, we got to get to him, but exactly. I'm not going to get there. I need, you know, and here's the thing. What I like about this is he's like, uh, do what you can do. Alfred knows exactly what he means. This yeah. is, again, not only the, what I really love about this issue because of this, it really pulls into that whole thing. Batman is always prepared. But he also makes sure everybody around him is prepared as well. He, I kind of wish so. Like, what's like that? I'm saying, Alfred going up against Gotham. I kind of wish he would have the bat, like the hell suit, bat suit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he'd have because, to go to the moon, Eric. I know, that's he'd go crazy. To the moon. Uh, really, I think that at this point, 
he must really be counting on God. Like he only needs a couple minutes, but he yeah. needs Gotham to just not destroy everything. The, just the thing that's his attention with his skinny ass legs. Yeah, the thing that's a little off is that up until this point, what we've seen is him bitch slapping Batman. Like I said, so it, I don't get in my mind that he wouldn't do that again. And if he does that, Alfred's dead. There's, oh, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Alfred is dead. But what we get is Alfred hears that. It has to be one of the worst things Alfred's ever heard. You know what I mean? He's like, he does not want to do this. So you see him. It's not spelled out. That's what I really like. It's not Batman like, hey, Alfred, you have to get in the cow. I have to, you know, this is something that they've Do what you can do. Points. And yes, do what you can do. And he gets, Alfred, there's the mask. He's getting the cow. He's uh, putting it on. And he actually, it is him. He's already in the Batmobile. He's putting it on. And he's uh, telling. You know what I really like about this too, though? What's it's an it? old bat suit. Yeah, it is. I really like it. And to me, you want to really go because to me, this is when I read this, I'll tell you right now, and it was mentioned before um, by um, uh, what, uh, Brian from Arkansas. No, Brian from Arkansas asked if that had ever been something. A thing, yeah. And to me, I told you, I told you at work that the thing that got me is that's one of my favorite things. I will tell you, I've told you a million times. Million times. My favorite things as a kid was seeing Alfred get in the bad suit. It made me laugh. And so the Batgirl and the motorcycle go by. And Batgirl, that was a little, like, a little. That was a little different, yeah. When I saw Alfred, though, as a little kid, I just, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And I thought it was hilarious. So when this starts going, I'm getting excited. But I'm also, like, thinking that Tom King's with me. He loves this because he does this and he has a little thing. And at first read, it came up as something different. And I've heard people talk about this and even in reviews. But to me, this is the John McClane moment. Definitely. About. I, I tried to get the, the sound clip and I couldn't. But this is Alfred. That People are saying that, oh, this is Alfred uh, remembering what he said to Thomas. Yes, that's part of it. But part of it is, is basically like, yep. Here I go. Come to LA. We'll have some laughs. Yeah, yeah, hey, we'll have some fun. This is like, oh, you know what? If you, you'll never go down crime alley and get killed with your wife with those pearls. And you know, it doesn't matter because Bruce is such a nice kid and he's quiet. He plays these board games and it's the job. I would love to take care of him. And all up until this time, everything that Alfred has done, I've called bullshit and said he was an asshole. This is not him being an asshole. If somebody thinks this is him being an asshole, I fully disagree. This is a guy who might be 65 to 70 years old who knows that he has to put on a bat suit and go against a goddamn a super fucking Superman and maybe heading to his death. And you know what he does? He does it. He gets in that goddamn Batmobile and does it. But, yeah, he's not so happy about it. No. He's doing it. He's going to get it done. At one point, he's even laughing to himself when he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, oh, you're you're not just going to walk down Crime Alley with Martha and her best pearls. That would be <laughs> absurd. And I think he's like, yep. And and if our theory is right, he's smiling because he wants to die. This guy wanted to die months ago. You know, it's funny to I'd me, say though. Months ago, but the pretzel continuity, Eric, the fucking New 52 was only a couple months. But he's riding the Batmobile as he's saying this, and the miles per hour is going up, and I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I actually went back just to see how fast he was going. Like, I all right. And he goes, he's getting there, there's people getting out of the way, he's still going. As he's heading it, he's getting closer and closer to Gotham at the the hero. It's so weird to see. I know. Uh, you know. And he's like, getting oh, closer okay. to the city, Jimmy. Yeah. He spends his life, mild days reading books, tranquil nights playing board games. He's just about, eh, perhaps a char charity ball now and again. He's going 196. 
and he hits Gotham and he hits him hard. And Gotham goes yeah, 200 just, miles per hour. This, but this actually starts the whole process, uh, which to me, Tom King has been setting up this whole uh, series where Gotham isn't exactly as powered as he is at points because you hit Superman going at that. I think that the Batmobile is completely destroyed. Batman might fall. You know, not Batman. Yeah, yeah. Superman. Superman may fall down, but you you know Superman. He'd probably just reach out and stop him. Well, like we saw in Batman v Superman when the car like hit him, it bounced off him. Yeah, and so you're getting this idea, which comes to play later about this, and I'll go into that more. But this has been something where I had said about Tom King, even that prolonged fight with Solomon Grundy, which I did not like, that I thought was meaningless action. It's not anymore. Because it really points out, that it's a good point. I'm so we had the plane, we had Solomon Grundy, we had these points well, throughout the story the to see and Gotham and what up, he could it's do. Come up of what Gotham's powers are. If you just think of what you just said, the guy and his sister stopped a fucking plane from crashing and picked it up, and then in the next issue couldn't take down Solomon Grundy, and it didn't make sense. I, it was ridiculous. When Batman shows up, tosses Solomon Grundy, fight over. Yeah, and it was really odd. And I actually, I took it all of this time. As Gotham was either holding back, which he kind of is, or he just didn't know what he was doing. But that's right. not. But then Batman Gotham's there, and the bat. Here's the best part of the whole goddamn issue. He, Alfred gets out and says, "Hey, stop! And he, who are you? Uh, I'm Batman." He says that, and he had the mustache is the best. But yeah, yeah it's freaking. And then he gets ready to fight, and he's and Gotham's like, "No, you're just a man in a mask. What is that?" And all of a sudden, Batman shows up, and it, Alfred looks like he's <laughs> his pants, and it's so great. Because oh, thank it's, God! It's such a humorous moment in something that is so serious at this moment, uh, where he's like, "Thank God!" And he he when we make the sound effect, whoa, 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 this is exactly <laughs> what it is. And you see those thin freaking and Gotham is like, it's the best thing because Gotham has no idea how to. So react. confused. And again, if you think about this, this is not Superman. This is not a super. He has been a superhero for a couple weeks at most. Yeah. So he doesn't know how to react to shit like this. Like, oh, skinny ass Batman with a mustache running away out of nowhere after yes. crushing a car into him. But he is, he is still a little crazy from Psycho Pirate. All the shit, and it's not even just that. He had that that freaking anger. Then it coupled with his uh, parents getting killed. He he's on edge completely. He's out of his goddamn mind at this point. Yeah, he's out of his mind. So this whole thing of seeing Alfred in the cow. And that he's just a man in a mask really gets to him. And it, it's something and that it, it plays coming. for the rest of the issue. And it keeps coming up because this is him, I think, thinking to himself, like, basically, I think that he is angry and very jealous because his life goal, it, it, it's done. He has gone against what he wanted to do. And the person who is Gotham's savior, who he wanted to be, is just a guy in a mask. It's not a guy who has superpowers like him. He can be a god. If he wants to, but yet just a guy in a mask is the person who as, is the savior of Gotham. And also, to, in my mind, is also in his mind saying, like, not only does he save Gotham, but Gotham accepts him. Look at me. I should have been the shiny hero that saved everyone. And now look what happened. I'm going to fucking burn it all down. And I like that Batman shows up and he's like, hey, Gotham, we have to talk, please. As he is trying to take him down. Yeah, well, he has and, to subdue him to talk, yeah, you know. he is trying to subdue him, and he throws everything at him. He throws him into the Batmobile. 
blows it up. And I, there's another bit of humor where uh, yeah, freaking Duke is back at the Batmobile. He's like, how many Batmobiles are we going to have? Okay, we're, every we're, issue we fucking destroy a Batmobile, yeah. it seems and like. And I like that they call it out. Like yeah. I said, if anything has impressed me, and I read all of Tom King's Grayson, really liked it. We read the uh, Omega Men. I, I haven't read all of Sheriff of, of Babylon, um, or Baghdad, I mean. But um, is it Babylon or Baghdad? It is Sheriff of Baghdad. Yeah. Um, what I like about this the most isn't just like the actual issue that I'm reading, but how he does even tie things that I was annoyed at before back in and just oh, yeah, that, you get all that, the freaking stuff that got that Batmobile thing. Batmobiles. Saying, like how many Batmobiles you said almost Duke's exact line as a joke. Yeah. And then he goes from that, he actually gets the fucking Batwing and smashes it into him. Hmm. I mean he is going to town and he needs that that you go back to the Bat Cave as well then and Duke's there watching and that's when Gotham Girl gets up. And she's like, oh you know what's going on and Duke is is afraid. I think that Duke damn right he is. Yeah, and I think Duke's going to, you know, you're going to see your brother. He's getting beat up by Ben. What's going to happen? And she does flip out of the one point, gets the Robin suit and just throws it and destroys the entire that. case. Yeah. Yeah. The whole case just destroys it. And she's like, I'm still scared. I don't know what to do. Um, but I really like this because she starts talking. He asked, are you going to kill me? Whatever. And that's when she's like, my brother, he, he never left me. And now yeah, he's going to. That's I'm all old. she's done. And why I follow her brother around. Why I love this moment so much is at this point, what do you think she thinks is going to happen to Gotham? He's going to die. But how? Uh, oh, the the power bit though. Yeah, but she does. We don't know that. No, we don't know that at that point. That's what I'm saying. She's talking, and in my mind, you're thinking, "Oh my God, she thinks that Batman's going to kill him and all this." But it's not because if if it was Batman, they're still left for chance. There's no chance. She knows he's going to die. It doesn't matter if Bat- if Batman gets his neck snapped, the Justice League comes out, he kills all of the Justice League, and then fucking Stormwatch comes down. It's <laughs> going to die. There's no way he can get out of it because she knows the kicker is is that when they went to get the powers, and Batman says to Duke, listen, you got to ask Gotham Girl, how? what are these powers? These don't make sense. This guy has caught a plane, and then he couldn't fight Grundy. He couldn't get a freaking girder up on a goddamn bridge, and then the next minute he throws the girder into the Batmobile and blows it up. These powers are wonky. They're not, you know, tit for tat. He is not a Superman all the time. He seems to be adjusting to what he's fighting. And they ask, and she says, she tells him that that it is a powers that they bought, and the powers were uh, what's it called? Uh, freaking life for power. Yeah, it was a weird. It's a it's a weird kind of like uh, way to describe it to me is that you don't really ever get an explanation of where they got the power. I don't think they that Tom King wants to tie that down just yet. We may get to it uh, a little later. But what is what ends up happening is her explaining it. Listen, we were given these powers, but how these powers work is to be to be super powered. It takes life off of your. You know, I've I've seen this thing done with like magic. Certain oh, yeah. magic stories where if you use it, that's why in my mind when I was growing up, somebody somewhere explained to me that's why all the wizards you see are all decrepit old men. Right. You use the magic, it sucks your life energy and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he they have powers, they can use them, and she explains it. It's like we could go decades and not use these powers. We could do something for two years. We could become Superman for a month, but we can become a god for an hour. You, you get the choice. Uh, at this point – 
he is facing Batman and basically, you know, he says to Batman, I, I'm telling you, I love this whole issue. But when Gotham says, I tried to save Gotham to Batman, Bath- Batman knows that he was a good guy. Yeah. Like now he has to die. He has to at least be subdued. But he knows that everything he did and really, if anything, Batman blames himself later. It's all psycho pirate. It's all psycho pirate. The worst thing that Batman couldn't do for Gotham is to snap him out of it before he snapped that guy's neck. And even then, I'm telling you, you had a trial. You have trials. and These guys go to jail or whatever in the universe. I don't even think he's guilty because he was insane. Psycho pirate made him insane. So, oh, yeah. But he is going to destroy everyone. He's going to kill people. And that's what he's like. I tried to save Gotham. And Batman says, I know. And then that's when Gotham, he looks like he's going to cry. And he's like, I, I can't. You can't. You just can't. And then he says, I know. And it was, I'm telling you, I, I actually got like goosebumps because Batman knows this guy is, this isn't a villain. This is somebody who had the best intentions and it just didn't work out. But then he says goodbye, Batman. And I'll tell you before. This leads to a problem that I have though. Well, before we go, at the one point, they're, they're kind of fighting and Batman does call Alfred and says, Hey, Alfred, make the call. And that's when Alfred, like, hems and halls. I'm like, make whatever call you're talking about. You better fucking make that call. But he's like, sir, we've never in Gotham. Are you certain? And he's like, yes, make the call. And then we find out that call is to the Justice League. And I like that uh, it's spelled out by Tom King that he says never in Gotham because that's always. And we always talk about it all the time. Because people would argue, oh, why wasn't the Justice League We're not in Gotham? No, there Batman no way that would Batman, take care of this shit on his own. Yeah, there is no way in my in my heart that he would ever let the Justice League come in and save shit in Gotham because that's his city. But he did make the call. You don't know that it's that call. But no. then it's when uh, Batman says, I know. And then he's like, goodbye, Batman. And that's when uh, Batman says, goodbye, Gotham. And then all shit. Then the Justice League shows up. Uh, what did you have a problem with? Well, it seems that Batman is too ready to die in this issue. What we've been talking about, Alfred seems like he is just so fed up with everything he wants to die. Here it seems like a role reversal where Alfred is willing to do like whatever he, like Batman says, but Batman yeah. at two separate occasions no, I, of this I, issue I do is ready that, to die. Uh, here's the problem, though. For the, no real the, reason, though, for the Batman though, that I've known because he always yeah, has a contingency plan and I, he needs to save I his city. That- I don't think that he had any contingency plan for something like this. I really don't because he trusted this character at, at Gotham. He trusted but, me. I'm saying though, but for Superman, he, oh, he even has a contingency plan for Superman. Who well, I know, but friend. here's the thing. Do you think though that his contingency, he has a contingency plan where I said to you, it's obvious that he thinks he's going to die. I don't think he wants to die. I think that he just does not see any way out of this. He's, he has a contingency. That's it. He's not even going to jump gonna out die. of the way, though. He no, just he sits called, there and waits for it. Yeah, but he called He called the Justice League. There's the contingency plan, and I don't care what anybody says. He thinks he's going to die, and he's calling the Justice League to get there to pick up the pieces. But it seems he's killed. willing to die. Like, him yeah, saying, I'm, like I'm going to sit here and just die because there's nothing else I can do. Here's the thing, because then it continues on later where he kind of goads him into shit. But I think that leads into everything as well. But I actually think that with this I know and all this, I don't know that at this little point he's lost faith in everything himself. Gotham is ready to die. Maybe he is ready to die because he keeps saying, you know what? Maybe he's thinking there is no saving this goddamn well, city. Just, I don't know. It, 
it just feels weird because he, like he, we were talking about how Batman does. It seems like since he's dead, been dead before. Yeah, I said he wants I to one, he, he wants to one day. I'm um, no, I don't even that. I think he he resigned himself to the point where he can never stop this unless he finds a replacement because we're all gonna die. But Gotham and Gotham Girl were his way out. But yeah, and now I that he, that now this... that he knows that they're freaking you know they can't do what he can do. Mm-hmm. He would not be so willing to die in my actually, mind. I, I actually think that he thought that they were the replacement. He even said at the one point, listen, Alfred, I'm going to die. Dick's going to die. I, I'm yeah. at the one point he seemed like he was just I'm done. There's no reason for this. Then he found Gotham. And I think he did think they were going to be a replacement. Yeah. He now sees they aren't. I don't know at this point that he hasn't given up that he isn't going to, you know, oh, well. It's just so weird for the Batman I've ever, I've always known, like, he would never just resign himself to death that easily. Like, he would at least jump out of the way, but there he was just, I'm going to take this blast. But here's the thing, too. You you see that the whole, he doesn't jump out of the way. Who knows if he would have jumped out of the way? The the freaking, because he get before the thing, it looks like he gets hit by possibly the flash. Uh, Somebody goes by him. Yeah, it has to be the flash. It's weird, though, because you thought blue in there. Superman. Red. Yeah, yeah, it's more like Superman, whatever, but they fly by. He kind of gets hit, but the, the blast still goes, and it looks like Simon Baz saves him. Yeah. Uh, and then he even goes, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so right there, he's like, yeah, I, I thought I was going to be dead. But then there they are. The Justice League is there, and you don't get that in a Batman book. No, yeah, that, and it's Gotham. really cool, and I love the way they look here. Yeah, and then you have them. It's like, And again, there's the weird thing. He has the red boots, Superman. But yeah, also yeah. – Superman seems to be very friendly at, at that point. I, I don't know what's going on, you know, but I, I loved it. But then I, I, I'm telling you, hello, when, Gotham. My name is Superman, and this is the Justice League. We're Batman's friends, and we're we're greatly appreciate if you would just yeah, you would just surrender, and surrender. And, I, I, and then that is the best then, way to go about it. That is Superman right there. Yeah, he does not want to go yeah. by force. He wants to talk him out of it. And then that's when freaking Gotham punches Superman and he bleeds. Oh my god. And it's like okay, what's going on? And that's when you get the whole thing where Batman calls uh, Duke and says, listen, going back this this power is not fixed. He, You know, right when he sees him freaking pretty much knock fucking Superman's block off, you realize this is a guy who was taking all that time to, to take down Solomon Grundy. Yeah. There's something wrong. Well, did you see, look it, at the next panel with he's fucking punching right through Cyborg. Yeah, right through Cyborg. He oh is my God. going to town. And he's like, we have to find out what's going on. What? Why is this happening? Why is this powers like that? You need to ask Gotham Girl. You got to find out. And then that's when Duke's like, hey. And you get this whole thing through the whole, since Gotham Girl has been in the Batcave, where Duke and her are very close. Only yeah, they're it's like the situation they're hugging she's very scared and you see that aquaman is getting the shit kicked oh my god out. but that's when she says we bought all our power strength and vulnerability ultra vision we bought them but what we bought weren't powers for life they were life for powers and she explains and again i actually like it like i said i like it because in my mind it was like the whole thing where the wizards when i was growing up yeah. i was told but and if you're going to think about it that you, you have these powers you have like whatever your metabolism if you're like i'm going to go full out and go it's just going to burn you up from within you're just going to it's, it's just so weird though like having like like i don't even know how to explain it to myself where the timeline for how much power you use equals how much life yeah, is taken I, away i mean it's, i'm telling you this is something to me is that what she's saying is what they told her yeah yeah I, it's, I don't it's very it's hocus pocus day, but i think that they told her like you know they may find out that you know they only really had a year they whatever yeah, but yeah, it I doesn't like matter the idea that that 
the whole thing ends up being that if you want to be a god, you could be a god for a few hours. You and can unleash this, everything you have. At this point, he's doing that. So yeah. whatever powers he has used, he is going to town. And you're going to have to. He's fighting the whole Justice League, and he beats the living <laughs> shit out of them. They are in a heap. They are just in a heap, all fucked up. And then she's like, you see, you can't win. Batman can't win. He's just a guy in a mask. My brother is more. But the problem is, is like, what is winning in this? Is winning just doing what? Because he is going to die. She knows that. Now yeah. we know what's happening. There's no way he can fight the Justice League like that and keep living. And I, it's a weird thing because they're going and he's like, you know, we got to get go- Batman's trying to do it. Uh, fine. Just do it. Kill Gotham. And uh, to me, I it was a weird line yeah. because I don't know if he is saying that to Duke to get something done or if he's saying it. It's just weird. No, he's like he's tell- in my mind. He's talking to Gotham to kill the weird, city. Though, because because, and, but this is the city. It's just brick and concrete. Yeah, he's doing that. But it's weird to me because it kind of came out like a different way, too, because of his whole code and all. And that, yeah. that's off like the shit that's going down is bad. But he says, you know, the city's just brick and concrete. Kill me. I'm Gotham. And he blames himself. And to yeah. me, he knows what's going on. If Gotham gets so angry and now uses his heat vision and punches Batman and kills him, he's also going to die. Batman will still save the city. He knows now about these powers. He knows that if he can get Gotham so angry that he goes ballistic, he's going to die. And I think that's why this part he is trying to make him attack him. But then that's when uh, it, Duke says. It just, I, then, I, it just throws me off that bat. It doesn't like, throw me off th- here because I'm telling you. Know, like we had, we had that, that whole plane going down where – Batman resigned himself to die. It's just this whole thing yeah. where that's just not the Batman I've known yeah, at but all. This and to like me is the Batman because what does he care most about? Is Gotham. Exactly. And but if he he's if he dies, save there's no one there's no one there yeah, to save Gotham thing, from though, everything else. At this point, though, the if he doesn't do what he's doing with Gotham right now, Gotham could rip a building apart and just crash it. He could just obliterate the whole into the Justice League are knocked out. There's nobody on this the, planet the power that can that stop he would Gotham. Have to, the power that he would have to exert to kill Batman, though, is not that much. And he'd still no, but be there to destroy Gotham. Saying, but this isn't like him saying, okay, Gotham, kill me now. He is going through step by step of everything, trying to get Gotham so fired up that he doesn't like – he doesn't want – he knows that Gotham – he said earlier, Gotham yeah. adjusts his powers to do it. He doesn't want that. He wants Gotham to center every bit of anger on Batman so that he goes ballistic and kills him as a god and dies. He Or else he'd just say, okay, whatever. Fucking kill me and walk away. He keeps going. He's like, listen, it's not the city. I got your mar- parents murdered. Yeah. I was it was because I didn't save them. And I think and you see Gotham's getting angrier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And angrier. And I think that Batman now knows that th- if Gotham th- goes to town on him and he says and then he and starts he, yelling at him. The thing though says, too, I'm I think Gotham. I think Batman does believe he got his parents. Like he couldn't do these oh, yeah. things. He I, does I, blame I himself. Yeah. I think that I think that he's trying to end this with Gotham killing him but also dying but I think everything that Batman says he believes he does blame himself he would that's Batman but I think that in you have contingency plans he's come up with a contingency plan the number one thing he has to do is get Gotham to not kill anybody and he'll he'll commit himself to being murdered so that that would happen it doesn't happen because then 
Duke is talking to Gotham Girl in the the Batcave and says, hey, listen, I know you're scared. She keeps saying she's scared because oh, yeah. of Psycho Pirate. Hey, you know what? You, you don't mind being scared. Batman always says it's okay to be scared. Everyone's scared. It just means everyone gets a chance to be brave. And she goes, wait a minute. Batman doesn't say that. That That's what my brother said. I like that. And really, her brother is her Batman. How much yeah. Batman is her entire world. Yeah, Gotham, Gotham girl was inspired by her brother. It, it is everything to her. And she's like, wait a second, that, you know what? I can be brave. He said we could be brave. And Batman's about to die again. Yeah. And that's when, and there you see it. You see him yelling. His eyes are starting to glow and he is so angry. His eyes Batman. are going the entire time. Yeah, I know, but I'm telling you, he's now furious. And again, you're also talking about this is his hero. And his yeah. hero is now saying, you know what? I got your parents. I failed. You know what? You, you, whatever. And again, he, I think that Batman wants him to not just punch him in the face. He wants him to drive that fist through him so hard that he ends up fucking driving it into the ground and then dies. He knows that this life power for life, he is trying to get him to overuse every power he has left to kill himself. And so he's like, they say goodbye again. He says goodbye. And that's yeah. when Gotham girl flies in, tackles Gotham. And then they're up in the air. And this is the old, I'm telling you, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I gave this a 10 out of 10. It's my right. favorite rebirth issue. This is the Good one issue. thing that made me laugh is Mr. Thomas. Gotham girl, Batman. She's brave. <laughs> she's, she's, she's brave. Brave. And that really got me uh, laughing <laughs> again. There's a weird thing that I was sitting there when I read this. I'm like, holy shit. She killed her brother. She didn't kill her brother. She did exactly what Batman was yeah. trying to do. She just dodged him. She did punch him, it looks like, at the one point. And he then drove him back. into the ground. What's that? And then drove him into no, the ground. she didn't drive him into the ground. He fell. I'm telling you, she did not drive him no, into the ground. No, she, yeah, she, she's no. right on top of him right no, there. No, look at him. They're not. She's there kneeling against him. He used that fucking heat vision, and yeah. his powers were done, and he fell to the ground. like a No, meat. definitely not. She evaded no. that heat vision, and she slammed yeah. him right into the ground. I don't think she did. I think that this is what was happening, where that's why we had to be told that the powers were all that, that they were going to give themselves out. She punches him. He has to go to town on her. She's a super-powered deal. She hits the the heat vision. She avoids it. And then I'm telling you, you see the thing. I don't get it because she is now – she's not laying on top of him. She The next panel, she is kneeling, holding his head. I do not think that she was involved. I, I definitely do. Even the crater is not a two-person crater. It looks like just him, and then she's on the side there. I really don't. I don't think she killed him. They never say anything about it. She was just brave. I think that she's dodging all these blows, and he is expelling. She knows that he is going to die, and she's just got to avoid him and get him angry so that he does exactly what Batman thought. And even that, she, like, picks him up, and she's – I do not think that she killed him. I think that he ended up killing himself because of what happened and what he did. Oh, no, I think, and, like I'm saying, that was a part of it, too, but I think the final blow was her driving him into the ground. Yeah, that, the thing is, though, is if he didn't expel his powers and die, her driving him into the ground is not killing him. He's, I'm saying, though, but at, the point, at that point, he is – I'm saying, though, so he's superpowered. She drove him into the ground, though, but his powers gave out. But you see, if they give out, though, they don't give out and you become a human again. You die. You can't run out of powers and then die. The way this is, is your powers end, you're dead. There's no like, oh my God, I'm human again. And uh, then I, I hit I'm the just saying, the, am the amount of force that was put into that freaking blast, so I don't think it was just him falling from the sky. Yeah, I, I actually do. 
I think that he they went wonky and he just went down and he at that point he was a super powered thing hit and then his, I understand the progression um, of events where she's rushing at him and then yeah, him slamming to the ground. Don't, you don't think it's weird that they never show her with him on that in the next? No, it's it's a it's a fast speeding like they were. She super sped him to the ground. I don't get it. I don't think that she would have ever have killed her brother. I think that she was doing this and his powers went out and she was trying to do that because I think that she would just want to avoid him and he he's going to die anyway. She knows he's going to die. And I really do think that that last blast, I I may be completely wrong to me. I think that's just how I see it. I think he went to blast her. She avoided it. And then he hit because, like I said, that he is superpowered. The minute those powers burn out, he's dead. There's no I'm 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 vulnerable now. Exactly, though. If his powers just gave out, he would not slam into the ground that hard to make a crater. I know. But if his powers went out, he'd already be dead before he hit. So agreed. And he would not make that crater. But you know what I mean? There's the crater right away. This is the only reason she would be laying on top of him. She would be on top. She is kneeling, holding his head. Uh huh. So you think she's full- I'm saying there's no progression of events there either. She's just on top. It looks like it's right after. Batman looks right over. It looks like they're still smoking. And I think that you know, I, I really do think that he just ran out of powers. That he overdid it. And then you get this weird uh, thing about how. And this is another thing that it bothers me. I'm saying there's nothing bad about it to the story. It doesn't like it's just something like with this ending here where we have this whole like epilogue. Yeah. And it's even like I'm done. I love Jeff John's run of the Green Lantern and I loved his issue 20 to finish it off where we had the epilogue story. I hated that bit. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird. It shoehorns the end of stuff. It's funny, too, to me, because it says that she's talking. It's Gotham talking later after we were married. Uh, after Bruce did what he did, after he died, how he died, after I, after I killed him, I mean, Duke and I, we'd come here once a year on the anniversary of my brother's death just to take time to remember, and that's where it all started. And it's funny, because when I read it again, I'm like, it's kind of weird that she might have married Batman even. She doesn't say Duke, and she just says after we married, after what Bruce did, it seems weird, but you figure she marries Duke. But it is odd, uh, because they had that connection, but who knows? what's going to go on and how this is. But yeah, she basically, it says we just saw the origin of Gotham girl and the death of Batman, the origin of the death of Batman. Right. Now the next story is Gotham girl year one. So it looks like we're going to continue with, and I'm really happy we get to continue with Gotham girl. Yeah. I I really like her. And it's a weird deal though, because I do like the whole concept. This is where I said that Tom King, I think is a smart cookie. And he thinks ahead because it is odd. Even when Damien was with Batman and he was um, superpowered and it, we liked it, but it is odd to have him there. They've set up that I don't know how much she can use her superpowers anymore because now she fought her brother. That yeah. took a lot out of her. So I think she's going to be like a Batgirl now. She That'd be awesome. Yeah, she has to train I, it up. Yeah, I do not think that she can really use her I, powers. I'm like telling you, I'm saying that you could be an, like a god for two hours. I think if she needed to during a thing, she could pull some power well, she out. She could, but uh, I think that it's like really a gray area of how much she's expecting. Oh, yeah. Now, it's, the the whole think, thing is a gray area, though. And I'm sure say. Batman's going to, if they go through the whole thing, Batman would want to take, you know, have tests on it, all this sort of thing, and see what's going down. And, uh, you know, and honestly, yeah, I, I I'm determined telling you that, that you know we don't want you to use powers. Like now he has he has his moral code. You don't kill, but now he says to Gotham Girl, "Listen, I I can't afford you to use powers. I I become you know 
fond of you, and yeah. you're going to end up dying if you use them. And then I wouldn't, we'll... I wouldn't be surprised at this point where he does run these tests. He wants to see what it's doing to her body or shit like that. And yeah. his next mission is to find out who gave the powers and shut that. Oh shit yeah, down. I would think that he wants to go, and you would think that he's going to go try to find who did this because. Yeah. I mean, it and ruined two get, people's lives. Yeah, and you, well, you'd get into and a whole thing of city. Like, you really are. You, you're killing them. You, you're giving these people superpowers. It's yeah. like a monkey paw. Exactly. You, you're ending up killing them. Though these people would be like how McDonald's was with the super size. Like, hey, <laughs> they know what they're getting. They know what they're getting. We told them. But yeah, I loved it. I even thought uh, the art was a step up from what it had oh, been. I, I love that art. David Finch, and it's weird too because to me, especially with Duke and Gotham Girl, very Greg Capullo esque in the faces. I yeah. thought very like Greg Capullo like those and, big eyes. Uh, yeah. And I really liked it. And the art, to me, up until now, is kind of just blended in with the story. This one, it, it really, you know, sure. picked up. Was, yeah, there was some really cool moments. Stuff. And Even it doesn't the, hurt that the Justice League showed up and fucking no, got the, the shit beat out of I Jesus mean, at Christ. one point, you have the, the Batwing crashing oh into my God, the Gotham cool. as a full panel. There was a lot more full panel spreads in this and everything. But, yeah, when Gotham Girl wakes up and she goes to Duke in the Batcave, it is very Greg Capullo-esque with, like, the pug nose and oh, stuff. Yeah. That, and I really liked it. But I gave it a 10 out of 10 only because it's not just this issue but everything that tied into it. Like I said, it yeah, really the progression shocked, led very well. It really shocked me that that Solomon Grundy fight that I had so much of a pain in the ass with that Call it's back. like ages – now that anger that I had that it was taking so long, it kind of slapped me in the face and yeah. showed me that was supposed to be us like, God damn it, you're a superhero. Why can't you kill? We had people talking to us on Twitter and stuff like I think there was even mail that people were like, how could a guy with Superman's powers not be able to take down Solomon Grundy? And then Batman out of nowhere just fucking tosses him. And now it makes sense, and I really like. And it's I'm sad. I really liked Gotham. Uh, we thought Gotham Girl was going to die at one point. You then thought, thought Gotham Girl well, was going to die. We you think everybody's going to die. We both thought that Gotham was going to die, and that would be like the worst thing for Gotham Girl. But the way this turns out, she's she's always brave. Eric, she's always brave. She's so brave. She's so brave. I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I had some issues, but I love the art, and I don't really love the overall was, freaking series. I don't think there was any Rebirth issue that I liked more than this uh, that I've read so far. Nothing was as satisfying to me as this issue uh, the, of all of Rebirth. But we're going to move on to a book that I usually love, and I think I like more than you. Right. It's no 10 out of 10. Sure is. And Superman number 5, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Doug Mankey. Jaime Mendoza, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. Superman decides that his final showdown with the Eradicator should take place in the super secret Batcave on the moon. And while I initially thought he was going to, he was going there to keep his family safe, it seems that he cares more about the people of Metropolis because goddamn have Lois and John never been in this much danger in their lives at this point. Yeah. Luckily, with the help of the hell bad suit, childish arrogance, and the souls of the people of Krypton, it looks like our super family might actually stand a chance against this foe. Spoilers, man. Damn. Damn. <laughs> the moon, Jim. The moon. A 6.8 out of 10, honestly. I don't know. I'm telling you, going in, from, going in from last issue, though, didn't really seem like I'm going to take the uh, John and Lois here to keep them safe so I can no, go back. It, you know what's funny is as he was going, it was one of those moments with, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, in the bar. Oh, uh, Bibbo? Bibbo. Remember that Superman's running. He ain't running. He's got a plan. <laughs> yeah. And Bibbo was right. Bibbo was, was always right. right. Yeah, because he, he word for it. 
John, he he loves that moon. Eric. He knows he, way more about the moon than I do. He knows a lot. I don't know. I was immediately thrown out of this issue, Eric. I give it a 2 out of 10 because it does spell out that the moon is 238,900 miles away from Earth. And then I looked it up, Eric, and in fact, the Earth is only 238,856 miles. Uh, they were wrong. I'm out. I'm oh, out. Yeah, I believe John right off the bat. I would have failed a goddamn out, that's test. That's out of continuity. Actually, they said because of its uh, its oblong shape, it right. kind of goes in and out of orbit where it's closer or further. I just wanted to see what, what it said. And actually, that's not even John, really. That was the uh, – Oh, that was the narration. Said, you're right. You're yeah, right. that's just like the narration panel. I'm like, that's not right. That's wrong. But yeah, it's like for, Superman. For all the shit like, that John's talking about, though, I'm like, that might as well be John in my it's mind. It's funny, though. They, they hit the moon, and it's like a greatest hits. There's not too much on the moon. They're yeah. going to find it all. They go by everything. And John yeah. is – John is very, I think he might have ADHD. He is very easily distracted when shit's going down. This has happened throughout the whole thing. You throw it's kind of cool being on the moon. It is, but at this point, there is the eradicator, <laughs> and you just saw your dog getting eaten like 10 minutes ago. And you, just, yeah. and you burned a cat alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? There it is. There's the flag, Mom. And it's weird, too, <laughs> because at one point, I thought that Lois was mad. That John was going on, and then she kind of spells out like, "Yep, you know what? I like your narration. I you're keeping my mind off the things." I'm like, "What is going on?" Well, here? That's funny because I, I really took a, her like, "That's nice, Jonathan." And yes, Clark, I'm fine. She's like, she's dismissing her boy. Well, and that's his what I mean. She's wonder. dismissing it, but then she says later yeah. that, to, uh, "Hey, you know what? A little tour guiding would go a long way to keep me from getting nervous about the sudden absence of light outside." And it's like all of a sudden she flipped because I really did think she was like. Whatever, John. I've heard the story. That's the thing. It seems like she just wants Superman to tell her, not John. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know what she was saying because Uh, at that point, Superman hasn't said a fucking word, really, except (laughs) loud and clear, Lo. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe she's like, hey, Superman, why don't you tell us some things because I'm getting sick of our son acting like a fucking know-it-all. This goddamn son of a bitch with his Superman fucking sweat shirt hoodie. Now, I understand that Batman has a shit ton of money, but don't you think that, you know, regular trips to the moon, somebody would notice like a rocket launching or something? Because we find out in this issue that Batman has a Batcave on the moon. I have it in my notes and that they try to get away from it by saying that it's on the dark side of the moon. You still have to get there. Still got to get there. Still have to get there, Batman. Also, I like how they would make it seem as if Batman did not see Superman chase. There's nothing else that is going to be around them when he's following into the moon. You know what I mean? Once you get past a certain point, you're going to have Batman in a a rocket and Superman flying. How is Batman not seeing it? Uh, but yeah, Superman. It's one of his superpowers. I, maybe he does because he sets up the most intricate now, centuries I, that I've ever seen in my life. I don't I, understand what these centuries are doing. It's so funny too. You, I don't understand what they're doing. I also don't understand like who they're supposed to be against because if, if you're telling me aliens, uh, they don't do anything anyway. But yeah, they go into what it, you think that he's just going to drop them there. And indeed, that's what like I thought. Said, going in. Batman has a Batcave on the moon. And I'm telling you, just saying that sentence makes me smile. <laughs> it's funny. But, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'm wondering when Bruce Wayne is launching any sort of – I, I, I like the kind place. of talk about it where he has this thing set up so he can do experiments that might put others in yeah. jeopardy or something like that. I like the idea of that. But the, oh, just getting there, though, well, just becomes here's nonsense. The deal. Quite frankly, 
if you want to spell it out, he's on the watchtower. He just takes. He just goes from there. Sorry, yeah, he's not building it. He posted. teleports there and then takes a ship. No, like I think Superman like one of those ships that Superman jumps yeah, that's what I'm into yeah. the fucking mo or the sun. Fine. He just takes it. He's like, Cyborg's like, where are you going? You stop asking questions there, Vic. You what do you think he stole the watchtower tech and has a teleportation device? Yeah, there? yeah, he might. Yeah, whatever. It's, it does, it's a speculation. It makes, it, it makes me laugh. Thing. It was like a thing that we laughed about in Batman and Robin Eternal. He has a Batcave everywhere. Yeah. Every city. It's on the moon. I even put it in my review. I, I thought it was cool he had a Batcave in Europe. Turns out I ain't, that ain't shit, though, because he's got yeah, one on the moon. It's not shit. The only thing – and the weird thing is he's got – you know where the smelliest Batcave is? Uranus. Uh. <laughs> I thought you were going to get you son of a bitch. But yeah, they go I was thinking, it's already in France. How much smell can you oh get? Oh my Ooh. God. That guy, uh, fucking Pasquale. Pasquale. God damn it. You're going to get upset. <laughs> Pasquale is going to be so angry at you when he hears that. I, I won't be able to understand it. It's fine. First, we have French fries. <laughs> <laughs> He's mad now, Eric. He's mad. We like those French fries. Who doesn't? Ah, uh, but yeah, the Batcave has sentries, of course. They're bat, bat robot you sentries. Have bat, you can't have a Batcave without bat robot sentries. And Except it's for funny. the regular Batcave. Well, yeah, then you have regular ones. But yeah, that, they hear a horrible sound. And Superman is so nonchalant, but in fact, he's right. He goes, no need to worry. They're just basic sentry probes on attack mode to protect <laughs> his Batcave. They come, he gives them the elbow, kind of. Kind these of. are the these are the type of sentries that if they don't succeed the first time around, they give up, Eric, because they hit him. He's kind of shielding John and Lois a yep. little, and then that's it. John says, geez. Lois says, I hate bats on the moon as much as I do back on the farm. All bets are off. And we're done. Yeah, they're in. And I guess they're fully out because, as we see in a little bit, the Eradicator joins them, but before then they're talking like, hey, this, this cave's huge. They kind of talk about the cave a little, and that's where you get the whole thing uh, where I do like it. Batman does this because it is one of those things where they're, you know, experiments, but also yeah. John wants to know why did we run? You know, why did we get the hell out of there? Why didn't you call in the Justice League, Daddy-O? Yeah, and all that. And he's like, no, this is our problem. We had to get out of Metropolis. We can't just zip around and, and hurt people. Um, but then there's a, the worst line ever is to me. I don't know if you liked it, but like, hey, Dad, I, I might not be ready to be uh, Superboy. And then uh, that's when Lois is like, oh, cause she Lois gets mad at the drop I don't, hat. I don't understand her motivations for things, she's really. Like, you know what? We can't be overprotective. She flip flops. She does this again in, in the Justice League book next, but she flip flops. And she's like, it's literally a new world. John needs you to be his Obi-Wan. And I'm like, okay, so you want him to, to train as the chosen one and have him kill all these Sam people and go insane because his <laughs> wife died and then fall into the dark side and become Darth Vader? Is that what you're talking about? That's Obi-Wan? Is yes. that what you're talking about? Before you, can, you better spell it out. I think she wants him to be Darth Vader. She's saying that. That's all now, I can think of. On, uh, uh, besides for the Darth Vader bit. <laughs> Darth Vader. Why is there no security really in this goddamn back shape? Because the Eradicator just shows up. Yeah, because it's on the moon. Batman's it's on the moon. Like, Who the hell? I, like, does he come in the same way that Superman does? Because I'd imagine if he like he would just break his way in somehow, but he just comes in. Who's the Eradicator? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. These, these. I thought you meant Batman. No, like, no, no. I didn't Batman anymore. No, I'm telling you, these these centuries are programmed. If you at, if at first you don't succeed, quit. give up. They've gone. They went back to Earth. As My mantra in life. They just fun because no Eradicator just comes in. 
right as the thing, and he's like, I don't know who this Obi-Wan is. <laughs> oh, really, you don't? And we're back to fighting. Yes, and then we And I'm telling you, it is so weird to me, because I'm telling you, we go to the moon, he specifically brings John and Lois there, and now they're on the moon in a contained environment where the Eradicator, you know, is right there with him. It just seems ridiculous to me, because immediately Superman is sucked up by the Eradicator, and he's out of the goddamn picture. Because you would think that, uh, like, one of the things Batman would definitely have, and I don't know, the Eradicator have his supervision and all that, whatever, if it's the same powers. I'm not that familiar with He's got fucking, like, heat fists. You know what I'm saying, though, but... uh, because, yeah, yes, Heat Fist. Um, like, you would think this would be lead-lined. You'd have all those things oh, yeah. Batman would do that I thought at the point until Obi-Wan comes up is that he was going to leave them there because Batman makes sure this thing is off the grid. There and that's no what I thought. And then he would go out, and if anything, the Eradicator would have followed them, but they'd fight on the moon where nobody can get hurt. You but know, instead, at, from everything you have we've taken your son and, da- your son and wife into a place that is so small. At and this now they point. can't they're escape, through. no matter what. Yeah, they can't escape. So he, they're and I'm telling you, it is so weird, though, because for everything we've seen of this Superman, I understand he wants to keep the people of Metropolis safe. The first thing on his mind, though, is his family. Yeah, yeah, and he has led them into a death. Harm's way. It's just like a roach motel. Yeah. Uh, they, they have nowhere to they, check in. You can't check, check out. They ain't checking out there. But yeah, at one point, checking in. What happens then? There's a big fight, and the Eradicator threatens John, as always, and then Superman gets more mad, and then he gets eradicated. He gets sucked in. Where's Crypto? Because he gets sucked in. He's done. And up until this point, we've seen Crypto go in. He ain't coming out either. That that Eradicator, he's a roach motel himself. So John now legitimately thinks his dad's dead. You know, he is pissed. I'm telling you, it's it's a normal, like, fighting shit we've had, but I think this actually makes it a little interesting with Superman out of the picture because now it is just John and Lois. And John, you know, he's a one-trick pony right now. He's got heat vision. He uses it. He's going to go with that. That's what. And he's an excellent hide-and-seek player. Yeah, he is. He he. Uh, it's funny too because it looks like he heat visions eradicator eradicator's face, does some damage, you know, not much. Yeah. Then eradicator just fucking knocks Lois over as John's running. John's woo woo. <laughs> Lois gets knocked over. She should be dead. But I do like the fact that at this point, eradicator does not care about Lois. No. Lois is nothing. She's a fuck. Like he says in the book, she's meat and bones. That's it. Yeah. Why, bo- yeah, why bother with that? No, he doesn't have to bother with it. He's going no. after John and John's high. Eradicate that human part and, of that yeah, boy. And, that's all I and got. Get more of the same again. You know, yeah. you're, you're a Kryptonian half that that's the smart one. That's what just kicked in and whatever. Well, Lois goes off because Lois is a smart woman. She might be a little freaking on edge and a little, a little crazy. floppy, but whatever. Uh, and she's smart. She goes, uh, and finds, the hell suit. The hell right. bat suit that we have not hell seen bat. since Batman went to Apocalypse. Yep. And, and she I, somehow a, is able to put it together and yeah. get it on and go and attack with she's it. She's a really smart woman. She's very smart, but <laughs> she's also Christ. very resilient as well. Because what does that bat suit do to you? Almost like the book that we just uh, had. How do you get the powers from the, the hell suit? It kills you. Yeah, it kills you. It, it uses your metabolism and you burn out again. It's yeah. the same kind of thing. It's something that Batman almost has died using. Yep. Lois getting in this Batsuit is fucking nonsense. Eric. It is. It's, it's no his fan service. And- it's awesome. 
It's awesome. It's really I love badass. I love Man- right? Doug Mankey's fucking like uh, art on this. Where where we talk when we talk later about Supergirl and stuff like that. Where there are times when stuff is complete nonsense that I don't mind because it's kick ass and it is. You, you could go on. I could go on and on about how there's no way that Lois would be able to even know how to control. No, this absolutely thing. not. I don't care. No. I, also, Batman's not leaving this in a way that somebody like Lois could just come and put together. You know what I mean? There, yeah, there's more like to it. Separate, they're separate spots, like boxes. Yes. I, I do, but they, they wouldn't be able to just have there be something with his – there's something involved, but I don't care because it is awesome. That panel when she is about to punch him and get your hands off my son is so fucking good. It, it looks so great. And, in fact, the art in this issue is incredible. I it's the it. best it's looked so far, yeah, in my opinion. It is so good. And I'm telling you, what I love the most about the Hell Bat suit – is actually the emblem and the visor it reminds me a lot of why I like uh, freaking uh, Nightwing, not Nightwing, Batwing, uh, Batwing. Yeah, with, uh, when Luke especially with that glowing, I love that glow. But even that's powered. Like there's all that shit that can happen. Uh, it, just to say as well, the Eradicator looks incredible. Like through the whole thing, Everything he looks, looks so great fucking, in this fucking book. I'm yeah, telling you, so my uh, score actually was like upped a bit just because of how great this book looked. I ended up going and reading this book. I started my review. I went back just to look at it for a while because yeah. there are some excellent fucking pages here. Yeah, and it's funny then because then Tomasi has to remind us that the souls of the Kryptonians are in there where he's like, it's not just me. I have the power of all the dead of Krypton. Yeah, he's being powered by Superman. Yeah, he's being powered by everything inside of him. He's being powered by everything. And then John is just, John goes to town. John is awesome in this. He just, he's giving, like you said, he's a one trick pony, but it makes sense. That's all he has. He even said earlier, you know what, maybe I'm not. And it's so good because he said, Maybe I'm not ready for this. You know what? You're right. I, yeah. I'm, over, I'm in over my head. He's still I, I worried about Goldie. Away. The minute his dad gets sucked in and he thinks his dad's done, he goes. Oh, that, and then when freaking Lois is getting attacked, stop yeah. hurting my mom. And he yeah. fucking goes yeah. ape shit with he the heat goes, vision again. And then you see bits and pieces of Superman inside where I don't know. This I don't stuff, care for this stuff. It's, it's the craziest thing where he's talking to the souls of Krypton. And Why do the souls of Krypton have to look like skeletons? Well, they because he did grab them after the planet blew up. So I still, I but like they're souls the, though. Like, well, don't I you think they would look like me, his the, daddy for some, whatever reason he was in there? Yeah, he because was, he wasn't on Krypton, Eric. I don't know how he got that soul, but he wasn't in Krypton. The the only thing that I keep thinking when I saw this so is that is, when they're is, grabbed, it's almost like the Phantom Zone. The minute that you grab them, they're just in the form that they are. I don't even know. Though is, is the afterlife like Beetlejuice says it is? Where, where I don't you know. Look how you die? Because, well, here's the thing that's the weird thing because we're saying this, but the only reason I think that they're quote-unquote souls like this were because they were dead because Superman's in there. He's not dead yet. No, he where's comes Crypto? Out. It's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah. But it's okay, and it is a little hokey. So um, I'm no, telling hey. you, for some reason, you put this whole like spirits and shit like that, and then they all go inside of uh, Superman to uh, power yeah. him up and yeah, be the embodiment of them. Basically, that's what happens. What, what we're saying is that the souls agree that this isn't right. They're going to enter Superman to power him up to take down the Eradicator. So Superman has all the souls of Krypton. I don't like the scene. I don't like how it's done. I kind of like that, though, as an ending, that yeah. he has the souls of Krypton inside it's of him. even more powerful. I, now yeah i don't know if it's going to be one of those things where it's like you know eat like i know that this guy wanted to die in a you know he likes the ocean it goes and spits that guy out somewhere. Right, right, right. i don't know i i get the idea 
that they're not going to stand there forever. Yeah. And he's, because he's, he said all along in this arc that they just want to, you know, they just want to rest. They yeah. just want to be free. I think that something's going to happen where. And now that, Apple now that, a, now that Eradicator does not have any of these souls oh, yeah. in him, Superman he's is going to go to town. He's fucking done. And yeah, it, it's one of those where it's not like A plus B because Superman now has all of them in. So not yeah. only is Eradicator taken away, he has them all in and boy, he is. It looks so good. Yeah. There's the flaming eyes on Superman, the electricity going around him. Like, God damn, I don't like the concept. But it looks amazing. And then Superman comes out of his mouth. And I'm telling you, it's a lot like Grail came out of Flash in the Dark Mm -hmm. Side War. Yeah. Eradicator, at this point, he's about to eradicate the human side of John. It's about over. He's about to kill him. And I love the panel, even just that one where he stops. And he's like, wait, I cannot feel them. And I love the look. There with, I love those glasses. I really do. Looks like Jose Canseco back <laughs> in the 90s. But yeah, he's like, oh my God. And then he realizes Superman's going to be, and he comes out, and I love it too. And he's like, hey, thanks to you and your mom for holding down the fort, kiddo. Yeah. I'll take it from here. And he is about to beat the shit oh, so out good. of Eradicator. And then the next next issue, the moon is down. I don't even know what that means, but I am excited. I hope the moon doesn't I, go down. Yeah, All of a sudden, it's Majora's I, I, mask. I get the idea he's going to punch the Eradicator. He's going to come out the other side of the moon. I don't know what's going to go on. But, and then uh, Lois and John are pulled into the vacuum of space? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're dead. Yeah. Now John's watching TV. <laughs> what would you give it? I gave this a uh, 7 out of 10. Yep. I'd give it an 8. I put. Eight. I liked it. It was, it was fun to me. There was that little hokey bit in there with the souls. But other than that, I know that there was, I know it was still that continuing fighting deal, mm-hmm. but it upped the ante by having Superman gone. You got to see Lois and that, that, that nonsense in the hell bad suit. But then, like you said, when John's like, get off of my mom, John really stepped it up here. And I think this was the turning point where Superman before was going to train him, then he wasn't and he was. I think this is the point where he's like, I better train him. Yeah, shit's, shit's gone wrong. Out. It's going to continue yeah. to go wrong. Yeah. We yeah. better be prepared. Shit is showing up at our doorstep. I'm getting Next thing you know, and, Doomsday and, will be a metropolis. And even the whole, yeah, and but the whole thing too is, I think John has proven that he should be that. He yes. is Superboy now to me. If you want to talk about like when the transition of Superboy is, it, it was this issue. I really do think that when he was standing toe-to-toe with the Eradicator at that point, he's not just John anymore to me. He's Superboy. Well, like having the uh, the hell bat suit in this, it was fun fan service. I just hope that this team does not rely on like keep having callbacks to like Batman well, and Robin run. No, here's here's the problem with this is that the the thing that they have to do if you don't want that anymore, you've got to get Lois to get back and doing dishes, Eric. Get her back no, in I'm the just, kitchen. I, I like I'm it. I'm just enough. saying I just you hope always it doesn't are going to have to. Where else are you going to have to? You're always going to have to have Batman tech if Lois is there. There's no other thing that's going to keep her alive consistently in these goddamn battles. <laughs> the only reason that they are at the moon in this thing was for that bat hell suit because Lois had to be involved in this fight. There's no other way. No. What, what other way could you have that Lois is actually involved in the fight? It's I'm saying the whole story about the moon, though, is revolved around the hell bat suit being yeah, there. I'm telling you, yeah. It was so that Lois could join in the fight, and they could be a family who fights together. And I'm sorry, I, I thought it was a cool. I thought it was cool fan service. I just yeah, hope you don't I, lie I on it, it a lot. Like I future. said, this is where I think where when I go into rebirth, where we argue about continuity and things like that, where I might argue with with you about continuity. You're a continuity whore. I like continuity within a series. It's not an overall deal, but when there's parts that I think could be really fun. 
and it kind of goes against continuity. Like I said, Batman almost died in that hell. You don't get that at all here because I really do think Lois going in there should have killed her during this battle, but that's not fun. What's fun is seeing her in a hell bat suit kicking ass. And that was great fun. And I'll say, okay, I'll go with it. I don't care, you know, the science of it or, or any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, I give it. But I, I, I love the goddamn art so much. Yeah, yeah. I the art is is great. It we say this, you know, a lot of times we don't seem to center a lot on art. We go through all this stuff about the story and the nitpicking or whatever. And this art is one of the best issues that I've seen. And the color work was incredible. I think everything with the Eradicator to me just popped. I love. That's why I I even said it. I like the Bat Hell suit because of the uh, the. Um, What's it called? The emblem and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's why I think I like the Eradicator glasses. <laughs> it just shines out at you. You got those shiny glasses. And then all of a sudden, his fists are flaming. I'm in. I am in. He's like Dalseem there, Eric. Dalseem. Dalseem. <laughs> now, the next book, I'd like to Dalseem it right to the fucking Stone Age. Yoga Fire. Justice League number three. Do I have to say written by Brian Hitch? Do, I, do, I, do I have I, I think you kind of have to. Written by Brian Hitch, art by Tony S. Daniel, Sandu Flore, Tomei Murray, and Richard Starkings. I'm not even going to make jokes here. I will tell you one thing. Uh, I love Tony S. Daniel. He's a little yeah. off on this as well. There's a lot of weird-looking panels here, and I think he's given up. I think that he's <laughs> he has like five things to, to draw, and he's like, what, what's next? Uh, just the Brian. Here we go. He's like, like, get me the stamps. I'm mailing this bitch in. Because I could care less. He's like, he doesn't care writing this. I ain't going to care drawing it. Here ain't we nobody care. Can somebody please get a hold of Brian Hitch and tell him that the best way to write a mystery isn't withholding important information and making the stuff you reveal confusing as hell. In fact, you know what the best way is to write a mystery here? Start that? from the end. Work your way back. All that said, there are a couple of really compelling mysteries going on here. Like, why the fuck did DC put Hitch on this book? That's number one error. Number two mystery. Why the fuck am I reading it? How long before I give it to anyone else who will take it to review? There's I'll, two guys. I'll, I'll pick it up after Brian Hitch is off it. Did, did you like that? Did you think I was going to actually say that I liked I something thought, in the yeah, book? Yeah, I thought you were. No. no. There's mysteries going on. And they are intriguing. And I want to know the answers. Nobody wants it. It sucks. Kill me. All right. Oh, yeah. The, the Justice League are still fighting the kindred. The purge is coming. It's made of people, and the stolen words are magic that isn't singing anymore. Are we done? Kindred? Oh, my God. That, that's basically I, what I, I, I read about. that scene over and over again. I'm like, i got to be misreading this. There's got to be more to it than what there, I just read. There, there are books. It, it always happens to me. I know. It's goddamn books. But it is – during the week, I sit there, and I tell you how – Awful it is. I, I am going into de- detail more than you'll ever hear on this podcast to the point where you go to read it and you have to think in your mind, it can't be that bad. Oh, yeah. It can't be that bad. Be, this is that bad. This issue to me is so much nonsense. Uh, we like to nitpick about fun things. Like you said, you, I love Batman. Yeah. I'll overlook that he was going to, you know, he might think he's going to die or whatever. That is something that's involved in the story. That you just don't agree with what he's doing. I like the direction. Right. There are things in this book that I don't even know what happened. I no, don't know do how to explain it. And the thing I will tell you, you want to realize if you like this book, 
Uh, seriously, if you like it, all the power to you. Enjoy it till the end of the days, which are coming because the kindred can't hear the singing. <laughs> Go to the reviews for this, and I'll tell you, sit there and read everybody's reviews. And if you can come back to me and say, oh, Jim, there were 15 people who reviewed this book. If you can tell me that every review is coherent to each other, I'll give you a fucking medal because people are so confused. Everybody has an idea of what's going on. I see people that they think the Green Lanterns flew off into space and the rings told them where to go. I see people that they think the Kindred is fucking Dr. Manhattan. Everybody has these theories that, that, that the Red Lanterns are involved. Everybody has a theory because there is nothing giving you. Everybody's reaching for straws. Everybody is trying to. It, it's like it, here's it's the, the thing. same way JLA was written where we yes. had all this stuff going on but no explanation. It is an optical illusion where they say the optical illusion is the, the thing where where your brain is so used to connecting, you know, connecting yeah, yeah. pieces that you think something's whole and then they reveal that it's two blocks separated. But the way they did it, this is what this is. You start reading it. You start coming up with your own goddamn stories. We are gotta. And, and we're three issues into this and a rebirth. These shouldn't be made up in your head. Well, luckily, and, hopefully, anyway, it's very similar. Hopefully the rebirth has nothing to do with this. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very similar, though. Well, here's the deal. It's similar. But even in that, we got the whole – it was the rebirth. Like, no, no. That was – but you're the right. Reapers the Reapers were the rebirth. But very the similar. The problem with the Reapers in the rebirth is that was so confusing, too, that it's it's got the same tone. I know. Set the tone. I, I might go back and give that – Same tone that, as JLA. That rebirth number one might be a 10 out of 10 because the we best all want tone so setter. Yeah. I thought the second, I don't even know what the best was, but we wanted a tone. The tone is bullshit. It's terrible. Even to the point where he starts writing this, there's a narration from Wonder Woman. In three pages, she repeats herself. <laughs> did, did you even get that? She says at the beginning, it starts off, there's Wonder Woman. I'm trying to get to the fucking part in this book. Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, God, I'm, I'm yelling so loud. I probably woke everybody up, and now I have a sore throat. She, she starts out, and she says, you see this fucking crazy thing that looks like a World War Z? They're all fucking going, but now they're molding together. I don't even know. It started with possession, people talking about powers that were there, that was theirs. We felt it. Flash, the Green Lantern's me. Stolen light, stolen speed, they said. So then you go on, but now you go two pages, and she says, uh, where was it? I'm, it might be three pages. Huh? As possessed ordinary people, they were able to siphon power from Flash and the Green Lantern and me. Now this. Well, look, we just had this. Now yeah. I'm all mad. But yeah, she has to repeat that they took that. Well, you, we need some filler in this book, Jim. You see these people? I don't even – now they're, they're fucking – she doesn't even care. She's like, you know, then you have this big Dr. Manhattan-looking guy. They're sitting there outside. He's just sitting there. And they're like, oh, they call themselves the kindred. That's all we know about them. Yeah, that is. We don't know shit. So she's going to attack. She so, finds out I'm that to the think how the, made of the, people there. The progression I'm trying to work with here, people become possessed. They steal our hero's powers for a minute and then can join to giant monsters who then want to – who aren't possessed anymore but can join into giant monsters who want to consume our heroes then. Yes, but also you're going to get this weird connection near the end where I do believe – that they are the ones trying to save the planet. Yeah. Kind of get that. So you throw that wrinkle in. But in, in the meantime, Wonder Woman's going to save these people, 
by hitting that fucking thing with the thunderbolt, and people are just spilling out. Everybody, I see probably ten people come. They're all dead. Yeah, they are all dead. What is she doing? And she's like killing people. <laughs> those people are under our protection. Release them now. Hits with the thunderbolt, and these people just fly out. They're dead. They are dead. Plus, they were molded into this thing. I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, you go from there. She repeats herself again, and well, that's there's what, that scene there though where it's saying, "Join us over." I don't yeah, know well, what's going I'm on. Saying, then, it, then it goes. She's fighting, and then it just decides. You know what? We could use Wonder Woman. Join us. Join us. And then all these people are kind of coming out. And that's then the she thing. Gets, I think I didn't know if that was the giant monster still, but like molding in the two or I couldn't tell. Yeah, no, because then she goes and there's like 18 trillion people and she's inside that monster now. She's yeah. inside that fucking kindred fucking thing that has like a brainiac look to it as well. I don't I know. Bet, yeah. Uh, but then you see around the world that this is happening. You see it in Japan. You see it in Australia. And that's when these guys are talking. And now you're going to get the idea that you see the green one. They're in Japan, so it is, yes. you know, it's not, it's not China. Nope. It's a little different, but he's walked to Japan, we'll say. This say that. I'm good. that stole the lantern's powers in Shanghai and, and, uh, fucking Beijing, uh, it likes the Asian countries, so it's going to stay there, but that's the ones that took the stolen light. And then you go into Australia. Somehow it looks like that is definitely the flash, flash who was in San Francisco. Yep. So I, Oh, they're just they're just walking around there. They're walking the earth. They're fucking like Kane from fucking Kung Fu. They're walking <laughs> the earth. And then they're talking like, listen, this That's is cool. where you kind of get a little bitch. Like, oh, hear me, kindred. We have location. The purge has come. Their breaking of the world has already started, just as it did in past returns. We must join and sing before the world and its people are taken from us by the purge again. Now, in my mind, maybe their whole thing with gathering these people, the powers, that is a um, – you know, let's sacrifice the few to save the many. I don't know. The kindred seem to be very bad and seem to be wreaking havoc themselves. Well, but the, yes, the, the way like it seems to me thing. is that these uh, the purges are coming. The kindred have been here for a long ass time, and if this has happened before, it seems like they eradicated the human species before. Yeah, no, I, I actually get that they go from world to world. And okay, but I'm saying, well, the kindred though yeah. have been like locked up at the bottom of like the inner core of the earth. No, that's not them. That's just the things that cause the earthquakes. I thought that was that's them, though. nonsense. No, that those are just machines. They spell out that those are machines inside the core that are radiating uh, fucking things to cause earthquakes. I thought that though was the, like the no, like, I think they the put that on almost every like every goddamn planet, oh, God. and that's what happens. It, it nothing makes sense. It says, uh, you know, we have the location. So to me, they they get to these planets. They hope to get ready before the purge. The thing kind of goes hand in hand. I don't know. But, yeah, they have to do this until it's taken. But at one point, they even say at the end, it's like, we got to show the other worlds that we can stand against the purge. So what's going on? I don't Tell know. me, please. But, yeah, this time we must not fail. So it's happened world after world, and it says we'll move across this world, and together we'll sing. This time we must not fail. Forever must end. And I guess that's like the forever war. And it's Zodiac been, Stones. And is it that if they stop these purge bug biological weapons, then it all ends? Nope. The, the war is over? I don't Couldn't know. Because it seems like they, well, you have Simon and Jessica going, so Jessica's shooting that ring. She's not really making a construct, but she's going to town. They're all fighting. You get the whole deal. It's one page there before Flash says, listen, you guys are space cops. Go find out where the fuck these bugs are. And that's the whole thing as well. You can't sit there and tell me you know anything about 
the kindred or these bugs. No. You don't even have really, I guess you call them the purge. I'm saying that, it and it's seems- so weird too because the purge, it seems like they've already landed on Earth. Are there just wave after wave of them coming from this planet yeah, and they're I not stopping? From that planet, not stopping. And they just go and they're almost like suicide bombers. I don't know. I don't know because really, for the most part, we haven't seen the purge do anything worse than the kindred have. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't even get the idea of who's supposed to be good or not. Maybe that's his mystery. You're supposed to think they're – it's just – it's awful. They send the the uh, Green Lanterns out to go because they're space cops. Flash basically says, find out where these fucking things are coming from and, and get rid of them. They go out and get sucked into a wormhole. Well, the wormhole they opened up with the rings to get there. I don't even know that they did. I, that's just how I know that, like, the Green Lantern travel works. Like, they're going yeah, someplace, I, the ring locates, and it opens a wormhole I so they can get there. I think we're going through some sort of wormhole or something. Yeah, but I, I just, goes, what the? Yeah, because Jessica never would have done that before, though. I don't know. I don't think, I, so, I, I I think it, Simon. It, I think they would know. The ring would have told them. The ring just tells them they're leaving the sector. And they go, got to read on the source on these things. Come on. They're, they're trying to find a read. They don't know what's going on. That's and just how goes, I spelled it. I don't the, know. And then he says, I think we're going through some sort of wormhole or something. It's not like he says, no, this is something the rings do. The ring would tell her. I'm telling you, they, they don't spell it out. No. They have no – they do not spell it out. That's just what I went with. Yeah, I'm not because at the one point, the ring has no idea who these things are. No. So how would it know to open a wormhole right to where they come from? I don't know. It got a read on something, the source. No, I don't even think because she says we don't really have a plan for how to handle this. We don't even know what this is. Got a read on the source of these things. Come on. Yeah. So he gets a read, but I, I'm telling you, I don't get – I didn't even get that. It's so stupid. Like this worm – they act like they don't even know that they're going through a wormhole. And, and it's not even like well, – you know, the uh, it says warning. You're leaving sector in the non-sectored space right. as if the ring doesn't want them to go. Like you are going against what your mission is. What are you doing? Not saying we're opening up a wormhole. I guess you're right that he says he got to read. He can't be opening the wormhole. Simon. Right. Knowingly. I'm saying, I think the ring does that all the time when you travel someplace. When you, no, like, I people, know, but, we had that in the JLA thing when well, Hal was I'm out of power and it opened up a wormhole. He has no up. idea what it is. He has yeah. no idea. So well, he has the read. But why then is the, the ring not telling them? Why is it no, warning them know, that man. they're leaving their sector? If why is anything up, going on in this? I, I don't know because they end up going to a, a destroyed moon planet that has living things on it that but there's no life form readings and they want to save them but they don't know and then they see a spaceship and it doesn't have freaking life forms detected so they don't hold back and they destroy it what the hell happened in this page i don't know I, I, what is that is that actually a, it looks like a, a moon but then it kind of looks no like moon. mechanical <laughs> i don't know what it is you have these things that look like it, they're going from it the, the biological it thing, looks like they're then, going to it i don't know i don't know at one point there sh- looks like they're shooting but then they're like okay wow my ring is detecting life forms on the planet's surface what's left of it millions of them how is that possible we should help them and then the next panel is, those things are sending the missiles to Earth. Millions more will die if we don't take them out first. What's going on? And then no life forms detected on board. Okay, then I don't have to hold back and he destroys it. That's the whole scene. Yeah. I don't understand. What are the life forms on this planet? You, you would it's think a mystery, yourself, Jim. You would think to yourself that the life forms are these goddamn bugs. I, I don't know. Are they, are they turning this planet? 
so confused. I'm telling you, I guess you're right. They this wormhole, but not that is that well, is it. That's just what I went with. That's not it. Like if you're going to do that, first off, they flew up. They looked like they had gotten to the watchtower, and yeah. then the rings detect something. Where some, why wouldn't it have detected something while they were on Earth? Like all of a sudden they got that much closer that it detects something. It's so forced to get to this, but then you get there and you don't know what the hell's happening. And then in the meantime, when they were doing that, Batman had told Cyborg to meet him. Uh, they were going to go talk to Superman. You know, so they go to the Kent's farm. <laughs> this isn't the Kent's. This is fucking, you know, Smith's. Yeah, this is the Smith's. They're not the Kents, so you fuck that up. But again, it's not that. I'd rather call them the Kents myself, too, though. Yeah, but that's not what they are. They're now at the the farm that is called the Kents Farm. It doesn't even make sense. But what doesn't make sense even more to me, Batman is going to ask Superman to do this impossible thing. And Lois is upset, saying, you're going to die. This doesn't ring true to anything we've seen in this book. Or, you know, if you go with a current continuity Wherever you might think this is where it stands, where it doesn't stand, this isn't him fighting Doomsday again. She is pretty much making it like he's never going to come back from this. He is flying into the earth. Yeah, I think that in stories, Superman has probably done this a trillion times. I I don't know personally. It seems like a very Silver Age type thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Where he would fly in. Did did that? Did it make you think? Like, oh, my God, Superman flying to the core of the Earth. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be, yeah, you know, he's going to die. No. Never, did you think that? Not, never once. No. And the worst part is, is I went back because I keep remembering that last issue where Cyborg said these machines were. And they were legitimately, I sent you the the Sure did. Picture. He says they are on the outer core of the Earth. <laughs> And he shows them all the picture of these things. They are on the outer core. They're not in the middle. They're not in the, the center. All of a sudden, now they're in the center of the earth. The and inner core. Yeah, they have to get there at the actual core, it seems. And they're going to send Superman. So that's why he has Cyborg show up. But you have Lois now. Lois, who Superman was. He chopping was fine, veggies. He was fine chopping those veggies. All he wanted to make was a kick-ass stir-fry. And all Lois kept telling him, you should go. You know they need you. Justice League isn't anything without a Superman. You know, oh, they're not my Justice League. They'll handle it themselves. Yeah, they're not really handling it. And we were so mad at Superman because he was just chopping those veggies where one uh, Lois kept telling him. Uh, it turns going. out Superman knew the entire time that as soon as he did this, Lois would flip-flop and yeah, be mad at him. flip-flops. Now she's he mad trying to keep, He was trying to keep away from all of that. He didn't want to cause a fight. She's mad and like, oh, you know what? You're not going to come back. Oh, you're this and that. And... uh you have even the whole thing where she even calls out like, oh, you know, this isn't Toy Man. And it, it's it's not – that's not this Superman. That's not this Superman and Lois. They, they've been kind of keeping the, on the down low. Yeah. He hasn't been fighting Toy Man. Now she – you could I say. I was saying the old cop. Before, yeah. But the, the problem is is she is acting like this is bigger than Doomsday. This is bigger than fighting dark side. This would be, you know, the worst thing that you could possibly say is that, and I don't even know, I get Superman went, or Batman went to talk to him before about it. I guess he just tells her everything because yeah. he ran right home to tell her. But it just, it's it just nonsense. But yeah, they're talking. Uh, then they're going to do it cyborg. And to me, again, I expect Superman to fly up and boom, right in. He's going to fly right into the earth. Nope. Cyborg's going to open up a, uh, Boom a tube. freaking boom tube to these quote-unquote extinction machines, which I will point out again, 
He told us that they were in the outer core and they're not anymore. So he's going to open up a boom tube, but he can't open it up again to get him. There's one reason why I do agree. He says, oh, I, can't, I won't be able to really get your position. Yes, but I then can go makes, with that. But then he makes up the whole thing and, and the pressure and the extreme temperatures – then you shouldn't be able to open it now. No, I agree. In. The boom tube to me is two-way. It's, exactly. It's not like you only going forward. It's backwards and forth. It's a tube. So basically, Brian Hitch wants to get Superman down there quick and wants to have some tension of how he can get back. He's yes. got to get back himself. Superman's going to go do this. And it's really weird to me because you are talking a Justice League book. A lot of people are saying, that, oh, I like it because they're fighting natural disasters and an alien invasion. If, in fact, Superman died here, he'd be dying in the center of the Earth trying to break a machine. It's nonsense. That's not a Justice League thing. And, and really, too, they're they're there. You have Batman. I know that they're pressed for time, but at one point, Batman did tell Superman. Superman went back home. They did some things, and then Batman came. I would think you, Batman's a smart guy, right? Yeah. He prepares for things. I would really think that they would have thought out a plan. Like, hey, Superman, what are you going to do when you get down there? Well, I'd use my heat vision. Are you an <laughs> Superman? You're going to use your heat vision. It's hotter than your heat vision. So that's what I love. When he gets down there, he even says, oh, my God, I can't use yeah. my heat vision. It's hotter he has down no here. no plan. No. He is promising Lois and his son, I'll be back. Don't worry, kiddo. I'll be back. There's no problem. I'm Superman. He is. He doesn't have a plan. He goes down there. It even seems that he's like he's shocked at how bad he is, which yeah. that's okay. It's weird though to me. I guess he doesn't he go to the center of the earth all the time. Yeah, well, that, I said he doesn't go down there every day. He doesn't know yeah, what the temperatures like, the right conditions. It's really stressed. Like yeah. he is really having some problems, but he has no plan. They don't have any plan. I was just down there. <laughs> you know what I would do? I'd break him in half. It's Superman. But yeah, I would think that at one point they're like, okay, these extinction machines. uh, Hey, you mean the things at the outer core? I'm just going to keep saying it. It gets me so angry. Uh, Yeah, they're at the middle uh, of the earth. Here's what I would do, Superman. And he's like, you know what? Batman always has a plan. What would you do? We're going to do this. We're going to send you down with these nukes. Oh, that will blow up the planet. We can't do that. We're going to do this. You know, there's also the question of these things are vibrating, causing earthquakes. They are embedded in the the core of the earth. What's going to happen if they do destroy them? Like, you know, if you hit something like that, is it going to set off like a a fucking two-ton nuke explosion in the core of the earth and you're going to destroy it? Nobody seems to care. They're just going to go down there. Superman has no plan at all, and it gets me so upset. In the meantime, he's down there fucking, you know, so concerned that it's it's harder down there than he thought. It's really hot in the core. Um, and then the these bug things attack again. The purge. And, 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 yeah, the purge come. And this is there's been a running thing where uh, Cyborg can hear a signal. And he doesn't know if they're the signal, but he hears it again. He thinks he can get the frequency. And when he does, they attack him. They <laughs> go after him. And to me, that is like the one of the key things that will come up is that the signal is going off somehow. And that's what's signaling the purge where to go. And they'll he'll they'll do this. They're gonna fucking they'll they'll open a boom tube. They'll put a goddamn signal. All these things will fly in the signal. They'll end up in the fucking middle of the earth and die or something. It just seems that way. Uh, then you move. You have to get Aquaman. Uh, he's going around. He's carrying those fucking crystals. He sees this goddamn <sighs> Doctor Manhattan fucking First Lantern. That's what they look. And then you get more nonsense where the thing says, "I'm made of words which control the universe." 
I am made of magic. Stolen magic, stolen words, return to us. What the fuck is he talking I just understand. Nobody said anything about magic. It was all about stolen words before. Now it has to be magic because words didn't make any goddamn sense. Because I think that he realized. And even that, magic doesn't make sense for Aquaman. I know. I know. And then he says, I hear a song of earth and rock. I I thought he was starting the first line of the immigrant (laughs) song, for Christ's sakes. And then he's like, he turns. Ah! And all the... I hear the song of Earth and Rock. God damn it. it. This thing, it's the greatest hits of, of nonsense. Every page, I was getting more and more angry. And it says, in all the returns, it is a song I've never heard. <laughs> really? Now you have another mystery that I don't care about. And then they stop singing. Oh, yeah. He has the, oh, it's the Zodiac Crystals. I can hear it. And then I like, he's like, nobody else hears that? Like, he thought he was crazy. <laughs> Now he's he and and this kindred's friends with him. Yeah. I don't understand. But then he's like, "Oh, what happened? It disappeared. They've gone quiet." And that's when you go. And now you see Wonder Woman. And yeah, if you guess she's inside the yeah. kindred, but I don't see people. Nope. She looks like she's in like a fucking you know. She's at the planetarium. She's ready for a show. And then. She's like, hey, the song, uh, they say, the song is faded, but my kindred call it is time. Who is it? It does not know. It is not kindred, but it is relative. Oh, really? Another fucking nonsense. And then that's when she says, who's there? Who are you? Who are the kindred? Then the kindred asks, you know, because they're not going to give answers. So everything in this book is a question answered with a question. And it says, who are you? She tells them. And then they ask again, who "Who are are you? Who are you? And at one point we thought it was kind of a uh, call out to the, the lies story or whatever. Yeah. Just right there even made it. So to me it wasn't. It was like, they, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, these, these kindred now are walking. They, they're in Canada and they gather, Eric. They gather and there's where you see. There's like, I'm the light. The, uh, the color spectrum flows through me. And then the, uh, the power of the stars shines in me. The stars, Eric. What, what the stars? Doesn't it seem like that one destroys you know, the, stars the, is the, the lighthouse in Amity Bay, though? Yeah, it does. But and it's Canada too, because if you look, you—I don't know—I'd have to go back. It seemed like these things are changing colors in a way that doesn't match up as well. I don't really care, but yeah, yeah you have that. I guess Wonder Woman is the stars. Is that is that possible? I don't know. Because she has stars on her outfit. Because then the, there's the the magic is returned. But didn't you just say that it, it went out? I, I don't understand. Where's the song, Eric? And then, yeah. Speed and motion are mine again. Yeah, really? They're there. And then you go. And the, the best cliffhanger ever. I, I'm telling you. It, it is like the fucking whipped cream on the shit Sunday Because you usually get a cliffhanger that something big happens. This cliffhanger, is, Superman realizes he doesn't know what the fuck to do. Yep. He's like, I can do this. I can use this. I'm going to get under control. Heat and pressure like being cooked. Barely up my eyes. Need to find out things. Oh, found one. Heat vision. No, stupid. Hotter here than I can make it. I don't know what to do. The end. The end. I don't know what to do. Really, I do. Fucking get off this book. and Get someone who knows what the fuck to tell a story. People love Brian Hitch's art. Just fucking demote him to art. We don't like his art. I don't like his art, yeah. But boy, his writing is just, it's nonsense. I really, he, maybe it's, maybe it's one of those things. Maybe if he was writing 
Flash. Maybe if he was writing a, I don't know, Green Lantern says too many people. Maybe it's just he, he stretched too far. He doesn't write usually. He's usually an artist. And the book is just a, a large team. And because of that, he just doesn't know how to pace an issue and get things going. He's, he's stretched too much. He's trying too many things. And that's what's happening. I don't know. He's doing the same it, thing in JLA. Yeah, again, there's a big, the same team, pretty much. It's yeah. a big team. Maybe he would be better served to do a smaller book, like, you know, even like a Red Hood. Not that I want him on Red no. Hood, I like Red Hood, but like something like that. Or if they had, if Vibe came back, you put him on Vibe. Let him do something. Get him in that Scott Snyder school. Scotty, I'm going to message him now. Scott, please teach him something. Because I, this I would give us a gets, six out of ten. This is shit thrown together. I gave it a four nine. Yeah. I, I really should have given it a five. A fuck you five. Because I'm telling you, the art wasn't that great either. When they go most of it was the, good. The worst part is little Kents, John. Yeah. No, it's it's Lois too. Look I, at that whole thing at the Kents is awful. Lois and John look fucking terrible. John looked like Pinocchio to me. Even like you, at points, Lois looks just like him. And I love Tony S. Daniel. I think he's one of the best artists. And there's the point where when Lois, uh, he's like, hey, I've come back. And she says, not here. We've already seen it does work like it. You know, it doesn't work like that here. And she's even off in that panel. Uh, but no, this this story pretty much for number one, we haven't gone anywhere ahead in the story, except maybe the Green Lanterns going to this mysterious fucking planet that we don't know anything about and these kindred gathering together but i couldn't tell you what this whole story is neither could i i gave I, it a, i've made up shit i didn't want to give a, a fuck two fuck you fives because i right. gave supergirl fuck you five i'm changing up the podcast i'll go up one fuck you five <laughs> it, it got me so angry it's just nonsense and people are I, I really think that it's not just uh people who talk to us that have to be dropping this it's just it is nonsense it's such nonsense <laughs> Take a break, and then we'll be back with the green section, Eric. All right. green section of the podcast. And we're back, Eric. We are back and ready to rock. Good. I had to pee so bad. It hurt. It hurt so goddamn bad, like, man. We're sitting there talking to you out of nowhere. Yeah, give that a six. At one point, I was I was fucking muting the mic and I was standing up in my uh, chair. I, was, I had to get like, oh, it's bad. I'm I'm sweating so bad holding it back. I'm like, was it that bad? Oh my god, it hurt. Were you doing the cabbage patch again, like you always do? No, I was trying to move as little as possible. This is how we Come on, Eric. Now you got it. Here we go. I love the, the crazy thing. Oh, oh, oh. Come on. We're almost done, my friend. We're almost done, but this is how we do it. And you know what's coming up? What is coming up now is the fucking green section of the podcast. Watch your profanity. But the watch your profanity. That's the only, I would never say that. I would never curse. It's wondering, you're getting harsh there. Actually, I like your book a little more than I liked mine here. Uh, you know what? I like my book a little bit more than I liked yours here. Yeah, yeah. You agree with what I said about the uh, the other one there? A little behind the scenes? Let's give a little wink and a nod. You you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't recall so, anything. Eh? 
You know what I'm saying? Huh? I'm shuffling. Huh? Yo, my yeah, pop, see, put up a. Oh, wee wee. Hey, Pasquale, down, con, chon, tabby, down, chassis, chee, chon. You alright, man? Yeah, I, I just had some problems. I just saw. I had the emerald sight. What happened? I was just I'm doggy. All of a sudden, I saw that uh, the emerald. You got a devil inside showed, you, boy. Yeah, no, the emerald sight. It just showed me at 3 a.m. We're still going to be fucking recording this, and I wanted to kill myself. Oh, uh, what do we have first? You you talk about this while I try to find the books because I did not get these, but you go on. <laughs> go Green on. Lanterns number five, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Robson Roca, Eduardo Pensica, Jay wow. Lyson, Julio Ferreira, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. Wow. Our heroes get ham on the Red Lanterns this one, bruh. And Simon and Jessica Don seem to be in the way over their heads, bro. Ah, oh, yes, you are. You are Rick and Morty, aren't you? Is that all, <laughs> that's all you're giving us? It's so like I one got... of those. Is, all right. I have a Rick and Morty reference later in Nightwing. I'm just telling you. I was freaking right. I hope you doing... get that. I hope you get my reference later. I was doing my notes up earlier. For some reason, I thought of Rick and Morty, like the description, like, I'm doing it. Yeah, well, here you go. You know what I needed in this book? I needed a page where the, the lanterns introduce themselves. Because we've never seen that, Eric. But yeah, we get. Hey, hey, we get to hear about their Pokemon. Well, here's the thing. I have an issue. I have a big issue with this. Not an issue of what was said, but that it wasn't said more. Because first off, we find out that Simon Baz, that guy, could nap until Thanksgiving, and he just wants to be with his Dodge Charger, Eric. His Dodge he loves Charger. His truck. He loves his truck. I've never seen this truck. Simon, why are you stealing vans then, you son of a bitch? Just That's for the high. Guantanamo. Nah, he was, they, remember he was made to because he lost his fucking job. Charizard, Bulbasaur, and Jigglypuff. Yeah. Then that's when Jessica talks that she'd rather be with her Pokemon. Charizard, I can understand Bulbasaur, that. and Jigglypuff. I, I don't, I'd I, rather be with my Pokemon actually, more than a lot yeah, of things, too. There's the problem, though. Why? When you get to the next page, why didn't Sam Humphreys go for it then? Why didn't he go with what he just said and have Jessica mention what the Red Lanterns look like? She has just said Pokemon. I thought that it would have been great where she and I looked. I, it, two seconds it took me. Azilia Socks looks a lot like coughing. Yeah, you know, cough, looks just like him. Why sure didn't Why didn't he just go with that? And there's a, a later one, Scalix, because she calls him a goat thing. There's Go Goat. That looks a lot like Scalix. You could. I don't know. Once we get a, past, once we get uh, past yeah, the, red no, and blue, the, I don't know. This shit. is like uh, number six hundred. Okay. But here's the thing. All I looked up was Scalix, or I looked up Pokemon Goat. Right. It was Go Goat. It is a. Go- Why couldn't she say like there's Celia socks? And this would have been a way for well, her to actually get over a bit of her anxiety because she kind of makes it into a game. Why bring co- it up? Coffee, and not go? coffee I can give you with uh, Celia socks, but if she's just playing Pokemon Go, that's only the original Pokemon there. You yeah, wouldn't. I'm not saying your- she. I. She never said Pokemon Go. That's I, I know the thing. Did. That's the one thing when you said about that being in uh, what was it? Harley. Harley. I mean, uh, Suicide Harley. Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. They were really pointing out the Pokemon Go. This Pokey is just Judy. her. Yeah, this is just her rather be with her Pokemon. So yeah. that's why I think they even Sam Humphreys even played it light on that with not saying Pokemon Go. Uh, but she just wants to be with them. And it would have been a pretty funny thing to me that she would have been like, you know, oh my God, they look like this. They're like Simon's like these things. I've seen them in space. They're they're terrifying. And she's like, you know what? And it would it really would have been a funny All of a sudden it's her getting over anxiety by yeah, picturing people could in have underwear over but her Pokemon. Anxiety. Yeah, it's like looking she's afraid of giving a speech. You think of everybody in their undies. Yeah. She's there and she thinks of these 
awful fucking Red Lanterns as Pokemon, and I think it would have been a funny jo- – uh, I don't know. Her, I, I like to think I have a decent imagination. I don't even think I could do that. No, I'm not even saying – I'm not even saying that she would get over anything. I'm just saying you were just talking oh, about yeah, Pokemon, yeah. and these guys come out. I actually think that you think in your mind, like, holy shit, these are some fucked up. That's a fucked up looking fucking uh, coughing. Yeah. You know, just that that would continue the joke. He's trying to do this Pokemon like he's hip. And then it just disappears. I think that would have been funny because really, Celia sucks. You you could sell to me that he does look like a weird Pokemon. He's a crazy looking dude. Goddamn mad ball is what he is. Yeah, he does look like a mad ball. But yeah, instead she goes, yeah, because then you get the uh, juxtaposition of Simon knowing who they are and her just saying what they look like. I really do think it would have been uh, more fun if she would have said because he's like Scalix, angry goat dude. Not we're not going to have a lot of fun in Green Lantern. No, that's not what Sam Humphries is going for. Yeah, there's Zillia Socks. No, he's trying. Zillia Socks, Mr. Potato Head on drugs. <sighs> it's, that's not – that's terrible. Fury 6, Grumpy Computer. How does she get this – you know what I mean? I don't know what she gets that To me, it looks like Parasite, Fury 6. It looks like a little Parasite. And then there's Hagor, Ugly Christmas Tree Gore. Nope. Uh, no. This is what I'm saying. It'd be funny if, like, then you get to fucking Hagor, and she's like, yeah, they haven't made a Pokemon that up. <laughs> then you just go from there. That, that's all you need. It doesn't have to be her getting away from it. It'd be what she was just thinking about, and it leading into her thinking that. Uh, but in the meantime, they're just... Si- Simon thinks about his truck. He's like, look at that carburetor face. Yeah, yeah, look at... I got nothing. <laughs> carburetor. You look like an oil change gone bad. You Ooh. look like an oil change on drugs. Pretty thin rigs, but yeah, they go. They're gonna fight. And that's the thing. It is. It's just our Green Lanterns who we have seen not be able to do their jobs very well, fighting some goddamn like pretty much the scourges of the universe at this point. The Red Lanterns. Yeah. And you're not excited, like. And they even want. They want to even up the ante a bit by showing you all the rage infected people and how this fight they have is really important. But there's no way anything good can come from this because no. they're ill-prepared to take any of yeah, these no. fuckers on. You know what You know what always gets me, too, with the Green Lanterns? Uh, whenever they fight, any Green Lanterns, like, really, there is, like you say, like Batman, you go for the face. You, yeah. Robocop, go for the face. You, you go for the ring finger. That's Wherever that ring is, just you concentrate on that. Don't hit him in the face. If, if the ring's on their tail, you cut off their tail. The Red Lanterns, they're done. They, they're dead. I just it gets on my nerves so much. They always are punching each other in the face or whatever. And at this point, do you expect Jessica to make constructs at the most important time ever? Or do you expect her to never make constructs and her almost like Duke and Batman to do it something different? Ah, that's a good call. Honestly, I am actually I, I'm starting I to think that I don't want her to do constructs now. Yeah, I'll say everybody does constructs. It is that thing. It's too far in. That's just why I think that they're leading for her to eventually get that phantom ring that doesn't do constructs. Which you don't hear about in this at all. It's this phantom ring thing. No, you don't. We've got five issues. We've we've seen about it like twice, and that's it. Yeah. And then you have her, which every issue is her, like, not able. Now, again, this could all lead to this big moment where Atrocitus is about to kill Simon and she makes a fucking construct of a fucking planet that, you know what I mean? It's a fucking of a Pokemon. It's, it's Ifrit in fucking Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Yeah. Fucking hits. But to Knights me, of the round, point, all of a sudden. 
to me at this point, she's getting a, a she's doing enough with just this, these blasts. She even did it a bit in the Justice League garbage. Uh, but I'm getting to the point now that I'm not expecting her to ever do a construct into her going about it her own way. Well, and like even a- like the point with like, hey, all of the Green Lanterns make constructs. I'm doing it different. Well, it's like in Batman, though, like she what did she do in that it was like a bunch of like rocks was it like a fucking asteroid she yeah, threw yeah, like i said Gotham? it's like there's weird it's weird it's always just these blasts it seems but like it seemed like a big boulder she con- yeah. did a construct yeah. of and then yeah, like and Gotham just broke it apart. she seems to just like blast things. yeah yeah that's what she's been doing I, yeah, for the most part here. same thing here um but they're fighting it's a good panel there there is some good art in this i think it, it goes back and forth i no, do i like, like the art a lot in this i do like this panel where you got simon with his construct he's fighting uh and they're going to town, and then you see Atrocitus. He's just standing there. He's a badass. That yeah, he's a badass. He is a badass. And there he is with Dexter. And Dexter is going to get the Rage Seed. And yeah, well, everybody's and busy fighting the Green Lanterns. Dexter, do me a favor. Take this Rage Seed and go so put it in the fun. Hell Tower for me. To me as well, I really, really wish that that was a hairball. It even looks like a hairball a little. I wish that Dexter would have had it the whole time. He was holding it. He spits it up like a hairball. I think that would be awesome. I think it would just be funny. But now, where does he get it? I don't even see where it comes from. Atrocitus just kind of has it floating in his hand out of yeah. nowhere though i wish he would have coughed it up we don't know what a rage seed is where does a rage seed come from how do they well, that's what i'm saying it does look like a hairball to me though it looks like or that or like the seed it looks like a pit of a fruit but yeah there's dexter dexter's kick ass he's gonna go do it off he goes again you fight dexter go for that tail don't don't bother <laughs> with chop the, that tail off just top, chop that tail off and it's game over but yeah uh the red dawn is mentioned again and then it's just really the Green Lanterns are just going to fight and fight and until they don't because that's the thing too and we get Simon having the Emerald Sight where he like the thing is this Emerald Sight is not doing anything good because all we see is Atrocitus standing there with the Justice League with green I mean uh, red eyes like they're infected by the rage like okay you're not really everybody else is getting infected by the rage anyway you're not really giving me any decent insight here Emerald yeah really this is almost like to me this is like you want to talk that if you said to me you know hey Simon uh where do you think this is all going? I think everybody's going to be infected. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not. It's, because and every we kind of know what's going you know, on. Inf- they, they're yelling. Infected it. escalating there. You know, it's Atrocitus, going up. Yeah, Atrocitus will yell at you and tell you exactly what's coming anyway. This Red Dawn, he's going all over the town yeah. yelling Red Dawn. So, yeah. But Emerald Sight is fucking useless. That's what yeah, it is. It is. But then uh, Simon's other ability is that he is really high on himself, that he can spike his willpower and cure the red, the rage. He can cure rage from people, and he's going to try to do that uh, to atrocities. And man, is he biting off way more than he could. Yeah, fuck you. You're, I, you're I understand really... that Simon has had this really cocky nature, but goddamn, yeah, he has. And, he's and done this twice. Where, at that point, when he sees that the emerald sight, and he realizes I got to fight atrocities. He just leaves Jessica there fighting that. Yeah, whole Jessica, bunch. take care of them. A girl who and, is terrified and can't make constructs. Yep, take care she of all the make constructs. Lanterns. She's terrified you have now abandoned her yeah. with all of these red liners. Now, he might say, well, you know what? Zillia Sox, he's dead already. <laughs> Scalax, too. Uh, there is the panel that I put on Twitter, too, because she's there. She gets knocked down, yeah. and she's, like, trying to do stuff. She's trying to gather willpower. She's like, and it is funny because she's going with the basic Hal Jordan. Please, just a punching glove. Exactly, yeah. She wants boxing a boxing glove. glove, and she can't even do that. And that's where, uh, what's his name, the... The rage computer that she says, uh, 
Yeah, they're laughing, and she, he says, a Green Lantern who can't make a construct, and they're all laughing at her, and I said, <laughs> right away, it reminded me of the gang at the you end of the You can't summer. even take a shower <laughs> with, with a beautiful, beautiful woman, woman. Without, without taking off your jeans. <laughs> and they all laugh, yeah, and they all laugh, and it really, it did. It reminded me exactly of that scene <laughs> to the point where Zilius is behind, and in the picture that you sent me, because I just said to you, it reminds me of Michael that scene Berryman. Gang. Yeah, my Berryman, the guy from the Hills Have Eyes, he's there with the, that bald head. And I'm like, yep, that's him. Yep. I thought it was pretty funny. But, yeah, she's there like, you know, we're going to kill you. And the thing she is, does too, freak out then and I knocks really him thought away. this was the moment where she was going to yeah. have the willpower yep. spike. But I love this actually. This, this, from this point on, I actually like, ended up because, loving the well, book. You know why I like it? all made sense. Even though we don't like what uh, Simon has bitten off, like you said, uh, but it's in the character. He is very high on himself. Oh, yeah. Steven's like, I took my brother. Like, he is That's on a really high. Think things through. Yeah, he's on a high with this cure bit. He thinks that he's the, the bee's knees. Uh, in the meantime, the BMOC. Yeah, where I do think if she's going to do constructs, this is the first part of what we're seeing where uh, she is just, this is reaction. This isn't her thinking. She is about to die. Yeah. And she just, boom! And it's like a Green Lantern explosion. She yeah. knocks them all, and then she, whoa, 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 whoa. She, she goes, goes out, and hides and, it's very, and starts crying. And it's very right with the character. It's perfect for the character, because yep, there's she, no way these Green Lanterns could rise to the occasion yep. and p- to pull this off, because they don't have the training, and yep. they're, they're damaged fucking people. And she says that I'm I'm so anxious I can't do this. In the meantime, Simon is high on his horse there, and he is going to cure Atrocitus. And while I was reading it, first up, you told me about it, so yeah, yeah. A little, but it, reading it, I'm like, that's all Atrocitus is. Yeah. At that one point, they even tried to get you know. Remember when they what was it that because uh, he's about his home world. That's that's what Atrocitus is, right? And then did, when, wasn't there a story where they were trying to show him that he wasn't like it's something weird, and that didn't even work. Like I think, nothing, was, I think you're thinking about the first Lantern, what showed him if his family didn't die, he'd end I up fucking kill, like, killing them anyway. I think it was, yeah. Like there's no, there's no curing Atrocitus. No, no matter what, ba- he's a bad mamma jamma. Yeah, you could go back in time and change everything that led to this point. He is still going to find a reason that the rage is overcoming him. He is rage. To me, Atrocitus is just rage. There's saying, nothing he might as else. well have the butcher inside of him, the, yeah, the freaking yeah. rage. Entity. And in fact, I think that, yeah, it gets to the point where you could even have a story where the butcher and him go at it. because well, so, well, The butcher's is, dead now, gone yeah, now. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if like, there was still a rage entity if it's yeah. just not I'm him. I'm telling you, he is, to me, at this moment, more of an entity than an actual just the leader of right. the He's, he seems a little more than that. And if they did spell that out, and this is why you have a Zilius, like there's some other shit going on behind the scenes. Hey, just tell me, man. That's all I yeah, need. But we would like it. But yeah, he's going to try to cure him. You can't cure him. You cannot cure him of the rage. He does think that he did it at one point. I, I like it too because there's some great art leading up to where Simon goes, you know, willpower spiking. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to pull this off. Yeah, he's and like, he, and he's, that he he's is down for the count though. He has yep. worn himself out trying yeah, to do this yeah. cure, and Atrocitus is fine, and he. I swear yeah. he breaks Simon's goddamn arm. Well, and it's awesome because at that one point, they're both going at it, and it's that whole green panel. You know, a whole yeah. full page. It's all green. So it's so good that you don't know. Maybe he has done it. Like Because oh, up to shit. this point, too, it seems like he can, he's the lantern that can do anything. Yeah, you think he could. 
And then that's where there's smoke. He's like, boy, that, that hurt. He looks like he's about to upchuck. Yeah. And then out comes Atrocitus. He just comes out and he's, he says, you cannot drive rage from me. Rage flows through my veins. I actually would have liked it if he just would have said, I am rage. Yeah. And yeah, he grabs him. And it's funny too, because at this point, it seems like he could just freaking snap Simon, just pull his head off. He is going to make him suffer. You think that and arm yeah, is broken? I, yeah, he, he ripped that rotator cup. Is oh, what my God. He looks like he grabbed the arm and twisted it and just fucking boom. That thing is dead. And it is his ring finger hand. Like, yeah. that's fucked up. And uh, in the meantime, he yells. It hurts. And Jessica knows that something's wrong. And she yells, Simon. And then she's still, though, because she she's so she's, scared. Yeah, she can't she come can't, out of hiding. Hey, can you see, like, a zillius flying by and whatever? And she's like, I can't do that. What I really do like, then it's very – and Sam Humphreys does a great job here. How much we've said – and, you know, any negatives against him. The way that he does this, where right when Simon gets his arm broke, it is – Back and forth, there's there's Jessica. Oh my God! Then she, then you see Simon again. You see, but then you see Dexter going down. Like everything, it's like a movie. Oh, All yeah, this yeah. shit happening. And the thing that I like the most, you see her sister Sarah, and Simon's fucked. That bubble is that, going that away. That cocoon is the gone. Was, yeah, it's dissipating out because Simon and we talked about this in the Justice League book where I said, hey, what these, uh, how do these end? You know, the constructs end up going, and basically, you tell if you can't concentrate. And shit like that, any constructs you have done are gone. Uh, he can't concentrate. He's freaking, he is, first off, he's exhausted from what he tried to do. And now fucking atrocities just ripped his arm. And yeah, she's about to get free. Uh, and I even like the panel here that we're like, it, like she is cowering to the point where like all these like red things are just seems like they're like just over top of her, like coming down at her, even though yeah. I think it's just the background. It's not actually happening. She is just so terrified of everything at this point. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. Uh, and to me, it's, to the, everything yeah, is extreme. To me, I think that they're there, but it'd be like, you know, you, you're scared as a kid and you look at a woods and next. That, that's what I will, thought of. Yeah. Yeah. The gnarled up tree looks like it's a face and like it's scratching against the window at night. Like yeah. Yeah. You're fucking petrified. She is. She's petrified. She doesn't know what to do. And she says, I'm too afraid. And then there's Simon Baz and he's going to die. <laughs> what does he say? I'm trying to scroll down. He said, I guess some things are impossible after all. Write that on my tombstone. And he's there. He's fucked up. Uh, I don't know at this point. Does that phantom ring show up out of nowhere? If you see the, you know, Nazir, he's there with that box with the other uh, freaking guardian. The Lone guardian, yeah. Goes and you think it's going to go to Simon and it goes to Jessica. What? I don't know. Because at this point, I don't know. We've seen enough here that I don't think there's anything that Jessica can just snap out of. It. And there's nothing you know that I mean? Simon can do. Jessica yeah, and can Simon's fucked. Our hero is. We had a, a setup. We had a setup here where she yells Simon, and then she. But that's the setup for her to go put every. He's not going that route. She's now already like she knows Simon's a big trouble. She can't get over it now. What is going to make her like the next issue? All of a sudden, just go. No, I got to do it. She I, is fucked. And that's where we else. where we leave this book. It says next issue, Red Lantern's triumphant. And from where we get this book, I'm guessing the Red Lanterns fucking win. Yeah, I think they might at this point. But, uh, you know, and maybe um, Atrocitus takes – I don't know. Atrocitus doesn't seem to be a guy who likes prisoners. No. Is he going to try to turn Simon into a Red red Lantern? Well, as he, we've said in the – I want to say it was the Rebirth issue when uh, uh, Atrocitus was the one giving all that mysterious narration where he said one will die and one will turn to a Red yeah, Lantern. Turn. Now, we already saw Jessica kind of – she, she was infected by the rage. Lantern. She didn't yeah. turn into a red lantern. 
But I mean, I didn't know if they were going with that in one. But with, Simon's uh, the one with the rage, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and again, you know those prophecies—they're you know the blood prophecies. You know they're hokey. So yeah, <laughs> one will turn. It might be that he turns his head. <laughs> actually, the turn he turns the turn. other cheek. Actually, the one that will turn could be Jessica overcoming her anxiety and becoming a real green light. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, 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 those things are like a monkey paw sometimes where they go. But I love the art. I did enjoy this issue. Uh, a lot of the beginning, enjoyed- the first half was a lot of nothing. But yeah. when he did kick in, I really liked it. I, this you, is, once this I have, once Simon I realized that he could try to use the cure and it, uh, he left uh, Jessica to the fucking will of the Red Lanterns. I'm like, everything fell yeah. in the place there where the characters made sense because they're not overcoming this. They're going down, and no. it makes perfect sense. And what sense I really do like, uh, Sam Humphreys, again, uh, not as good as what Tom King did, I think, but he has set up that we're like, oh, here we go. Simon's going to do this again, and atrocities, yeah. this is nonsense. And then it is nonsense, and you're like, shit, that's awesome. And yeah. I really did like that. And the uh, the uh, the art was really good. The art yeah. was really good. That but one was- that one panel of the Emerald Site was pretty goddamn awesome. It was pretty badass. It's just, I, we're the five issues nonsense, really. The Emerald Site, it'd be like me tomorrow, and I'm like, I have the Emerald Site, and it goes, it's Sunday. Like, my Emerald Site's this. Oh, God, it's coming on. If yeah. I quit my job, I won't be able to pay my bills. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, it's like, Monday, you'll go to work. Oh, Fuck. It's like when you go to bed and you dream that you're at work, and then you wake up, and you're like, God damn it. It's like I was already there. Uh, but what did you give it on this? I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I really yeah. enjoyed the art, but it's just when half the issue is just nonsense that we've already dealt with, and I just can't give it a great score, yeah, even I though actually, I like the last half. I'm higher than you. I went 7.5. I, wow. I just The art itself was enough for me to go high on this. The art boy, was really good. The end, it was just breakneck pace at the end. That was enough for me. And again, if you're going to have a part of a book that's kick-ass, make it the end. Because then well, when I'm, the I'm like, before holy I got, shit. Before I got to that ending, I was probably going to give this a 4 out of 10. Really? You thought it was that bad? Just because, I'm telling you. What, again, you start off the book the same. I don't want any more of the book exactly. with, I'm Simon Bez. It's I'm just this. getting on my I'm nerves. Jessica. I have anxiety. I have problems in crowds, and I don't like to give speeches. Our heroes I'm get ham on this I one. like my charger. Our heroes get ham on the Red Lanterns. This one, brah. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, we, we have the next one, brah. And brah. The next one, we continue with the green, and it is green arrow number five, Eric. I'm trying to get my... my number five, still alive. Green arrow number five, written by Ben Percy, art by Juan Ferreira and Nate Picos. Oliver goes against Ninth Circle and the Burned, but after the really good buildup, this big fight didn't feel so big after all. In fact, it came across more as a setup issue than the ending of a story arc. I love Juan Ferreira's art, as always, and while this issue left me feeling a bit down, I love where it ended. And it's really funny, because usually that what ends up at the end is usually something that would really get me angry. It made me laugh so much. It made me, me giggle. And then I came to work and told you about it, and I giggled then, and I just I just think of everything that it means, and it makes me laugh. But really, th- this is the issue that is the end of this arc. We've had such a big buildup about the burn. And uh, Dante and the Inferno and the Ninth Circle and Broderick and all. Boy, they really go out with a whimper. Oh, my God. don't see much at all. That is my biggest problem with this. I, I do like Juan Ferrer's art a lot. Yeah, it looks um, great. But, boy, 
I've never read an issue where it was like build up so much. We build up all these issues, including the rebirth. This is one of the ones that the rebirth was tied in because it was where the guys, you know, you found out about the underground men. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leading into the the ninth circle and stuff like that. Well, I'm telling you, I was really excited with this with the rebirth because I was having fun with it. I liked the black and who was brought in, and Oliver wasn't like you know preaching fucking social justice. Yeah, he said yeah. he was a social justice warrior, but he wasn't preaching about it every day. No, he wasn't second. preaching about but it. And with each issue we've gotten though, like learning more about the burn, I've actually become less and less interested as we've gone on. Yeah, I, 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 just... I ended up reading this issue and I felt bored. Well, and I think the problem – there's a couple problems. Uh, number one big problem with a, uh, something like this is you have set yourself up for what you should have a huge battle, right? Oh, yeah. Oliver does not kill people. So, uh, that, that causes a big problem when you're going to fight a whole inti- – like this is the inferno. This is where every bit of money that these people have. There is a trillion dollars there. There should be a trillion burned there as well. There, you shouldn't be able to fucking move without hitting somebody like who's fucking nightmares. Yeah, really. And I said they have how much money in this this fucking thing where you see that we we don't even know how it could go unnoticed. It does it's, not seem it's to the have the biggest before. goddamn thing I've ever seen. And it's crazy. I'll overlook that. If you give me something good, it's but surrounded see, by the Seattle. Here's fog. the problem, though. When you see that Oliver and Diggle, they do get a track of where it is, but all they do is go on an inflatable fucking boat <laughs> and head to there. And they've been spelling it out like we we can't go. Remember, they were going. We're going to sneak. Oh no, Henry spilled the shit. Oh well, yeah, yeah. assault it is. Not much of a frontal assault. Oh. Like what is involved for them to get? What is involved for Oliver? To get into a vault that is basically every bit of money, it seems, in the world, it, he does nothing to do that. He just walks around. And it's yeah. very – again, before Juan Ferrer did spell it out to us, he talked to us at the one point where uh, Ben Percy had told him where they were had uh, the people with the burned that it was very Empire Strikes Back. This is yeah, very a cool callback out by the this way. This is US very time. to me. This whole issue is is pretty much a new hope. They are going to the Death Star. They knock a guy out. They dress up as him. Diggle does just like the stormtrooper oh, yeah. thing. I, I think that's the whole thing. Even if if you go that Ollie could possibly be either Luke and the Leia is actually his money because that's what he wants, or he's like Obi Wan doing that. I would think Obi Wan trying freak, to turn off the freaking yeah, turn uh, off shields. the deal. But in the meantime, oh, it, with explosives. It is, <laughs> it is very uh, New Hope where he's going around. But at at one point, I expect that that crazy scene that you didn't like in the the new uh, versions where Oliver turns and there are seven trillion uh, freaking burned. There's oh, not. God, it, yeah. it appears to me. That there's about twelve people on the inferno, and there shouldn't be. And well, it turns all, out though, burn victims don't last very long. Well, they're really counting on this thing being a secret, even though it doesn't seem to be a secret. But they, um, they also, again, you can't have fifteen people attack Ollie from all sides because he doesn't kill people. So you have that issue where how are you going to get? You you can't shoot fifteen trank. That, you know, you're going around shooting tranks all the time. It's just not going to work. So he's trying to do it stealthily, and they they try to do that. But in the meantime, they they figure out that there's going to be a meeting. And now I'm going to point out again, they're going to have a meeting with what appears to be the most important people in the Ninth Circle. There is not much security going on here. You're and right? I'm telling you, this most people like most important people. 
And really, we have Broderick and some other guys with masks. Well, that doesn't and, and really it's, amount it's to anything. It's funny, too, because they seem to just knock out a random guy, but yet they – Oliver even says, now you can go to the party. And it's like, really? You don't even know who this guy is. Like this guy you in this You don't even know the protocol to go into yeah, this. That's what I'm saying. He shows up and they're like – Hey, Tommy, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be, you know, it just seems very odd to me, but it's okay. But in the meantime, Diggle's like, hey, I'm going to go see what's going on, but you're going to have to blow this place up. We have bombs. And Oliver's like, what are you talking about? This is where my evidence to clear me. This is where the my Oliver Queen, the Queen Industries money is, which, again, it's kind it's of – It's not only that. It's that all it's the money that there. he wants to use for his oh, yeah. quest. Well, to even that, yeah. Then he sees and it's like, holy shit, you got a lot. But it is his, you know, all the money that was taken away from him is that – there. But, and all the evidence yeah, to keep, get him yeah, his freaking life back. Get him, and, and then again, you also have, you know, they might be recording Broderick, but it's weird too because that's what they spell out. They start going, they have this meeting, meeting adjourned, and they start to, they start talking, and like, oh, you know what? North African nations are on the verge of signing a peace treaty. This would be disastrous, giving our investments. This is what Dante says. Yeah. How did nowhere Broderick says, "May I have the floor?" And then says the exact same thing, but has to spell out exactly what Queen Industries is doing and why they're bad. And Oliver's listening. And, but he's like, to arrange peace with the Middle East is to declare war with Queen Industries. We just said that. We just said, you know, I wish that Dante would stand up and like, listen, this isn't just about you, buddy. This is all of us. I just yeah. told you that our investments are in big trouble because this is what we deal with. But he's got to spell it out so that Ollie hears him. And Ollie's like, I know that voice. Cyrus Broderick, my CFO. I'm like, really? We're really pushing like this this back deal. To make um, no, everybody's doing else. that. Like Sam Humphreys with the Green Lanterns. Yeah. It, it's issue. really odd. But in the meantime, you do see him setting up these bombs while he's listening. And then you get – he's very – and some of these I – lo- I love the um, – Juan Freire is awesome with doing like – the guy doesn't just give you seven splash pages and then like to – he will go all out. And the one page has – like instead of a full page splash, this thing has like fifteen panels. Oh yeah, it's all the shit. It's showing it's showing Oliver being very stealth, and he's doing this. Until he's like, not. And well, it's when Broderick's talking, and he basically says, "I can't hold it in," and then yells out so the bird can hear him. That fascist bastard. Please, Oliver, you Jesus do Christ. not have to yell that out. I'm telling you, I am right here. I could be the angriest person if there is a guy with a knife outside the door. to. Kill. I'm not yelling. Or if there's a outside. burn victim just trying to deliver pizza. I'm not yeah, talking. Pizza? He's got gold ingots. Yeah, yeah. If, if it was Dirty Fergie delivering a pizza, I don't – and I see it's him, and my wife says, listen, I don't want to eat pizza that that motherfucking dirty-ass <laughs> person has touched. I am quiet. If he's outside the door and he's like – Ah, you know, this is the Werner's house. I heard that Jim, that guy's a fucking asshole. I can keep my quiet. I'm not going to yell, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I have to eat his pizza, this dirty-ass pizza. Tanya thinks that pizza, I'm going to open it up, and it's going to have fucking dirt on the pizza or something. I don't know. It's got herpes all over it. Who knows? No, you know, I would start eating it and like, boy, it's real salty. I think he might have sweat on it. And then she (laughs) fucking But yeah, so he's fighting. Logan's not touching it now. No way. Logan had something today that we were eating, 
And he had a fucking the worst issue about something touch something. Uh, <laughs> you touched so it probably. See, that's probably what it was. <laughs> and he wants to know if I wash my hands. I'm like, please wash hands. That's for losers. Yeah, he losers goes through time for nonsense. And also, all of Oliver's dialogue in this, a lot of the dialogue, this it is very over the top. We're sure getting is. back to this really over the top. I don't mind the over the top dialogue when it's involved in action scenes because I'll always think of my mind. Yeah, it's like it's an action movie. movie. But in this, he's talking to himself, and it is really – even like the one thing, he tells the burn victim when the burn victim sees him after he yells, fascist bastard, you can't hold it in. He says, uh, there, there's the – he already profited from my death. Now he's a corpor, corporatizing murder on a grand scale. It's like uh-huh. so over the top. But then this is the best. He says to the burn victim, listen to me. We don't have to hurt each other. I can help you. Now, this guy, all he wants is aloe lotion. That's all the burn wants, Eric. But he's like, yes. And then he goes, yep, my words can't cut through that scarred husk. I'm like, you son of a bitch, Ollie, you're an asshole. It's like now it went from I can help you, not even a person anymore. No. It's just a scarred husk. He knows what's up. I like the art, though. That's the only part of the dialogue I actually connected to. Oh, yeah, that one. Well, he gets into this vault. He goes in, and it's great. It has, like, a big Mayan fucking head in there. How do they get that? that Imagine that's the head in the basement of the Simpsons' house. Yeah, well, they have the head there. I guess they put the head and built the fucking thing around it, because there's no door that's getting in. Uh, But I like this. This is my favorite dialogue of the whole book. It looks less like a bank and more like a cathedral of money. Oh. (laughs) Really? Really? Let's go worship at it. What is that? What is it's like this looks less like a McDonald's and more like a restaurant. Uh, it's so ridiculous. This looks like a house of meat. <sighs> That's like my dance club I go to. It's actually called the House of Meat, Eric. It, it got shut down. Sexy. A lot of people go in there. It's a little after hours club. Waggle waggle. Yes. So you have it there now. Do you have the book open? Are you looking yeah. at that head? Look at that statue that looks like the Venus de Milo. Venus de Milo, is, yeah. That is the ugliest looking face. I'm telling you, Juan, I love your art. If you're listening to this, one, I love your art. Boy, that face is off. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> Looks like Patrick Ewing. <laughs> oh, it's ugly. I'm thinking yeah, I Dalber think, from Coach. I think, I think it's a knockoff. But, yeah, he's like – and I really – of all the over-the-top dialogue, he says – to himself there. I just lost my page. This he's is how like, I oh get my, my life back. Yeah, this is, he's like, this is how I keep the mission of Green Arrow alive. And then he looks at the bombs and goes, isn't it? And I think that that was probably the best bit of dialogue. That is very subtle. How well, it's what we've been dealing with this entire me. story arc. And uh, I like it, though, because to me. No, I like it, too. I'm just saying. It, it makes knows sense. what he has to do, and he's very sad. It, because. Not only, like he says, this is Green Arrow. Green Arrow's going to die if he doesn't do this, you know, quote unquote. But it's almost like him, like this is the final step. He's done, he's walked the walk, but this is when he has to talk the talk. He's been faking it till he makes it, Eric. And this is where he decides. He's in cash checks, his ass can't, I don't even know how. Exactly. I don't even know how does that saying goes off the top of my head. He's writing checks, his ass can't cash. That's it. Thank you, baby. But the problem is, it's ash, gash, or gash. Yeah. Nobody buys you free. But yeah, to me, it's like this is the final realization that he's got to do it the right way, and it's going to be fucking hard. And he has that, so he, he sets bombs there. You, you get the idea. He sets bombs. In the meantime, there's Canary. Uh, when that whole meeting started, Dante had told Shadow and Emiko, listen, uh, you carry on with this. Uh, we didn't even say that. That was real over the top where Dante was pretty much telling uh, Black Canary – 
that he, they're going to baptize her in the fucking fire. Yeah, it's going to become burnt. I'm going to make you beautiful like me. And no, you're right. a liar, Dante. You're not. That's you're hideous. But yeah, poor Black. Fooling yourself, son. Yeah, poor Black Canary. But yeah, then you go, and you know, up until this point, I right now we're talking. I'm bored with it. No, up until this point, I knew that Emiko couldn't be bad. I know, but, and honestly, though, it just bothers me too that since she's been like you know with Ollie, she's been working for the burned. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the worst part. But at this point, they're gonna do this. Why are they heating that? At, what are they gonna do with that arrow? I don't Why know. Are they putting that arrow. Because, that, that's not being baptized in fire. No, they want they're to do. gonna be. She is really supposed to torture be put first into this. She's gonna be put into this vat of lava. Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, whatever. And they light this arrow. Now, here's the best part of it. I'm like, why? What are they doing? Because even if, say, they brand her, yeah. is nothing compared to what they're going to do. No. And then I thought, okay, when what happens, I thought, well, I didn't read it right. I think that maybe Emiko wanted, they're like, hey, Shadow, let's, let's fuck around. You know, Mom, I love shit like this. Light this arrow. And then went and singed off her grips. But she doesn't. You don't see that. Basically, huh. she whispers into Canary's ear. And I, I think that this is what the whisper is. It's the headbutt me and break out of your restraints. Yeah. Because she seems like what happens here is she could have broken out at any time. And why does she headbutt Emiko? I know she's mad, but she has to get out first. Headbutts Emiko and then shout, what did you tell her? I told her I was on her side and then all hell breaks. Why the headbutt? That's what happens. That's what I'm saying. And why this arrow? Because after this, where does that arrow go? Where is that arrow? It it's on the ground. Disappears. Disappears. Now it looks like Emiko has a switchblade. <laughs> I'm like, why? It's a what comb, happened? Jim. Don't worry. Like this arrow, it, they made such a big deal about it that you would think it was something important, that it was going to lead to something, and it doesn't. It disappears. Canary gets out, and really all Emiko had to do was get rid of that fucking – Take off the gag. The gag. The gag is all you need to do. She's going to use that canary cry. It's going to knock her over whatever. It's going to knock everybody because then, yeah, you get the canary cry, and that's – Oliver hears it. That's my pretty bird. Everybody Every, hears everybody it. Everybody hears it. But, yeah, everybody's going to rush. And then Great out of nowhere – in this freaking uh, – uh, I don't even remember Diggle, what the hell. Inferno. Diggle, yeah, really. The, the Inferno just – everything vibrates. Diggle, the jig is up now, Eric. And go on. Why does he attack them now? He has the mask on. They're all confused. Out of nowhere, he just goes, you're not the only one planning an uprising. I think he's showing his cards too quick. He could have let them all run. He actually could have let them run. I know it's not a hero thing to do. Could have shot them all in the back. I yeah. Diggle, you know, let Diggle kill everybody. He looks like he's prepared to use that gun there. So whatever. But then that's when Oliver comes down and there's some hokey dialogue between Oliver and Emiko because she, he's like, oh, uh, I'm ready for you this time. I'm going to. And then she's like, thank you for, thank me for saving your life. What? It's like, what? And then this is the thing that she says. You're going to test the limits of profanity. Watch your profanity. Explicitly vicious threats that would make even serial killer clowns cringe. I get it. But hear me out first. This is one of those things where. Was she uh, like rehearsing this? And it's too long. Yeah. This is where, um, wasn't it, uh, Mitch Hedberg, who had that joke about, like, do not open, you see open, and you go, like, something like that. There was some joke he had, but it's like, by this point, uh, and Oliver, you see, as a trank yeah. arrow there. I do like seeing that. That's cool. Yeah, I do, too, because then it leads to showing her with that one, and it kind of ties, you know what I mean? But I think that by the time 
you get to limits of profanity <laughs> sleeping. She's watch out. your profanity. That watch your profanity. That freaking thing is in Watch her. your profanity. Yes, please. She goes through the whole thing, which you know, we we knew it. It was pretty well. Yeah. I didn't know the Trank Arrow. We were worried about that, but still. We talked about it. Arrow. That's one Trank Arrow, Eric. She had seven, or Oliver had like seven. He was full of fucking arrows. Up, right through him. But yeah, she planted the tracker, which we thought would be the deal. Yeah, made, she called she fucking Diggle. Diggle anonymously. She also made it easy for Henry to decrypt to get the direction. But then that's where it goes off. Why do they have to throw in that, hey, you know what? I, I was selling you out anyway. I was reporting the whole time I was with you. I was reporting to the my mother and the Ninth Circle. So, yeah. And I said she's a snitch. That leads to Oliver losing everything. Yep. But at the end, she chooses him, Eric. Oh, I choose you, Pikachu. Thank you. And Too the late. thing you know, yeah, everything's fine then. Yeah. Like I guess it's one of those where you're you're supposed to believe that Oliver now has decided money and things don't matter. Neither does honor or family, Eric. <laughs> she, he was she was selling him out the whole time, and it really that almost was like a slap in the face to me because to me that's worse. Yeah, you know what I mean. If she was bad because she went with her mother and her mother had a you know even if she said her mother showed back up out of nowhere, but if she's yeah, been my fucking around this out entire time since the goddamn outsider work, get yeah, the fuck yeah. out of here. And if she's like, oh my god, you know what? Uh, she came to me and she has this blood debt, and if I didn't do this, she'd be at least throw that. No, she's like basically it's that she did that. Now that she's caught, it seems. That, you know, everybody. Yeah, she's sorry now that she's caught. Yeah, she's sorry. It's like my kids. Don't tell me you're sorry. Just don't do it again. She's she's worse. She is now worse than if she was a traitor. You know, just she went with her mom or whatever. Eh, she's playing both sides. But yeah. then uh, that's when she's like, if I can't convince you, maybe she can. And that's when Canary comes. And I really did like that one. I like this part. Makes it so bright. It's like the brightest thing yeah. because that's the love of his life. That's the light. Everything is drowned out. Because he sees Canary. And then, and then it gets drowned out again, again. once the slap. You wanna, yeah. You want to do what that is? That's the fucking Han Solo when he was supposed to say, fuck you. <laughs> you know, when he goes down in the, the fucking uh, thing in the Bespin. Uh, but yeah, she's pissed. And I like it, too, because it's one of those. All shit's breaking loose. So it's very quick where she's like, you know. God damn it, you didn't tell me whatever. And he said, like, I was in a coma. You wanted some distance. And then she's like, I pushed, I pushed people away. You were supposed to not let me go. And this is my favorite crazy bitch. It wasn't this one. Yeah. She, they, all these women, they're crazy, that but they're crazy too. Yeah. And I love it. Emiko is shading her eyes. <laughs> got shadow in the back of the ship. <laughs> I really like this panel though, where they're kissing. I love the way oh, Ollie looks. Yeah. I love it. I love that hair. So do I. The hair is what makes it, I think. And it's funny, too, because then he looks up and he's like, Amico, come here, you little traitor. Come here, you little piece come of here, shit. Come here, you little bitch. You fucking killed me and my life. You bitch. <laughs> you yeah, don't even know. Oh, we got it. And then that's when Diggle shows up and he's like, hey. And then everybody's I, smiling. What's that? I know. They're having the time of their life. <laughs> Let's kill some bird victims. Got, yeah. They don't even realize at this point that there's all this shit. It's like burn. And then they're like, oh, right. Diggle shows up and goes, hey. Uh, I don't want a hug from any of these freaks. No, <laughs> Canary, has, Canary has the biggest smile I've ever seen. And here's the thing. The best thing about this is Emiko's smiling. She's happy. Oliver has accepted her back, right? Oliver's yeah. happy because he's got his sister. Black Canary's back. Black Canary's back. Smiling. Why is Diggle smiling? 
because he finally gets to shoot there's, some fools. There is no reason for him to be smiling at all. He's just killing people. He loves He's that a shit. Lunatic. But yeah, even, even this, this is where you get the whole thing where, okay, now we're going to see some shit. Shit's going down. And basically they throw fucking Dante, uh, Canary Scream, into the lava. And then they fight a couple people. Shadow grabs fucking Emiko and is going to kill her. And then Oliver sets off the bombs. It's yep. like there's nothing going on. And they seem to be like it is even like a zombie attack. But everything is thrown out by Oliver just pressing the thing. And it blows ah, up. It. Shit. Boom. And people are trying to go. You see Broderick seems to be left on there. He can't yep. get the. He's trying to get there. Wait, the shadow the flies away. Fuck you. Red face. And yeah, the chopper goes off. Oliver stops. He wants to go get Emiko. He doesn't know where she is at the meantime. Uh, there is Diggle and Canary are going to this yacht. They're, they're going to go back in, in class. In style. Yeah. Uh, at the meantime, too, there is a alert set out and I love it. Abandoned ship, all burned. Report to emergency. <laughs> Like, really? <laughs> this seems so silly to me to to contact. Why do you got to keep pointing it out? Burned. Oh my goodness! Wait, they just yeah. want to forget about their affliction. The fucking ship keeps pointing it out to them. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's lunchtime. You true. burned. It, 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 everybody keeps telling. Listen, you're not just a, you're not a victim anymore. You're a person. We care about you. Shit goes wrong. All burned. Just get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah. Don't, nobody else. Just all burned. And then the the the, the really uh, Zane. I have a child. Uh, yeah, the catwalk gets hit, Oliver falls off, and then <laughs> he wakes up, and he opens his eyes, he's on the fucking island, and he's like, not again! <laughs> it made me laugh so much. The, the, thing also, the, the thing that made me laugh so much, though, is why I do think this is a dream, uh, is only because how would he know that's the island? You because know what I mean? it's this island. Is he just saying that again because it's just an island? And why is this island like so I never got the idea the island was outside of Seattle? Oh, I liked it though. I I really think that it to me it was like a fever dream. But again, if you're gonna go and you're gonna say Oliver just lost everything, everything, and even said this will end Green Arrow, like I could get Green Arrow. Going back to the island is so goofy because that was always in the in the TV show, especially when I did watch it. It's like here we go again, back to the island. It makes me laugh that you see that. But in this, I don't mind that he's like. He's back there. I don't expect him to go through all the trouble he did before, but it almost like it, it kind of does reset his brain. Like, you know what? This is where I started. Uh, this time I'm going to go back and do it the right way. It's a little forced to be the island. Yeah. It made me giggle. I'm telling you, I really did like that. But overall, the issue just seemed down to me only because you had all this, this buildup to something really, really big. And then it's just Oliver pressing a button. And it is big that he gives up his life, he says. But to me, that doesn't just mean like you press a button and everything that he had before is lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just seems very cut and dry. And, You're skipping uh, a few channels here in my that's mind. That's what you know? I'm saying. You, you still have some things there, Oliver. And, you know, things can be brought back up. They're not closing the doors. I, I don't know. Well, he's still kind of wanted for murder, though. Yeah, he is. That that's crazy. I'm just saying, like Queen Industries, yeah, Queen yeah. Streets. Yes, they have this. Well, they're, they're dirty not backing a murderer. There, but this is just the dirty money. Like I don't yeah. think that Queen Industries is closing down overnight, though they may have it shown to do so. Um, yeah, I I don't think that's the case. I just think that they're you know. Their black market shit has gone down, and yeah, that that's a big hit to them because it seems. But it that yeah, was circles done they, now. 
wasn't always what they did anyway. You know they have legitimate stuff to hide the other shit anyway. It's just it is very cut and dry, which is fine. But yeah, he's on the island. Maybe I laugh. just found I just found the issue for the most part. Like I like the ending there. We get the joke around a bit. Yeah. They're all smiling. It was just that part was fun to me. But and I really like the Black Canary stuff. The the Emiko stuff threw me off. That yeah, she's like, yeah I was a, I was an asshole before. But, but then like the I, Black Canary so, stuff on, I enjoyed it. It's just leading up to I was so bored reading yeah, this fucking it was. issue. And that's what it was. The sad part about it is because this frontal assault on the Inferno seems like something that should have been like just kick ass. Epic, yeah. Oliver, like I said, you have to have Oliver sneaking around because he doesn't kill, and I think that really throws it off. He could have thrown some guys off the side. Yeah, they'll honestly put a whole solid snake kind of thing on there. Yeah, I think would be fun. They, they can swim, right? Also, I'd be like, okay, Amico. Listen, okay, you said that you were – why didn't she go to him? She says at one point, I chose you. I chose to be the family. You're grounded. Yeah, when was this where she was going to tell him? She seems to always be going at – like was that going to be the night when she went back and saw her mom attacking? I don't know. Very odd, but I gave it a 6.5 because I did really like the art. Oh, see, I had no idea what you gave it. I thought you gave it higher than that. I would give it a oh. 6.5 as well. No, I gave it that. This is the worst I've rated this issue or this series since it started in Rebirth. Yeah, on the site, I gave it a 6.5. And like I said, I like the art a lot. Yes, um, so there are some goofy things that I thought was funny. I'm telling you, I laughed so hard <laughs> the when they were smiling. It was the best. I, I'm putting, I'm trying to think. Oh, I put, they are so happy to kill burn victims. Isn't oh, yeah. It? Who isn't? <laughs> They are so happy. Ah, uh, yes, but we're going to move on to a book that didn't make me quite so happy. I uh, liked it a little more than me, but it is Supergirl Rebirth number one, and then we'll be back with the rest. Supergirl Rebirth number one, written by Steve Orlando, art by Manuel Lupacino, Ray McCarthy, Michael Atea, right. and Steve Wands. All right, here we go. We're going to start. The arguments are going to begin. Why are there going to be arguments? I don't understand. Actually, I had a thing written that I was going to actually ask you to do exactly what you think because I wanted to come over and punch you in the face to get back at all those fucking reviewers. I was so angry. Steve Orlando gives us Supergirl, and while this is more reboot than rebirth, according to me, I'm going to try to keep an open mind. I mean, why should I get upset when he tells us that Supergirl just got to Earth a few months ago? When I can get angry at so many other things. I love Emmanuel Lupacino's art and hope that I can get over my anger and enjoy the book going forward, but I'm not so sure that is possible. Now, here's the thing. We will uh, address the elephant in the room. I don't think that he, uh, Steve Orlando is going to reference anything that happened in the New 52. I think he is being uh, – very gray area about it, but I think that... Oh, those interviews are ridiculous. He does not he give does a straight answer one way or another. A timeline. There's no reason to put a timeline here. I think that he puts that few months because then you can say, okay, and even yes, he is not saying in interviews that they're wiping out what happened in the New 52. I just think he's that... He's also not, not saying no, that. <laughs> because this is what I'm saying. I think that what he's doing is by putting a timeline onto it, when things happen then you can go like well, you know what? It would have been kind of ridiculous to think that that happened in a few months I, yeah. and you get away with it. I think that he's trying to play this. And even in the issue of what I have issues with this, he's playing things loosey goosey and he's trying to be playing both sides of the card here. Definitely. Because, and this is also with everything else in here. But she, they do spell it out near. Also, it's weird that they go through the whole thing and then drop the whole bomb. Two months or a few months. You I know, know what honestly, I mean? you you've been telling me about that since you read it on Wednesday, and I'm getting through this. Yeah, like, you were did probably he, reading it, thinking, I, I was, "Fuck, he was did wrong." Did Jim right? make this up? I don't know. He's yeah. been so angry. Where the and hell is weird, this goddamn reference? The weirdest thing about this issue is 
it's probably the most prepared I should ever be for us to talk about anything because I think I've read this issue 17 times because I still keep thinking that maybe I read that wrong. Right. I get back to it. You know, I read these reviews and then I'm like, maybe I read that wrong again. And yeah, I, it happens sometimes. Yeah, the, the problem that I told you even after I read it, this was the first book that I read and reviewed this week. And I said to you, listen – we have an issue here on our podcast. The main podcast is what I'm really talking about. But we have an issue with us talking about these books. A lot of these people who are listening to us are just jumping on. They just came on with Rebirth. And I'm really afraid that a lot of them are thinking like, Jesus Christ, here they go again. All they care about is this new 52 continuity. I don't care. This is a Rebirth. It's supposed to be fresh and new. Why do they care so much? And I said this is Legacy. this. But the problem is, is that's not my issue with this issue uh, me and you are arguing about what it could mean and whatever that is not why i gave the issue of the score i did i gave the issue of the score i did because i think there's more nonsense going on in this book and you even pointed out something that i'm telling you it threw everything into a, a tizzy in oh yeah mind. oh my god but you want to we'll just start with it right oh, let's get into it baby well it starts off and jarell is in argo city and, and the timeline's at Zorro. The timeline is then, Eric. You know, then. Again, it's, he is so loose. <laughs> Why doesn't it say back in the day? You're not going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to say anything else, but it's still weird. And in there, uh, Zorel is, um, he's, uh, banishing Laron to the Phantom Zone. He's got red kryptonite sickness, is what they <laughs> tell you. And even then, I'm like, huh, what's right. going on? Because right. they don't really say anything. Luckily, though, Paul tells us that this is all translated from Kryptonian. Like, why do they have to tell us? Thanks, this? Paul. I like, fucking idiot. But yeah, <laughs> fucking Lauron is getting sent to the Phantom Zone. We, and the the best thing about this is, even with I'm not very familiar with Argo City, right? Though I am pretty sure in my mind, just going into this, yeah, Argo City does not have long, you know, long to live. And I know that this Lauron right away is going to be like Zod in the in the uh, Superman 2, where he's in the Phantom Zone, that's going to save him, like, all the time. All oh, yeah. the villains from Krypton always end up being saved. Oh, yeah, they're all fine. The Phantom Zone. What's that? Yeah, they're all fine. Yeah, and that's, like, the big juxtaposition of it. Oh, you're bad guys, but they're the ones who live. That's fine. I knew right away, okay, Lauren, we're going to see him showing up. And uh, they go, but then there's that hokey way that they have to say, like, are you sure this is the right way? Zorel, you know, where we saved our, you saved Argo City, but now you're banishing its citizens. You're like, I know better than most. I gave up my own daughter. At first, I thought that that might have been his wife, but the way he spells it out, I'm like, okay, it doesn't seem to be. No, it doesn't seem and, like Zorel. No, no. And he's like, I gave up on my own daughter. I sent her far away to keep her safe somewhere where she won't be hurt. Now, I don't know where he's getting this info. I really don't. It kind oh, of does. Jor-El said that's why he's like him and Jor-El argued yeah, about but this. He hates Jor-El. I say that's why he initially went with this, but yeah. uh, Jor-El had planned for a super like for Kal-El to be sent to this world when yeah. Jor- like him and Jor-El argued about like what they're going to do because he created this whole Argo City like uh, escape ship kind of thing based on the uh, Brainiac's technology that took uh, Kandor. Yeah. Yeah. The the weird thing, though, is on most of the things that I've seen with, with uh, Supergirl, they do kind of mention the whole thing with Superman and that sort of thing. They don't even bother with that here. It's just he sent her away to a, a safe place, and they yeah. go in there, and then here she is. She's at the – at first, it's weird because I see how it's spelled out. I don't know why. I thought they were on the goddamn moon. 
when it first no, started. No, dude, I, when I turned the page, I really thought it was the moon at first, yeah. too, and I realized I looked at the little captions there, but, like, yeah. it really comes off as that they're on the moon in my mind. I really thought they were on the moon, and that lizard on the side there was some monster. <laughs> All right, now you go to, I didn't even notice the Like, lizard, what is so. going on? It's almost <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I, I don't understand what's going on, but in the meantime... Wow, the lizard uh, people are really Kara. digging the moon these days. Yeah, yeah, these lizard guys. They have Kara in the in the ship. Now, again, you don't know what's going on. I will give you one thing is that if you did read the final days of Superman, which, again, I don't think they care if you did or didn't because they're going to give you an issue that's going forward. And if you didn't, all you know is, oh, there's the Phantom Drive, you know. But the last thing we saw was that Kara was her, – her powers seemed to be – what weirdly wonky well, where we didn't see it was more like a tell us not show us because we saw her with powers but she wasn't but she was at the deo and they were trying to get her powers back for her superman busted in and thought he was saving her he wasn't they may still be mad at him i'm not sure we remember we were yelling that he never even went back to help no, he didn't even write a goddamn apology letter but they don't even reference like this is where i'm telling you that you would even think like Oh, my God, this is a last desperation effort because it does seem to be that, right? Because they yeah, are this they're launching the, her to the sun. I have a big problem with this just because we knew that this was like Superman was on the verge of committing suicide when he thought yeah. he was going to launch himself in the sun from the Justice League watchtower to get his powers back before. Yep. And honestly, I'm a little upset if this is the case here because he would have been fine then. Yeah. Well, if Wonder Woman and Flash would have let him. Because it's one of those things that – it is very wonky to me to have a Supergirl who doesn't have powers. The sun doesn't seem to be helping her. No. So you're going to launch her into the sun. This was, Clark, this make was sense Clark's last like attempt. Like Again, this is like, yeah. I've got to do this. They spelled it out pretty much that he was trying to, you know, if he didn't get his, I don't care. If this doesn't work, I might as well be dead because he wasn't the big man on campus. <laughs> but this to me, <laughs> this is the number one. We, we've started the whole Supergirl story. There is an opportunity here to say, listen, Kara, We've tried everything because we did see her strapped to machines in the oh, final yeah. days of Superman and them saying, wait a minute, you can't go. We're, we're on phase H. And then they, they went away. This seems to be just the normal thing that they're going to do. Oh, Supergirl doesn't have power. Launch your ass into the, the sun. This is I what Superman they would have does said. everything. You throw it in the sun. I, yeah. I wish they would have said, though, listen, we've tried everything. Let we can't. Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, I have to do it. I have to do it. And then they do that. And you know what I mean? Then okay. Then I'm good there. Well, they don't do that. She is in a um uh, a ship that is powered by a phantom drive. And this is where I start getting really angry with this issue. And this exactly, has nothing so to do with. They, they're gonna they're gonna lift off. Okay. You have what they say. Cameron Chase, DEO director. They're watching the launch. And I don't know why they're just standing outside watching. It seems like they'd be in a room or something, but whatever. No, you're uh, still and, upset because you think it's the moon. How can they breathe? <laughs> I know. Yeah, that. No, I'm just like, I think that they're in trouble out there. But Agent yeah, yeah. Uh, Eliza Danvers, Kara's foster mother. Okay, so we, we're establishing there's the DEO director and Eliza, who is her foster mother. Why doesn't her foster mother know anything about this ship? She is part of the DEO. She seems to be involved in this launch, and she goes, Phantom Drive? I, I'm guessing she's this not a scientist. The, this is the first they've told her, though. This seems very weird yeah, that I, she's I don't launching, know. 
and they have no idea. So she's like, Phantom, all it is is so they can explain yeah, it. Yeah, they, but they, yeah. This, she, is, a, but it this seems is a way odd. for them to say, hey, guys, it's this is so what's going forced. on. It does it's not so work forced. well. But yeah, she goes, Phantom Drive, and then Cameron Chase just drops this. Experimental tech. We improvised the design from, quote, unquote, Kryptonian files, Eric. What, what, are, what are these Kryptonian files? What are these Jen? Kryptonian files? Because there should be only one place that you could get Kryptonian files to me, and that is the Fortress of Solitude. And those and are not even in my mind files. Those are crystals. Yeah, you don't call I'm those saying, files. files. Kryptonian what? files. We're going to lead this. All is going to lead into something that is such bullshit <laughs> that it just angers me. But yeah, then here we go again. Now, Supergirls only, I'm going to stress this continuously through this review Kara has been there two months Eric. Uh, three months stops whatever yeah you should be about three months three, I saw I mean, Steve, Orlando my, say, oh, Steve Orlando said one and a half I'm in, saying, in, in a few in my mind is three so, but I'm I can give you, it as much as six months yeah, tops. a few is uh, usually uh, pointed out as little Six to me is starting to be half a year. That's not a little. I'm telling you. I'm saying it that's is as a, far as I can give it, though. It is a gray that's area. Stretching it. I'm telling you. She's just gotten there. So, again, I have to also – this this issue jumps with uh, a lot of info dump at the end about Kara, but I will mention as well that we are legitimately – no questions asked, no gray area. Eliza and Jeremiah Danvers – have been her quote unquote assigned foster parents for two weeks. Yes. Two weeks. Okay. Two weeks, Eric. A few uh, weeks. You've gone on vacations <laughs> longer than they've been her foster parents. What are you talking and, about? What am I, a Rockefeller going on yeah, vacation really, for two I'm, weeks? No, that is me saying, uh, you know, I meant when you get fired from a job. I'm going to say, your somebody who is doing well in life is going on you vacation let, for two no, weeks. No, that's when you get laid off. That's what you mean. <laughs> that's what I mean by vacation. That's an Eric Shea vacation. He's on vacation. You just got fired. Oh. Vacation between working at Pizza Hut and the fucking movie theater. Good times. Or reverse. But yeah, so she's there, and she goes, look at her go. It feels strange, Chase, blessing care off into space. This must be how her real parents oh, felt. How dare and I was you? Like, I was like, you bitch. What, you know, it, almost to me, that is like, this is where I'm saying he's playing it both ways. You that, are overstepping to me, your goddamn that to bounds. It's bad to say, but it also stems to a part where it almost seems like she's like, yeah, she's not really my daughter. You know, we're playing a game here. Her real, it's just so weird for that line and it was so hokey and and forced but okay she's going she says it's supergirl's last hope so we do get that but we didn't get like i said i want it more of like hey we tried everything you know are you sure you want to do this there's no other way i don't know even at this point I, I i'm really i'm really upset about the whole thing because but we go on jeremiah shows up and this is where it gets funny he shows up hey what did i miss just the launch and then I, she says, y- your new uniform sure fits. And then that's when uh, uh, Cameron Chase is like, oh, my God, I let you two get married, and I still question my decision. Kara joins in. She is in the ship launched, and she goes, hey, comms are live. I can hear you two. And this is what her mother of two weeks says. We're your parents, Kara. We're not dead. Now, you're telling me, you know, like like your actual parents to, yeah, to like your you parents who died two months ago, two months ago, because they don't <laughs> say it. But almost every time Jesus you see Christ. Supergirl launches in that ship and she's usually in a cryostasis. Yeah, she's, she's all so asleep. In it. When she wakes up on Earth, 
to her a minute ago, her parents were alive and there. She says, we're your parents, Carol. We're not dead. Her real parents have been dead, quote unquote, <laughs> a few months ago. <laughs> Bullshit. What a thing to say. Then, I, even before that, though, like even the dialogue before we have her say that where, hey, like what I missed, only the launch. But that was he off getting a new uniform this time? Yeah, or is she just so like, hey, your cock's really showing like, in those pants. He's like, hey, the uniform sure fits. He's like, yeah, Han Solo, baby. Yeah, pretty it's much. Like Han Solo's outfit. The DEO uh, freaking uniforms are awesome. Then the guy next to him's like, what about my outfit? I'm yeah, that doesn't outfit. fit very well. You know, what about me? Tiny he cock. Looks like, and uh, Jeremiah looks a little like Dick Grayson to me. A bit, yeah. Yeah. It's so, really uh, just kind of like bland, standard freaking black-haired guy. Yeah, and what's really uh, is, is that just the force way to show that they still love each other after all yeah. these years? The spark's still there. Oh, it, thank it, you. I had to read that dialogue because I'm like, I, I don't understand. What's this have to do with him, his uniform fitting? Yeah, I, I'm like, I, I was not, I was not catching on it. Like first. I said, this would be if I went right now. I wish that I had a remote mic. I'd go up to my wife and I make sure that my kids are there <laughs> and I'd kiss her and they'd go, ooh, oh my god, nights. Hey, so my girlfriend I'm kisses still, me. I'm still alive, baby. I'm still, I'm not dead. And they'd be like, oh, we don't want to. That's what they're getting at. Yeah, I got it. it. It's too playful a moment. Number one, anyway. But then when you throw in, we're not dead when her parents are real parents, <laughs> she still should be grieving. So then, you know, to, to liven up the deal, they ask her, hey, did Superman gripe this much? He died two weeks ago. Yep. Just like, uh, what else are you going to say now? Who else could be dead? You know, Everybody hey, else in her life. They've, you know they've who, narrowed yeah, it down. You know, is, yeah, I like, hey, Bob's your uncle, but you wouldn't know that because your uncle's dead, Kara. Freaking, uh, Cameron oh, chases God. that moment, goes and shoots Eliza, and says, now your foster mother's dead. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Deal with that now. Yeah. Then they're like, Kara comes we back. We gotta break the, the Supergirl spirits. Yeah, Kara comes back with the zinger. Probably that Superman gripe, but his parents weren't assigned to him. I'm sad. To me, it's so funny that Steve Orlando is trying to make it so that they have a connection. I think they hate each other's guts. Yeah. Like this has well, been they, going they on. They don't even know time. each other enough to hate each other's guts in my mind. No, I'm telling you that they don't like the situation they're forced into. Yeah. So anytime they go like, hey, you know what? Uh, the, the remote doesn't work. Yeah, it's dead like your parents. Oh, yeah? Well, you're not my it, – it, it comes off like the, the whole thing with, you're not my dad. Exactly. You know, shit like that. Also, I said, though, this whole issue with the parents does remind me of you go and date a woman with a, a kid. Right. You said this happened to you as a kid. Oh, yeah. My mother forced would get me to call my Jamie. stepfather. Uh, no. stinky, yeah. Stinky Jamie would come over, and next thing you know, you're you're forced to call him dad. No, you know, he's not my dad, right? Stinky Jamie, right, Eric? Yes. Yes. No, but your stepdad. Right away, when when they were dating, you were forced to call no, him. No, when they got married. Okay. I think this is even quicker. Yeah. This is like second date. The guy comes over, and I imagine he's like some real fucking. No, I'm not talking about your mom now. I'm just in general. Okay. Oh, There's this lady, and she wears a pink cowboy hat. Oh and no. She has a guy come over, and he's like, "Hey, where's your mom? I got reservations at the McDonald's." Oh. And then you're like, uh, I don't, hey, kid, get out of here. I hey, want to thank you, I'm going to eat at the Y tonight. You know hey. what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know I don't, sir. Hey, no, I do not. Here's Please a dollar. Don't make yourself useful. Scram, kid. And then, you're, then your mom <laughs> comes then, up and goes, and then I go don't, out say, that... don't leave without kissing your dad. <laughs> oh, I go outside with that dollar. I hear the ice cream man going by, and I get in the back of the truck. 
Yeah, you get in the but back. Not of the even truck. they will take me. As for me, the whole house as well. It's a it's a mobile home, Eric. So the whole mobile home's rocking. You don't come and knock in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on here. It is such a forced thing of these parents, and it goes on. And, but but where I said he plays it both ways is where she won't call them mom and dad. She calls them Eliza and Jeremiah. And I think that that's going to be like a big moment when she says, I came to save you, mom. (gasps) Oh, my God. She called me mom. I I was waiting for this. It's been four weeks. Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things, getting off the parents, back to the son. um, What the hell is her name? Uh, Chase? Cameron Chase. Cameron Chase is telling. She drops the bomb here. She drops the bomb on us. And this is one thing where I think it might be okay that she's flying to the sun and survives because apparently this Kryptonian file built freaking Phantom Drive ship also has a regeneration matrix on it. She says, but you know, she's like, oh my God, we're already bannering. The solar winds are about to kill the comms, but you know the drill. The ship's retrofitted with a Kryptonian regeneration regeneration matrix. Once you enter the sun's core, the solar somatic cell should retract. See, but that's the weird thing is she's pointing out that what will happen to her physically yes but yet she throws this regeneration matrix the thing though where is she getting that where are the kryptonium files that have a regeneration matrix i, I don't know in rebirth where superman has gone to find a regeneration matrix because that's what brought him back he wanted to get it to get clark back the new 52 superman who had died back and the uh the fortress of solitude said there was not anything of the sort and we, yeah, they couldn't find any in, remember in the you in the thought data. that it meant in this world. I exactly. said, oh, it's being a little hokey. They they say here, meaning, and remember, we was like, oh, my God, maybe it just means in the fortress. Right. It seems like very odd for it to be, you know, coy about that. Well, it seems even odd of that, like, you know, they would have it from the fortress of solitude, though. Yeah, well, they wouldn't. What? Yeah. Where would these files come from? I don't they, know. Like, are we talking about Carrie's initial they, ship? Yeah, I, but it has a regeneration matrix. If that was the case, you would think that Superman would have had that. It's so weird. And the other thing is, what does the regeneration matrix do? It allows you to absorb the sunlight to, like, you know, overcome like um, death. Honestly, <laughs> to me, that doesn't mean you have to be in the sun for it. This is no. something. If they have a regeneration matrix, you, to you me, do need you do need to uh, like take in all the sunlight you can. Yeah, solar I would energy. Just think that they would go somewhere that they could, you know, you wouldn't have to fly into the core of the sun. Then the worst thing is, is when she does go in the sun, you see the ship blow up. Yes. And so what's the deal? It's so weird. This re- regeneration matrix seemed to be a thing that they spelled they did not have in this universe because that was why that was the easy way out to bring the dead Clark, you know, dead oh, yeah. back. And they didn't want it to be that easy. So they I thought it was very odd that they brought it up here. So all of a sudden it's here. I didn't actually. It's so funny. I was already so angry at the parents thing that I, I actually overlooked that you told me. But, yeah, now this is where I get the other thing. Kara is in space now, supposedly, I guess. And you even see it's like she's pretty far out. It looks like she's getting close. And then all of a sudden, the phantom drive triggered the phantom zone to open at this point, because it really does seem why they would have spelled out the phantom drive. They they really pointed that out because then the phantom zone opens and Lionel comes out. He comes out. He's there. He doesn't know where he is. He's all confused. Speaking of crazy Kryptonian, not understanding English. Doesn't understand English. He's saying that. And then he's like, not here, a moon. And this is where I know this is. World Lana has been 
um, a character. He's a, he's a Silver Age character, I believe, is what right. I was trying to check out. And this is what does happen. To me, it's very odd because he comes to Earth. Why would that moon, why would our moon affect him with his red kryptonite sickness? Red kryptonite's weird. It always does. I I know what I'm saying is a a weird nitpick because it always has been something that has been like, you know, the things carry over or whatever. But the other thing is that to me, he gets to our Earth. And yes, it is nighttime, but there is still sunlight, you know, the rays. Right. It seemed to me that that might cure him. I, I don't know yes, because the red it's, kryptonite sickness to me our sun would cure him but maybe that's just spelled out some it's not spelled out and I don't think it's supposed to he is supposed to turn into a goddamn werewolf nothing's gonna stop that it's just so that it can advance the story so I'm fine with it it just made me fu- I say kryptonite poisoning is not something you could just get over real quick it's from just the sunlight weird, though it's just weird that that would trigger the moonlight is what triggers him because he does become a werewolf it's just any moonlight I, I, just, I got a list here of like all the stuff because like in my mind red kryptonite I think a lot of times I think of the smallville TV show where you lose all your inhibitions and kind of become just yeah, like yeah. a jerky kind of character but like <laughs> All the different effects that Red Kryptonite has had over the years, like uh, transformed into a dragon, yeah, became evil, transformed into a non-powered giant, transformed into a dwarf, transformed into an ant-headed humanoid, transformed into a lunatic, rendered amnesiatic, rendered temporarily blind to anything colored green, oh, nice. <laughs> excessive nice. hair growth. Like driving into the green light. Ah! Yeah. Excessive hair growth, loss of oh. power. Gained telepathy, lost his invulnerability along the left side of his body. Oh. <laughs> Generated an evil doppelganger, also used in the movie Superman 3, yeah. unable to speak or write anything but Kryptonese. Okay. Growth of extra limbs, loss of balance and manual dexterity, mental transference, rapid aging, and personal alter, uh, personality alteration. I mean, is I that a Wikipedia? Fu- no, th- this is a uh, wikia. It's a DC okay, wikia. Okay, well, they better, they better add freaking werewolfism. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I think, honestly, I think we're lucky werewolf's all we got here. I don't here. know. <laughs> It'd be funny if he showed up and he could just – he's trying to write them letters and they're like, we don't, we don't know We don't speak Kryptonese. <laughs> we don't know Kryptonese. Or like, he's like, oh, I'm going to hit you. And then they – oh, my God, my left side is – it's so – you imagine no. though? Hold on, hold this on. This is where – we go back uh, to Argo City where Zor-El him. I'm sorry, Lano. You can only write or speak Kryptonese or yeah. banishing you. <laughs> he's like, but you speak that. <laughs> but, you but son of a bitch. Bad Krypton poisoning Zor-El. Like, you know what? <laughs> All I know is I don't like guys who are invulnerable only. Actually, it's funny because on Argo, if that happened, they would look at it more to me as him being invulnerable on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, because they wouldn't be invulnerable at all on Argo. So they're like, oh, I don't like that one Turns side. Turns out his left side, extra yeah. sensitive. Yeah, so weird. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't mind this because I think that Steve Orlando has picked up somebody out of the past. Yeah. And they never it's, really it's, did thing, ever it, explain how he becomes a werewolf and why. And the so thing I, is I think that it's red, funny. I I think red, he's also p- poking fun at Red Kryptonite. I said, we have like not had said. Red K in my mind all for the New 52. I might be wrong, but I can't remember a single case. And it's just crazy even having because of all these different possibilities yeah, that we've done. Again, I think that I think Steve Orlando is making a pretty funny poke yeah. at like the, the history of the characters with this red kryptonite because you can make him do anything, but you have a character who it was never explained why he became yeah. a werewolf. So that's kinda like And we don't get that we don't have to explain it here either. Yeah. So and really, um I don't mind Lanel uh Lanel. 
I, I, his dialogue's awful, and I know it well, becomes like saying, Frankenstein. It's, yeah. But even before that, he yells, "Fool!" It, no, he becomes a werewolf, not a Frankenstein. Uh, uh, no, but I'm saying he be, he talks like Frankenstein. <laughs> he talks like a uh, me. He's like Bizarro all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah. Before that, though, he yells, "Fools! World like triggers my sickness. The transformation transformation is nearly run now." It's so thing is, a lot of the dialogue in this book saying. is not great. No, the dialogue is pretty bad. It, but, it uh, is a step up in my mind from Orlando's Midnighter, but yeah. it's... Yeah, it's because they're not saying catchphrases. Yeah. But, uh, here, so they, they attack him, and they're trying to get a hold of Kara. I don't know why. At one point, I thought maybe they're trying to see if she's okay, but no, they, they would have... They, uh, they need what help. What do they think she's going to do yet? Is she? Are they like, have you gone? They know that she isn't in the sun yet. They even say that, but yet they're calling... What, is she going to turn around without powers? Yeah, you're going to have to fight this thing until she arrives, if she right. does it or not. Uh, to me, if you are Cameron Chase here, you just got to just assume the worst and just start going. Uh, uh, the weirdest Laura, part of that whole thing, when when she's overhearing the – actually, I don't even think she can overhear the comms at this point. No, They're she trying just to, hears one little thing of them like, oh, no, and then she kind of – Yeah, that's after she comes out. I'm talking about yeah, before yeah. she goes into the sun, we see all these comms going out. And the one thing that really struck me as odd uh, was – Coming from all sides, they're t- we're taking heavy damage. Like, what do you mean coming from all sides? I know. This is what she see. The last thing she hears is massive. What? And she's like, "What was that, Eliza? Can you hear me? What's happening there?" And so she must hear them screaming. That must be them screaming. She just hears screams. Yeah, yeah. Second, but what is what are they no- talking about though? With the, it's coming from yeah, all then sides. It says, then they say. Oh my God! It's coming from all. It doesn't make what's yeah, like you said. What's coming from all sides? Like, am I just supposed to think like you know he's Kryptonian werewolf? So is he just moving around really fast that they can't really tell it's one thing? I, I don't know. And I like to like here is this is classic um, Steve Orlando to me. Instead of saying oh no he's getting bigger or oh no he's oh. standing up. It's escalating. That bothered the shit out of me. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's escalating. Yeah, Who it's, the fuck has ever said that before mean, in their life? That's what I'm saying. Where I told you. Like the, 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 the situation might be esca- escalating. Yeah, that's escalating. Not, Maybe that's what she's saying. No, no, it's really, not. It's the situation escalating. It's just one guy and he's going nuts. Yeah, it's getting worse than I it guess was before. Mean, I guess he does mean the situation. To me, they're already firing on him. They are escalating any situation anyway. It's game's on. You know, and that's where she's yelling, you know, operations, what's Supergirl's status? Damn it. Uh, The comms are dead. You told us this was going to happen. And they say she's still minutes away. So she's just calling to be like, did you did you power up yet? To me, too, is that they're doing this as a last hope, but they're too much like this is a done deal. Once Supergirl hits the the sun, we're good. You know, oh, we're going to have to find them off for a it's weird because they, they shouldn't know that. They don't even say, like, God damn it, I hope this does something. It's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. That monster's faster than Supergirl. What does that mean? That monster's faster than Supergirl. Oh, my goodness gracious. But, yeah, you, you as she's hitting the sun, you get more of this dialogue of them fighting. And um, <laughs> they're, like, reinforcement, reinforcements almost. And it's a great panel. She comes out of the sun. It's Supergirl. Uh, she's flying around, and you see the ship destroying behind her. The ship's done. It's destroyed. 
they, I don't know how much this regeneration matrix would be on the black market, my friend, but they've just thrown it into the sun. It's dead. Yeah, uh, it's destroyed. We and can't... really, nothing was ever explained of why they... And I, that's the thing, too. Trying to think about the regeneration matrix as a device, I don't know if it has the ability to regenerate itself, and it can be making a resurgence at some point. Maybe it's like, since I'm it is saying, the ship, it is why, able to recreate the ship. You, I don't know. They never explain why... Well, I'll even go to one thing, but um, they they don't have any way... Like, couldn't you just go a little bit outside the sun? They don't explain either way, so I don't know. But really, I know what you're going to say, but they don't spell it out here. So most people coming in that did not read any of the New 52 or the last days of final days of Superman, tell me what they're going to think. How did she lose her powers? It's uh, Vandal Savage stole yeah, her but powers. No, they didn't read that. I'm telling you, Steve Orlando in this rebirth of going in, because they don't say that. They just say, oh, you lost your powers. They never say you lost your powers when you were helping your your thing. When Vandal Savage did this, they never spell it out. They've mm-hmm. spelled out most of these things going on. I don't think they're ever going to get back to that or else Probably not. explained it here. It, well, I'll say, it, this is a rebirth issue. We're, we're done with this now and coming into the yeah, first issue. Somebody going into this, I think, are going to be so – if they think about it, they, like, they don't why need did to, she though. lose her powers? Yeah. That's a huge thing. She's only be there, been there a couple months. But she has lost her powers, mm-hmm. and it because of the months deal, it seems very, very odd to not at least address why, or even just have see the the reason why they don't have any see this or that is because it's never going to match up to me. That that's but really, I've heard other people on podcast already ask well, how'd she lose her powers they didn't deal with any of this other stuff some of these people didn't read any of the supergirl they have no idea and the one guy just sat there on the one podcast is like i don't know i can't explain it and they were confused well, yeah. they still seem to love it but uh but then they're coming back she just gets back in like two minutes really from from uh the sun she it's very quick right? yeah as fast as a super she's, person can go yeah she's there and she's gonna fight uh the lano but the thing is, it's weird because she starts fighting him. Um, and even before that, the one other thing that I really got angry, they're fighting this werewolf and he's yelling stuff. And that's when Eliza Danvers says, I may not speak yet, but I know Kryptonian when I hear it. After all, it's my daughter's first language. She's Shut only known Supergirl for two weeks. Two goddamn weeks. When is Super- you need to have something else in your life besides this alien girl. Now, if they said – if they had spelled out in somewhere – Sudoku, maybe. They have files. The problem is Eliza doesn't seem to know about these the way it's spelled out before. If they would have said at one point just throughout the thing, you know what? You've been studying Kryptonian thing and this and that. Like you would think they're going to be her foster parents. Yeah, yeah. They probably – Get a little background. Up- but she didn't even know what the Phantom Drive was. Well, I don't know. It's she, like uh, she maybe she's taking a special interest in her daughter and trying to learn something. You know, it's not everything. I've, two I weeks. don't know if she's a quick study or not, but it's fucking but that's nonsense the other to thing me. Is in two weeks, like when would Kara ever even try? Why, why would she speak Kryptonian ever around Eliza Danvers? So she could talk Unless bad about her behind her back. Yeah, no, they would. Ne- I said I've been to a Chinese restaurant. Show. I know how this shit works. But yeah, but you don't go and you, know, <laughs> you don't sit there and go, man, you that's Mandarin. I you know, know what? That, I have, that's I what have my thought of, Chinese guy says. I have thought about learning it just to see if they're talking shit on me. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? This <laughs> is another one of those you're supposed to get this at. The whole thing with, after all, it's my daughter's first language is supposed to endear yeah, it, you it, to it, her it, as a It good. doesn't work, though, from the no. information that we're given. It doesn't work at all. It's so hokey uh, with all that. But yeah. That, I'm sorry. That's the worst part where we have this 
we have this chance for a rebirth. Rebirth, in my mind, is this kiss in the promise of telling better stories because we fucked up by doing the New 52 and, like, bounding everything to this five-year period. So we have a chance to, like, move past that. We can tell good stories and not rely on timelines right now. And Steve Orlando comes out right away and fucks it up by shoehorning this into two months. I do, I'm excited about this book still, even though this, so this book, this issue is nonsense to me. But it's because it's a rebirth. I'm giving it a, a pass that I still want. I'm still interested in what's going on. But because of all this nonsense in here, I am pissed off at this issue. We, we'll keep going. She's fighting Lan All, and they're fighting. And the whole thing is so that she gets word of her dad doing something quote unquote bad because he says, you know, who I recognize that crest. What do you know? Sure, sure, else my dad. Oh. Yeah, sure. Oh, he made sickness and then used that to quarantine me. And she's like, oh, my God, what? He he did something bad to you. And then to the point where she seems like Lana All is now her goddamn best friend. <laughs> and- well, honestly, I want to hear something about my father. If somebody knows something. Else. And this is the first Kryptonian she's come across. I would ask. Died. But I would ask them. She's like, your father ruined my life. Kill you today. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, kill you. And she's like, not today. And then there's weird dialogue. Zorella shamed of my name. Yeah, what? it's I, I'm weird. saying I don't know. We don't know the full backstory of what's yeah, going on like, between him and Zorel. Get Laura yeah. on, and then they're they're fighting, and she's like, "Oh, I won't." And then uh, I, I say that, this uh, is one of the things where I'm sure that will lead into the cyborg Superman at the end with yeah. what. Uh, well, it's, Lauron knows just, about uh, and this is uh, just, I don't think that we're going to see much of Lauron going on. I think that this is just to show her that when Cyborg Superman comes out, she's got a little thing in the back of her mind that maybe her dad wasn't as good. Because she says, I don't know what happened to him after I left. Yeah. It seems weird. Uh, but yeah, he's like, she, Sorel mistake poisoned me. He quarantined me. He too stupid. Uh, never see my family again. And she's like, listen, Argo City's gone. You only said because you were in the, the Phantom Zone. Now he's upset. Now this is like, she told him the wrong thing. But then that's when she says like, hey, people feared me too at first. This doesn't have to be you're not alone. When she says to him about being stranded, I know your anger, your confusion. I remember it. Fuck yeah, you remember it. It was two and a half months ago. <laughs> she just got there. I remember it. Again, it seems like he doesn't know what no, he, he wants to say when she got there. He wants they both sides. It. He wants I a remember. new Supergirl and he wants like legacy. Yeah. yeah but I he, think he won't he wants. choose. He wants legacy. He has to make it near the TV show. He doesn't want to get yelled at. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I, I understand that. Yeah, from when I was stranded here, disoriented, a different language, different world. And she, he stranded you, and that's when he's turning back thinking, you know, here's somebody who's uh, like me. It's very quick and forced. Yeah. The whole thing of I remember. Hey, of well, course I hope you do. do. You got it's early onset hurts. Alzheimer's over there? Yeah, so he's down there. He's all sexy in that freaking – He is very sexy. Thing. Get him in that regeneration matrix, Eric. Send him to the fucking sun. Kara says to, to uh, Cameron Chase – Everybody uh, let him down. Who? His family didn't let him no, down. It's he, your got, father. he got in prison. Yeah, just one guy. Yeah. Who's Zorel? Don't make. She's like trying Big to revisionist history. Yeah, she's trying to revisionist history. This that you know. So then we go off and they're cleaning up, and we get another moment where they're they're trying to clean up this wreckage from this fight. Kara swoops in. She's like, "Hey guys, you know what? I can do this really quick." You know, I, I'm super. Look at me. I'm a super crazy superhero. Let this me clean really this forced. up in 10 minutes. And she, her mom of two weeks says, 
I know you've tried before on your own and you've only known us for a few weeks, but before you whisk it all away, just take the time to, to feel, to sweat, you know, to be human. Now, she's been here for a few months. She lost her powers at points of this, and when she was on Krypton, she was not powerful, correct? Correct. I think she knows what it's like to be without powers. In fact, if we go by this timeline of her whole 16 years, which she does look older, but he has said, Steve Orlando said she's 16. Of 16 years, she's only really had powers for a few. I gotta stop looking at Supergirl that way. Yeah, I know. A few months. That's all she's had her powers. I'm, I'm saying that. Get her powers until she gets to the Earth. Yeah. And she lost them at some point. So she's only ever been powers. A month and a half she's had powers. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, a month and a half, and she hasn't had them for weeks. I think she knows what it is to feel the time and the sweat. And they made it seem earlier when she was in the rocket. How long is it going to take? And I took that as a, uh, you know, she's a girl. She's yeah, a young girl. she's a teenager. She's impatient. The way they make this here with that time, it almost makes it seem like they were pushing that as well. Like, oh, she thinks everybody could just zip around like a super girl. And no, she has not had powers it, 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 just think of that. It's not even a full summer of a 16-year-old's life that she's had powers. And not only that, this is the next morning. How happy should she be right now? She has her powers back. And she should be so, flying around, being the happiest so she's excited. ever been. Go let and visit her, her cousin's up. fucking memorial. Yeah, let her clean up. Let her help this her way. You don't – she – oh, my God. And if you go like all of that in the new 52, if you're, what you're saying is all that stuff was condensed into a few months. She's yeah. worked at a coffee shop already. Oh, yeah. She's worked. She's at, went to outer space high school. Yeah. yeah. She went to outer space. She went to. Was Kirk. it Red Lantern? Well, yeah. Is Fell it, in love with hell? Isn't that being human or going to hell? Yeah. So ridiculous. Having hell come in you? That's when they, she goes and talks to Cameron Chase. And find that's where you find out. This is all this is going on. Now you're going to find out. Okay, we're going to finalize our agreement. Superman died. You came to us looking to carry on the work of your late cousin, uh, looking to carry on the work your late cousin began, but your powers were gone. So now we see they're trying to shoe it in. Superman is dead. So that's yes. about. I, I said I'd help you restore them. I did. Now comes our end of the deal. And she says it's only been a few months since you crashed your own Earth in Siberia out of control. That is how she came. I, I looked. Uh, she showed up. She got out. Yeah. Uh, robots attacked her. Superman tried to save her, and she saw Superman's crest and went nuts. So, okay. Then you've been a liability since then. I don't even know what that means. It's been a liability. Really? But she has alien walking around. It's a liability to everybody. Yeah, but liability is like she's always messed up, and they had to come and, and help her out. But then yeah, they, she's always oh. been on the verge of messing up too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's. But a, anyway, I'm saying she was a rage filled freaking teenage girl who was the, a problem the, for a long the, time the, in her own series. I'm telling you this though, people don't know that. So they're saying it. you've been a liability is the only way that that Steve Orlando thinks that you can make it that. It's it makes sense that she's going to be with the deal. You have to have a way that she ties in with the deal. They try to say, oh, we'll get your powers back. You've been a liability. You help D.O. do our job. Monitor extra normal threats. Protect the Earth. OK, that's part one. Mm-hmm. We oversee your activity as Supergirl. Good. There's nothing for Good. Supergirl here. This deal is you help us and we monitor you. Well, we, she got her powers back. Hey, we'll give you your powers back, and then you're you're our slave. She's yeah. a slave. It's and like then the Suicide the, Squad, but on yeah. more legitimate terms. And then terms she's like, I don't know why she just – there's nothing to stop her from like, screw them. I know she's supposed to be a good person. The problem is 
That's not what we saw before. Anyway, yeah. I, I would just go to the Fortress of Solitude. I just, I have my powers back off. I go, uh, we didn't tell you this because you didn't, you know, you, we got your powers back. Thank God. We didn't even think that would work. Here's yeah. what we're going to do. You're going to be Kara Danvers. That's going to be your secret identity. Uh, you're going to live with the Danvers, your parents that you met two weeks ago, but they seem to be very into you. And, uh, you know, you're going to go to the school. And we said, both of us, we love the idea of her going to school. I'll say, I don't understand the hair though. Is that a wig she is wearing the I entire think, time? I, I actually think that it is. Kryptonian files, Eric. Uh, but then you end with a thing that's, it's pretty, uh, vague thing with Zor, uh, Zor-El. Uh, yeah. as Cyborg Superman, he goes into Argo City that's after it's destroyed. All destroyed. He's basically saying, hey, you know what? I tried to save you before you yelled for Ral. And, uh, you know, he didn't listen, but now I'm going to make up for my mistakes and I'm going to do better this time. I prayed a crumb. Yeah, yeah. But you're going to get Cyborg Superman. And he's going to come back, and that's fine. Well, I gave it a fuck you five on the site because I'm telling you this this whole thing with the too much, it just it bothered me. It's not explained enough. Even if you're right, if this new 52, everything happened, it didn't happen or whatever, it, it is such a gray area that I, I do think he's playing both sides of the fence oh, here. And so because yet he says you've only been here two months if he really cared about putting this in a timeline, they would have even said, when when uh, Cameron Chase is going down the thing, it easily could have been in the DEO office saying, you know, hey, you did this, and look at you here. And they would have, right away, the thing you think right away is her being a Red Lantern. And also the whole thing of, like, hey, this is a last-ditch effort. We're going to send you into the sun. Well, you know what? It cured me of something that wasn't supposed to be cured because she got cured by the, the Red Lantern. You can't just take the ring off. No, she flew into the sun. That never made any sense either. No, and she flew into the sun. So this is something she's already done yeah. to cure her of something that could It, it grew her goddamn heart back yeah, somehow. Yeah, grew her heart back. So like, there's a, plenty of opportunity throughout this whole issue for her to say or for Steve Orlando to point out certain things. You know what I mean? Like, especially the whole Red Lantern. That would be the one thing that I think that if you think back of her in the new 52, most people are aware of at least that popped up. Like, oh my God, I heard that, uh, Kara was a, a Red Lantern. A lot of people did know, at least know about it. Maybe not read it. Right. Um, but knew about it. In fact, a couple places that I've read or heard things about it, they point that out. So that is a big thing. Uh, for her and Cameron Chase, you can just have her do these things. Like, hey, spell it out more about, and hey, you know what? Even with the whole final days of Superman, say, hey, you came to us to get your powers, and then Superman gripped you out of here. You know, kind of tie it in, but he plays it very loose, which he's supposed to. I know he's supposed to. I know this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be a, a jumping on point for new mm, readers. Yeah. It, it's just so weird to give this non committal thing of like a couple months but i i, I love the art i'm saying i love great. it too but to me the whole thing was like a, a middle finger to me and and what i thought i knew and and even that even the whole forced parents i don't mind at all getting it close to the tv show not at all no i really i i thought it was a smart move for suicide squad to be more like yeah, the movie if, yeah and as long as they the, can tell the decent biggest, stories is all i want one of the biggest disasters that we were talking about while we did the podcast since we've done the podcast is supergirl tv show coming out without a book to support it uh but yeah the the f the fu5 has nothing to do with art 
It's more just about the, F- the you. craziness. Yeah, it's a it's an FU. <laughs> what would you give it? I'd give it a seven out of ten because I really like the direction we're going and the idea of them going to high school is all I wanted between like her book, Superboy's book. That's all I wanted, and hopefully yeah. we get to continue that and maybe have some fun. Event. Like I'm sure she's not going to spend a lot of time in high school, but I love the art in this book as well. It it, it really made me want to keep reading the story because I'm telling yeah. you, the, the parent bit was really forced in with these foster parents. The dialogue wasn't stellar, and just to like the all right, here's the regeneration matrix, son, you're back. It was that it was that jumping on point you needed where you have everything established and the tone is set. Yeah going forward for a rebirth well obviously i don't agree with you but we're going to take a quick break and get back with reggie's books and we're back eric i'm back. dancing jim we're back and oh. we're back with reggie's books but but, but jimmy where's reggie at Without Reggie. Reggie is not uh, with us this week. He's out there being passed away. (laughs) Not with us. He he is in Virginia, I guess. Or Bethlehem. At one point, I thought he was going to be like real close to us, like right down the street. And then he told me, I even said to you because he he sent me a message. Oh, I'm on a five hour train ride. I'm like, where the fuck is he going? I thought he was going to be near us. There's no five hours to New York City. Right, Reggie? I agree. Oh, geez, I don't have a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie's usually booming. I'm going to have to boom Reggie in. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to be doing Reggie's books. We had a little issue. We were going to get together with him and do the books. Um, but when we did the spotlight, me and you <laughs> argued too much about Supergirl, so we couldn't do that. Time got away from us. No, Reggie. What, what was that, Reggie? I agree, yeah. Oh, you – okay. Yeah, Reggie agrees. Oh, Reggie, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez, he likes that. He, Reggie likes that sort of treatment, don't you, Reggie? Yeah. Okay, so you go. See, this is why we have this board, so when anybody leaves, we just have it. I have to make my own board with me, and then I'll just sit here. I won't even talk. I'll just hit sound things, and I'll save my voice. Huh, my tooth is killing me, Eric. I have such a bad toothache. You're going to pull a castaway and hit it out with a rock? No, I was trying to pull it out with just my fingers today, oh, and God, that's what, that's off. why it's 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 really bad now. I'm just trying to yank it out, and it's Te- not Teeth working. are meant to be yanked out just well. Pliers nearly. are next. The pliers are oh, the God. next round. Uh, you know, dentist is probably round eight. <laughs> I have a lot of options. You backwards uh, motherfucker. At some point, I got, I'm going to have yarn, some thread, and a doorknob. That never works. Where did they ever come up with that as a thing that, you know, you're supposed to think that worked? You I don't know, know what man. I'm saying? I watched, I watched a video of a father, like, getting a, his young daughter's tooth out. What he did, she was yeah. sitting on a park bench. She had a string round her tooth and then down onto the other end of the park bench with a food, piece yeah. of food there. Mm-hmm. A squirrel <laughs> came up, grabbed the freaking food, ran off, pulled the tooth right out. Really? Yep. It was an <laughs> awesome video. Reggie liked it. He's- Reggie loves everything. Yes, but uh, the three books he had – well, we also said we, we want to tell Reggie because he'll be listening to this, and we won't tell him what's going on. So this will be the first thing he hears. Uh, how the hell did he get some of the best books this week? I, I don't know. I was really pissed off and jealous when I read these getting ready for tonight Yeah, because uh, I did because not have as much fun reading mine. I mean legitimately at this point, uh, people have heard me say that I've had one of my favorite rebirth issues of all so far, which was Batman. But after that – uh, Suicide Squad is right there, right up there. Uh, just and really for just pure entertainment ish, you know, deal. 
number one to me. Definitely. Just pure entertainment fun boy. And Aquaman is pretty good, and even Harley Quinn, which we're going to start with Aquaman, right? But Harley Quinn, if you, I'll say what Reggie always says. If you like, <laughs> we always Harley say you're going to like this. Yeah, we always say it. But we're going to start with Aquaman, and luckily Reggie did send me his blurbs. I just can't find him, Eric. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but right now I'm I'm uh I'm delaying because I can't find my goddamn notes. Here they are. Okay, Eric. good, good. Aquaman number five. Number five, written by Dan Abnett, art by Felipe Baronis, Gabe Altieb. It's Aquaman and Mara versus the United States Army for the whole goddamn issue. Tula gives orders to attack the landlubbers, and we meet the head of Nemo, the Fisher King, but mostly it's Mara ripping apart tanks and shit, despite the story still crawling slower than sea molasses. At least this issue had some cool action scenes, and Superman shows up at the end, so hopefully something happens soon. Superman gonna get everything back on. Oh shit, Reggie, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's a delayed thing. Um, it's funny, Reggie, and I'll tell you right away. Reggie gave this a seven out of ten. Um, it's funny too because I'm very close to that score as well. But I think I liked it a little more than him. It's it's very odd, like what he thinks, because I remember him reading this and saying to me on Tuesday, like, boy. It's all the same, and it is, really. We've seen the last issue we saw Mara go and break Aquaman out, and they were going out to, you know, the outside of the prison, and they were greeted by, you know, more everybody shake a stick (laughs) at, and that's what we get here. Now, I will tell you one thing right off the bat. I know Mara kicks ass. Didn't know that she kicked this much ass. It really did take me uh, a – it really – it got me a little when she rips that tank apart. Right. I know that she, you know, what she is and all that, that just seemed really over the top to me. Honestly, that I found... She-Hulk. I'm telling you, that I'm fine with. Uh, I really? always knew it's she was It's not that I had power. a problem with. It just shocked me. It but really no, I, I have another problem with Mara, though, because she is not emotionally stable. Oh, she's insane. I, she is insane. She is every, like, ex-girlfriend I've ever had. Well, listen, there's a lot of fireworks in this... In this issue, and and 90% of them are coming from Mara yelling, and she goes back and forth. She's a flip-flopper. She's very insecure with if Aquaman loves her or not, and then just – she's like one of those that she she wants a reaction from, I think, every second. He is getting attacked. She has to bring up crazy shit about this, the getting – but, you know, married and stuff. I think she's just a reaction whore. She wants to get the It's like one of those things where you're in a movie theater with your girlfriend, and somebody's talking, and then the girlfriend starts talking shit. Then you get into a you don't want to fight, yeah. and then she calls yeah. you a pussy, and we're not getting married now because you're a fucking piece of shit yeah. pussy. Yeah, God that, damn it. Why do I date people like you? Yeah, really. And uh, the whole thing is she went to break him out, and they're attacking. It, it, it's weird. It's one of those things that you're getting to the point where um, Aquaman is not in the wrong to me. But no. if you're going to go in this book, hey, everybody's he everybody's a little on edge here. Let's all calm yeah. down. Let's He's get things in America. His- Hard as he can to do everything right in this goddamn book. And, but in this, Mara is just there to tell him, see what you get? This is what they think of she's us. Taking they, jabs at him every chance she gets. Yeah, no, She's breaking him down. Okay. And really, there's not a lot to talk about. I'm not going to yell holy cow either, Eric. It, it just, I would anybody yell holy cow. There's a lot of uh, guns going. Mara, like I said, she is now She-Hulk to me, or even just the Hulk. That, that throwing... The gun part of a tank 
at helicopters. That is such a Hulk thing. What, wasn't that, that in the Hulk video game from the original what, yes, Hulk movie? I think that's where I'm getting yeah. it. Yeah, that that one video. That was actually a pretty good game too. It was. Uh, but yeah, that's. I think that's where I'm getting that from. But yeah, she is now. If anything. She has now caused some more issues because whatever they're going to do, and I even said to you, the government wants to play this whole game of Aquaman's a terrorist. It makes no sense. He is just a figurehead. He's the king. That doesn't mean if a splinter group of terrorists do something that he is held responsible as a terrorist, which they try to do that. But now all bets are off thanks to Mara. Mara, I had to, she may have killed these people. She, well, Aquaman stops because he's he's turned into like a Batman. No deaths, nobody yeah, no dies. No killing, goddammit. Mara is trying to. Mara is – she doesn't try to stop it. Aquaman does, and he does do that. The, the one helicopter is going to crash. The funny thing is you look. He catches that, that helicopter. At one point, the helicopter looked like it was more – exploding than it is at the end if you right. look at the panel where that gun hits nobody's surviving that they're already dead the cockpit is on fire it's going down he catches it um i like that it, it the art in this felipe Bronis is a guy who has talked to us he follows us on twitter and i've talked to him before and i always do like his art last There's... issue I, it was a little bit down i like this issue i like his action scenes i like how everything's laid out in this i don't know i like it for the most part i there there are a few like panels and shit like that where things come off a little strange like in facial like uh well, he expressions. has a, he has a different look of aquaman his aquaman in this i noticed that last issue as well uh a lot younger looking to me yeah uh, you know what I mean? And very, like, clean cut. I'm looking at him now. There he is. He, he doesn't look like Jason Momoa to me, Eric. All these other books are trying to get in tune with the movies and the TV show. In my Not mind, getting, getting in tune with the movies, you have to go back to the 90s Aquaman with the Can long hair. Can you imagine all of a sudden, just this issue, from this issue on, Jason Momoa? <laughs> Out of so nowhere? Funny. And you Rebirth, love bitches. it. The way you talk. <laughs> you don't care. I yeah, care about everything. Be damned to you. Yeah, then you go, ah, they'll explain it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, at the one point it's funny because it, they they are doing. Do you something. shave all the time, Jim? No. I no. Why should Aquaman have to either? That's true. I don't know. He he is very clean cut. Where does he find the time? I I think there's something to do. He has these like little sea urchins that he they just eat away at his facial hair. Yeah, they they chew it away. Uh, <laughs> I, I know what does happen in this. His outfit starts getting chewed away. That sexy man. Uh, I like that too, too, because like I was talking last issue about how like they they survive at the fucking bottom of the ocean with that deep pressure, so they are bulletproof. But the costume is getting fucking torn away by these fucking high caliber bullets, like that. And it's almost like to me, at some point, he even spells it out: if we jump, if we if we fly out of here, uh, we'll get hit with more firepower than we can even handle. Um, though I still like, I know you don't like the fact that they were running away and and doing this. I just don't. I think that it still hurts. Oh it, no, it, I'm sure. I'm sure it, it hurts him a bit. Yeah, it still fucking hurts. You don't want to get hit, but especially with those big point, fucking like uh, those mounted guns, the higher caliber ones. Yeah, I'm like they're yeah. feeling that shit. Yeah. At one point, I thought that you would uh, have an issue as I was reading it because you have said in the past that one of your big things is banter during fights, yeah. and this is even worse because it's banter. I guess it may come off as comical. Because they're getting attacked by the whole U.S. Army, it seems, and they're arguing about, you know, their marriage and their nuptials. And I did like it a little, but it started getting too much. It was but, very over the top, especially because what they were talking about. Because Mara, 
I, I don't know what's wrong with her this issue. Is she having like wedding day jitters coming yeah, up? I, some I shit because maybe. she is putting everything into question where just because Aquaman wants to make peace with the land, like the surface dwellers, and he doesn't want to kill anybody. Oh, fucking, you're always against me, Arthur. God damn it. I'm like, calm well, down, yeah. Mara. Shit. That, she's going to be a runaway bride. She's yeah. off. She's like, here's the thing. She says, you're way. You, you think that dress is going to be green? I I hope it's not white because I think they, <laughs> she's not pure. Air. The, uh, at one point, she's yelling, "Your way to, it didn't work. These people will not be reasoned with. They see us as enemies. You can do more to resolve this if you're free than incarcerated." She's you know trying to pl- plead her case because Aquaman's like, "Oh man, you fucked it up." And then Aquaman says, "Well, I guess we'll never know, will we?" It doesn't seem like that bad a comment. It's, They're both kind of arguing, and she I've had this argument before in like yeah, in a similar goes, way. And but then right away she jumps. So you're not okay with it. What does this mean? Is our bro? She's she's done. It's the marriage all his conclusions. And I think he's like, yeah, Jeez. I think it is now. Yeah, crazy Jesus bitch. <laughs> she just goes so nuts with it. It, it, it is crazy. You now, love me, Jim? Oh, oh my God, God. that's Shut what up. she said, Don't Eric. Do that, man. Don't fucking do that. It scares the shit. That is inappropriate. Oh I'm my God, Mara. But yeah, uh, she really is. Dan Abnett's playing at something here of why they're going to end up not getting married. Like, okay, like, all of a sudden, it's a callback to the New Fifty Two where Aquaman, like he accidentally slept with Siren when he thought it was yeah. Mara, oh. and all of a sudden this is well, going to be brought back up, like the family to the wedding, and that's yeah. the sister. Yeah, you're going to invite that sister. There's big trouble, Eric. But yeah, like, it's, she's Mara been holding really on to this, and this is why she's so angry and passive aggressive. Yeah, really, she has that in the back of her mind. And he's like, but she looked like you. He's like, you should have known better. That was a rape, Eric. That was awkward. Shut the be- fuck up. You son of a bitch. You are a fucktard. I hear I you. heard about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Then you go to Atlantis. and um, Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we get to Atlantis, what do you okay. think of this line? When the tanks show up, the second batch of tanks, and Mara's all upset already because, you know, Aquaman never takes her side on anything, apparently. Tanks? You either want to put us in them or kill us with them. Like, what the hell is that? Because she doesn't know how they work. I'm just like, well, I kind of want to go inside of a tank. These are surface world machines. (laughs) Either want to put us in them or use them to kill us. What's wrong with going inside them? That sounds kind of cool. I don't know. He's like, I actually, Aquaman's like, no, that's caskets, Mara. (laughs) Tanks for the memories. (laughs) <laughs> no, just doesn't even make sense. No, no, that's what he should yell as he breaks one. Tanks for the memories. <laughs> he's teaching he's a one-liner now. He's teaching her one-liners. <laughs> Tanks a lot. Uh, at one point too, then she. I I love it too because she her power. She you know with the water she can and they're like, yep, these tanks had water in them. Oh my god, <laughs> that was like, the really, weirdest just line drank too. The battery. This whole, se- set, Eric. this whole section with the fucking uh, the tanks was weird. Hold on. There's a lot of water in their war machines. The engines, the weapon systems, correction was. I'm like, get out of here. See, he's still talking. I like to. No, that's Vera. That's oh, yeah, yeah. Vera. She's crazy. But yeah, in the one point uh, they're talking about breaking of the marriage, she's yelling and he's like, no. And then he kind of hugs her, but it's more of him. Getting shot and I, you know, is he protecting her? Because she's just as invulnerable to me as he is. When when she has that water line with the tanks, and it's like correction was, and then they keep going. (laughs) You're angry with me. I'm just concentrating. Yeah, no, you're angry. You don't like the fact that I brought this on us. That I freed you, Mara. God. Yeah. Uh, Though, all in all, I did mind this issue. I was having fun with it. No. Um, I like the issue. It's just her talking ruins yeah. everything. Oh, she's, she is insane. 
And really, I'm married. I know what women are like. Yeah. This is accurate. This is the most accurate portrayal well, totally. of a, I've had a, a wife to be, I think. Now all the women, all the three women, all Frank gone. and all the other two women, they're, they're out now. But yeah, she's insane. I think something's gone wrong. She's been on the surface. She's a, a woman of two worlds, Eric. The surface world is driving her nuts. But yeah, then you go to Atlantis. Can we go to Atlantis? Yeah, we, I'm sorry. We can go to Atlantis. No, I keep saying, you go to Atlantis and really Atlantis <laughs> is just there so that we can have the Atlanteans realize that the surface world is attacking. They're allowing, uh, brute force they can kill their they got the word that they can kill aquaman and marissa now they're like uh what's her name i always tula. uh tula yeah tula is now mobilized the fleet it's it, shit is happening throne of atlantis part two where there is things going nuts I, i'm telling you we argued a bit last issue about this because i like the tula thing even though it was you guys thought it was boring and not really anything went on mm-hmm. here it makes complete sense. We get back to Atlantis. Tula's, you know, and I like the part oh, yeah. two. It's like, this my lady regent, just call me leader. God damn it. Or call me Tula. Yeah. Don't say my lady regent. I know you don't think I'm in charge because I'm a woman. Calm down down here in yeah, Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. But um, we know shit is going bad now because fucking mobilize the war fleet. Fuck. Yeah, well, I really like uh, what I like is it starts off with the the drift and Merc. Uh, yeah. They come to them, lady regent. Oh, look. uh the uh, Merc and the Drift, they're, they're being pursued by the, you know, U.S. Navy. And Tool at this point's like, U.S. Navy. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to kid. They're going to outpace them. And she's not worried at all. It's like, okay, they're coming back to her. Once she hears that they're swimming and, and the Navy's out to get them, uh, you know, we're and done. I like, I you're, like you're that. We don't, even, we don't even have to go back to Merc. We can just say, all right, they're swimming away and they're faster. Okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying, yeah. And she's like, okay, you know, that means we win this this round because <laughs> they're not going to they're not gonna be able to, to catch them. And then, oh, wait a minute. There's also this. And that's when he gets we've uh, intercepted the, word on the street this transmission. Is they're kill Aquaman. Yeah, they have command to kill them. Dear gods, mobilize the war fleet. And I, I like that. It's like. Merc and them, that's okay, but now they've attacked the king and queen. They legitimately have. If it, oh, if, yeah. if Tula sees this and it tries to get hokey and like, well, you know, Aquaman and Mera, they always can figure. No. They, no. They've attacked the king and queen. And just like the Americans were assholes, now the Atlanteans aren't assholes. You have legitimately attacked the king and queen. Fuck you. I, they're in the right to me. I now want to live in Atlantis. I am denouncing my citizenship to the surface world. Oh, shit. I'm now an Atlantean because they're right. They are Jim, right, there. Jim, you, you don't breathe underwater, and you're not a strong swimmer. I, I really don't know how to swim much at all. I can yeah. dive really well. I can do a hell of a cannonball. Can they just <laughs> – I can go down there. They have something down there. They're going to put me it's in gonna like gonna like a like spin suit. It's going to be in the non-flooded sections? Jim Drift Station. It's just me. In there, and then I yell, "Crikey!" Hey guys, still in here? Anybody want to come visit? Where Where is everybody? Next thing you know, some guy goes, "Stolen words!" Some oh Oh, no, stolen underwear! (laughs) And then I come down, stolen whopper. Ah, stolen Whopper. Then we go off, and you're going to get that. The whole thing is this fight with uh, Mara and Aquaman, but then we're getting these little vignettes, and this and one is this, you go up to what Black Mana and uh, Nemo is up to, <laughs> and uh, we get to see the Fisher King. Where's the There's reveal ever? Difference. What's that? 
Worst reveal oh, ever. Yeah, it is. Who's and the leader of Nemo? Oh, an old, fat, bald, like, graying guy who looks kind of like Santa Claus. Looks very much. See, you didn't watch Star Blazers. He looks no, like Captain Avatar. He looks like a very – he is that one where he's just sitting there with the Pac-Man belt. You yeah. see that? He's got the Pac-Man belt on. It's very, very cartoony, and I don't know why – but it really seems like they're trying to make you really love this guy. This guy looks like everybody's like it's Santa like Claus great grandfather. Yeah, like a freaking Santa Claus. He looks like Captain Avatar. He's sitting on a chair. I want to go sit on his lap and him tell you, um, yeah. excuse me, little boy, you're a little too old for this. I said, give me what I want, old man. Give me what I want. And he's like, you just got it. And you're like, thank you. Give me your money. He unzips his pants and there you have it. And then it's done. And he's like, hey, I hate Christmas. Belt. I got a Pac-Man belt and a Brainiac-type shirt and pants. It now, looks like... He goes up, we, Black Mana goes up and introduces himself, but he's like this. Tell me, like, just a title. I am Lord of the World. I have yeah. power and influence beyond your imagination. Tell me why I should give you a share in it. You're thinking too small, Fisher King. Too small? <laughs> he's like, you should be going for the Black universe. Mana, what are you doing? You are it's, a fucking uh, Aquaman villain. Like you're, going, both, uh, you're thinking they're, too small. are having a dick measuring contest, but it really is what, like, this guy has basically said he rules Everything. everything. You're thinking too small, Fisher <laughs> King. <laughs> Is that the only play you got, Black Man? <laughs> it's like you're supposed to think you're Jesus Christ. You look like Santa Claus. Go for it. But yeah, Mana just said it. And really, there's nothing there. We get the reveal, uh, and then we move on. He does First have a reveal ever. He has like a seat, like the uh, Anakin's. Uh, What's it called? Uh, the person that uh, Shmi married in fucking the oh the fuck uh, the goddamn wheel like hovering yeah, wheelchair from fucking uh, Attack the Clones fuck wheelchair. Yep, when he went back and oh, you know what, your mom, she was a good woman. We, we looked for her for two days. We, we gave up on her half hour. I don't know. I can't go there. I already collected her uh, freaking life insurance, insurance money. Yeah. This kick-ass wheelchair. I got a moisture yeah, farm like now. That. But yeah, then yeah, then we move on. Where's Reggie? We're going nonsense with this, but yeah, we move on. Then you see a little more of Mara, whatever. But you also get Amnesty Bay, where Crikey, Crikey shows up. Crikey shows up in Amnesty Bay, and the Lieutenant Joanna Stubbs. Yes, and Erica Watson, who's been watching their goddamn dog. For like seven years, but as we heard in Supergirl, only a couple months, Eric. So I can deal with it. But yeah, Aquaman's been living there his entire life. Hey, but I'm saying this dog. This dog has only been during the New 52 where they're watching it. A couple months there. Oh, okay. I, uh, honestly, I don't know when he got this that's dog. That's just a weird callback. Yeah. I, him and Mara got it way back, and uh, okay. she's been like kind of watching it. It's a nice way, and it, it, basically it's used to be a way where she's always, if anybody goes near the lighthouse, she's always <laughs> there because she's always watching this damn dog. Worst cop ever. Yeah, doesn't yeah, get anything done. Does. Spends all her time. I don't think she's Aquaman's real cop. She, she just dresses as a cop because she likes to go and, and look at that dog. But yeah, uh, what's her name? Crikey, what you th- Lieutenant Joanna Stubbs. Oh, yeah. Joanna Stubbs shows up and, and she looks at one point like she's lost some weight. I think that she is working out because didn't you think she was a little heftier? I never thought that. Yeah, I thought that if remember we said that if she was going to be played by anybody in the movie, it would have been Rebel Wilson. When she was young, I think that was just for Crikey, though. No, but you agreed with me. She was a little bigger, I thought. That's the only Australian uh, actress I can think of besides for Nicole Kidman. She saw herself on the camera there, and she knew I better work out. She looks a little like she worked out, but she said, "Hey, if uh, you see Aquaman, give him this." She's worked out. As as Reggie puts it, this whole story arc's taking place in six hours. Yeah, she worked out. (laughs) She got on the cosmic treadmill. From what I hear, yeah, three hours of fucking work a week. 
<laughs> yeah, she gives uh, the the police officer something. Says, "Can you give this to Aquaman if you see him? You don't know what it is. It looks yeah. like a note, maybe. Might be. I don't know. I thought it was a gun. At one point, it's a gun. Like, give her this. Boom, shoots her. Uh, but then you go back to Aquaman and Mara. Mara now is throwing jeeps. <laughs> and they're gonna punch their way to the river. You know what Mara, this reminds me of? Like they're they're like playing the game Rampage, where yeah, all well, the freaking yeah, they're, go, they they're going from town the to city to city. If, if this, she is the Christian Okoye of the fucking uh, book because it looks like she is running, or the Earl Campbell, if you will, Eric. She is running. They have clear ways. I, I, I don't to go, understand what you're she's saying. T- she's turning into people just so she can throw shit. Like I think she could slip by some of these things. She's actually engaging content. I don't, I don't understand your references, Jim. Yeah, because they're big, giant behemoth running backs who love contact. That's what I'm saying. Christian Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Earl Campbell, Aaron. He got diabetes. He was a big fat guy. Actually, he was awesome. But yeah. Then but he felt. was also a big fat guy. Well, he ended up being. He was a huge guy. You don't know Earl Campbell? Boy, Earl Campbell was fucking. Not off the top of my head. Back. Bruising running back, Aaron. But yeah, Mara's throwing shit. She's ripping fucking guns off of everything she can. And thank Super- God Superman shows up to fucking put an end to this nonsense. Yep. Now, here's the funny thing. <laughs> Who did Aquaman tell them to go call, and call Superman reference said to call Superman. So I will give Dan Emmett credit in this little story. Seems like Superman actually has a running relationship with Aquaman. I don't know. I've read that Justice League book, and we've talked about it already in this podcast. I don't know where we're getting this. Maybe after he Honestly, gets out. I think this is really their first football. meeting. I don't know, because in remember in the uh, Justice League, he shows up, and they're all talking about how uh, they hadn't met him. And I, the- I don't, I'm saying that the Justice League, in my mind, is out of time or I'm something. I don't even know how to put bullshit. it. It is all bullshit. Uh, I don't think they're just meeting here. It seems like when he shows up, he's there. He's got a big smile on his face. He's freaking happy. He looks Dopey like a smile. He's like, he likes crazy ladies. I've, I've seen Lois. She likes to watch a lot of crazy things on TV. He sees doesn't Mara. like to parent her children very well. Like, huh? I, you know what? Mara's when Mara's on the moon. I, I can't make a rhyme. I was going to make a rhyme like this. it's like the out of state policy. Oh Mara, yeah, zip code. Lois is on the moon, and now it's time to play. There yeah. you, there's your rhyme. Mara is free. He's heard that. You know, Aquaman and her having a little spat. He's well, Aquaman like, was going after Wonder Woman in that fucking Justice yeah, really, Rebirth. Was, so, you know, all bets are on. I'll be there for you, Diana. I like to was like... <laughs> Creepy-ass Aquaman. This, it, can Aquaman get that... He's ripped the chains off of the, the, the... What's it called? The handcuffs. But he still has them on it. Get those off your hands. <laughs> you're, you're strong enough. Uh, I've seen him... He is Aquaman up. unchained right now. He is. He's off the chain. Yeah. I like that. I love <laughs> Two the way chains. Superman looks. Superman looks badass right there, I think. Appropriate costume, too, Eric. Yes, it is. I made costume. I made sure, too, because at first I oh, saw I the know tips you, of the red boots. You care about continuity in certain areas. Yes. <laughs> you are a Johnny-come-lately with this freaking movie. Oh, my God. Everybody's all upset with you. They're yeah, all upset with it. I like the art of this. I actually, it's a, it's, it's more of a fun issue than we've got from uh, this book in Rebirth. I think this is probably the second best issue to me since Ray Delane. Ray Delane. I agree. Great. This was just nonstop action, yes. But you know what? In a book where we keep having these wonky, you know, 
uh, politics and, and sitting down and yelling at each other. It, we needed to have one of these issues where they, I, I, it felt important too. Yeah. And, and you have where the, uh, the Atlanteans are going. And now at this point, you know, you have Superman show up and it seems like maybe everything will be settled except Atlantis is now engaging him. Exactly. Have that whole thing. So I, I did like it. I would probably give this, you know what? I was going to give it a seven, seven, five. I'm going to go seven, eight. All right. I'm going to give really it a like 7.5. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it a little more uh, than Reggie and, you know, 7, 8, and 7, 5. Same. Yeah, I said Reggie gave it a 7. Yeah, he gave it a 7. So I do like it a little more than him. And he actually, it, it seemed like he gave it a downer 7. I give it a happy 7, 8. There, there's a difference? <laughs> yeah, there is now. It's Reggie. Re- Reggie, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, see? He's here. Reggie, oh, you need to speak you, up more, man. You son of a bitch, Reggie. <laughs> oh, right. What do you think of that book, Reggie? It was good. I liked it. Okay. See, he liked it. He gave it a seven. That's pretty good stuff. The next one, though, is uh, Harley Quinn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't have my notes again. Every time Excellent. I flip this goddamn thing, I lose my notes. Well, it what is- happens when you're not here, Reggie? Yeah, Harley Quinn number two, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, art by Chad Harden and John Timms, Burt Blevins, and Alex Sinclair. Coney Island is still overrun by zombies, and now even the readers are dying of laughter. A Ooh. lack of story development gives plenty of room for gags and about half a dozen splash pages of Harley fighting the undead, drawn by Jim John Timms. All hope seems lost until Poison Ivy shows up to save the day. Again, this is getting to be habitual. I'll tell you, he gave it an 8.5. That uh, might be a little bit high for me, but I did well. like the art a lot. I, and again, we, we've said this. If you've heard us talk with Reggie about Harley, Gang of Harleys, anything with this, um, it is true. He says it all the time, and he's right on. There is never a bad art issue of anything that Amanda no. Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti are on anymore. And I think it's Amanda Connor. People are on their A game. And I think that they can also – they Chad Hart. Like, like don't piss great. off Amanda? Is that a thing? We got to bring our A game? Too. But also, if I'm telling you, you get if they give her, they say, OK, Harley, we're going to put, you know, Eric Shea on it. Oh, I God. think Amanda Connor then calls up Mr. D.C., Jeff Johns now, and says, hey, Mr. D.C., <laughs> I'll draw it then. You know, because she can. She would be kick ass. Give some, me a chance, Amanda. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I like this issue. It's well, a lot say, Chad Harden does the first half and John Timms does the second half yeah. of the book. And, it's, and I like and them both. Zombies pretty much show up full bore. That is John Timms. But all the art's good. And it's, uh, it is always very, it's weird. It's one of those where it's always, even if you grab seven other artists, it always seems to stay very consistent. It flows very well together. Yes, it does. There's never been a time where you're like, holy shit, because they'll even do some issues where Harley will get drugged out by accident and there'll be these, spaced up it always works because it's harley and this again i didn't say it um i said it off the air with us um i'll give dan abnett credit in an episode that we're talking about which i'm sure that continuity will be part of the title of the actual episode because it seems to be a big thing for us this episode dan abnett the the continuity in that aquaman is straight up perfect he doesn't screw around with anything. Yeah, you know, maybe it's because he doesn't take some risks that others might do. And maybe it's because he was doing it in the New 52 and he then was, moved his way some, in. Some of these were as well, but that's what I was going to point out. You you led me. Oh, in. I'm sorry. No, no. You actually set it up, Eric. Don't worry about it. You set me up because Excellent. this is why I think this book will – you can't really – 
is there any possible way that you could have a Harley book where you go, oh, shit, this is an incontinuity? Because Harley nope. herself is on the verge of always being out of continuity. But having Jimmy Pomiotti and Amanda Connor continue into this, this book is not much different. It really isn't. And we even said in the, the number one and all that. It, just jump in. You could jump into Harley any issue. Any really. issue, and it you works. Can go back to any point, you can jump in and have some fun. And some people, I'll tell you, some people, to me, you go for an arc and see how it is, and then you might get sick of it. I saw some people, I heard some people talking on podcasts like, oh, you know what, the second issue, and we're already getting too many of these jokes or whatever. It's funny because they said that about this issue. I don't think this is a real jokey issue. And honestly, uh, I actually found myself you know, laughing like, at the things more. Yeah. I'm telling you, because I, when this series first came out back in the DC uh, new uh, New Fifty Two, yeah, I ended up giving it to you because yep. it it was too off the wall for me. I needed a cohesive story, and I wasn't getting it from this. So yep. I gave it to you. You eventually and gave it, it to so Reggie funny but, because you gave it to me, and that's when Power Girl showed up. Yeah, it was fun. Exactly then, yeah, what you wanted a exactly. cohesive story. That's what that always kept, happens, and it still kept going. And then it got back to the. You know, the jokey nonsense. And it's one of those when you're reviewing something like that, it is tough because you're getting a lot of the same, but yeah. yet it's always good. It's the, it, and except that Power Girl Harley mini. That was yeah, no, 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 no. But the actual main book. I can't say there was ever a horrible issue, but you start to get weary of it, especially reviewing it. So then I passed it off to Reggie, who's enjoyed it. He really has enjoyed it. This is kind of a book that. It, is always something that he likes. I, I, and this I, I issue, think, though, this issue is fun. I think it's, it's too. I think fun I'm without ch- relying on the, the, you know, a lot of the dick jokes and the, the oh, yeah, yeah. art jokes. And that's pretty much what you have most of the time. You're always going to get that. But it, it's, I think I was, tr- I was going to try to make a point about, so I don't know how I was going to lead into it about how you can jump into this issue if you did not read the one before. And be okay because this catches you up immediately with the dialogue, and we even yeah. like catches oh, you up with what's up going with on that with everything thing at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing you have a, and it shows that they are concerned that some people will just jump into this. It's a weird thing to jump into at a number two, but yeah. they have a whole page of a you know a fill you know fill you in catch up deal. I like that. I really do. And um. I said the one thing that I really like with Marvel is they always have that catch-up page. That first page, Even I love that. When they don't have the the characters and the but, I love that when they yeah. have the characters' faces and tell you. They used to do that all the time when but I was a even kid. if they don't have that, they'll always have that thing. Now, a lot of times with comics, they'll just have a like Harley Quinn. She's the Quinn. No, in the Marvel, they will actually tell you what happened last in issue. In the last issue, exactly. This, and that's exactly what you get here. And you even get – it's funny if you're looking. You even get things like uh, Red Tool, uh, Scatapult, uh, all these things in Harley Quinn in uh, bold. So if you really were like Scatapult, okay, I'm going to look to see I what that is. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it's, it's funny. And I love Red Tool. I didn't and, like him when he first showed up in the regular run in the New 52 at the end of there. Right, right. Um, I really like him. I like him I, too. And it's yeah. the funniest part is that we have this whole thing because we have to like tell everybody what happened with this story with the scatapult where we left in the cliffhanger of last yeah. issue. It does not matter though. No, because to the rest of the story. If you haven't read the last issue, I'll tell you what happened. He, uh, their zombie attack because they ate, uh, Nathan's hot dogs that were infected with meat that was an alien. Yep. You have that. And, uh, Red Tool got bitten by one of the aliens in the arm. <laughs> Harley freaked out because Red Tool gave him, her the idea that if you get bitten, 
like some zombie moves it's, and whatever. It's constant You'll zombie lore. Yeah, and it never was verified. So she sliced off his arm, put it in a igloo cooler, and then used the scatapult to shoot him towards the fucking hospital. There you I'm go. Johnny, back the when setup. back when all those bath salts were hitting the news and shit, yeah, I like, would I was freaking out. I was the same way. If anybody was acting crazy, I'm I'm shooting motherfuckers in the head because yeah. there's no point in my life where I should be at my parents' house after work. That's and it's the, just the the poor retarded kid next door. You, it, you, it could be. You know. I'm saying though, yeah. but there's no point in my life where I should go to my parents after work. Hey, what's going on, Mom? Hey, Dad. Oh, you got the news on? And I look at the news and I see zombie attack. Yeah. That should never happen to me, but it terrified the fuck out of me. guy's face. And then it kept happening all yeah. over the goddamn eastern seaboard, it seemed like. Um, People were getting fucking eaten. And I'm no, like, all uh, right, you know what? Uh, speaking of which, problem. there was a story this week. Same deal, bath salts. Every time you hear bath salts, I run. I yeah, run from I'm, the TV because you might as well just call zombies bath salts now to me. Pretty much. Like you said, that's what happens. There was another story this week. I didn't Same even hear that. You think that. I'm very impressionable, Jim. Well, you think that all these like news stories would get people like, oh, these bath salts. You know what? I don't want to be a flesh-eating zombie. I think I'll avoid that. That yeah. doesn't seem very fun to me. I, I've heard a lot of people try to tell me that some drugs are fun and what happens. <laughs> and less. Eating flesh, a, a human flesh, not fun to me. I get hungry. No. I'll eat, you know, cow flesh. How about that? I'm How not going to eat fucking pizza? Some flesh. fucking Funyuns. Yeah. I don't know. Some pizza. It's funny, too, in this issue, Harley through the whole thing. She's like <laughs> fighting zombies. She's just eating. And I'm thinking. Well, she's on the boardwalk. And, and she's got she's all the also, best food around Well, her. at one point, she's in the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've had myself a bowl of cereal while taking a shit. Who hasn't, Eric? Fucking Who hasn't monster. Eaten Fruit Loops while you're taking a dump. I haven't. No, I have. I have. But, yeah, it starts off with Red Tool heading towards that uh, the hospital, and that's when Harley realizes, oh, no, he may not make it. He He's passed gonna out. He can't open a chute. And, and I like this. I like because she's like to Big Tony, hey, uh, tell me what floor he's going to go. And she just gets a gun. She's going to shoot out the windows so that he doesn't hurt himself when he hits the windows. The, the problem is she's firing at a, a, a hospital with people in it, and I told you. That she is now Khalid from Dr. Fate. She's yeah. going to save one person and, and, and kill, kill everyone. everyone and, and again, you look at this. Nobody's getting killed. No one got it, killed. It's, it's zany fun. Uh, the one guy gets his blood bag hit. But yeah, pills all over. Uh, the one guy thinks it's Nam all over again. It's funny, too, because <laughs> the way they do it, she's shooting it out. And then she's like, oh, no, there's downdrift. Oh, so like, she's got to shoot out. Tony is supposed thing. to be spotting her. Like, oh, no, go for that one. Oh, wait, downdrift. The one below it. OK, he's dropping yep. faster down below it. Shooting out all these floors of windows just to make sure yep. that Red Tool can fucking bounce his way into the cafeteria of this fucking and hospital. Love, and again, if, if anybody, it's obvious. Red Tool is Deadpool. Yeah. And it's so about up. the healing factor. And it's funny when he first showed up, I thought it was a Mr. Terrific thing because of his face. <laughs> it almost looks like a T. I'm such an idiot. That was way back with the Reggie. I'm like, what's going on here? But yeah, uh, he wakes up. Maybe and, I should start reading the book instead of paging through. <laughs> yeah, really. He's like, is it dinner time yet? They don't overdo it. They don't no. do the whole thing. I like it. And in the meantime, he has a thing for Harley, which everybody would. Look at that outfitter. Seriously. But yeah, then she's there, and you're going to get a little catch-up. She calls to see how the gang of Harleys is. And I, I like that, too, because yeah. the gang of Harleys, we, we reference them. They're there for one panel, but we don't have to deal with them the rest of the book because they're off, locked away, making sure they're safe yeah. from the zombies. Yeah, making sure they're safe. Harvey almost got it. But yeah. Harvey got in, he locked the gate. She wanted to make sure. And like, yeah, the tool got there, and there's the zombie attack, and then you get the police. And the police are going to attack. And there is a weird thing where they hit and there's like a force. Invisible wall. Which I don't understand that. I, I don't I, what, either. 
You know what I mean? Because what I thought they were getting at, because these zombies are there. Oh, you know, I, I understand. They were getting to the, I thought they were getting to the point where they just didn't want to get away from the Nathan's hot dog stand. Right. Because that's in the middle where they have this parameter, this diameter around the, the whole thing. And But it does seem to be a physical wall like that. It, it's like a, a wall that uh, – because they say it's an invisible wall. I think it's just there for us to see that the, the cops can't well, actually see it. Well, it's funny though because it's funny because the guy actually hits it with a baton. Yeah. That's what threw me off. Don't hit it with the – and actually the zombies are pressed up against it like, like a glass. Like yeah. a glass. So it threw me off. And this one lady's there. And I, I actually thought at one point that the police officer was going to start undressing her in the background. He's getting very, very uh, into her at well, one I, point. I'm telling you, when I first see that woman, though, I thought it was a young girl. Then I go to the next page. I'm like, God damn, she developed fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny to me, too? I really do think that Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor are kind of hinting at that bath salts thing that drove you nuts. Oh, my God. Like, damn. They're on some new nasty new drug. And then the one point I like, because I've seen some movies, if I'm not mistaken, you're more of a, a movie guy like that. Me? But there was, well, yeah, like the horror movies. <laughs> you're nonsense. But I like that they're not just going zombie. The one guy's like, they got rabies or something. Yeah. I've seen some movies where they even will say that. Super rabies. I, I really liked it. Rage. Yeah. I really like that, though. It's like quarantine. It's this whole I mean. thing. Yeah. This whole thing is kind of a. You know, it's poking fun at the zombie crates yeah. as well. Uh, especially you got zombie they got freaking seagulls and horses. Yeah, yeah. Because then at one point, then they try to realize Harley and, and the everybody, they want to see if in fact a zombie and a non-zombie, if they are different, if you can infect the one or the other, they're going to do an experiment. Yeah. It's very... I, I want to know what the experiment's going to do, because they want to get a zombie, and they want to get somebody who's been bitten by a zombie. Yeah. And I'm and, like, well, where are you going to take too. this? What, what I like, though, is because they keep saying about how, you know, if you get bitten, you might not be infected. And at that point, Harley's like, I get it, guys. I shouldn't <laughs> have cut off Red Tool's arm. I get it. But then they go from that to wanting to do this. It, it's very odd... But in this book, again, you're going to get a lot of odd things that are oh, yeah. just set up. Harley's going to have crazy ideas. Said. Yeah, like things are – and that's the thing about this book that's always funny to me. She has crazy ideas. A lot of times she's the sanest one of the group. And she's like, oh, we'll do this experiment. Let's get somebody. They get that goddamn horse. Remember, that was the yeah. horse that was deep-throating the hot dog before with, it. That's the cop. Yeah. They're, they're right. pulling a fucking lady in the tramp, the cop and the yeah. cop horse. Yeah. It's so good. But yeah, they get the horse and like, oh my God, Harley gets thrown into the zombie attack. And now you're just getting pretty much page after page of, of kicking the shit attack. out of the zombie. And- I liked it. The art is really good. This is when John Timms is on it. And yeah. boy, he's on it. It's really good. And you get the whole thing. You're going to get a couple different uh, scenes. You're going to have a du- set right. pieces. I, I want to a- ask everybody out there, if you have the Harley book, do me a favor, all right? There is a freaking page in this book where Harley is in a bathroom and she's swinging a plunger around. She's killing zombies. You are and when I saw this, I, I, I could be. I just want to know if anybody else sees this. Where in this page, does it look like the Suicide Squad number one from the New 52 cover I think that anybody? There is that, there is that maneuver that she's doing. I think it's more of the, the um, backhand halter top. over. I think like it's that? more of the halter top there. And that pose, it is like you said, you even asked John Tim. I said, I took a picture. I cropped up freaking uh, the Suicide Squad cover and this page. And I'm like, am I seeing things here? And he's like, 
Could be. Could like, be. Could Smiley be. face. Where is, the, where is the block? I can, let's get in. Where's my band, this guy? Unfollow. Oh. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? But he yeah, sent me Harley. a winky smiley face. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> could be. He's like, what the? I, I think he's just playing coy, and he's like, exactly. He just doesn't want me to call me an idiot on Twitter. He's like, this guy's a fucking. But anybody out there, check that out if you got the book. I'm yeah. curious if you. No, see actually, this when the I'm seeing it I saw. Now, you sent me the picture, but when I'm seeing it now, I think the holders uh, have. Also, it's funny. We were looking at the things uh, that are written in the on the bathroom wall. There's for a good time called Jimmy. Yep. Which makes me laugh, Jimmy Palmiotti. There's also a heart with Chad, which actually that seems – that's very sweet. Yeah. I like that. That's – John Tim's like, hey, buddy, you know, he's on the – Chad Harden's on it with me. Flegel I like, Fritz was here. Yeah, I don't know. And Chris. I have a feeling like Flegel Fritz is like Jimmy and Amanda's cat. <laughs> you also, if you really want to look to some nonsense, look at that. Look at the dead end yeah. uh, sign. Go all the way down. They didn't color in – the R and the E, it overlaps on the metal part of the post of the sign. It's a little off there. They, they didn't, uh, they shouldn't, that should have been erased. You see that? No. If you go where the was here, the R and the E of the heat. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can see where it should have been erased. Well, that's all. It's off. I was gonna say, you're talking about the R and E. I'm like, there's no R in dead end. When they hear I but got yeah, you now. I really like this too, and I love it because again, there's Harley. She's like me. She's killing zombies. She's in a bathroom. Now she's kind bathroom. of out of the bathroom, and she's eating pizza. I'm with her. I'll eat pizza wherever you give me pizza. You give me pizza in the glory hole stall at the truck stop. I'm in there. I am in. How about you? Some cotton candy. Yeah, cotton candy. She's got all that stuff. It's pretty good. All the and best she, boardwalk food. Yeah. She's just attacking him. She even has like the ski ball ball at one point. She's hitting the guys. And then that's when her homies show up and they show up with guns. Uh, Sim Salabim or, you know, Jim. Jim I, I'm telling you, I can never remember his name. I always want to say Jim Salabim, but it's I don't Jim know if that's Jim with two it. M's. It's a yes. J-I-M-M. And he was from that loot crate. And I will point out that after we had Harley number one, we had that as a spotlight. And I was yelling and screaming that <laughs> nobody read that loot crate. We never read it. And they're calling yeah. back. DC actually sent us a bunch of those loot crate issues. Thank you, DC. That was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And, uh, the uh, Jim, the genie there, is big in that issue. Oh, yeah, it's all about him. And it's funny because you think that that is Mumbo Jimbo. I really think, think Jimmy Pagliotti stole has, Mumbo Jimbo because even in this, Harley says, Jim, get me some fried chicken wings. And that was one of our oldest jokes with the five questions where we'd always ask people, yep. how many chicken wings do you think you could eat? Yep, we'd always have the chicken wings. And we did and ask pa- Jimmy Pagliotti about chicken wings. Jim was the wings. first one, I think. Yep, it was. And uh, Justin Gray, we uh, – just made up a joke that Justin Gray, who is a frequent cl- collaborator with Jimmy Palmiotti, that he was, quote, unquote, the D.C. chicken wing eating uh, champion. We still went with that. This week when I oh, sent yeah. the questions to Scott Snyder, and I have this questions. I'll, I'll even point out, if V. Ken Marion's listening, I have his questions. I keep forgetting to send them. We're <laughs> that, v. Ken, he, I'm sorry. he actually has. V. Ken will be asked how many chicken wings he can eat. I did not ask Scott Snyder. That's one of the first ones of the five questions that we did not ask the guy oh, how true. many chicken wings they can eat. I thought Scott Snyder would say but, that's nonsense. But whether it's true or not, I'm saying Jimmy Palmiotti based this genie character on you, baby boy. You think that it's Mumbo Jimbo? No, it's Mumbo so, Jimbo. I actually sent not him a note, you, but I didn't get word. People. Yeah, I didn't get word. <laughs> yeah, really. I didn't get word, but I might have now. No. 
I just no. somebody had messaged us. It was somebody else. Somebody else, Eric. But yeah, all of Harley's dudes show up and they're gonna kick ass while Harley eats a pretzel. Yep. Again, another Get delicious some mustard thing. all over that too. It's like she's eating the continuity, Eric, because continuity is a pretzel. But yeah, they start fighting, and at <laughs> one point, at one point, I really think it was funny because nobody's a pretzel. <laughs> uh, at one point, Big Tony shoots a guy who has a like a concert T-shirt, yeah. and then Harley goes through a whole thing of. Uh, Ronnie James Dio, Randy Rhodes, Bon Scott, Lemmy, and Wendy O. Williams. They, yep. She mentions those. I know them all, Eric. And I'm like, that is all. Bon Scott's awesome. Is ACDC's person. I know. He died. Sure but did. Yeah, she's like, hey, a fellow metalhead. And then uh, Harley has that call out. I really do think now, that Jimmy Palmiotti, like, these are my favorite heavy metal. When he shot that guy and he says, I hate killing one of my own. Did you immediately think midget? No. I, I did. saw the Black Sabbath, but I'll go with you, Midget. I immediately dwarf. thought Midget until dwarf. he says Metalhead. Dwarf, Eric. No, Whatever. He's not a Midget. There is a big difference. Please, don't let us get in this controversy. I don't need you to stem the controversy between <laughs> the Midgets and the Dwarfs. Our little peoples. Dwarfs have full-size genitalia. You just remember that. I know. It, I knew Troy. Yeah, really, you know him well. I did. Yeah, then they're just going to fight, and then it looks like all hell is done. They, they're like, hey, we, we're run out of bullets. It's, you know, Again, it's a very common theme in a zombie movie or a horror movie like that. Like, oh, we got three oh, more yeah, bullets. We, we're no, it's not only that. We get locked into a situation where there's no escape, and we only have a certain amount of ammo left. Yeah. What's it going to do when they break, finally break through? Yep, and that's when Poison Ivy shows up, and I thought that was pretty cool. And she was that is uh, really cool, meaty bits, and I really and like it. It's a the lot funny of fun. thing is too. It's always bothered me in Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Jason kills a guy with the like this saw bladed weed whacker that Man, she has here, is. and I've never seen it in real life. Yeah, well, and I'm like, why would you? I'm saying I, I have that. I heard something somewhere where this is actually something to cut down tree limbs. I don't know. No, for I, certain. no I've seen like that sort of thing. It almost looks like the jaws of life. They do not set it up like that. Well, I guess this does have that industrial deal, so it, it may be. It I don't know. May be good. I, the I one saw I this. Saw and I'm like, like, oh this, my god, I saw it again. Yeah, the one I saw like this though that does the tree thing. It's not a handheld type thing like this that. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's pretty heavy duty. It's like the jaws of life. You were an EMT. You know what I'm talking I was a about. Firefighter. Jaws of life. Speaking of which, uh, a little nonsense here. At lunch, I had to run because my wife got uh, scratched by our one of our cats. And was I had it Declan? To get, I don't. I'm not going to say the name. Um, I had to go and get Declan. some uh, antibiotic. And as I went by the bush house that's in town, we have a, a fan oh, actually this you week mean, told you me. You mean our, our uh, local crack house? Yeah, local crack Meth house. house, heroin and, house, yeah, whatever. I saw a guy, I don't know why, the, well, the Jaws of Life reminds me of death. Yeah. And I actually had to wait for a little bit. I was late getting back to work because they wheeled out a dead person on a gurney and put him in the, the ambulance and off they went. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I, yeah, I, saw my, I saw my daily dead person. Let's yeah. get on with it. And the, the weird thing is, is Eric, as he was getting put in, his hand came up and moved. And, no, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. And uh. bath salt. Tell Eric Shay. And then my wife is upstairs moaning and groaning because her, her eye hurts. She had I to bet. give the fucking cat a bath. She had to do it. And like my youngest son said, cats <laughs> bathe themselves, mom. They clean themselves. He kept getting mad at that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then Yen with Poison Ivy, and she has a little, you know, little band. What is she doing back, though? Because we saw her going back to Gotham, I want to say, in the last issue. 
to me, if you want to say and you want to tie it all in, she saw the news. She right. saw that Coney Island was getting attacked by zombies. Fuck yeah, she's going to go back and help her home girl. I'm saying, though, but Coney Island to Gotham, I'm saying I don't know where Gotham is in fucking relation well, to Coney Island. it seems like, you know, I mean. This is only, in my mind, well, going on for thing, 45 if, minutes if, tops. Two was oh, only a few months. Then the way that time is a pretzel. Time um, and distance this, are related. This issue actually lasted three years. Space and time, Jim. Space and time. Space and time. A pretzel. Yep, that is nonsense, Eric. That a pretzel, Jim. Nonsense. That's nonsense. But uh, I really like the art. <laughs> this issue is just fun. I, I don't know. Uh, while we're talking about Reggie's books, I'm in such a good mood now. Me too. You know what I mean? I'm having some fun. So, boy, it's going to affect my score. I'm not going to say anything about this issue but positives. I love the art. I think it's a lot of fun. If you haven't read Harley, you can certainly just grab this book and go with it. And it's a fun little thing. You watch Harley eat food while she's attacking zombies. It looks and disgusting. If you, you listen to this podcast, you know we love to eat food and can relate. Oh, we do. I'm telling you, I have eaten more meals on the shitter than probably people have eaten meals uh, at their dinner table, Eric. I am, dinner table? And that all I say to that it is it is multitasking, but it's also cutting to the chase. There's nothing <laughs> like putting food in your mouth as you're shitting out the other part. It's you like a gross a, your own edible human centipede you got going. You got your own solo centipede going. So good, so good. Ah, yes, I'd probably give this an eight. Uh, I was going to go seven five eight. I was going to say seven point five eight. Then I'm like seven point eight. Yeah. Well, yeah, I said the last time. So I'm going to go uh, eight. You said that last time. I'm going seven point eight this more time. More positive than you. I'll just go eight. So you keep uh, doing because the art is really good. Uh, but now we're going to go to Reggie's last book, which boy, I really loved. Oh I really god, did. so that, fucking that good. is Suicide Squad number one. Now I will tell you right away, uh, this was not reviewed well. I'm even going to go while we talk. Really. Uh, I'm good. Oh yeah, it I have not looked at the reviews. other reviews for this because I just read it before we got on. Yeah, I'm like, Reggie this book is amazing. Like, Reggie seemed to be in the minority rating it well, and I will tell you right away, there is some continuity issues. But we have talked, me and you, before. Number one, Suicide Squad gets a little bit of a pass. Like I said with Harley. You get a little bit of a pass because you can always change up the team. You can do this. This is obvious that Rob Williams has been told to get this more like the movie. Yeah. The movie team, I'm sure people will get mad because Enchantress is in this, but she's, you know, this is pre-whatever. It's not connected to the movie, but you you get enough of similarities. So I'm sorry, the only thing we've seen with Enchantress in my mind of the New 52 is the first six issues, I want to say, of Justice League Dark, where the Enchantress went insane, took out the Justice League, and the JLD had the form to take her down. That's all we've seen, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, here's the deal. 20 reviews. This is on comicbookroundup.com. 20 reviews, an average rating of a 6 point. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. And that includes – Reggie's the third highest. I'll tell you right away. Reggie gave an 8.5. There are only two people as high, uh, higher than him. And then it goes down to, I mean, the bottom of the barrel. There's a lot of fives. There's a four. Art I, alone. I, yeah, it's crazy. I, I really think Do people one, hate having fun. Before I even read Reggie's blurb, I think that a lot of people went into this and they were already pissed. And this should not have anything to do with what you rate an issue. I think they were mad because of the whole Jim Lee only doing that one little bit, and then you get a backup. I'm telling you, I don't huh. mind. I like it. I the, like the having backup, backup. In my mind, looked better than the actual yes, issue. And here's the thing: you're getting an origin of not. 
the character, but how the character ended in Bell Rev. And yes. I, I like it. I, I think- and the thing is, though, that's one issue I have to say just because, you know, I'm Eric Shea and I fucking stupid uh, with continuity. Con- is no, that when are you? You're I'm stupid, stupid with, with continuity. I agree. I'm you the are best. stupid with continuity. Listen here, rubberneck. <laughs> fucking, uh, but no, uh, in this one, we, I don't even know if I want to get into it. Do we want to yeah, wait till we get yeah, to it? No, no. Just tell me right now before we go. When, when, uh, Floyd Lawton was brought into Bell Rev when he was initially awesome. captured. Yeah. <laughs> when he was back. initially brought in the Bell Rev, it was because yeah. Batman stopped him from killing a senator, I want to believe. Here, it is like, you know, he has been blackmailed by Cobra to yeah. kill Bruce Wayne. He contacts Batman for help and he ends up killing a guy. And he's like, look, my daughter's safe now. Take me to jail. And it's I a little, like the it. thing is, though, continuity aside, this is better. Yeah, I like it. And, it's so uh, goddamn good. In the movie, you haven't seen the movie. Spoilers no, I have not. There. Spoilers. I know it has a lot to do with his daughter, so. Spoilers, man. Damn. Spoilers, man. Damn. Spoilers here is that in the movie, the daughter's there. Batman, uh, he Deadshot has a shot at Batman. The daughter gets between don't do this, daddy, whatever. So there's that Batman Deadshot connection. Uh, it's not the same here, and I really no. like it. I wish this would have been the story in the movie. Um, but, yeah, I bet you if I read those reviews, which I haven't. This week I, I've been a little down on reading other reviews. I don't know right. what it was. I guess because uh, a lot of people reviewed that Batman uh, saying it's not good and love that Supergirl, it freaking it got me down. I didn't want to read these reviews. And this one, going into this issue, I read it tonight. I read it right before we're yeah, doing this. And I even had people message me on Twitter, message us on the even on the uh, the site and comments saying, "I can't wait to hear you guys talk about this. I loved it so much. I loved it." And I'm like, "What is going on?" Reggie really liked it. it. All these people love it. Like I'm telling you, this Batman did not get rave reviews either. And I said in my review, number one, it's the it's my favorite uh, rebirth issue so far. All these people telling me, "Oh, Jim, you're with it." Even Dancing Mike on the site, I think it was Dancing Mike, like ten out of ten. That's yeah, it's a ten yeah, out of ten. That's He's good. like, yeah. it, he agrees, and it's yep. so goddamn good. You look at reviews. This isn't what I signed on for. I and this one, I went into it like, oh, Reggie. Reggie is a positive fella. Yeah. That it, sometimes he'll give things a little more, whatever. So I'm going into this Suicide Squad almost like expecting it not to be as good as what Reggie said. I didn't even know. I Reggie like it more. Gave, I'm telling you, I don't even know what Reggie gave it going in. Yeah, I, I already started, said it. I said it. I know. I'm saying when I read the book, I didn't know what oh, he okay, gave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I started reading. Initially, I got upset because I seriously expected us to pick up where we left off with the rebirth yes. issue. And we do not. We go right into a different territory. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I wanted to see what happened. And then I started reading my. I was amazed. It was so yeah. much fuck. I didn't care this about that other so story anymore. Fun. You know what? Um, this is the Rob Williams who writes it, the Martian Manhunter. I love Rob Williams. But Mr. Biscuits, you love. That was fun. But this is more fun than I ever had with my, like, he really can do an issue that isn't jokey, but fun as hell. Because <laughs> that's what this is. This is like a, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions, Eric. <laughs> love it. But yeah, it starts off and, I think that in that rebirth issue, the one thing that he really, really nailed, Rob Williams, that is, is Amanda Waller. Yeah. And her inner voice or whatever still has it. Still it's has it here. So it's good. great. Yeah, it's so good. Even like she's looking out of uh, her window in this uh, helicopter plane. I guess she's in it's like. A hel- it's a helicopter going a to Bell Rev. It's a helicopter plane. 
Heliplane. Hello, plane. And as she's talking about the terror in the world and the grief, you see Scarecrow. You know, she's just. Honestly, uh, I sat there and I looked at all of them like, so what she considers the worst of the worst is a Scarecrow, Joker, and Gorilla Grodd. Grodd. Yeah. That was a weird addition, but I like it. But even like with the R. Well, I didn't. You know what? I'm starting. I didn't even read Reggie's blurb. What the hell am I doing? I'm going to read Reggie's blurb now. Suicide Squad number one, written by Rob Williams, art by Jim Lee, Scott Williams, Alex Sinclair, and backup by Jason Fabach and Brad Anderson. The movie's iteration of the team is assembled, and now they're off to space. It's only for a brief time, however, so they can drop into Siberia undetected, except for the poop-filling Captain Boomerang's trousers (laughs) and the puke spewing from Killer Croc's face. That is, Jason Powell provides the art for an excellent backup highlighting Deadshot that explores his motivations. All of this, and we haven't even seen the team in action yet, unless you count the action from their orifices. And he did give it an 8.5 out of 10. And yeah, I really like this. And you know what's, you know what's really good about this issue? Is Everything? This is what it is. But one of the things that I've realized that Rob Williams, it, right away, if you say to me, hey, do you think Rob Williams has the voices of each character at points? Everybody's off panel, but they're talking, and they don't even have to have the icon no. of who's talking because you know who each is. You, you have Boomerang with his, you know, Aussie stuff, Crikey. holy cremolis, and but he really does get that, and you don't even need it. I really like that they don't even push the whole thing where you know exactly who's talking. That's really good. I uh, Tony, when yeah, we start, when we get the Bell Rev though, like Amanda Waller, we have Rick yeah, Flagg yeah, who was introduced in the, in the Rebirth issue, and here we see that Katana is now his right hand man woman. Yep, just like the and movie, just like the movie, which I haven't seen, but she doesn't do much here. It seems like she's almost like uh, coordinating it's everything a silent together. Partner, she's coordinating things. This but, is kind of in the movie, kind of the deal. For some reason, though, I love her here. I I, I was taken aback. I was, and she looks bit, she looks badass. Oh yeah, in the movie. They they kind of push her and then she disappears and it's just there. She's just in the background here and I love it. I so think do I. she looks badass. And now we we talked about Supergirl and I hope that everybody realizes when I said it as well. I don't have any problem at all with Supergirl tying into the TV show. I no. don't have any problem here with the movie team. In fact, here's the thing, especially with this book, the movie team is a pretty kick-ass team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like it. And what, what Rob Williams gets to do and what I think he is kind of doing as well is in the main story here, the Jim Lee drawn story, you're getting more of Boomerang and Croc, which are two uh, underused characters in the movie, which really was upsetting. And I'm telling you, that upset me. I, didn't, I didn't watch it. So what you told me, I was very upset about that because Boomerang, in my mind, he was like when I watched a trailer to the Suicide Squad movie and he was doing all that funny stuff, I'm like he's the breakout character. It's going to be amazing. And then you told me he doesn't do much. I was fucking Oh, he doesn't do much. Out. And even if you go to uh, the New 52 Suicide Squad, um, it was really good. Sean Ryan, when he did that, it was really good. Boomerang was great in that, and he was funny, but it, he got the character. I think that Rob Williams is going to do the same thing, where he's going to make us, you know, fall in love with these characters. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have a rotating cast like that. that is I don't know either. Like, that they I'm, say. I'm half expecting El Diablo to show up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he is going to show up, but one of the things is the Suicide Squad is always going to be one of those where it could be Amanda Waller saying, okay, you're going to well, go into this. We're going to need this extra guy. I actually think that we're going to have, uh, you know, Croc, Boomerang, Harley, Deadshot. I don't know if we're always going to have Enchantress. Well, I'm telling you, it doesn't seem like that. That might be a rotating character. 
when uh when Waller shows up with Rick Flag Katana, she's like, All right, I need a team of five and then she picks yeah. like it seems almost at random or whatever they need for this job. Yeah, well that's, that's what we're saying. It, June it's Moon and freaking Croc be, out here. And I think that there's gonna be a couple you're always gonna get hopefully boomerang, but you're oh. always gonna get Deadshot and Harley, you would think, yeah. and then they might rotate some guys in if they're gonna go somewhere that they need I but don't know. Out of nowhere, it's let's say down the line. Power. Waller comes down like, I need a team of nine. Yeah. And we start yeah. fucking pulling inmates. He's I'm so like, all right, cool. let's do it. Yeah. Or they're like, we're going to go to this, uh, you know, somewhere where a power, like, they're like, oh, we need a firepower, quote unquote, right. firepower, fireflies there. They bring it up. Oh, killer moths there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah we're going to go. But it's so funny because you get that. And I really, even just a little bit at the beginning where they're like, okay, give me the codes, the bombs. I like seeing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the like termination codes. Go. Yeah, I really, really like that. It's not just this app. You have everybody has their codes. They have it in the thing. That's it. It gets you to the point where you realize, yes, this is assembling this team of five. Here's the five, and yep. we might have different. I, I just really like that, and I really like Katana, and she spelled out Katana, badass, and yeah. she looks badass, and so good. You know, I kind of want to see a Katana book, site, and she looks like this. Somebody on the site even commented. Was something like, hey, give me 12 pages of Jim Lee art, and I'm fucking in. And the weird thing is, is when I first paged through it without having read it, right. I paged through it, I got to the backup by Jason Faba, and I sent Reggie a message. I'm like, boy, why didn't they get just get Jason Faba on the whole book? And when Brad Anderson's read, a great team. When I have ra- actually read it, boy, I love this Jim Lee art. And I'm, when they go and they're all the team is assembled, they get everybody and they're standing there, and Harley's there with a rebirth shirt. <laughs> Boomerangs twirl in the boomerang. Uh, you have well, that's, in the back. That's when we get the um, the fucking lowdown on the characters, and I, I it made me laugh my ass up because like Deadshot, Assassin, Harley Quinn, Psycho, Captain and Boomerang, Australian. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. And they're going and they're doing like their. Uh, and then it's like know. June Moon, freelance illustrator, Killer Croc. Crocodile slash man slash and thing. Slash thing. And the funny thing is, you get the oh, killing and looting, exciting. And uh, you get Boomerang, and he's already spelling out. And I thought that that was just like he's like, you know, the joke. Hey, I got a yeah. doctor's note. It's me, digestives. He's not lying. No. He probably does have a doctor's note because he's got some problems. Now, I'll also say this dead shot of any of these characters, uh, this dead shot with the he's weary, he doesn't yeah. mind if he dies, whatever, very, very much tied into the movie. That I, is I how really dig see. it, too, because it's so grim and – you can almost like you don't know what to expect of the character any given time with what he's going to do yeah. because how weary he is. And I love the fact that in that part where they're talking to him, um, when Amanda Waller's talking to him about that, and that is in the backup, right? When they're they're doing that talk about how he wants to kill himself. Yes. That and she, but I love it because you you get that you even got in the movie, but you've had that. That was even in that Sean Ryan, which I'll go on and on. I love that run of suicide. Great run. If you hear these people say this is a great book because the new 52 Suicide Squad sucked, even through the whole thing, I always thought it was fun. Dude, but I, John Ryan's puts, run started, but it was really good for the characters. Everybody so puts really down the freaking uh, Suicide Squad from the new 52. I thought the initial run up until uh, you thought it was I want to say for, until Forever Evil, even going huh. through the freaking um, like Harley's bit from the Suicide Squad for the uh, death of the family, yeah. all that up until Forever Evil in my mind was a solid fucking run. Yeah, you liked it. And then I took the book over 
It was a little wonky, but Sean Ryan, though, his run I loved. And some really smart reviewer once said that Sean Ryan <laughs> took the team, Eric, and he took them from being caricatures and turned them into characters. What do you think? Wow, about? that's that, nice. Was that like on that, a trade somewhere? That is a guy. That should have been. That should have <laughs> been. Uh, but then we had that weird URL. They weren't going to put that on the trade. But, yeah, in that you had uh, the deal. And even then – I wish shot. you had Christina lined up on the soundboard saying oh, the yeah. website. Even then, even then uh, Deadshot was like one of those where he was very uh, – he was very – what's it called? He wanted to die, things like that. What I like about this is somebody finally calls out Deadshot on this. Waller says – yeah, you know what? I don't believe this bullshit. Yeah. If you wanted to die, you would have done it before. You would have killed right? yourself. Weird Science oh, Comics Blogs dot blogspot dot com. Thank you, Christy. Dude, that just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but yeah, I really like that. But in this thing where they're giving the the whole rundown of oh, the characters, like we said, with Boomerang saying that he he's got the run. Sorry, Waller, I've got a doctor's note. It's is, me digestives. Yes, the best is it's Killer Croc, Crocodile Man thing. And then they're like, anything except space. And, and you I, even said the same as I, I read did. that. I'm like, Killer Croc, why would it be space? Yeah, why would we? And then the next <laughs> thing, no, we're in space. And <laughs> that are, I, it happened before uh, when in, I, I think it was Injustice, where they had the bat, uh, Batman and Batman, but they were in like spacesuits like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love it. I love it. I like that you even have Katana, you have freaking their names on them, and Waller is giving them the, the rundown, and there you have fucking Boomerang again. <laughs> He's, they're giving the rundown, like, here's the, you know, where you're gonna go, uh, we got the schematics, there's freaking uh, Boomerang, he's watching football, Eric. That yeah. means soccer. I, honestly, I That's sat there and read it. It's like, hey, do, do we get footy on this? Like, footy? Yeah. No, he means I football. That. Okay. That's me and Pete used to always yell footy. We were going to play footy. Yeah. I'm we not a like, guy who's in the know of such things. That's soccer, Eric, to us. Soccer. Yeah, soccer. Pass it on. Pass it on down the alley. Yeah, I really like it. That boomerang is – he's just a goofball. Uh, but then <laughs> shit starts going wrong, and we realize oh my they, God, set up, this book. they set this up great because Croc already said he can't take space. Anything except space. Boomerang said he's got the runs. I feel and, a know, bit unwell. Really, if you're going to go, if you're really going to say to me, like, oh, Rob Williams, he has this really, you know, Harley Quinn psycho, that panel of the, the five of them there completely spells out all their fucking it, – it's perfect. It tells all you everything. Quads. Headshot is sleeping through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's he so doesn't good. Care. He He's basically says the whole this, time. and the little thing he says, "Just tell me who I got to blow away." It's yeah. almost like what we talk about the Weird Science movie, where they tell you the whole movie at the beginning is when Gary's telling Wyatt, "Hey, oh, yeah. we're gonna do this." Spell out the whole movie completely at the beginning. This really tells you exactly what's gonna happen with each person in this. You know, like you said, Deadshot doesn't care. Just wake him up when he's going to get blown yep. away. Harley thinks everything is great. Boomerang has died. She's playing p- Pokemon Go and say, hey, there's a yeah. Poke Cutie up here. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, but that's one thing, though. It's weird for this week because in Green Lanterns, Jessica Cruz talks about her Pokemon, and this we have Poke Cutie. I'm like, why Why is there a difference? Yeah, there? I just, I like, I told It's stupid. You I know. Started. I, it's not even the stupid thing. I think that Rob Williams just didn't want to ask anybody if it was okay to do that. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, just call it Pokey Cutie and we'll go. And what I like about it is that Harley's so excited because who else is going to have this one from space? <laughs> She's going to be the only one. 
freaking po- I I can't stand every goddamn podcast I listen to for the past fucking three weeks has to talk about Pokemon Go. Go to hell. I don't even Ooh. think of that. I'm an old man. I don't need this. But this this can I, I don't play have a phone, on, Jim. Can I play this on my flip phone? I don't have a phone, Jim. I, I phone. can't play. You were so into trying to play and you didn't have a phone. You almost went and bought a goddamn phone and a plan to play. Thank yep. God you didn't. No, I'm not that stupid. You I have my ideas. Kids. Yeah. Don't do things. Just watch the video. That's and all that's they do. do. Yeah. But yeah, they're in space in this whole thing and it's gonna end up that they're gonna go uh drop out into uh What's it called? Going to Siberia yeah. in this thing. And it reminds me of like the there's rides at amusement parks like this, like oh, it's yeah. flags or whatever, where it's a round thing with the pole in the it's middle. My, one. It's, it's one of my favorite down. rides of all yeah, time. One of my favorite, too. But yet I get a little like croc. Actually, I'm like a combo when I do that. I almost always get close to throwing up and shitting my pants. You feel like you have I'm to like shit. boomerang croc. But yeah, but croc. He's having problems, and the whole really oh god entire <laughs> something's wrong with the crocodile man. <laughs> the entire conflict and that the enemy in this issue is Croc's helmet because he's throwing up. He's got his spacesuit on. He is going to drown. Now again, you might say, "Well, a crocodile? Yeah, I don't know. You don't. Can, you can a crocodile breathe and puke? I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to breathe and puke. And it's funny because as it's going, is it hardly like, "Oh my God, there's all those hot dogs." Yeah. And like, ooh, and more hot dogs. Yep. And yeah, more hot dogs. So the whole thing <laughs> is just keeps got, But uh, it's right there, Amanda Waller doesn't care. Says, no. "Let him die in this yeah. puke in his helmet." It's like something out of jackass going on. And in the meantime, Boomerang is shitting his pants. So <laughs> it, it all, it all hell is breaking loose. And, the, and I've soiled him. I'm yeah, in a high pressure the, gravity boat the here. I hate you, loose. Waller. This is more accurate than the Aquaman. Aquaman, <laughs> all hell so... is breaking loose. This is what happens to me every time I go to the buffet. I, this is Jim Werner's eternal struggle after the buffet. And it made me laugh so much. I, I couldn't stop. I'm telling you, I'm reading this book and ready for the podcast. My girlfriend comes home from work. She goes into the bedroom immediately to change her clothes. And then she, I imagine, she just hears her lunatic boyfriend in the other room cackling his ass off. Yeah, cackling. And if she knew what you were cackling about, it'd be worse than I'd, I'm She'd looking, probably shake her head I and just love, fucking think less of me. I love the panel where they're, they're just going down. They just get dropped. They're heading to Siberia and they're in there. And, uh, that's when Croc burps. That's when June's like, something's wrong with the crocodile, man. And then look at the next page. There is Boomerang, and he has the diarrhea sweats. It's perfect. He is so upset. And he's like, I've soiled him. I'm in a high-pressure gravy boat here. <laughs> I hate you oh, I said high-pressure gravity boat. Fuck me. Gravy boat, yeah. <laughs> it's gravy boat. He shit his pants. <laughs> and if you look, he is sweating like I do every time from the buffet. That is so accurate. And then more buff. Jim Lee has shit his pants in the past. He knows what it's like. That is me running up the stairs when I park. You know, it's funny, too. I actually had that moment at work this week. My, when my buddy Ian used to work at the plant before you ever worked yeah. there, yeah. he used to have to run to the bathroom because he's like, oh, my God, I'm sweating. And it's oh, like, yeah. just to make you laugh. I never understood that. I had that this week. Oh, yeah. And that happens I'm like, to me all and the time. The thing is, I actually sat there and thought, I know what Ian's talking about now. Because yeah. we used to go to Taco Bell every week. For some reason, before we yeah. had one in town, Get we diarrhea. would go one at a couple places away. And he would always be racing home uh, because it was always a problem because yeah. he starts sweating. That's the sweat. That's the diarrhea <laughs> That's sweat. That's the meat sweats and, right there. And the thing is, too, it's funny because he's there. He's in his suit. He can't move. But when you're doing that and you're running, you're doing that close, oh, yeah. tight, cheap run. 
It's almost like you're power running. Yep. <laughs> you, you're trying to clench those cheeks. But yeah, it's. Uh, I'm telling you, this <laughs> issue. Crazy, if anybody reads this and they, these people, I did they not have fun because I, don't know. I love the fact that the villain in this is is uh, diarrhea and throwing up. That's all it is. But in the meantime. Through this all, you also get the thing that Flag is a good dude. Yeah, Flag is not going to let anybody on his crew no, die like they he, did before. And you get back. You don't have any backstory for him, really. And, and the, here you do, full out. He doesn't want any. Well, you did get that. We did the, in the rebirth, the rebirth as well. Yeah, but he this, talked about you know, it more. Would, this, yeah. this is the, um, you know, no man left behind. Not again. Never and, again. Yeah, unfortunately, this time it's. I gotta smash this guy's helmet open because he's throwing up hot dogs. He's gonna drown in it. It's funny too. It'd be funny if he did that. And it is funny when he does that. It'd be funny if he turns to freaking boomerang. He's like, no, no, no. no uh, I'm not no. gonna go that, that far. Uh, but I want to see where the rest of this, uh, mission boomerang's just upset that he's got shit. In yeah, his pants. He's gonna have shit in his pants the entire be rest funny of the story. If they have him and he's just there like with his pants. I don't know. He's throwing his underwear. Off to the side, like the Everybody's guy. Everybody's gonna keep saying how he stinks so bad. Oh, it's good. Yeah, and in the meantime, when Flag's trying to get Croc to not die with the the throw up, and then also the throw up just goes right into Croc and <laughs> Flag's face. It messes up the trajectory. That's of the thing. thing. When, when it Flag, it's this, it's a circular thing. They're going down. Yeah. So when Flag jumps over to save Croc, it destabilizes it their the whole, descent. Yeah. It, so everything starts fucking up. going cattywampus on them, and they start crashing out of control. Yep. And at this point, he starts yelling to June. Hey, you, you gotta have her save us. Because really, that's all they can do. None yeah. of the others are really super. They're, they're gonna die. This, and if she doesn't want to, she's like, no, no, I, I can't, I can't. You're gonna do it, or can't she's gonna the die. Beast. We're gonna die. You're gonna die. And that's where the enchantress comes I, out. I, I like that where he says she's gonna die, and yep, the enchantress inside her comes out because yep. she will not so allow herself to die. Her, or we're dead. She's dead. And I love the that's art. The I love how I do it. And I love the whole concept of the when the enchantress comes out. The enchantress wants to be out all the time. Yeah. So when she comes out, it's like a you know a genie out of a bottle times eight, and she's bad and evil. And she's like, "You fools! Human blood, cattle, finite meat sacrifices. The enchantress shall." And then she's like, blah, 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 and they she opens up a hole in the. They're gonna crash into like a. Uh, a frozen sea lake, yeah. whatever it might be in Siberia. I guess it would be a lake. A fucking ice and, glacier. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, she opens it up, and they go, and they are in the water. And it looks like, if you look, it looks like uh, Harley's knocked out. Like, yeah. they're, they're still in some trouble. And uh, Katana's there. They all look pretty bad off. But, yeah. And then it says, next, next, someone literally dies is the, you know, continue the next issue. I would say if anybody dies here... It's going to be somebody that, uh, it, like, somebody actually dies. It's going to be some guy in Siberia. That you know what I mean? But like if they were going to kill off any of these characters at this point, it's got to be the Enchantress. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, but I don't think. And it just says someone literally yeah. dies. Doesn't mean that it's part of the team or whatever. No. We'll see. Uh, I hope it's not Croc. I hope it's not Boomerang. And we know you, it's You not can't kill off any of those characters in my mind no, except I Enchantress. I love all these. And, yeah, Enchantress would be... It would be okay to get rid of her. I wouldn't mind. But then, yes. And, and maybe, I'm, honestly, maybe they kill off June Moon, like the, the personality of June Moon. Enchantress. Enchantress at that point. Who knows? Yeah, because this one, you're not getting that whole thing from the movie where they're lovers, Flag and Enchantress. Yeah. 
flag in June Moon. So, uh, so and she's a freelance was, illustrator in this. She's not was, an archaeologist. Yeah, that was very hokey anyway in the movie, so I didn't mind that. But then you go to the backup, which is Jason Farbuck art, and that you had, we had already talked about. It. We don't have to go in full detail. Deadshot. It's a backstory of how he got to Bell Rev. And it's that Cobra. Cobra is real popular. Really making a fucking like a push these are. days. I don't mind them. I like them as I really that, don't. I don't know, like Cobra at all. Bad things. I don't mind them because they're I, always again. If you want to have something, I, if you had the League of Shadows it, or the League of Assassins, <laughs> League of Shadows, uh, it, it throws too much. Cobra to me is a generic. Agree. I like it. I and like that's what I don't like have, about it, but you can use them in this capacity. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, and if anything happens to them, nobody's ever going to call out because there they are. I'm telling you, because yeah. it is Cobra, though, I like this, too, because Deadshot is sitting at a table. Cobra's surrounding him. They're, they're, you know, we have a hit for you. We need you to kill Bruce Wayne. I was like, all right, give me $10 million. He's like this. I am sorry, Mr. Lawton, but you will murder Bruce Wayne for us, and you will not receive $10 million. You shall receive nothing other than the honor of serving Cobra's chaotic aesthetic. And he's like, <sighs> Broke my rule. Never do business with guys who put mental in the fundamentalist. Yeah, I'm like, it's uh, funny. Like He's that. just gonna see you later, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> later, and, and, Cobra. But then the big reveal they show, though, the big reveal is they have his daughter. Yep. And they say that, and I like that he just gets pissed and shoots the fucking Cobra. Snake. That's yeah. with the guy. I loved it. He shoots his head off. Yeah, that's good stuff. But yeah, in the meantime, you're getting that back and forth that we were talking about earlier where uh, Waller's talking to Deadshot about things. And, you know, that's where you uh, it's revealed with the daughter like, oh, you know what? You don't care about anything except your daughter. Yeah. And to me, the way I, I like how this is played out, because in this, he has stayed away from his daughter because he knows like a superhero you can't have these people. You have to have a secret. That is a bad you guy. You can't have these people around Amanda. Waller has the shit on him now. He has everything about him, and it throws him off. And then they talk about it. Now, it is the one thing about this backstory that's hokey because they say about, oh, you became dead shot. You were at one of these soirees. Yeah, and I I'm did like, not care okay. for that. Like, yeah, all that of a sudden – Deadshot is like, you know, like, uh, high society. It's a man society. around town. Oh, yeah, yeah, high society's at these galas and shit. And he's like, Batman saves uh, the people of this gala one time and that inspires him to become a hitman. I'm like, no, I don't really, th- I don't get that. Yeah. And it's like that inspired him to get the costume on. Yeah. I'm not a fan of around. that. And it even said like, that inspired you to get rid of your ugly pang. Yeah. It was a little hokey, but yeah, yeah in the meantime, but what it leads to is was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's made to kill Bruce Wayne, but in the meantime, he, he got a hold of Bruce ahead of time. Got, you know, they made up a deal. Hey, you got the one, you know, we're going to shoot you with the rubber bullets. I don't know the particulars. It seemed to me like Bruce would say, Oh, and then we'll get Batman. I'll, I, Batman owes me a favor. No, no, no. It's, uh, the whole thing. He contacts Batman through the Gotham underworld. I mean, I thought that he told, cause he says that, um, there was no way you got to hold him. You told him there'd be no fatalities. Yeah, that's Batman. Uh, rubber bullets. It's see, okay. It seemed to me that he was talking to Bruce at first, saying like, "Hey, we're gonna pretend to kill you. You have to go down because they did have to, you know, pretend that he got killed so that they could go and infiltrate him afterwards. Or else, if he didn't do that, they were gonna kill his daughter right away. Right. And that's why I thought, you know, see, I found after, it very weird because we, at the one scene we see that Deadshot has his crosshairs on Bruce that's, Wade. I think that's when he shoots the rubber bullets at him. And, and I thought the rubber bullets. I thought the rubber bullets for when, when Batman and him stormed Cobra and started shooting everybody yeah, because I, Batman I would not allow killing. But I really thought, to me, um. You have to have at some point where you pretend that Bruce is getting killed 
or else they would. But I I see what you're saying as well. But he does have that crosshairs on. Yeah, I just I, don't I thought, know. Like, okay, you, did, did he tell, like, think about it and then contact yeah, gonna, Batman? Because it's like uh, you ne- you'd ne- you wouldn't get Zoe back. You didn't have a choice. I, I take it you contacted him, which would yeah. be Batman. But I do think that maybe they um, pretended Bruce was killed so that they – really all you have to do is do that and then go to collect the daughter – and then Batman comes up. But yeah, it is rubber bullets, like you said. He didn't have just rubber bullets. And well, that's the thing. He he didn't like like at the end when the freaking guy is threatening his daughter, the Cobra leader is threatening his daughter. He just shoots him in the fucking face. He shoots him in the face, and I I like it because he does it, and then just walks and says, and "I know." I, I, I love the line to too. It's like this: "Stop! One more move, and I kill her." Do you hear me, Mister Lawn? I kill your daughter, your innocent daughter. And he's like, "I hear you," and shoots him right in the face. As Batman's about, don't. I'm like, yep. that is an awesome fucking. You panel. know what I actually and the wish? blood splatter I, all over his daughter. I wish. Oh yeah, I wish that at that point, I wish that Batman wouldn't have been yelling at him. I wish that Batman would actually have like. Yeah, you know what? It's your daughter. I understand. That's what you are. You're a bad guy. Even but I, that, you know, I might have done it myself. And then he just and- said, I wish it would have been more of a, um, instead of the anger, it looks like Batman's very angry at him. I wish it would have been like, you swore. You know what happens next? I wish that Batman would have had some like remorse that maybe I, he thought Deadshot would have been going good, but he isn't. I, in my now, mind, it's got to be angry because Batman's yeah. no killing code is the thing that goes. I know, but I, I again, no guns. You're, you're doing a thing with Deadshot, and they have the daughter and says one more move. I think it would have been one of those where Batman would have been like. You know what? I thought we had a chance here. Uh, I thought you had turned, but I see what you're doing. You but had to protect your daughter, but you know what happens next. And he's like, yeah. I even like that. You swore. You know what happens next. I know. And he's like, take yeah. her somewhere safe, somewhere nothing bad well, can happen where, to her. That's where I, thought like, I will. That's where I thought it would have been a better thing if Batman – yes, he's angry. But I wish he would have been more like, you know what? I understand it's your daughter, but man, we had it. You swore, and you know what happens next, and now I'm going to have to go yeah, help I even like that. Good. Now take me to prison. Yeah. He's, just, he's, and, he's done. He and, knows. and also not even just that, but he also didn't want his daughter involved no. in any of this. And she even says, you're my father. And I think he's ashamed. He's upset. He's yep. ruined everything that he didn't want to get his daughter tainted by what he does. So it did throw him off. And this is where, again, he is a guy who doesn't really care if he lives or dies. I, re- I, really, like I really like this cotton. I really like this retcon continuity yeah. here. Um, from where he, Batman just took him down, killing a senator, and that's this is so much better. It makes yeah. it personal. It adds depth to the character, and I love it. Yeah, I really like it too. Uh, as a whole, uh, both stories, whatever. I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten. I love the art in both. I love Jason Plowbuck's art in that backup, and I think the writing is great. And I don't understand because people love Rob Williams' uh, Martian Manhunter, and yes, that was you know a mind screw at point oh, yeah, yeah. whatever in that. This is just pure out fun. And this is what there are really good storytelling. And there's certain books that we go into all the time, like a flash or a green arrow that we always beg. Boy, this is made to be fun. This should be fun. This is more fun than the movie that I just saw. (laughs) And it's awesome. If I just I had a great time and I can't wait for the next issue. I really can't. I'm really excited about this. Now we've had the rebirth and this. I've loved both of them. I can't wait to keep going. I don't with what I've known with Rob Williams of everything I've read, Martian Manhunter, though I got mad at the end, uh, the uh, Royals story on Vertigo. The guy is an awesome writer. I don't expect him 
to write a bad issue now because he's he's kicking ass and he is making this more about the characters and what they're all about than actually just, hey, you go to Siberia and get this. Any other writer would have had them just go to Siberia, shoot some guy in the head, get this, come back, you know, whatever. Instead of diarrhea, diarrhea, (laughs) shitting your pants and throwing up. It's so good. And it was so out of left field that it made me laugh. And I, I'm like, you, I did you know, not expect that going and in. It's not like sometimes you'll think, oh my God, that was nonsense. Nothing happened. To me, everything happened there. It's so good. I love pages of bliss. Yeah. What are we positive here? Oh my what God. I'm telling you, well, positive about I, uh, when I was like, you know, I read the book. I came in this with a score in my mind for 8.5 because I did have some continuity problems. Cause yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm just stupid with continuity. I don't even know if I should talk about continuity anymore. I don't think you should anymore because I like this like, retconned dead shot better, except for I that really whole do. high class bit. Well, at the one part. That was weird, but this, yeah, but this is the whole thing with what I was saying about Supergirl. It's not the continuity that I don't, I don't mind it's, it's changing it up situation. like this. This is what I'm saying. You know what they did here? Rob Williams told us what he wants us to know. He yes. said, here's how Deadshot went to Bell Rev. This is it. I uh, like it. I no, don't I... need this uh, fucking hocus pocus and half stories. Uh, he told me what we're supposed to know, and I'm going with it, and I love it. I Even really with, do. With that 8.5, though, I had in my mind going in, I had so much fun just talking about it with you. I'm up to a 9 now. Yeah, I'm a 9. That's the same thing. I probably would have been an 8.5 around. I'm looking at it, too. <laughs> and it's so good. Fucking, that fucking panel, right before the crosshairs around Bruce, where it's right. dead shot in the rain on the rooftop. So it's good. fucking awesome. It is so good. He's got those fucking metal, you know, the golden. I've always loved the way Deadshot oh. looks, too, and he fucking oh shines God, in this issue. Oh, my God, so good. I even like that uh, new thing like they're pulling see- with that, that, that mask separating there at points, so like in the yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad part. Yeah, people I, were all upset about the mask I being thought it was cool. armor or something. It makes sense to me. I don't want to get shot in the head. I'm looking at it, too, and you have like the leg plates and stuff, but yeah. you also, he's made care, Falbach made care to have the uh, the straps around where they should be. It's so yeah. good. Uh, the whole thing is great. I really do like it. If we talk any more about it, the fucking thing's going to be a 9-5. I know. I know it because, boy, I am having fun with it. I can't wait for the next If day. you've ever thought about picking up a Suicide Squad book but didn't, this is where you need to do it. Yeah. Because right now, I can't tell you what's going to happen from here on out. Right here, it's a fun-ass fucking book. Damn, and, and, and really, if you say to me, oh, I can't afford any more books, <laughs> I don't even have to get the Rebirth. No. Just get this one. Yeah, you don't need the Rebirth. Rick, Rick Flagg tells you he doesn't. He was in Guantanamo Bay, and he, Amanda Waller freed him yeah. to come like head up the Suicide think Squad. Think of and this. He doesn't now. want any more people to die. Yeah, and and that's think it. Think of this now. We had that first issue, and that twist of Rick Flagg being in Guantanamo Bay, where they made him quote unquote disappear because yeah. he went against the superiors and the whole thing. That's awesome too. Like he is really kicking ass. This is such a good book. God darn it! Woo, and we got wait. two of the best artists at least. Yeah, really. You can't. And Brad you can't Anderson. I, I don't know off the top of my head who uh, colored the freaking Suicide Squad part of this, but Brad Anderson, right after Andrew Dollhouse, is my favorite uh, colorist. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He is awesome. And uh, yeah, like you said, we didn't know at one point people had asked us what's Jason Fabak up to, and it's so weird to think of him as a artist and a backup. I know. So good. And boy, like you said though, he is a backup to a Jim Lee art and you can you can flip a coin, old two face. Uh or not even that. You you could go into this thinking I'm a huge Jim Lee fan. You get to that backup and you're like, holy shit, Jason Fuck is good. With what Rob Hunter's given us from DC Comics and the artists we have, this is almost like a super group of a creative team. It is. 
It is. I, I really like it. But we're going to move on for more of Reggie, Eric. We're going to move on to that cosmic treadmill. I hear the new good stuff. Uh, all I know is right now I'm I'm so excited. My room that I'm recording in right now is not even that hot, but I'm jumping around and fucking flailing my arms. I was doing I it have, too. Luckily, I don't have like drinks all over the place. I would have Thank had another God. Green Arrow fucking incident because I'm so excited. I'm getting all fucking herky jerky with things and throwing my <laughs> arms up in the air. I fucking love it. Uh, I really do. Everybody should just just buy every book. Buy it, Doug. Buy them all. It's it's funny too because as you would have heard already, and then continuing on, um, we were a little down this week. Yeah. God damn it, I'm happy now. I love Reggie's I'm a, books. I'm a happy guy now. I'm gonna go eat food while everybody listens to the Cosmic Treadmill. I'm gonna that touch myself. Is about something. You don't know? No. He, oh, it's a sugar and spike. I really? forget what what issue number, but yeah, it's a sugar and spike. I actually am gonna talk to those guys. I am going to demand, since they love it so much, Eric, that they uh, read and review one of the old Prez books. Oh, God. You know, not this continuity, but they, uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. this time frame, the old ones. I want them to do that. And so you'll, you'll tell them they do good stuff there. Good stuff. They do good stuff. But here we go. Off to Chris and Reggie for the Cosmic Treadmill. Back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back to the past and read some DC comics from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast, and this week we have a real special one for you, because mm-hmm. I'm going to be real busy this weekend, and I could not record a very long uh, Judas contract level Cosmic Treadmill this week. And the uh, listeners release a collective sigh. Exactly. Oh, are we going to get out of this? Under like <laughs> maybe maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. Come on, please. Well, we'll see what we can do. Uh, this one is Sugar and Spike, number 97, from September 1971. This was written and drawn by Sheldon Mayer, who wrote and drew the entire series, folks. Uh, what, would I, what would you say if I told you that the gurgling and cooing made by babies is actually a fully coherent language known only to infants under the age of three? What's that? You'd believe me? Well, what would you say if I told you I had a nice bridge to sell you? It spans the East River in New York, and it's a little over 100 years old. In good condition, but I'll cut you a break. There's more than you'll, that's more than you'll get from this issue of Sugar and Spike, which doesn't let up on the side-splitting humor quips and rib-tickling comedy jokes. You'll laugh until you shit yourself when we dive into Sugar and Spike issue number 97. And, uh, for, of course, uh, as is our way, we're going to talk a little bit about Sheldon Mayer. This guy really is one of the uh, building blocks of comic books. Certainly. Um, he was born on April Fool's Day in 1917. He died December 21, 1991. Uh, he began his career working for several juvenile print shops, eventually becoming a film opaker for Fleischer Studios in 1934. Back then, they would have been doing Betty Boop and maybe Out of the Inkwell, uh, probably, maybe not, maybe Popeye by then, probably, yeah. Later on, they would do Superman cartoons, but that's a, a story for another day. Eventually, he landed a job doing paste-ups for National Allied Publications in 1935. This was Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson's first publishing company that would sort of fold into D.C. later on down the line after it became just national. Uh, these are literally some of the first ever comic strips, the reprints of Sunday newspaper comics that at first were given out free, 
uh, to Woolworth. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason that they were reprinting Sunday newspaper comics was because they're for color. So obviously, that's the one that you want to do if you want to sell or you want to make a little book out of them. Mayor, he eventually got a job with a Max Gaines outfit, All American Comics, in uh, 1936, which means that because uh, he he could have worked on more fun number one, right? He could have been. Uh, probably not number one. Because I think that one came out in '35. I even I even okay. had a little back and forth with myself right here, as you see. <laughs> but he definitely could have worked on the next issues, and definitely would have worked on the very first uh, comics the first with, with new them. material. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, while he was working for All American, he uh, he does illustrations and house ads for Dell. Uh, he created a semi autobiographical comic uh, <laughs> called Scribbly for Dell in 1936. And uh, he's the one who takes Siegel and Schuster's Superman pitch to Harry Donenfeld uh, because he liked it so much in uh, in 1938. Yeah, this is a little bit so, of a, a little bit of a story, you know what I mean? It, who knows how true it is? But apparently, sure. he kept seeing it on the reject reject pile over and over, and he kept putting it back in their inbox, and eventually took it straight to Harry, and the rest is history. It is. Um, now, All American officially merged with, with National in 1939, and that's when uh, that's when Gaines leaves to do his uh, his Bible stories. Is he didn't do classics illustrated, but more uh, yeah. educational comics. I mean, that that was the name of his company. Exactly. Uh, uh, Maya becomes the first editor of the All American division, and uh, he retires from editing in 1943 to devote himself to full time cartooning. Yeah, a very young guy to be an, an editor of an entire sure. comic line, so I could see why he was like enough already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little too little too uh, young for this stuff. I want to be more creative. So he did a lot of humor work for National during this time, uh, mostly humor work in his life. Actually, he did Funny Stuff, which was a Funny Animals comic that I think even ran up until the early '60s. And I used to see uh, Blue Ribbon Digest for that. Leave it to Binky. Which eventually merged into morphed into Binky and his buddies later on. That was a total Archie ripoff. Uh, Scribbly became a DC title. Scribbly actually was in uh, the Convergence title last year with really the Freedom Fighters and whoever whoever the hell they fought. Okay. Um, yeah, they, he sort of gets folded in because because Ma Hunkle, the Red Tornado, the, Red Tornado. the original one. Yeah. That's his character. That's actually from Scribbly. Uh, okay. I, I recommend people look that up. I don't. I don't. Never heard of a of a compilation of Scribbly out there. There probably has to be something, but it, it really is a good fun and it really shows his work a lot better than his next, but much more remembered title, Familiar, Sugar and yeah. Spike. Yeah. Uh, this one came out nineteen. The first one came out April nineteen fifty six. It was based on Sheldon's own children, Merrily and Lenny. Uh, the premise of it is baby talk is an actually rich language that only babies can understand, and it turns out to be. Babies of every species, as we'd find out in other comics. I told Chris about one where they speak to a baby lobster. The application is that neighboring babies Sugar Plum and Cecil Spike Wilson get into all kinds of hijinks in their futile attempts to grasp the adult world. There are some other babies in the series. I'm not. We don't see. Oh, we do see one of them here. Uh, little yep. Arthur, who's a neighborhood dickhead. He's a little older. He actually doesn't know baby talk anymore. Because he's a Confederate uh, soldier. Yeah, he's he's the guy in the, in the pogo stick later on. Ugh. Uh, Bernie, the, Bernie the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie the brain, child genius. Uh, he supplies gadgets for even more wacky times later. There's all kinds of, or earlier actually, uh, there's all kinds of nonsense that they get into doing. 
Uh, and Raymond, who is in this issue, and I've never heard of him before, but he is a little child uh, who also speaks baby talk that only yeah. babies can understand, and he, he's going to have a little adventure later on. Yeah, now moving on to the issue itself, we got to start with the cover. I reviewed this for my site a few uh, last month, and I was actually worried that someone would be offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the world we live in You now. see a little baby uh, tush on the cover. You see a little baby butt. Yes, uh, Sugar, is. Uh, she's doing her, her best copper tone ad impression walking on the beach with her... Uh, with her bottom half, which is looks like it's a like her father's tie. Yeah, it really doesn't look like anything. <laughs> it doesn't look like a bathing suit. Uh, it doesn't look like a towel either. I don't know what what they had her wearing, but uh, yeah, she's walking bare-assed on the beach, and a bunch of adults are laughing at her. And Spike has his he's got his little hand over his mouth, like <gasps> yeah, he's a little shocked. But notice he's looking at the bikini bottom and not at her bottom. Yes, this is Spike true. Is a gentleman, unlike he is a gentleman. Some of the folks on the beach. So you know that already tells you you're about to see something really racy inside. So are, are you looking at the cover right now? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking at it right okay, now. Okay, now look look at the person in the in the water. How, what way are they facing? Yeah, well, uh, the face seems to be coming like sort I, of. Yeah, I don't really know what's going like the on. The arm there. is different. The, like the, she's got her chest in her back. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like the boobs. So she's supposed to be looking out onto the water, but she's turned her head almost to to a freakish degree. She looks scary. Yes, and her arm is bent the other way. Yeah, something happened. Something went wrong there. Yeah, she might have. uh, She might need some help. Um, Now, (laughs) the first story. This uh, this issue features uh, a handful of uh, short stories. Yeah. The first one is Sugar and Spike in Who's Sorry Now. And we open up with a uh, poor Spike standing in the corner, which is basically hard time in their world. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sugar, uh, she pops her head in the window and asks what the what she calls she calls Spike Doll Boy a lot. Mm-hmm. So she uh, asks him what what he's doing. What what did he do? What do I, why is he why is he doing the hard time there? And uh, he thinks that uh, it's because he what was it here? He they thought that he tore the phone book or something. They, uh, but it was really the cat who did it. Now Sugar, she uh, had a discovery at her own house, and uh, realized that she knows a way to get out of any trouble that she might get herself into. And she demonstrates by pulling a plate off the dinner table by yanking the tablecloth. What a <laughs> fucking is, asshole! You know, I mean, just say it. Move. Just say the thing that you learned. You know what I mean? Do you have to? But she'd like. She'd rather show, not tell. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then she starts. She starts climbing the curtains like she's a cat. Yeah. And uh, and outside you see uh, Spike's mother, uh, who we don't see her face until later. No. Um, she's uh, she's doing the laundry, hanging it up on the line. You know, but as yeah. far as the faces, as you pointed out, you know, we, we, later on we do see some adult faces. You know, Sheldon Mayer wrote um, and drew all of these. So mm. I guess he just went in and out of thinking it was a good idea and not. Maybe for certain stories he thought, I have it no seems, idea. But. It seems very pointed, like, because they, because, I mean, her face is behind the uh, sheet. So yeah. it's like, okay, clearly they're hiding it. He purposely makes a silhouette, and it, re- and it really, you know, does that Muppet Babies thing where you're just seeing limbs, you know, instead of Yeah, you of just see person. the socks, yeah. <laughs> and, that's a, and that's supposed to be, you know, more of a baby's point of view, but... Uh, yeah, it doesn't, you know, I, it, later on we do see the face, so who knows, maybe uh, yeah. maybe he forgot, you know, he was not a young, not a spring chicken by this point. No. Um, so should they come in, and it's actually a pretty cute picture of uh, Sugar sitting in a pile of junk, the Venetian blinds, <laughs> the curtains, everything, a lamp is just on the floor around her, uh, she's just loving life, um, Spike's mom is like, eek, Sugar! 
And Sugar says, I saw we. And all is forgiven when they find out that she can speak and be, besides speak, but speak so imperfectly. Everyone's, uh, or her mo- Spike's mom is just tickled pink, picks her up, so, giving her a big hug, and she gets out of it. So Spike asks Sugar, what does Isawi mean? And she says she, she thinks it means the cat did it. And right here we reveal the antagonistic relationship between cats and infants, for both have roughly the same strength and are prone to similar mischiefs, but of course only one can be guilty of a given transgression. This story implies that Sugar and Spike have been prosecuted for crimes committed by the cat, for example, Spike in the beginning of the story, and perhaps in the reverse, since neither accused party can verbalize their own innocence. So this is a very deep very change, yeah. uh, you know, the, a very a change in the in the structure, in the infant feline structure going on in the house with this new revelation of the phrase Isawi. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sugar realizes that Isawi is a license to just go berserk, you know, and she Break immediately, I, she she immediately she 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 puts a chair up against the counter and immediately goes for the jam jar, the raspberry jam. You know, she knows exactly where it is. But uh, Sugar, uh, Spike's having a little crisis of conscience here. He thinks about the cat who's being convicted of a crime that, uh, you know, that he hasn't committed. And as he understands, it will probably be skinned several times. Because uh, <laughs> as I, I think I've heard, there's more than one way to do it. Uh, yes. Then Sugar starts to feel a little bit guilty. And then she reacts to feeling that way, the way my wife reacts to feeling guilty, which is to beat Spike up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a cacophonous crash outside. Yes, their their attention is drawn to the uh, to a odd nerdy man who uh, ran into their fence with his gaw, mm-hmm. and uh, he agrees to pay pay for damages. He's uh, you know he's okay with it. I I don't know how he just I, I guess that fence just came out of nowhere. So he uh, yeah really he came in. <laughs> I mean he, he he must be drunk. He he's got to be. What, what he's else? Be. What could be the other you know option? What happened that made you hop the fucking curb and bang into the fence <laughs> into someone's like, backyard? You're right there. You know you sure you don't want to hand over the keys. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, but he, uh, you know, he's he's very apologetic, so much so that he says, "I'm sorry," which causes young Sugar and young Spike to absolutely lose their minds because they think he's blaming the cat, and they know a cat can't drive a car. Yeah, and you know, like the kids are, they're pulling on his pant leg. They don't want him to leave, uh, but he does because he's an adult and he can do that. Kind he of pretty thing. much do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the kids still protesting and. Uh, they they decide that they're they're gonna hand, they're gonna dish out some infant justice, and so they 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 roll the guy they they push a wagon into his back and they they, they run him into a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Then an, an officer comes around and he sees this poor this poor old man being held up by these babies, takes him back to his mother's house and uh, and they would try they find out that they were trying to make this old man stand in the corner for for his sins. And the cat later yes. does 25 years for arson and attempted murder, but they don't—they don't show you that. You must not have that part in your. No, that was torn out. Yeah, that was probably torn out. <laughs> that was torn out along with the next several pages. You see, my copy goes from page number six to page number eleven because there were some pint-sized pinups yeah. included this issue. These are uh, clothing designs. Uh, we figure they're probably sent in by readers around the world. That, uh, they can be clipped out and, uh, you know, like just paper dolls. They got the little tabs that you can fold over the over the little figurine or the little cutout figures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> we were talking about this a little off the air. I mean, how sad. This really, I got, you know, 
when I really thought about the child playing with this thing, how sad it really was. It's heartbreaking. It really. I mean, it, if I, I can't, I can't live in a world where this would be a child's, you know, main toy. It really just is is breaking my heart. It's really and, cheap as hell. And I gotta wonder if they included these every issue to where like a kid would have a collection. This was a thing. No, this this was almost every issue. You know, a lot of padding like this, and then I guess kids were always sending in these splendid, ugly ass outfits. You know, but yeah, it's just like, oh man, you, they really want you to cut this crap out and play with it like this. What a horror show. So, uh, but you know, there are, there are some nice outfits uh, yeah. on display and what, here. And what if you have more than one kid in the family? I mean, who gets who gets the paper doll? I mean, well, luckily in this issue, there's three paper dolls without this is true so you you can support three kids but one of them i guess that's the one you don't love if you have four kids they don't (laughs) they don't get this bite-sized pinup you know and as i pointed out here a family that has a child that needs to use one of these as a toy probably needs to use the rest of the comic for kindling so you're lucky to get (laughs) you're lucky to get the uh pint-sized pinups out of this thing you know what i mean you gotta you gotta fish this thing out out of the log pile you know what I mean? It's like all cordwood and fucking comic books and newspapers in that thing, just to heat, to keep the barrel heated. And and you figure on a cold winter's night, the, these pinups are going in too, oh, whether they're dressed or not. They, they don't give a crap. They'll put they'll put them in naked and then put the clothes in one by one. You know. Uh, or they could put a spike in his uh, his car because he he comes with a car. That is probably the best. I mean, that definitely makes that one the deluxe model. The fact that it's it a is. car and it's well, first there's a, there's a roaring twenties outfit uh, yes. with with a straw hat and kind of a a, a striped uh, jacket and I guess that and a ukulele for for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. And that goes along with his jalopy that has some great things written on it, uh, very much in the tradition of Archie comics and mm-hmm. just as irrelevant in 1971, I must say. I mean, now we're talking about something that happened. You know, 50 years ago. Sure, uh, sure. But some of my favorite phrases on that were, don't be a simp. Mm-hmm. What? No spinach? I don't know what the hell that means. What, what does that, that even mean? Uh, and bucket of bolts. So I like bucket of bolts, yeah. This I, I wonder if that makes this one of the most coveted pinup pages, because I don't know if he comes... Also, Spike comes with a pretty heavy-duty fishing uh, accessory get-up over there. You know, he's got a straw hat and stuff, so mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much as deluxe as it gets. And he's bow-legged as anything in this. They're all bow-legged. This is this is the way Mayer draws infants. But yeah, this this kid almost looks like he has club feet. He does. He's in bad shape. You know, it's it's not easy, man. You know, this is in the days before we had uh, vitamin D fortified milk. <laughs> I've never seen Louis Anderson look this bad. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like little a little baby Louis. Oh man! All right. Well, we're gonna now we're gonna go on to the next story. This is actually takes us away from Sugar and Spike proper. This is about Raymond and the Angel. I never heard of this character before. This is a a, a black child of a black family that uh, presumably grows up. In, well, it seems like the same exact type of place Sugar and Spike grow up, frankly. But uh, yeah, um, same shtick. He spe- he's an infant. He speaks infant baby talk. They can understand him. So, uh, Ali, the prospective baseball legend, is made to watch his infant brother, Raymond, and he takes him along to the baseball field. Uh, Raymond is very happy about this, as we see in some thought bubbles. Uh, mm-hmm. I also love how Ali's dressed here. He looks like a, a, a baseball player from the 19th century. You know, he's got, like, these baggy, billowy pants cinched up at the knees with these tall socks and, like, a low-slung six-panel baseball cap. I have to, If he had a handlebar mustache... He would uh, really round out the look. 
And he, he hasn't, to be fair, he, ha- he hasn't met Fat Albert yet. No, that's true. This would have been before <laughs> Fat Albert, so he doesn't. He looks like one of those, uh, he looks like Mushmouth a little bit. A little bit, you know what I mean? I wonder if this was uh, there was any inspiration taken from this, but this would have preceded a lot of that, and frankly probably would have preceded uh, many, you know, black characters in comics that we take for granted Probably, today. yep. But, um... I, this is, you know, obviously is not the first black character, and we're not. I'm not trying to say that. Um, so anyway, once he gets to the baseball field, he, he sticks Raymond in a playpen, which Raymond is like, oh, he gets all deflated. A bluebird comes over and just uh, takes a piece of thread from Raymond's jumper and flies away. I mean, this is like one of the most neglected kids, I think, now, probably. You know, what you're seeing here is child abuse. Obviously, no one's paying attention. There's birds making nests in his lap, you know, a bear's going to come by and maul him. <laughs> Um, the the, uh, the scene where he's pulling that uh, thread, yeah, uh, that that's a little uh, disturbing. It could be dis- you could you could definitely see something there. That, you know, it looks like it's making a tent near the baby's crotch. crotch. Although because yeah. the baby's so bow-legged, it's really hard to say what part of the clothing that's coming from. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I'm not even sure he's facing forward. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not even sure what the hell's going on. You know, it's, I think <laughs> the head might have flipped backward. But uh, the bird take, bird flies away, and Raymond is, uh, you know, very into that. He wants to fly away, so he tries to flap his arms and get away. But now with his flabby baby arms, he's not going anywhere, so he gives up and sucks his thumb. Now, meanwhile, in heaven, incompetent angel Henry is beginning his new job, having lost his old one to being a screw-up. Uh, you know, so this basically tells us it happens just another fucking boring ass job. Entity, yeah, yeah, it's just like, like you know, your way up. And, and and you know, it's probably it seems like a union job where you never can really be fired. You'll just be transferred and demoted. You know what I mean? And like you're constantly you'll you'll have a place to work until eventually they got you like emptying ashtrays. Or I guess I don't know what the equivalent of that would be these days. So the, the poor lady that he reports is reporting to, she must have died young. She seems like it. She actually looks. She actually looks quite, uh, quite young and pretty. But you know, yeah. and, and she died young, and now she gets to be the administrator to Henry, the loser angel. It's like great, yes. great. Thanks God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you give me this glory. You know, Jesus. What, <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean you know to complain. You can't say that, Jesus. Yeah. But um, so <laughs> he's given the job to file away a folder containing good luck. He has to file it under L for use later. So I assume it's it's filed under luck, comma good. Which would probably be so. after luck, comma bad, and luck, comma beer-induced perception of, and uh, <laughs> on the way to the filing cabinet, like, it's not even like 20 feet. You know what I mean? He's floating over yep. this cabinet. It's right there. Maybe it's 30 feet. You know, the, he does kind of lose this woman behind him, but he gets curious. He wants to see what good luck looks like, and it looks like a little pink cloud that he immediately drops. You know, I don't think he holds it for a split second, and it falls down to the earth. It's like cotton candy fluff. Yeah, it looks like a little piece of cotton candy. And it falls right on Raymond. The the, the, the scene before he catches it, it looks like he's being like a meteor is gonna hit him. And uh, you know he catches it because he's you know he wanted to play baseball anyway, so he catches it. And uh, it apparently it, you know it, it dissolves. Yeah. And suddenly he is endowed with uh, amazing powers. He uh, he lifts the playpen. He lifts the uh, the cage part of the playpen out, and he's able to he's able to walk the field. Yes, the power, the the lucky power of increasing yes. your strength by two. <laughs> and he uh, and you know he's uh, he's over by the baseball field where his brother Ollie is pitching, 
And uh, he's got this lucky ability ability to snag his brother's angrily thrown baseball cap. His uh, brother's a little annoyed. He chucks his baseball cap, mm. and he picks it up. And then he's able to luckily catch a fly ball with it and uh, becomes a f- fully-fledged member of this baseball team. Now, the other team tries to invoke the no more than nine on a side rule, but Ollie points out that neither side ever has any more than six. And uh, that <laughs> rule has probably not been invoked since 1888. I mean, come on, yes. what is, you know, talk about some old rules here. <laughs> and I like the note how you have here about uh, how it's a stock commentary on the low birth rates of the time. I know. I couldn't even fill out a baseball team. Nope, nope. You need to you need to bring a few neighborhoods together for that. <laughs> <laughs> now the other team agrees that Raymond can be on the team, uh, but now he's got a bat, just like everybody else. You know, he was he proved himself in the field, and now he's got a bat. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, <laughs> makes pretty good sense. You you chuck a ball as fast as you can at a. I don't even know how old this child is. Uh, he's got to be he's, under three, according to Sugar yeah, and Spike Law. So yes. yeah, like between two and three. Sure, I mean, sure. So Ollie is the worst babysitter you could possibly have for your child. You know, he's going to get his brother fucking killed. You do it wrong the first time, you never ask to do it again. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's he's aspiring to be like uh, Henry the Angel. Maybe. You know, he's just going to be a screw-up. And <laughs> You remember that time you got your brother killed on the baseball field? Oh, yeah, yeah. whoops. Um, sorry. <laughs> How many times do I have to apologize? <laughs> but, uh... Raymond is lucky, as he has been, and he uh, he takes the plate, and he luckily misunderstands the game of baseball in such a way that he luckily throws the bat, which luckily strikes the ball, sending it luckily into the deep outfield. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Raymond runs around all the bases while trying to catch his own ball. Luckily, slamming into the catcher, blocking home plate, and luckily getting a home run. Just the amount of <laughs> luck this kid has. I mean, take, get, get this kid to do a scratch off already. You know, come on, this is <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, play the lotto already. Yeah. But you, you know, and no, they're not they're not really as shocked about this as uh, you would think they should be, considering that a one or two year old just just hit a home run. I know, I, you know, they should call MLB right now and be like, oh, yeah, we have a star player that you need to uh, mm-hmm. sign immediately because a two-year-old just hit a freaking home run. Yeah, either that or you send them for, uh, you know, PED testing, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Get them get him, get him on the uh, track to being a star athlete. Uh, sure. Back in heaven, Henry's getting chewed out by his boss. Ah, yes, this is the glory of eternal life at God's side. Uh, Henry says he lost the good luck, and uh, then it got used by a little kid. Now his boss wants a requisition. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, it's like, oh yes, come on, you know, you please the glory of heaven, where you have to fill out your applications in triplicate. The glory <laughs> of heavenly carbon paper. Uh, on earth, though, a requisition is known as a player, uh, a prayer, sorry, and a pink slip is known as a four-valve heart attack. <laughs> uh, since the kid can't talk, Henry is screwed. He can't do anything about it. But just then, Raymond says some baby talk, and the word balloon floats up to heaven, where Henry and his boss see it. Uh, the implications of this are horrifying to me. Cause, so it's like, yeah. is everything we say on like visible display in heaven at all times? Is this just floating up every time I stub my toe and say, fuck, every time we record this podcast? I mean... <laughs> We talk about clogging, you know. What I mean, the, the place must look like a, a, a bad bar bathroom or something, just yep. covered in like curse words and epithets. Um, Henry doesn't know the language, so they run the word balloon through uh, the computer, which is it can do anything, I suppose, among other things, translate almost any language. And the computer identifies the language as baby talk and translates it to, 
I don't know how come I'm getting all this loving, but whatever it is, I sure am grateful. This is what uh, Raymond says. Mm-hmm. So this serves as a receipt, Chris. Uh, yes, and I like how it says it's from Raymond. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's part of the translation. You can, it, it, you can, the, the the computer somehow knows this. You know what I mean? This is a. I really like to know more about this computer more than Henry. Frankly, this is probably something uh, really powerful. But so your gratitude is just a. You know, your gratitude to to you know heavenly providence or whatever. However you choose to per, perceive it. It's just a receipt. That's all. That's it. It, it's something that gets filed away for tax purposes. You know, that way later on when God gets audited and they're just like, well, what have you been up to, God? Be like, well, I got all these receipts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, got a giant shoebox. A in ton heaven. of people think, I, think I'm great. They thank me all the time. So back off. No, uh, I don't have to pay any income tax. <laughs> I, but now, what I don't get is so your gratitude after something happening is mm-hmm. is considered proof of a prayer that doesn't really come you know yeah the prayer is usually before it happens the prayer should be before something happens yeah. gratitude is sort of your your like, receipt uh, thank of you goods yeah, yeah thank you for it if you're just being thankful to god because good shit happens to you then you're just being an asshole that in that case can't churches pay us to go to church Right. That is that's a good idea. I mean, you know, we're we're not going there to 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 cleanse ourselves anymore. We're just going there to express our gratitude for the our good fortune that that you know just happens to fall in our laps. You know what I mean? So. This <laughs> and, really... and I gotta wonder. This is issue ninety-seven. You gotta figure that Spike or Sugar in the past twenty years had said they wished something would happen. Yeah. Or that they were thankful for something. And this is the first time they've ever seen any baby talk up in heaven. I know. Apparently, it never. It hasn't come up before. You know. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess they. I guess they. They treat the chatter of babies the way most of us do, which is to be severely annoyed by it. You know. Uh, yeah. This. This whole thing has really shaken my my foundation. I really. I'm really thinking of leaving the uh, snake handlers. So uh, later on, Henry, at Raymond's home, Henry floats in and kisses him while he sleeps with his baseball equipment. And the less said about that, the better. Uh, yes, after that, <laughs> we have a third page of pinups, Raymond's pint-sized pinups. And if you didn't have enough fun with those miserable sugar and spike paper dolls, here's another chance with a doll of Raymond. But mm-hmm. in this case, I really think they, they give this guy some shitty clothes. I mean, they got this, like, navy... A uh, blazer with a with a green plaid. Yeah, he's into golfing or something. Yeah. I mean, what is this? You know what I mean? They got they they have a full on uh, Indian chief get up a a a, a whatever a, a buffalo headdress hide and they yep. get a feathered headdress. Like what what's going on? What are you making one of the village people? This would have. Look at the I like the I like the hippie shirt above that. Which the one? Stripe the well, striped shirt pullover. Yeah, that vest with with the striped. Yeah, it's a, that whole that whole look. I'm not sure what that's supposed to be, but I ah, just it's psychedelic. Though. I just feel like you know they really they really are giving this guy the uh, shitty clothing stick over here. So I gotta say, uh, you know these are all sent in by people around the world. So for that uh, Native American headdress shit, fuck you, Henry Warren of Utica, New York, you racist prick. Age ten. Yeah. Well, at, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> At the time, maybe. 
<laughs> Next up, uh, like we said, there's a there's a lot of filler in this, and uh, one of one of which is uh, it's actually advertised on the cover. It says here, win ten dollars, write your own comic page, and sure as hell, you can write your own comic page here. My copy, which I picked up at a used bookstore a few months ago, it was lucky enough it was filled up, filled out by its previous owner. They unfortunately they didn't they never sent it in and they didn't include their name so we can't follow up. So yeah, they didn't get ten bucks out of this. <laughs> and you know, like uh, I don't I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but a lot of these stories have uh, after they're finished, there's a note saying that this story is for such and such child. So uh, we gotta wonder if these little ideas are coming from these pages. Yeah. Which is uh, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. He's not <laughs> even writing anymore. Sheldon Mayer's just like, ah, the kids will give me ideas, whatever. <laughs> They know what they like. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have the uh, the kids making their uh, their ten dollar bill, and their uh, and Sheldon gets a he gets a story. Let's see here. We got it's a one, two, three, four. It's a six panel special here. Uh, first one here. We have Spike beating a big marching drum. Uh, the next page, Sugar ain't pleased about it. No. Uh, the next the next panel here, Sugar shows him her dolly in the baby buggy. Probably, you know, trying to tell him that baby's trying to sleep. Stop making noise, jerk. Yeah. Uh, next panel, Sugar's ex- uh, well, yeah, that's that one. She's explaining that he's a, she's sleeping. He's got a she got one finger over her mouth, as if she's shushing him. Mm-hmm. Next panel here, Spike's walking away. He's he's angry yet determined. Then he's dragging the uh, dragging the drum behind him. And the last one, uh, Spike with. Either buck teeth or his tongue sticking out is uh, he's beating a pillow with a drumstick while Sugar watches on like, what is this kid doing? Yeah, she just looks kind of like nonplussed about it. She doesn't seem like angry or happy. She's just sort of confused. Which is, which is odd because she's usually very angry all yeah. the time. I would think she would just come over and punch him in the face. I mean, that's usually what she does. <laughs> that's what she does, yeah. She would jump on him and start beating him up about the head and shoulders here. I, but, guess, uh, I guess maybe in that last panel you can have her saying, how considerate. That's, that, I think that works, except the, the, the kid who filled mine out, it's a question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. So basically the little kid version of a curse word. Yeah, while while uh, well, I was gonna call him Stanley. This isn't Stanley and his monster. This is no. <laughs> he says if if better, I S T H I S better. Well, now we don't want to give that all away. You all have your chance to look at that later on. <laughs> <laughs> the Jesus, the extra comic that Chris received for his loss yes. of whatever pages were ripped out. Um, <laughs> now we go to the next uh, story: the mystery of the bouncing stick. So Spike sees Arthur, that's the older boy I told you about before. He's the neighborhood older boy, bully. He's uh, In this case, he's sort of bullyish. Uh, he's hopping around on the pogo stick. And I, I swear, in this one, his hat is red. Uh, it's yeah. not always, though. And I've seen ones where it's sort of the whole, the whole outfit's sort of a grayish purple. And I swear it's a Confederate soldier's uniform. I don't know. Well, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the, always what I thought it was. And this one is the first time I saw his hat being red. Mm-hmm. Um his mom got him the pogo stick to cure his overactive fibbing imagination. That's part of his uh, hallmarks, is that he's always lying. Spike is interested in the pogo stick, so Arthur leaves it up against a tree and hides in some bushes. And immediately, Spike injures himself with the pogo stick, as you might imagine a two-year-old baby would do if you gave him a spring-loaded you know, device. Uh, so, you know, anybody watching the kids here? Anywhere? No? 
Uh, nope, no one's around. Sugar comes <laughs> along with their baby carriage and uh, sees Arthur in the bushes, and Sugar approaches Spike and asks him what he's doing. Uh, and he says, I'm trying to figure out Arthur's pogo stick before he gets back. Hurry up, i got to figure it out. Uh, Sugar says, Arthur's just on the other side of these bushes. I just saw him. So... At first, Spike is like, I can't believe Arthur didn't just, you know, pound the crap out of me. But then they realize that this is a prank by Arthur to get Spike to, they call it, damage himself, which I think is a he weird... Crack, he nearly cracks his head open. I mean, that's an, I mean this kid could kill himself <laughs> over here, you know I mean? This could really be majorly, or like, really, you know, break an arm. I could definitely sure. see a lot of horrible things happening. Uh, but they call it damage himself. Like, what is he, like Johnny Five from Short Circuit or something? You know what I mean? Oh, damage does not compute. Um... <laughs> So, you know, no adults. No one, no one's there. Uh, so then Sugar and Spike press the pogo stick up against a, a fence, sort of like the uh, jumpy part first, and uh, make it ricochet back towards Arthur. And then he's screaming that his pogo stick is chasing him while inside his mother, who's talking to someone on the phone, or no, she's talking to someone drinking coffee, mm. um, talks about his uh, Arthur's fibbing again. And I mean, chasing... This thing, I mean, how how far did this thing go after him? It was what was it a split second? This kid really it was, needs it. I think it was six miles. You think so? He chased it, chased him into the next city. That was a hell of a pogo stick, you know. He really was like the atomic pogo stick. Anyway, <laughs> and thus concludes our vignette. Yes, and, and this one wasn't credited to any child, so this one's fresh from the mind of our man uh, Meyer here. In theory, in theory, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, the next story we have is the flashlight. Now, this story was written for Sharon Moore. Do you think it's Moore? 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 I don't know. Well, she was eight years old, and uh, we got to wonder if she's still reading or if uh, her... Uh, I wrote, because I reviewed this one on the site, I'm like, I wonder if she ever Googles her name, because <laughs> I hope she does. Um, Spike calls to Sugar, who's outside playing with her stupid-looking doll and her baby hair. This doll... Yeah, I know. This doll is almost as sad as the paper dolls I, from I, this book. I wonder, it, I mean, the doll almost looks vaguely racist. I'm not sure. I didn't really want to go there with this, but I can't help but look at it and think that this sort of looks like a uh, certain, you know, certain type of dolls I used to see prevalent in uh, the American South. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's goofy looking, that's for sure. Something's wrong it, with it. It is. It looks very demented. Um, now, she uh, she hops up onto the window still to find out what's going on. And, uh, you know, it's it, there were no parents around. It can't be said enough. Did, These did, kids did just go in and out of whatever. windows? I mean, for God's sake, this kid's going through a window. He's two years old. This is not the way life should be. This is not right. And this isn't the first time we've seen her do with this issue. No. That's like the way they, they get to, to each other's houses, by busting through the window. <laughs> now, uh, Spike's got a flashlight, and he tells her to step into the closet for a demonstration. Got to remind you that they're babies, so. <laughs> get your minds <laughs> out of the gutter, folks. Out of the gutter, out of the gutter. Now, inside the dog and closet, Spike flicks on the light, and they're both stunned because, you know, they're they're stupid babies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, Sugar can't see anything at first because the light is shining. It is, Spike is an idiot, and he's, uh, he's, you know, glaring the light right into her eyes. And, uh, they wind up, the gist of it is they see each other's shadows, you know, displayed on the wall, and they think that there are monsters in the closet, because they're stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they rush out of the closet, and Spike wants to run away completely, and so Sugar grabs him by the straps of his little uh, overall jumper, and his pants come off. Whoa! Yeah, we're getting we're getting racy here, so he's I, running around. Okay. Uh, they're babies. They're babies. They are babies. 
They're our babies. Um, now the two, uh, they you know they do like the whole cartoony thing where they just push a bunch of crap in front of the door, and like uh, lamps, furniture, you know, chairs. I don't know how two year olds are pushing a dinner table. I know this is some strong kids. Let me tell you. They are. Well, they did. They did just nearly kill a guy with a pogo stick. So That's yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now we see Spike's dad. We actually see him. Yeah, his face and everything. Yeah, he kind of looks like he's kind of Archie-ish. Mm-hmm. A little bit. He actually looks pretty um, young, though. Yeah, he doesn't look like a, an old coot and all. It looks like a young, oh. happening dude. Yeah. And uh, Spike's dad notices that his son is pantsless and puts the clothes back on him. And then he moves. He starts taking the furniture away from the, the uh, from the closet. Uh, and as they're doing that, uh, is saying, hey, maybe we could take your pants off again. All right, maybe that's, that's a little... Uh much, yeah. Yeah, luckily, uh, luckily Spike's mom, we actually see her face too. Uh, luckily, she's there, and <laughs> it's weird because sometimes it looks like these are thought balloons, and sometimes it looks like they're actually spoken. And uh, in this one, it looks like they're spoken. Uh, and the mother <laughs> actually reacts to her thought. So, so we could take your pants off again. Well, she's, mom, see, she's seeing it happen, so she's, <laughs> she's saying you're, none, you're of, none that. of that. Yeah, she's so we could assume that she's reacting. She heard babies. Saying glick splittle glicksel as we see them as they do baby talk. So they do. I like yeah. to think it's still intact at the. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I, I don't want to ruin the canon here. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> the two kids are dumped outside. Uh, Stanley get up. Uh, Stanley again. Spike <laughs> gets back in and he bites his father in the leg. Uh, right as he's removing a fish bowl, complete with a fish from the pile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spike sits in the corner. Sugar sneaks in through the back window again, and they put stuff in front of the closet again. Uh, Spike's dad comes in to remove the mess again, and uh, and he sees uh, Sugar yelling, and uh, he says, "But it's empty. We cleaned it out so I could build a new shelf in there. Remember, you know, there's nothing in there, so don't be freaking out." Uh, they decide uh, they decide to show the kids that the closet's empty. They open it up. They turn a light on, and uh, yeah, there's no monster in there. But I, I still I don't think they're buying it. Listen, I, I gotta say too, when I was a kid, I considered a light in the closet to be the height of luxury. I don't know what what kind of house you grew up in, but mine was too old for those kind of fancy yeah. modern shenanigans. And uh, I, I considered the ability to do that to be just like. It was up there with like the push button phone, all kinds of uh, modern adaptions of, of my youth. So this is really something to see in 1971. Goodness, whoo! What a life! I know it. That's amazing. He must be a uh, a, a a tech magnet or something. Something He's, like uh... that. <laughs> Um, now uh, the kids say they're they're okay now. They're convinced they're going to go outside and play. Uh, but later, Spike's dad complains about his flashlight being thrown in the garbage as Sugar and Spike shake hands. Yeah. <laughs> Hope uh, you liked it, Sharon. And now we come to our final story of Sugar and Spike number ninety-seven, which is actually after the letters page, uh, which I thought, mm-hmm. thought was interesting, but nothing really wrong with it. Uh, this one's called Spike Discovers the Ocean. Sugar and Spike are with their respective parents at the beach. Sugar's excited to show a cranky Spike the water. He, he looks at it, he thinks it's nervous cotton. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty poor judgment skills, even for a two-year-old, but all right, whatever, you know. So Spike takes it to where he says the real water is, which is a water fountain that squirts her right in the face, and she drags him back to the shore by his ankles. I'm surprised she didn't, you know, punch him right dead in the face. I mean, she's, yeah. she's beating the hell out of him for much smaller transgressions. Um... So Sugar has Spike stand with his back to the water and then grabs a pailful of it and dumps it over his head. And Spike's amazed it is water. 
and no one's no parents are there immediately like the babies are standing right at the water line and no one nope. is seems to be moving a muscle but Spike's dad does come along uh finally finally you know after I mean the, the, the babies could have been long dead I just want I just want to put that out there that, that this this could have been already a you know fatal tragedy, tragedy. so you know um, they try to run away. It, Spike's dad's chasing. Again, we don't see uh, we don't see the dad's face again. Yeah, again, it seems to go the other. Now we go back where the adults are hidden, and later on we'll even see a scene uh, at, the, at the on the beach, the sand that sort of go out of their way to hide the uh, mom's face too. But I, I don't know what. I really can't say. It seems to be a decision based on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sugar and Spike, they're running down the beach. Spike's dad's close behind. But then a wave comes and crashes on the toddlers and uh, basically drowns them briefly. Uh, Sugar thinks it's a great time. Spike is crying. He thinks the water's mad at him. It's on their side, meaning the parents' side, I guess, or all adults. Sugar says, you're just imagining things. Yeah, Sugar's showing an amazing amount of uh, rationale here. Yeah, well, you know, we kind of find out that she had an inside track later on. She was kind of playing it off like she was very brave, but... uh Yes. Now, uh, Spike's dad, uh, he brings him back to the to the blanket where they were, where the family was hanging out to dry off, and he tells his wife that, that their son learned his lesson. But she's worried that they traumatized him, and he'll be afraid of water for the rest of his life. And she insists that Spike, he takes Spike back to the terrifying water to tell him that there's nothing to fear. And so... And this, this is where I was talking about where they kind of hide her with an umbrella. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you may not have seen, you know, they, it sort of cuts her off at the waist, you know, this umbrella. Yeah, we just see her lower half there. Yeah. Uh, Spike's dad hauls him back. Sugar explains that this is what she went through last week, and it's a lot of fun. Spike is reluctant to go back in the water, so Sugar calls him a sissy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, even though his balls haven't dropped yet, just really just grabbing him by the balls. Yeah, she, she's she's not a nice girl. No. Uh, Sp- Spike's dad entices him with an inflatable seahorse uh, little raft there, um, drags him from the beach into the water, and uh, Spike doesn't notice. He's he's sitting on this uh, on this little uh, ring, and he's having a good time. Comes to find out that he is floating in the water. He is double-crossed. Mm. He falls off the seahorse and into the water, and uh, he doesn't drown. He just cries like a he cries like a baby would when they're thrown into the water. And just say, just rest- say it like it is, Chris. He cries like a little bitch. Okay, he, he cries does. like a sissy. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Sugar was right the whole sissy. time. Yeah, Sugar told you. <laughs> no, on the way home, Spike ain't happy. He's he's pretty annoyed, uh, and he has vowed that if the water doesn't want to be friends with him, well, he's not going to be friends with it either. Mm. Uh, still later at home, Spike's folks are sitting at home. They're knitting and reading the paper, and uh, the pops reading the paper with that. That's the one with the big Superman comic strip on the back yeah, of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's and, kind of cool, like a big giant Sunday. Yeah, and and they notice that there that there's some <laughs> irreparable damage being done to their ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> there's a a big water stain in the in the corner of the ceiling. They run up and they find that Spike has overflowed the bathtub oh, in yeah. an attempt to make friends with the water. And, you know, maybe drown. Maybe. I mean, basically, the the kid was up there long enough to fill a tub with water and get it all over the bathroom enough to form a drip in the living room. You're damn lucky the kid's not flying face down in the dam in the water. What is wrong with people? Watch your children, please. Could you just keep an eye on the kids for like 10 minutes? This would never be published today. Holy God. I mean, this is like the, the most most ignored children in America. So uh, mm-hmm. that actually concludes 
Sugar and Spike issue number 97, uh, which I thought was a lot of fun, frankly. Um, you know, it's, it was, you know, we had our fun with it, but it yeah. was... Uh... It's a it's a silly comic. It's probably not meant for our age group, quite frankly. No. You know, I loved it as a little kid, but I was a, a little kid. But, uh, you know, I tell you, it's uh, I, I had more fun with this comic than some comics that I pay... You know, eight times as much for today. So <laughs> take that, take that uh, for what it's worth. So uh, this comic book ran bi-monthly from 1956 until issue 98. Uh, that was the issue right after this one in October 1971. That's a long yeah. run, man. You know what I mean? Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. As I mentioned before, Mayer died on December 21st, 1991, and 92 DC put out a Silver Age Classics reprint of Sugar and Spike number one. They had a bunch of reprints at the time. Uh, with, yeah. Remember that with the black border, and they'd have the original mm-hmm. comic on them. Um, but they, they numbered it Sugar and Spike 99, thereby making this officially the entire Sugar and Spike run is 1 to 99. Yes. And, uh, you know, they do show up uh, every now and again. Uh, they had a small uh, cameo in a panel on Cri- in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and they were uh, they were a pair of uh, costume greeters at uh, the Funny Stuff theme park in an issue of the, I'm, I, I'm assuming this is the Bwahaha era yeah. of uh, Justice League International. This is actually right yeah. after, this is, this is even in the first issue where Superman uh, sort of joined up, as I okay, remember. Okay, maybe, maybe so I'm is wrong. this uh, the Jurgens run? Yeah, this is the Jerry yeah, okay. runs. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, first or second issue Giffen, of that. Yeah. Yeah, just after Giffen and Demetrius left, um, and their but their only real appearance since uh, Sheldon Meyer's work here was uh, one of your favorites. Oh. It's a it's a six issue reboot of uh, Sugar and Spike by Keith Giffen and uh, Bilkis Evely. That sounds good. Which is uh, boring and cruel. <laughs> it's a uh, it's part of the anthology uh, a book uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is uh, from uh, from all appearances is a pretty bad book on its own. It is. It's it's pretty much the old bait and switch, folks. They uh, you know sandwiched the Sugar and Spike comic in among other comics that had better potential, none of which are really that great, unfortunately. And uh, I won't go. I won't really go into it. I think it's a. Uh, it's really well drawn. I've been reviewing it for the site, which is why I'm knowledgeable about it at all. Yeah. I think it's really well drawn. I really like the art style. I think it's very interesting. Don't know if I'd call it a superhero style, but I'd like to see more of it. But it's just like you know, total like Silver Age wank fest. You know, like oh, what's well, the 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 you know. What's the arcane Silver Age property of the week this week? So, mm-hmm. uh, and they're pretty, adults in it, right? They're adults, and the thing is, they have like kind of a detective agency sort of. A, they do odd jobs for superheroes, doing things that you can't ask U-Haul or whatever to do. Uh, Which isn't a horrible premise in itself, but the execution just isn't funny. It's supposed to be a funny book. Uh, Sugar is a horrible person. I mean, you know, she's a bitch in this comic. (laughs) God, she's just, uh, just, you know, you wonder why you would want to be around her. But anyway, that's uh, that's the only time they've ever come back. And quite frankly, Chris, probably the only time they ever will come back. Yes. Um, So if you want to follow us on Twitter and uh, tell us how much you love this issue of Sugar and Spike, number 97, you can follow me at Reggie Reggie. Nominates Comics. And if you want to read that uh, Make Your Own Comics page that was filled out in Chris's comic book, you can actually see that for yourself on his blog, 
Chris mm-hmm. is on infiniteearths.blogspot.com. He reviewed it last month. I'm pretty sure if you do a search for Sugar and Spike on your blog, that's all that's going to come up, right? Yeah, it's the, only, <laughs> it's the only one I've ever seen. You know? Oh, just go to the Sugar and Spike tab and scroll down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Might take you a while because I really yes. go I really go in depth in the middle issues. So, yeah, that'll be, that's the only Sugar and Spike he's done. But you can look at some pages for yourself and some panels for yourself. As well we, as, we dare you to do better than this uh, child. Definitely, we will. We won't give you ten bucks, but if you have some submissions, definitely send them to us by Twitter or email the podcast. And uh, I, besides that, I think that's it. You got anything else for him, Chris? Nope, that'll do it. Well, all right. Well, from both of us here at the Cosmic Treadmill, we're going to tell you to keep it cosmic. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Wherever I go, he goes. My buddy. My him everything that I know, my buddy and me like to climb up a tree. My buddy and me, where the best friends could be. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. We night. are back. Night moves. Uh, about night, the night moves. Moves, moves us into stretch run. Look, the stretch run and night wing. Ooh. Talking about the night, night wing. wing. Da, da, da. Mm. He yeah. had a nice ass, could it? <laughs> <laughs> Javier and Jose. I have no idea what the yeah, fuck is. No, it's Jim and Jim and Jose or something. Yeah. Yeah, he Night went wind. to Rhodes Madhouse. Was like the Manchester, the fucking mystery home. Winchester Mystery House. He's with that girl. Working on the Nightwing. Come on. Uh, uh. There's Raptor. He might be bad. He might be some sort of good thing. Who knows? Who Talk knows? I don't know what's going on. Barbara's going to go back and tell Batman. And then the Court of the Owls is going to go down. And it's the Parliament, Eric. <laughs> there you go. Nightwing number three, written by Tim <laughs> Nightwing Seeley. Nightwing number three, yeah, written by mm-hmm. Tim Seeley. He goes by hacking Tim Seeley on Twitter. Right. Oh, by Javier Fernandez. <laughs> this, book's a, this book's a lot like Grayson. I don't understand that raptor's little thing that he has on his arm. It's got blood in it. I don't think we're ever going to see him reading people so it reads him again. I don't know, but it has pints of blood in there. Chris Sotomayor and Carlos. Chris Sotomayor. Carlos. It's getting later. Ready for this write-up? Because I'm we're getting into this. When I get to the end of my write-ups here... I don't proofread anything, so I have no oh, yeah. idea what it's going to sound like. Ones the last ones. It's funny reason. because I haven't had one in a while because uh, I, we uh, my books are done. So these yeah. are all yours. So I can just sit back and sing. I can sing everything that we do. Raptor and Nightwing yeah. have to break into Rick Rude's house of mazes to recover the blueprints. <laughs> That's his name, right? Rick Rude? Breaking into Rick Rude's yeah. house. <laughs> yeah, I think they are. Rick Rude's house amazes to recover the blueprints to the Parliament of the Owls Fortress, which he built, and also that he has they have to kill the designer so the Parliament stays secret. 
It's not yeah. going to be a walk in the park, though, because Batgirl has shown up to make Dick feel like shit and ultimately gives up on him for the choices he's made and trying to do the right thing. Do the right thing, Jim. D, motherfucker, D. D, motherfucker, D. I love that movie. But yeah, this book, I've heard people wow and yikes and say that Tim Seeley is a genius. But I uh, wish I could do the yow and yikes. Yeah, you heard us tonight, yow and yikes. There's a lot of issues I like. This is okay. Um, I know that during the rebirth issue, we had a lot of issues. We kind of yelled and screamed. I like it more than what I thought I was going to like it. Me too. Uh, This issue has some fun parts to it. The only problem is those fun parts to me are either not expanded upon to a point where they would have been really fun, and also there's some problems to me. It's almost like the problems that you heard us yell about uh, Supergirl, where it wasn't just me like this. I'm not just mad because this is a grace in part two or grace in light, because it really seems to be. Um, I just I said at the intro of our whole podcast, I just am taken aback by Barbara being allowed to be there by the Court of the Owls and them even letting her. It wouldn't even be the Court of the Owls because, like you said, at the end, the Court of the Owls seems to adjust. They're like they're at the line. They're calling an audible error. Yeah. Calling an audible. They see that that defense is stacked in the middle for the run. They're going to use that speedy receiver on the outside and go with it. Whereas Boom. I think that Barbara's going to go back to Gotham and tell the, the Bat family, oh, Dick has killed people. Uh, he's out, and that's going to solve their problems. The problem is when the, she arrives, I think that both Raptor and Dick would think that you better not be here. No. And would do something along the lines well, where I thought at this at the beginning I said of the earlier. Episode, yeah, I said earlier it should have been that she shows up and they're like, "Barbara, why are you here? Get out of here, Batgirl! I'm done with the Bat Say, family." And then you'd have the same thing with the they they he punches her in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why Dick would because he's a good guy. But well, he's he got to put on her. airs to keep his cover. Yes, and then says. Go the fuck back to Gotham, fucking Batgirl, where you belong. As she goes away crying. <laughs> Ginger the, fuggo. The fucking Court of the Owl or the Parliament of the Owls is sitting there with their, their monitors watching and saying, yes. that's it. The gray sun is ours. They'll go back. You know what I mean? You get the same thing at the end, and I think it's more believable. It is not believable because it seems like the Court of the Owls have the eye in the sky. Uh, you know, the wheel in the sky keeps them turning there. Sure does. And then they, they just seem to be able to pop in and out of all I time. I don't understand and to the point that where, goddamn monitor. Well, and here's the thing is – Raptor through this whole thing knows that and and works with it until yeah. at the end when he knows that the connection is is done he is playing the part the minute it goes down he's like Grayson you're such an idiot and and you go from that but it does start out you have them well it starts off at the end where you see that Raptor has killed somebody oh my god you've killed somebody hey wing the, you uh, let so, you let somebody die Raptor yeah. Yeah, and you see Batgirl there. You let some innocent, and it's so great. You let an innocent man die, Nightwing. I'd be like, no, it is Raptor. Not, no, Raptor. I'd be like, no, that's Raptor, that son of a bitch. I know where it leads. Like, you yeah, trusted yeah, yeah. him. Still didn't do it. This no. isn't enough here for her to go back and tattle. Is she a tattletale? Freaking Batgirl? Yeah, I think she is. The- Court of the Owls thinks it is, and you see the blood dripping and all that, but then you, you go from the beginning. And you got to break into Rick Rude's house. Yes, there are in Norway, and they're like, this is Rick Rude's house. Rick Rude is Newt Rude, and he is an acclaimed designer of mazes. I do not know where you get that acclaim. I don't know who uh, you know rates these mazes. The only maze I've ever seen is at Halloween. They have those fucking corn mazes. I, I don't know. He, he's a maze, man. Uh, in the meantime, 
they're talking about uh, tarot cards and mazes and all oh, this. And Dick does point it out. Hey, when all the kids were out playing video games out fucking running around, I was, you know, I was in Joker's lair and pranksters and puzzlers, puzzlers and riddlers and, and then I did like that. There was even a or once, I think. And I actually thought that was funny. Like, I want to see that guy. But, uh, I, I just don't understand the dialogue here because he's, you know, Nightwing's giving us a little joke here. You know, and there was a Sudoku or once, yeah, I think. Yeah. What is what? Wing, ha, and then all yeah. of a sudden, we've got company. I'm yep. like, I, I don't understand the, the progression. Dialogue, because uh, no matter what anybody says, I do think Tim Seeley is not very fluid with his dialogue. I think the dialogue is usually a little off. I said that when he would take over the script in Grace, and you can tell when Tom yeah. King wasn't on, and he was. It was a little off. He does force the – tries to force the humor. I, I don't know. He even said he's the guy who's going to be on the Lost Boys. He was on that Oblivion comic yeah, that yeah. you uh, did. He seems to be a fan of like horror movies or whatever. I don't think that he has a naturally funny voice to him in these comics, and yet he has and a he character. He tries to force it. Well, he has a character that he thinks leads to it, so he is forcing it. I do think he's forcing this. Um, but that, like I said, Batgirl shows up. And it just feels off to me because they are sent by the owls to go do this, to have a bat family member who is not controlled by the owls show up. I think for her own safety, Dick would pretend that he yeah. hates her and to get the fuck out. She's like, you, you, uh, you know, they start fighting maybe. And then she's like, you know, we were supposed to have a date. You didn't show up. Listen, you don't understand, bitch. I don't want any parts of you. And yeah. you know the whole thing. And then you get the whole thing where when she does walk away crying or goes away, you, you have that one little panel where you see that it breaks Dick's heart to do this. But he has to do it because he needs to keep his cover. He's doing more a bigger job to me, yeah. More importantly to me, he's trying to save Batgirl. If Batgirl just shows up, they're they're going to try to kill her. They can't have her talking about because Dick then starts. And this is where I love this part because – Babs is there, oh, my God, you know, what are you doing? You know, this whole thing, the owls, because he tells her, oh, we're, we're going with the owls. He, she's, he's spilling the goods, and she starts screaming, the owls, Dick, don't you remember what they did to us, to our fa-? Like, shut up. You, you're talking Christ. too loud. But then he's like, listen, here it is. Down in that house, it's the blueprint for the Parliament's secret headquarters designed by Newt Rudd. The owls want it destroyed to preserve its clandestine. I'm going to tell them I did it, and then I'm going to take it. He yells the <laughs> shit that he shouldn't. And what is he doing? This is like one of those where you even have it like uh, in The Simpsons sometimes or whatever, where Homer thinks that he's talking to himself when he's like, so like, where are you going, Homer? You're not going to Moe's. No, I'm just going out to get a beer at Moe's. Oh, he's all upset. It's so weird. He yells. What he shouldn't be saying out loud. Yeah. That should have been. She said he should have, even the whole thing. The, the if plan he thinks for what, the plan for what the owl said, you don't need to whisper. No, and if he thinks you have to whisper that, then she shouldn't be there. Yeah, throw the fuck out. He if he whispers, listen, whatever comes next, I don't really mean it. And then he goes to town, and she really like it. Still upsets her because she's crazy. She is a crazy ex girlfriend. Where he's like, you know, hey Barbara, this is for your own good. You know, he whispers that. Well, say, of course she's crazy. Listen, she just came from Japan I, yeah. to here like, by tracking his yeah, phone. She's crazy, but he's like, listen, this is for your own good. What? I never loved you. I don't love you at all. It was all a game. I hate you. I don't need you. You tell the Bat family to go fuck themselves. You tell Batman he can. I fuck never needed them. The sun don't shine. And then she goes away crying. Then you, then you're in, and you've gotten the same exact thing. At that point, you see the owls watching, and like that's it. 
we have gotten our gray son. So then you go, and there, she's going to join him. She, yeah. This is supposed to be a secret owls thing. She's just going to come along. I'm going to go. And I'm telling you, from where we left last issue, I think I said this at the beginning of the episode, too. Where we left Barbara in the last issue with Grayson deciding he has to do this, he has to let her go for now. It was perfect. Having, I'm saying, though. Let it go for a while. Give me five issues yeah, and then bring Batgirl in. It was fine have with that, me. I would yeah. love to have Batgirl wondering what he's doing. Exactly. Trying to, like She's dealing with her own thing, but in the meantime, she's getting an update. She's seeing things. She's trying to figure it out. She just goes right there. You stand her up. It doesn't matter if you're on a secret mission for the Parliament of yeah. the Alps, one of the most secretive organizations of the fucking world. Yeah, you could just show up. There they are. And there's, though I do like, they were talking and they get done talking like, hey, who's that guy? And it's Raptor. He's doing calisthenics. Yeah. He's stretching. I, I did like that. But then you get the Can't whole. Can't cool down. Then, then the whole with the, the, with, uh, Barbara, the whole thing, it's forced. The, uh, I get it. Your Robin Hood thing. And oh my God, that Robin Hood thing pissed me no, off funny. so he's, fucking much. Even he's like, my what? And that's why Raptor interrupts him. It's like, hey, I hate to be that guy. But we got to get the show on the road. We're supposed to report back to them. And that's where you're getting the idea. Maybe they aren't able to watch them. You know, oh, we got the show on the road business and we have to get back there to report. Yet at the end, you see they're watching. I, I don't understand what's up with that fucking monitor. Yeah, yeah. But even though when we get inside, they have to find this guy to get the blueprints because the parliament wants them, him dead and the blueprints destroyed so nobody can find out about their fortress. And we know that Nightwing and Raptor are going to take it for their own purposes. Yeah. So we get inside this house of mazes. Well, in the meantime, even we didn't even say that Newt Rudd, he has, he had a tarot card reading that somebody was going to kill him. So he's used his maze, amazing maze deal to make this mystery house, uh, house of puzzles and mazes to keep people from killing him. Uh, this house of mazes, I'm like, I don't think of what we get here as a maze. I, this is like booby traps, like from along the lines of the Last Crusader, the Goonies, the Progress. Or even just any of the, any of the Indiana Jones. And the weird thing is, is they get in by like climbing through a window, jumping, whatever, and they go. And Dick says, okay, that was easier than expected. And then Raptor goes, the point was never making it difficult to get in. It's more about making it impossible to get out. That doesn't make any sense. No, he's trying to go right back out that window. Killing him. He wants to keep. He. Why would a guy who is so afraid that this tarot card reading was going to come true and somebody was going to kill him want anybody to get in and then get stuck inside? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But then this is where my favorite uh, Rick and Morty uh, reference of the week. Uh, Barbara is trying to find out things, and she uh, goes and finds the uh, doors that aren't real doors. She went to shop at the uh, real fake doors <laughs> because she goes <laughs> to open, and there is a fake door that opens up. And the thing is, hey, real fake doors. Hey, you want the doors? They don't open anything. They're, they're real fake doors. What's going on there? when they go down the stairs and Raptor has his hand against the wall? What's going on there? Why does it look like there's smoke? No. Oh, no. I get the idea that that is a Harry Potter. These things are shifting. That that. Okay. And I actually, if anything, I I, I find the art and the the action with the art so confusing. I don't know what's going on half the time. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I have not liked the art up until now on this series. I think that he does a good job with Barbara. No, I think and the characters look fine. Yeah. It's the background and actions yeah. going on with them. I I'm can telling never... you this to me, either I'm getting used to it or I don't mind the art as much, but I think this was the best art that we've had. I still don't love it. No. Uh, but it's okay. But really, they're going to do all these tricks and traps. And to me, I got bored. I really did. You well, see that's this the worst one... part because we have this idea. Like, well, I went into this book. I didn't know what we we're getting. And they start talking about this house of mazes and how they have to navigate. Ah. Them. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. 
And as soon as we get through the first one where Barbara almost has a deadfall and they save her and then that door opens, I guess, fucking, um, it all becomes a montage where we don't get to see really yeah, the montage. And, it's, well, and Dick during talks the montage, about this Robin Hood thing. Dick is talking about Robin Hood and, and it how make he any has sense that. what we're doing. No, I, I don't like it. And then they get into this one maze. Where, it's who's lighting from the rich? How to they keep those poor? candles lit? Like I, I hate things like this. Like it, it would be even in Dungeons and Dragons where you're you're talking and the dungeon master tells you you go into this fucking room that nobody's in, but yet there's a candle yeah. and who keeps coming back and lighting these candles? Well, I'm t- this how does is this the guy, guy trying how, to hide? I'm saying though, this guy, how does he navigate his house? Because it seems like the fucking walls just are destroyed. The, the ground opens up. Like you have to no, keep just hearing all stays this. Stays in like one room. That it's one a room? panic room he's in. And he. he Goes out and, you know, fucking lights candles. And then we get, past, candles. we get past this montage where everybody almost dies doing their thing. They do their little clues to fucking open up, whatever it is. I don't know. It's it's kind of nonsense. And I, this huh? is the part I thought was going to be fun of the book. And eventually we get to one of those stupid little puzzles I hated as a child where you yeah, have to move shit around. Puzzle. You yeah. would get that for free. I, that's the price it. you get when you go to the dentist. Yeah, that or I get I it like it. in my Easter basket or some shit. I little things. Like, but I that's the room so that much. I was talking about has all these candles. Yeah. And it's, like a, it's a tarot card reading spelling out why Rick Rude built this house. No, yeah, it's, it's a tarot, tarot card, card reading. reading. It's a replica of the tarot card reading that he got when he uh, decided to make the house. When he found him. out he was going to be killed by an yeah, assassin. It's to lead to him being killed. Of course, Dick is a big tile puzzle man. He and, likes tarot well, and cards and he tarot understands cards. it. And he understands it, so he's going to do the shape as the... The uh, ceilings falling on them, which is a, it's a cool visual, but not when it's in a comic book that you well, don't really that's see. The thing. That this is part of the thing where I had no idea because it looked to me like I'm looking at the page right now. And it looks like there's fucking spikes coming down. And yeah, then we get to the final is. thing where they finish it and it's just a wall. It's just yeah, the ceiling just, coming they down. They were just going to smush. I just don't uh, understand what I was looking at at first. It's just like I said, because worst off, you don't think that it's going to. No, know. I know it's not going to kill him. There's two really big characters here that aren't going to die. But also because it's in the comic and you can't really get that motion. I didn't even get any sort of tension at all. Um, yeah, that leads to them. But it's, it's Dick going yeah. on and on about. His life at the circus, talking to a, a tarot card reader named Missy, and her grandkids and all the shit. And I'm like, just fucking do it, man. God yep. damn it. Why, why does when, Raptor or Barbara need to know well, all this? Ugh. And at this point, when this happens, they, you know, uh, friggin' Raptor runs out. Raptor, all of a sudden, the lights go out, it seems. Punches Barbara in the on. face? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I figured that's what I put in my thing. He punches her in the face and then runs out, and that's where they go to follow, and that's where you get back to where it looks like he has, Raptor has killed the guy. Raptor Rick Rude, yeah. Rick Rude. And then they start fighting. You have Nightwing fighting Raptor, and that's when you go. And, and the, we keep getting this each issue. Yeah, and the owls see this, and they love it. And I just, I, I didn't like it any of the issues. I didn't like in the, the others where they are so happy that they're fighting. These are the guys you have set together yeah. to be a team. It's just odd. And then they smash into what appears to be the monitor. Like, even there, you see it. Why in the TV monitor or the computer monitor are the owls there and they're yelling to them? Because the one that we are satisfied, the payment intended for Mr. R- Rick Rude is now yours, as discussed. Thank you, Raptor. And they're fighting. And, and why does smashing the screen that you can see the owls on make it so they can't see you I anymore? I don't know, because I see other monitors, and I see one one page above them. But, uh, yeah, that's when they smash that, and Raptor's like, that's enough. 
And then you get the whole explanation of how that was a ruse. Yeah. He had blood in his fucking gauntlet that he keeps there. It came out. That's what made it look. And that's when, after all of this, that's when Barbara gets pissed. And that's when Barbara's like, this is bullshit. And the only thing I will tell you, at one point, Barbara does call him out and say, like, you know, what is this? Is this your fucking game that you like to be this, you know, spy? And you know what? I'm sick of it. And they're going to be gone. I'm saying, I, I like that bit. I think it would have been better used in a couple of issues later. Oh, well, it's just I, too that, soon from where we were. And again, you have the one issue and then Barbara's got to get mad and go off. And then the owls think that, oh, my God, he, that's it. The, the Bat family are going to get rid of him. It doesn't matter. You have him there because you're going to blow up Damien's head. There's no yeah. reason that you need him anymore. You are using him because Batman might hate him does not change who he is. He is still only there. What you think is to make sure that Damien's head does not blow up. There's no other reason. There's not going to be like, oh, my God, Batman's mad at me. OK, Owls, let's go. It's just stupid. But it all ends then. Gets a little hokey as well because then uh, Raptor and Dick go off. And I'll tell you when they're you, in. The, can you tell me what happens at the end of this? Well, they're there. They're going to go home. He says, we're going to go home first. And it seems like in Turkey that Raptor has this guy. Uh, what is it? Dr. Leviticus. Yes. He has him captured. And eventually he's going to use him. He is a guy who I don't know if this is something that you're supposed to believe this guy is 100 years old. That's the thing. I'm going to read the dialogue real fast. See, 100 years ago, Gotham's Court of the Owls needed a way to keep track of who gave uh, who gave what to their coffer. Their brand is the idea that affluence equals influence, and that needed to be upheld across the board. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so they had hired a mad inventor to make the Book of Wisdom untraceable, unreadable, but to a select few. In the age of hackers and cybercrime divisions, it's a tradition the Parliament has upheld. I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, a hundred years ago, we had they did this Book of Wisdom. And what does that have to do now with the fucking, like, this is, well, I don't, I mean, I'm saying, here's is the, the same guy. They, I don't because know. Because the same deal, like they said, they had to keep track. So, yeah, uh, I, I understand you know, all that. It's just this one keep, guy. It's more of, it's funny they call it the book of wisdom. It seems like it's more of a, uh, a freaking thing with your finances. Like, oh, you gave book. us this? Okay. Yeah. Or even like, not even if you want to go into it like, uh, oh, you know what? The, uh, the, the records Grayson family is is part of this and they have this and the only thing that I think it's weird that they're like okay we want to get in that labyrinth that's what we wanted to do what's inside that labyrinth is what we need and what I have is what the owls fear they have this guy it's like they're going to hold him for ransom like they it seems like they're going to be like oh yeah like at the last second you have to know that they have this guy because at the last second when they're about to be killed by the owls Raptor's going to yell I have Dr. Leviticus. Oh, no. It's so weird that you no, spell this out. I'm saying it even that, says they're, they're what just going to take What is going on with the cyber bits of this from 100 years ago with this fucking guy who looks like he's goddamn Shakespeare? I just think that either they're playing that he is 100 years old and somehow Raptor's so keeping weird. him alive with know. his gauntlet probably. Or it's just a guy who it's passed down through the ages and, that, you know, 100 years. It's only a couple generations. But they really do make this guy look old school. Yeah. So you think it's him. He's got a lot of fucking – he's got some problems. But, yeah, and then, like, at the end, he says the parliament's what's ails us. Dr. Leviticus is the cure. They're going to hold him up to them and say, you you stop this. We're going to kill him. We know your secrets. I don't know. He doesn't seem tell, to be you know, there. Hey, he doesn't seem to be there on his own will. He's no, I'm in a goddamn cage. Yeah. But it's like, Dr. Leviticus, tell us how to read the Book of Wisdom. Yeah, I don't read know. this page. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's got a lathe there. 
He's he's got a lathe on the side. Of course, he's got a lathe. Yeah, the guy does a lot of things. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a six point five out of ten. But after talking about it some more, I think I should have given it a six. I have it as a six. Yeah, it's not fun, and he wanted no, nothing to be. be fun. Yeah, I just had problems with a lot of things, and a really? lot of things are forced. I. I didn't. I I like the art more than I have. It's still not great. I just it's not. I I think I think the characters look the best they have. It's just everything else. I just don't care. And I really a lot of people have fallen in love with Raptor. I really want to like him as well. Uh, But to me, again, everything that I read with Tim Seeley, it really seems like he's really pushing things and forcing things. He is really trying to make this Midnighter and Grayson again with their little back and forth. I even said I forgot to even say it, but there's a point earlier where Barbara's like. You know what? I didn't know that. And, and Raptor out of nowhere just met her two minutes ago. And like, oh, now you're going to admit that you don't know something? I'm like, you fuck you. I don't even know you. It's like you show up at a party and your buddy has a, a friend that you don't know. And then the friend's like, oh, there's Eric. He's always late. And then the guy just jumps in like, yeah, that fucker's always late. You're like, fuck you. You fucking dick. And that's how Raptor came about to me. You know, Dick and, and Barbara having a conversation. There's Raptor has to get his fucking mouth involved. Yeah, I was pissed off. Uh, yes, you have those friends, right? Didn't you have a friend at a party that was like really over the top with like sexual innuendo and stuff? Yeah, everybody's getting mad. I uh, didn't even know that guy. Yeah, but yet he's fucking. You know, there's it'd be like that guy, and you're like, yeah, you know what? That was long and hard. Yeah, that's what your mom said last night, Eric. You're like, oh, fuck, fuck you. And then you find out that he's dating your mom. It's really it's weird. weird. What's the next book? Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number one, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Claire Rowe, Alan Pasalacqua, and Steve Wands. Mm-hmm. In this issue of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, our heroes, after beating the holy hell out of one another, decide to play nice to work for the common good, and that common good is taking down a mob boss who plans on taking Gotham for herself, while hopefully finding out who the fake Oracle is. Yeah. Is that all? I don't want to interrupt. No, that's all I got, yeah, man. This issue is so weird. I I really like that rebirth, and then this so starts, and it's almost like I don't even know what the hell they're going for here. It really does seem it's it's really disjointed and almost to a point where you have a number one issue, yet it seems like like the direction is lost already. I, I, know, I don't I, know. I I'm done. I so really odd. love that rebirth. I came in here, and yeah, we start out with a little flashback. It's not bad. We see how well that uh, no, and you, Black no, Canary like and Oracle work together. Yes, it's I fine. like that because you have to set up again. You're setting yeah. up that Oracle also means something to Dinah. She's exactly. not, and to me, it's enough already that she's best friends with Batgirl before. That would be enough for me. But they do show this. It's like you know that Oracle was always there for me. Now that Barbara, and it's weird too because I didn't ever get the idea. That like uh, now somebody's using that identity to to sell it out and whatever. I'm like, I didn't get that. I just thought it was a villain that was going around. I'm really that's the other thing. I'm really confused about what actually is going on here. Uh, Just, you know, the Oracle deal is is there. I do like at one point Canary calls out a little uh, Han Solo when she bashes this guy at the beginning. When she says that was a boring conversation anyway. And I wish she would tell the Barbara. We're going to have company. Yeah. Uh, it was good, but well, once, said, uh, what's that? I was saying, well, then we pick back up after that to where we left off in the rebirth issue with our heroes going after Huntress, who is going after Taroni Pepperoni. Yeah, Pepperoni. And Pepperoni. During, during their freaking chasing, they get some banter back and forth, and Taroni crashes into a pole where our heroes and Huntress go up and find out that he's been bitten to death. 
and I immediately was so upset with this issue because Hunter's like, oh, well, job's taken care of for me, goes off, and then background Black Canary. Well, okay. And they just walk off. Yeah, And, and I'm uh, like, this again, guy's been murdered. And he's even been the bitten big, to death. Yeah, he's been what bitten. The fuck? They don't care. He's a piece no, of shit. But still, these are <laughs> he's heroes. A crap. I know. I'm telling you, this whole thing with Huntress being the, like, she is so far removed. And she, when she mentions Dick at the end, and, you know, alluding the spiral or whatever. I'm like, yeah, this is so removed from that. Like, the things that she's doing and saying, she knows who Barbara and Dinah is. That's the big thing of the scene where yeah. she says, hey, Barbara Gordon and Dinah. Dinah Lance. And it's supposed to be like the thing, but because of the whole thing with Spiral when she did know. But to me, if you do know that, you also know how good of people they are and how good of heroes they are. And she is not reacting that way to them at all. She's getting in their way. She's acting like she's like, uh, you know, Deathstroke here. Yeah. And she, yeah, she wants. I think she her, might as well be at this point, honestly. Well, she wants revenge for her family and uh, the Bertinelli's being gunned down and all this stuff. But she is coming off way over the top for what I think that a person who knows who Batgirl and it, even if she doesn't know their identity, it's Batgirl. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she's just like so over the top with this. But she goes off and Batgirl and Dinah are going to go head back home. And one other thing I don't like is um, I, this is such a nitpick, but it, it bothers me. If, say, I was Oracle okay. and somebody – or say you're you're Weird Science. Say we're Weird Science. We are Weird and Science. And somebody else has Weird Science DC Comics podcast. We'd be pissed, right? Right. I would never call them that. She, when she, when Barbara starts saying, yeah, and then this Oracle, she's like, we just lost our best lead to Oracle. It, I don't know why it throws me off that she would ever even say, like, we just lost our best lead to that imposter. I, I don't know why it threw me off, but it's so weird that she would like right away just say Oracle. Cause I, if somebody was that weird science, I wouldn't say, you know what? We got to take down that weird science DC comics podcast. I'd be like, we're going to take down those motherfuckers that think they're That's us. Right. Like shit like that. I would not. Say it. It just threw me off. But I see. I know. There's the panel with those lips that you didn't like. I didn't mind. I like. I'm the sorry. Art. Is it the one with her face to face with Huntress? Yeah. Yeah. Because God, yeah. I hate that so much. Yeah. It's 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 not the greatest. I don't mind. I like well, that even one's before, not like, great. Throughout this, though, like I really like the art to last issue because it seemed to me it was an amalgam of both the Black Canary it series was. and the Batgirl Burnside. While becoming its own thing, and I really appreciated that. I thought it was a cool way to do it. And here it's its own thing, but the heroes, like Batgirl, she keeps having goofy expressions throughout the yeah. issue. And at one point, her lip is so far extended. Yeah, her lip, oh there, my that God. One. Um, I think that one of the issues that you have is Black Canary looks more, like The Walking Dead. Well, with a gigantic more, fucking schnoz. It's more of a older, uh, more mature looking Barbara. I think the mask is a problem because that mask was such an anime look with the big cutout eyes, and she's kept that, and it doesn't look right in a normal grown person. I, I think that's one of none the of noses look right in the noses look right to me in this book. I, I don't mind them. I actually think that it looks pretty good. Uh, just it looks like a grown up version of right. the of the other go, books. Do me a favor. Just go to the part where they're at the watchtower, just sitting around. Where, uh, okay, I see them sitting there. I see this. Look at the noses. Just look at the goddamn noses. Yeah, I don't mind them. Oh, I God. really don't mind them. Oh, anyway. Like a, we get yeah, back I don't the, mind that. I do to... mind at the one point where they're there and Canary's there, spread eagle. Yeah. And then Barbara's there. I didn't mind that at all. Look, 
looks like fucking Axl Rose. <laughs> you could tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> she looks very manly there. That's what I don't mind it. That's what it reminds That's what it's I'm my telling you, is. I think that she's going with a, a more grown up version of the bat side bat girl and it's, it's throwing her off a bit with that big, uh, Schnoz. No, I don't mind the snows that much. I really don't. But, uh, but it's yeah. so weird that we're talking about how disjointed the book feels, though, because after we leave Taroni Pepperoni being bitten to death, oh, we're not going to worry about that. They go back to Batgirl's lair, and they have to stop hiding the bushes because it looks like her realtors are trying to break in yep. out of nowhere, and they get, break in. they get scared off when her uh, Batgirl's phone starts and I, I put in my nowhere. notes. First off, if you are a hero that deals a lot in the night, where there's going to be quiet, you never, ever take your phone off a of mute. There's no, no way that Beckroff ever had that calls phone. Around that a bit. No, there's no reason to even, you know, it's nonsense. It, that is nonsense. It was such a weird thing. And, yeah, they're scared away, and they don't chase them. No. They're like, ah, eh, we'll get They this. keep letting everything go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. almost like, and, and it's funny, too, because it's like, ah, eh, we don't have time for that. No. <laughs> I don't well, have time for this. When our heroes get back inside then, and Black Canary's all spread eagle, it turns out the person who was calling was this fake uh, oracle. Yeah, it was oracle. And it's like, the early bird gets the worm, Barbara, and my bird, I, and by bird I mean the highest mob boss bidder, but I can still mm. be bought by the late bird or a bat. And Black Canary looks at it, I don't understand this dialogue. I didn't think it was possible to misspell bird, and yet, I'm like, what is that? Yeah, like, I, did she it's misspell weird. bird? Like, like, is this a clue? She, well, yeah, it's like, um, it was like Batgirl read it, but didn't say the misspelling. Yeah. And then that's when Canary sees it and says, I didn't think you can misspell bird. And it's very weird. And, but it also threw out that, uh, that, that is, uh, set now that Oracle knows who Batgirl and, you know, well, Batgirl at least knows yeah. that that's Barbara's Batgirl and whatnot. And that's nothing. I, I figured I, they would I, anyway. I'm telling you, I looked at this over and over. I feel like, is this a clue that I need to be like, how is she spelling bird and why is it important? Yeah. But all it led to was us finding out that Troni had a boss, uh, Santos, who we got to go get. He's the real guy in charge. We got to go talk to him. Oh, now. And again, this leads me right away to believe. That you have Oracle, we're going to find out that it's somebody, she's not bad, he or she, I'm, I'm assuming it's a she, is setting up these other people. Because why would they call with a hint? Why would Oracle call with a hint with this, you know, the mob boss? Oh, the boss. That means the Casamento family, but Santo's the boss. So even though Tyrone made the exchange, Santo is footing the bills. This is all led from the villain, supposed villain, sending a text. And it, it is... Very much jumping to conclusions, but yeah, they're going to go and go after this guy and go to Santo Casamento's mansion, who reminded me of the person who lived near you that had all the uh, the crazy Greek fucking statues and shit in their yard. Uh, uh, no, no, no. The lady, uh, the uh, Miss Cindy's with the oh, columns yeah, yeah, and the fucking stuff. Columns because, yeah, goddamn it's like ranch Santo Casamento's mansion. We said it was tacky, but yeah, that lady. I think we were talking to Reggie off the air yeah, about we were. that. There's a lady who had a house. I drove near past that today and thought Eric, about that conversation. Yeah, where me and Eric grew up. Uh, and these are just like standard, really run of the mill twin homes. No, and no, then out of nowhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, out of nowhere, this, this lady built a mansion that looks like it's like the fucking Parthenon, <laughs> fucking Greek columns. I'm telling you, when, when they first built it, they legitimately had fountains and fucking statues yeah. in the front yard. This is not, there's no way. And how they're saying about this being tacky, this fucking mansion, this was like times 20. It always made me laugh. 
Yeah, but they go in, they're like, oh, should we go in? And it seems that uh, there's a lot of wild animals walking around. This is now Neverland Ranch. And here's the other thing. They go in. There is either a tiger or a uh, female lion. I I guess it's a tiger. tiger. And Barbara goes, look out for that cat. And Canary says, cat? Pretty sure that kitty eats broken glass for breakfast. What does that mean? And I don't care what they say. It's a fucking tiger. I'm getting the fuck out of there. You don't have to make it even worse. Like that whole thing, that eats broken glass for breakfast, is like something you'd say about a guy who's really tough. Yeah. It's a fucking tiger. I don't need anything more than just nope. stop with tiger. You say cat, that's a tiger. Let's get the fuck out of here. And it's funny, too, because in most books that we would read, these animals would come into play a little more. Uh, they really or don't. At all. And there, there's a zebra. There is a fucking lion. There's a peacock. There's everything. They're there's all gone. Oh and there is the biggest animal of them all, Huntress. <laughs> she is drowning the guy. She's got him in his little freaking fountain with the little uh, fucking arrows pissing as the fountain. I always like cherubs. That. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she's choking. And again, now she's gone from one of the next. They keep running into her. And, and we're back she, to the battle that we had at the end of the yeah, last We issue. had the same battle and the same thing. I'm going to kill him because of this. No, we need him for information. You're just going to keep going back and forth with us. And that's when they all hear a hiss. <laughs> and that's when you get the asp. The, the asp. asp. There's the asp. And the art for the asp, I think, is really cool. I hey, like. But, uh, what's up with the eyes? I think he's just looking up. Like, it's you know. so weird to me. I'm like, why are you trying to fucking roll your goddamn eyes in the back of your head there? I just, it's I don't know. It's so weird. Maybe it's just something he thinks of. But no, besides that, I, I enjoyed the art. last, Yes, seriously. Yeah. But, that's a good thing, though, that our heroes didn't go looking for the goddamn murder of Taroni because he just shows up here. Yeah, yep. He just shows he up. He can control and... snakes and is kind of snake himself, I guess. I don't know yeah. anything about the asp. And Black Canary Canary cries him away. Yep. Canary cries him away, and there you go. And all the animals run off, and that's when you have the crazy uh, Barbara and uh, Huntress arguing with each other while Dinah looks bored, and it's like that back and forth. You do this, well, you do that, and I do this, and you do that, and again, it's nothing. Santos lets the beans spill that the snakes work for Fennis. Well, and Fennis is pretty much trying to pull a black mask here where she's trying to take control of the Gotham like uh, mobsters by taking them out and she's making her the leader of the city. Yep. And in the meantime as well, and it's uh, there's Fuck one good lips. moment where you have this Santos. He's not going to tell anybody what's going on. Okay, then I'll call the cops. Oh, you can't trust the cops. And it's her dad. You know, that's fine. She's going to call her dad. Yeah. Then, yeah, then you find that Fennis is also getting her information from Oracle as well and calls and like, hey – What's going on? What are these women? They're fucking around. Hey, I didn't call them. They're not with me. I'm um, against them. You want me to tell you where they are? Here they are. Go get them. And that's how it ends. They're going to go attack them. I, the birds. It's funny they call them birds. Damn right. Yep. He says. I'm you, it's uh, like Green Arrow and Nightwing. I'm just bored with this book. And it's issue one. It should uh, not be problem. like this. It seemed, like I said, it's a weird issue. I was so excited. It's the first issue, and it really doesn't seem to have a direction right now, except go from point A to B and argue. And now it looks like Canary, all right, Huntress is now joining them. Yeah, that's they're going to get together to take down Fennis so they can find out who Oracle is. Yeah, so that's where we're going to go. And uh, Oracle is, but the thing is, they have to find Fennis first, but Oracle is telling Fennis where to find the birds. Yep, where they are. Yep. And it's, yeah, Fennis appears, but it's weird, too, because Fennis appears to be killing off people. I 
why is Venice killing off the other mobsters? I know she's making a play, but it seems like she should like want them on her team or try to convince them instead of sending Snake fucking ass about to kill people. Who knows? Well, what did you give it? I give it a 6.5 out of 10. I would give it a 6.5 as well. And I kind of want to uh, give it a 6 now. I really didn't like the art. and that's I really like the Rebirth issue. It's the same I, artist, and it just did not feel the yep, same at I all. I the art. I said I really like the art. I like how the costumes are. Then, yeah, let's move on to the last book. We have Dr. Fate, right? Yeah, Everybody's been Fate. waiting. We saved the best for last, Eric. I don't do it anymore. I just, these books have gotten me down. My books, especially, I, I loved Reggie's books. I liked your books. Really didn't care for mine. But, and the, the thing is, they weren't bad enough for me to get even, like, ex- like, uh, angry, excited over. Okay. They're just run of the mill. And, like, I didn't care. Well, what's. Well, depressing. Think of this. Let me hear what you think. Dr. Fate number 15 written now, by... I'll tell you right away before you do go on. This is one of those where I, when I'll argue over and over again about like these books carrying over into the, this is definitely one that I just, like you said, you don't care about some of these rebirth books. Now this no, one, I, I, I want to though, not up. this one, this one pops up and I'm like, really, we're going yeah. to continue with this. And then to have nothing happen makes it even worse. But nothing ever happens. It's the same thing. Every goddamn issue. Yep. Dr. Fate number 15 written by Paul Levitz with art by Sonny Lou, Lee Lowridge and Seda Tamafante. Mm-hmm. It's Dr. Fate. I'm sorry. It's Dr. Fate against mummies for some reason in, in this one, folks. And it's up to the real Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson, to do something about it because Khalid is too concerned with saving his girlfriend to really invest himself in stopping the onslaught. But once it's done, mm-hmm. we see that some stink face looking dude from another dimension or afterlife shows up, and with a face like that, he can't be there to play nice. Nope. Does his face hurt? <laughs> it's killing me. It's killing me. Oh, my goodness. Just that we have to deal with this book is i I just told everybody what happened we got to deal with this book and uh, there's not really much more to deal with it's that he i'm i'm telling the only thing that i take away from this book is that if khalid never got the 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 helmet Helmet fate fate, and it kind of stayed away or whatever and it maybe it was in baltimore shit wouldn't have went wrong it's everything seems to be trying to attack khalid and then he's uh, you know half okay now in dealing with it but not and he's worried about his girlfriend there's mummies from the fucking met uh, this stuff is nonsense his mummies uh, come you know, out and we find out we ki- you kind of get the idea it's because of what like he did in the afterlife but you don't really know because yeah. kent's even saying like i thought the boy closed the door i'm sure he did why yeah, is this that, going on but even that they're like what, what are they after they're after you okay here we go but it's and, like i they are at central park like they came out of the met and it looks like they're going after anybody in the Central Park there. But then they also spill onto the street where uh, Khalid lives with his parents. Uh-huh. So are they just going anywhere that they like? They could feel the power, but there's nothing's know. ever explained. I don't know. And yeah, are they chasing his girlfriend because he, she, her uh, breath smells like him? <laughs> but no, they, uh, they seem to be going after anybody. At one in point, Central she park. spells out that she doesn't want him coming over, or you know, they're in the park. He wants her to come over to the house, and she's like, "No, you can't keep your hands to yourself." Well, that's the thing is, she's always like saying no to everything. Yeah, yeah. Like and maybe yeah, after we get out of med school, maybe I'll you know touch it. What's gonna? Know. What is gonna happen with that other girl? She keeps popping up. I, now she's got a petition. This she, is all she does. I, is she gonna end up being somebody that's actually a guardian? Like she's like a. Like the lady who was living across the uh, from Captain America, that she was always part of Shield. Honestly, you know, dude, at this point checking. with her with her being so almost like it's not really spurned. She has a thing for Cleed. He ignores her. 
she's got to become a villain of some sort, right? I thought either a villain or at the end she ends up being the the, the hero that she's they, been there, that she's some goddess that's supposed to be involved and and so I don't know. I understand. She, if she, she seems be, very like she wants to sex him up, though. Yeah, but I'm saying if she was imbued with some kind of power in the future and she became a villain because of you know being rejected by Khalid mm-hmm. all this time. That would be the most interesting thing to happen. Yeah, we'll never get to Kent that, Nelson. Right? We will probably never get to that. Who knows when this book ends? I have no idea. I don't know either. But yeah, they're going to have a, a protest. She wants them to sign. That's it. all she does is protest shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's she's passionate. She's very passionate. Uh, Not very interesting. No. And in the meantime, basically, Khalid is going to go through Central Park and save people. Try to get rid of these mummies. There's a lot of mummies. Even he says, Jesus Christ, how many mummies they have. I thought the funniest thing was when that police officer has what appears to be a big boulder on him. And either his partner or whoever that other police officer is basically calls him a pussy. Yeah. He's got a fucking boulder on him. And he's like, oh, can you get me out of here? And the guy says, if you're complaining, you'll live. I'll call the, if you're complaining, I got a boulder on me. You son oh my of a god, bitch. my god, look at this fucking like, boulder, motherfucker. You better not let me out of here. I'm going to fucking kill you. And then that's when Khalid comes and is like, No, no, oh, that's the real Dr. Oh, Fate. yeah, that's, that's the Kent. real. Yeah, that's Kent. He comes and he's like, There you go. He oh, comes who, and actually who? does stuff. And he zips away. He zips away. And then uh, the other big thing that we talked about at one point, because then uh, the girlfriend is saved. He talks sexy, whether she doesn't want any parts of it, and then he flies away. Uh, but then the big thing, the protest is kind of happening, or is going to happen, and the police there is a evacuation because shit's gone wrong. And the police are there, and they're like, evacuate in an orderly fashion. I like the one guy. Is this an immigration sweep? God and the damn thing it, is, stop I don't pushing think this, this is the protest. I think these are just people No, it's not. They're, the they're being told they have to leave because yeah. shit is going wrong. And if you look behind them, it looks like there's buildings falling apart. I don't know if this is no, just that's the... just bad art. Just the just bad no art. Detail. Yeah. yeah. But they're like, okay, everybody, you know, move quickly. Walk towards the entrance ramp for the Belt Parkway. We'll have buses waiting for you. Is this an immigration sweep? And he's like, no, it's an emergency. Watch the TV if you want to know more. Stay here and get killed. And then they're walking... And this is where you see Khalid's parents talking to each other. Muhammad has his hand up almost like, hey, what's going on? And the mom's like, eh, but the bubbles are in the wrong persons. Yeah. Or the wrong people. The one guy looks like he's got the Amish beard going. He's saying one thing. And a guy next to him in a hoodie that isn't even looking at him, he's just walking, has the other. And that's the, they're only trying to protect us, Muhammad, because then you have Muhammad trying to say, you know, oh, they're making us leave our home. This is madness. And then the mom's like, no, no, they're trying to protect us. It's on the wrong people. It is on the completely wrong people. And it's fun. That doesn't make sense because you're like, boy, how are we supposed to know that guy's name is Muhammad? And then when you (laughs) pan over and see the actual parents, you're like, oh, my God. That's the thing is I looked at that. I'm like, why why do they look like that? And I just happened to look over. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, this this is the worst fuck up I've ever seen in comics. It really is. And I've seen where in Injustice, where Batgirl, Batwoman shows up in Batgirl's that costume. This, fucking, yeah, this yeah. is worse. This is worse because it just makes it so funny that you see the parents over there in these expressions of talking. Oh my god! I hope they fix that if they when they ever fucking trade this. But then yeah, I, I doubt it because no one's paying attention to this book. Yeah, all of a sudden then a motorcycle flies by. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and I actually went back because I didn't realize that a uh, mummy threw it. I'm like, how the fuck? What's going on here? And then I realized, okay, yeah, I, I guess thought, a mummy threw it. I thought it was a magical motorcycle. Yeah, why not? It's just going. It was just because, right. yeah, the, the one mummy's picking up a goddamn pickup. 
I hope that's not the fucking Simon Bez's Chevy. <laughs> fucking Dodge Dart. I don't know what the fuck he has. Dodge Charger. Dodge Charger. Yeah. yeah, and then Kent Nelson comes and kills everything and saves the day, and then Stinkface comes. I don't even want to talk about the book anymore. There's nothing yeah, really. to this fucking then series. Then you have the whole thing where you get this, uh, you know, hocus pocus at the end with like, hey, through the millennia, everybody, they were afraid of the night, but they loved the day, and the day brought all these people that that was their religion, and they, you know, people thought that God was giving them this and that and whatever, because anything that would happen at night that would scare you, there was always going to be the day, until now, the day disappears. I'm like, you fucking asshole. I'm done. I am done. How are we, st- how are we starting? I, and story here's on? the thing, I think either I've been beaten to, to hell with it, but I did not mind the art that much here, and maybe it's because of Kent flying around and you know that. I'm saying it's it's not bad. It's serviceable. It does its job. It's just not something I'll ever be into. Yeah, it's just not that good. It really isn't. It, this book, people do like it, and they, God bless them. Khalid bless them, Aaron, because I'm I don't enjoy it. I'm so glad I don't have to review it. We just every month. We, Why are yeah. these books continuing? It doesn't even make sense. I, I thought it'd be done by now. Yep, it just it doesn't make sense. What'd you give it? Give it a six out of ten. I'd probably give it a five point five. Yeah. It's not a fuck you five, but nothing. No. Happens and it's, it's the just, thing is, it's the it's same. It's boring, as... and it's a book that's carrying over. If you would think that these books should be like nonstop fucking action at this point, and something. I've been beaten down, anything. Jim. We're not just, getting all these books at the end. I just don't care about at all. They're not giving me anything worthwhile. It seems. Yeah. Well, what was your book of the week? Fucking Suicide Squad. That book gave me a lot of fun. I laughed. I cried. I shit my pants. It's like Captain I was Boomerang. Batman number five. That was my book of uh, Rebirth so far. Now I'm going to load up my thing to tell you what we'll be talking about next week. Next week on the docket is... Boom. If it would load up. we got Action Comics 962. All right. Thanks for Blue Beetle Rebirth number one. Woo! Deathstroke number one. Detective Comics 939, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps 3, Harley's Little Black Book, but I think that was uh, nothing we're going to talk about, and also I believe that that was delayed. I said, wasn't that pushed back to annual? I think it was. Hellblazer number one, uh, Six Pack and Dog Welder Hard Traveling Heroes number one, Teen Titans number 23, Uh, Flash number five, Titans number two, Wacky Raceland number three. You know, I do. I really look forward to that Titans book. I love the way it looks. I love those characters, and I really hope something cool happens this issue because as the Titans a- prepare to do the unthinkable in order to defeat the intergalactic demon that stole time itself from the DC universe, enter the fearsome five. But as wow. the sinister quintet acting on their own accord, or a greater forces at work. That sounds badass. It's probably not even that. It's probably not. I- Wonder Woman number five. Back to you with the Back lies. to the lies. That'll be it. Also, uh, to, when you get this podcast, if you haven't already, you can listen to the Weird Comics History from Reggie and Chris, which is the start of the history of Charlton Comics. It'll be part oh, nice. of that. On Monday, we have uh, Marvel Mondays that we do that. Um, there you go, Dancing Mike. Enjoy. Enjoy those Marvel books that you know and love. Um, I think I have a couple this week. and yeah, uh, I, I have told- two, I believe. I well, I told I actually sent a, a message to Reggie and you that I wanted to do 
a just for the hell of it uh, podcast on Monday, but now I can, Eric, because I have too many reviews. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sit here. You sent me a message. <laughs> and then, uh, we also, I also want to remind everybody, we do have all the week's reviews, at least the Rebirth ones. We try to get them all up on uh, Wednesday at 12 a.m. If you're really excited to see things right away, join us at 12 a.m. I'm well, right, right now, me. and also sometime, maybe this week coming up, we, Reggie and I will have the Legends tomorrow, number six yeah. out. Yeah, you haven't done that as well. Nobody's yeah. at point, but nobody at all up as well. I have a couple things. I think by the time you read this, if you're interested in Wonder Woman seventy-seven digital, I'll probably have that up by then. I took this issue from Reggie because he is on vacation, little jaunt to Virginia, and Lord I would believe. That if you want to listen to our spotlight next week, that it will be Blue Beetle, and that goes up the spotlight up on Thursday night. Got it. Uh, like for it. some reason, the iTunes didn't grab it this Thursday night. Yeah, it that didn't was weird. Until, uh, Friday morning, but yeah. Also, I want to give the shout out again that the three six five flicks. Listen to them; they're awesome. I love them, and I am featured on their Suicide Squad review one. Me and Rafe, Rafe yeah. bottled up. Uh, he was all excited, and then he freaking. Uh, that's how Choked. I reach it is. Yeah. He didn't choke. He just didn't say. He said a couple things. But, All right. You know, he could have done a little better than that. But yeah, that did is you, the podcast. No, no. I, I might have kicked him, but does that count? Kick? <laughs> yes. Hitting, that, right? That, that counts. Good. Oh, it does. But that is the podcast. Anything else you want to add? Uh, uh, again, thanks everybody Scott for all Snyder. the reviews and the ratings and uh, everybody who yeah. mailed in and ran and raved. Yeah. I think this week we'll probably have the five questions with V. Ken Marion. At least I'm going to send them to him. I'm halfway done those. I'm going to send those to him. See how many chicken wings he likes to eat. Yeah, everybody loves the chicken wings there. He doesn't. Hey, any shout-outs you want to give? You want to give a shout-out to Snooky Duke down in Kensington? Duke. You want to do Snooky Duke? And you know what? Party's over. <laughs> No see you in seven. Nope. It's funny. I was just watching right before we got on an episode of Sliders. Sliders! 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 Bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. Have fun.